So, here I am, practicing this tricky pose. I must not fall over. Rosie, straighten your back. Hang in there. You've got this. That's Bradley, my yoga instructor. Can you see that? There are more than a dozen people in this class, yet he only seems to encourage me. Did this mean he liked me? I didn't need to look in a mirror to know my cheeks were lobster red right now. I'm Rosie, by the way, 18 years old. I'm still single. Not to brag, but I know I'm kind of pretty, friendly, and fun to be around. So it's easy to tell that many guys are into me. But why do none of them ever dare to confess their feelings to me? Hmm, what were they so afraid of? Take Bradley, for instance. He clearly liked me, but was too shy to admit it. It was so obvious as he kept deterring past my mat just so he could check out my position. Even my best friend Joseph noticed that, as every time Bradley approached, Joseph would have this cheeky smirk on and send me signals with his eyes. I already told him not to do that. After class, Joseph kept teasing me about it. He told me Bradley definitely had feelings for me and just needed one more push for leverage. Although I reluctantly told him to stop, he insisted on being the wingman by texting Bradley about me. Bradley, why don't you ask Rosie out? You two look really cute together. Come on, you know that wouldn't work. Huh? <laughs> why not? Because, Joseph, it's you I'm crazy about. I was not okay. What was the problem with all the men around me? Why didn't they like me? I couldn't go on like this. I must have a boyfriend. And I was dead serious about it. So after researching online, I found a dating coach to save me from my tragic single situation. So Martin, my coach, is super handsome, has a six-pack, and his business is a big hit. He's helped hundreds of sad single people find love. Flashy enough to trust, isn't it? Still, I was quite nervous when I met him. You know, the feeling that a therapist would judge you before treating you. But actually, he was reassuring, very open, and didn't ask too many questions. Let's just be open about this, all right? Manipulating someone into dating you is not the foundation to a healthy relationship. But don't worry, as I have the secret. Day one. And according to Martin, I needed to learn how to approach new people. I'm pretty shy, so taking the initiative was hard for me. But Martin taught me a trick. When I see a cute guy, I need to approach him within three seconds. This way my brain wouldn't have time to think, analyze, then talk myself out of it, and end up missing my chance. Okay, a hot guy was there staring at his phone. I must not overthink. One, two, three, go. Hi! Hi? Um, so I just saw you, and I think you're really hot. I'm here to say hi. Thanks for thinking my boyfriend's hot, but he's taken. I panicked then rushed back to Martin and spluttered out, I, I, I can't. Hey, that was a success. You're just training your mind and body to take action. Go ahead. No way. Should we move to the next step? And this was the next step. I just needed to start a conversation in this place where everyone was in a mood to have a chat. It's simple, Rosie. Put yourself in a talkative mood. Go over to them and give them a compliment. But make sure it's genuine, else it won't count, okay? Got it. I spotted a man sitting alone, so I walked over to him. Hey, I like your... ring. O-M-G. Was that a wedding ring? <laughs> don't, don't worry. I'm single. And is it that hard to think of something to compliment me on? <laughs> and, um, you are smarter than you look. 
And yep, he left. Oh, what kind of compliment was that? Martin sat in a corner and watched me go from guy to guy and stutter out a string of terrible compliments. You did great, Rosie. Don't be discouraged. Now, when you actually see someone you like, you'll be more natural. Martin said that body language is a crucial part of keeping the conversation going. So, the plan was to practice this at Joseph's birthday party. This time Martin couldn't be there in person, but we still stayed in touch via my Bluetooth earphones so he could guide me. The mission today was to initiate physical contact with someone and make them feel close to me. Anyone who knows me knows that I am not good with these things. So I kept giving them this weird slap on the back. Hey, I heard an ouch. Are you hitting them? I said just a light tap. I don't think I can do this. I'm too shy. And now guys are giving me weird looks. Martin said this time I should make the boys take the initiative, and then things would come more naturally. Okay. I'll give it one last try. This boy I like, Nathan, is over by the pool, but he's in a group. Nothing to worry about. You'll make him come to you. Now listen and follow. I walked over to the bar and made sure I was in Nathan's eyesight, sat as naturally as possible, made eye contact with him, and smiled. Oh, Martin, this is stupid. He doesn't even know me. Just wait. OMG, he's waving at me. Should I come now? No, no, no. Wave him over. Okay. You should take responsibility for this, Martin. I waved Nathan over. Then, to my surprise, he got up and started walking toward me. OMG, help! What should I do? Give a no-tooth smile. Then say, I just want to say hi. What? That was all? But he was coming closer and I had no choice. I just want to say hi. And I want to have your phone number, cutie. I couldn't believe it. That was a real success. We texted the whole night. We got on so well. He was clearly flirting with me. This is crazy. But then two weeks passed by and I didn't hear from him at all. I kept on looking at my phone expecting Nathan to call, but he never did. So I immediately rang my coach for help. Ready for the bad news? So that means he doesn't like you. A busy man like Napoleon could still write thousands of romantic love letters to his Josephine. If he was into you, he'd always find a way. And I also think he doesn't seem like a good type to date. What? Nathan is such a sweet guy. Maybe he's just super busy? But then Christmas came, and I couldn't wait any longer. I mustered up the courage to ask Nathan out. But guess what? He invited me to his house to enjoy Christmas with his family instead. Oh, wow. He wanted to introduce me to his family. This was massive. It meant he really took our relationship seriously, didn't he? But when we got to Nathan's place, to my surprise, it was just a small apartment and definitely not big enough for a whole family. Seeing my confused look, Nathan said his family must have changed their plans and went out, which was for the better as the two of us would have more time together. Suddenly, I saw a shadow of a girl in a red dress in his bedroom. Then Nathan immediately pulled me away and said, Uh, um, that's my maid. How annoying. So, do you want to go to the hotel so we can have more time alone? Really? Did he think I was born yesterday? I refused immediately, and Nathan began to change his attitude. (laughs) Okay, but I can't drive you home. I have something urgent. But don't worry, I'll take you to the nearby bus stop. I have never felt so stupid. Martin was right. Nathan wasn't serious about me. He just wanted to use me. But 
What went wrong? I did everything I could, but I kept failing again and again. No one liked me. I called Martin in tears, and he ended up driving there to pick me up right on Christmas Eve. I felt like the most tragic person ever. Martin was so patient. He turned the radio on so loud and didn't say anything until I finished crying and calmed down. Misread the signals again, huh? How could I have known? Well, I'm not saying this to make money off you, but looking at the current situation, I think you need to hire me for longer than you think. My love life may have sucked, but at least I had Martin. Here's my hope. He was the best coach ever, as he didn't mind answering my questions, and he always picked up the phone whether it was office hours or midnight. Then one night I was out with my friends. I drank a few too many wines and phoned Martin up and slurred out a load of drunken nonsense. He immediately came to pick me up and drove me home, saying that he needed to make sure I got home safely. He was such a sweet guy. I felt something, but then reassured myself that he was just being nice. But Joseph insisted that Martin was only acting this way because he liked me. Seeing everything he did, and you still have to wonder about his feelings? Dummy. Believe me, I'm not wrong this time. Mr. Sixpack is crazy about you. Congrats. Hmm. Thinking about it, it did make sense. So I started stalking my coach on social media and daydreaming about him. Then, taking Martin's own advice that I needed to make my feelings known. So, on Valentine's night, I, myself, made this box of chocolates and took them round to his. I took a deep breath, then rang the doorbell. But then, standing at the door was him holding hands with another girl. I awkwardly said, Don't, don't you like me? I mean, you taught me that when a guy likes a girl... He'll always be there for her. You picked me up in the middle of the night, and you always listened and comforted me when I was sad. You even brought me hot tea when my Aunt Flo came to visit. Doesn't everything match up? R Rosie, I was just being nice. Sorry, but you've confused the signs. Again. I was totally dumbfounded. I couldn't face the thought of seeing Martin ever again, so I blocked him from my life. Ugh. In the following days... I was under a variety of emotional states, from extreme stress, heartbreak, embarrassment, then disappointment because of my extra delusion. I struggled with insomnia almost every night and tried to bury my feelings by binge-eating junk food. Just two weeks later, I looked at myself in the mirror. There were dark circles under my eyes, my skin was dry and flaky, and I felt bloated and sluggish most of the time. Seeing myself like that reminded me of something Martin had said. How can you expect someone else to love you if you don't love yourself? I knew I needed to change, so I started eating more healthily, working out, and finding me time. And you know what? It worked. Now I can finally say that I see my own worth, and I'll never allow a man to treat me badly ever again. And if that means I stay single for a while, then that's the way it'll be. I guess I kinda owe Martin a lot. I mean, he did teach me loads. And now, even though I'm still single... I'm enjoying it. There are way more important things than having a boyfriend, right? But wait, was this barista winking at me? OMG, there's a post-it with his number on my coffee cup. What should I do? Hey, dating a coffee guy is risky business. Why, coach? 
Imagine one day your relationship turns bad and you desire a cup of coffee to ease your heart out, but you also have to see him here. Awkward, huh? Indeed a pro. But so why are you making this awkward convo? <laughs> Rosie, I may be a love coach, but even I get it wrong sometimes. When it comes to my heart, all theories are nonsense. Please, you show me how to love naturally. Um, well, as you can see, I'm dating my dating coach. But now, our love doesn't apply to any cliches. Instead, we just do us, and we're both happier than ever. If you're in a dating slump, then don't worry. Just let love happen when it happens, and follow your heart. Hi, I'm Addison, but all my friends call me Addie. I'm just an ordinary girl who doesn't have any particular talents, but there is one thing I do have. That is, oh, why don't we just watch the video to see what it is? This is my older sister, Olivia. She's beautiful, isn't she? She's also an amazing singer and has a talent for art. She can pretty much draw anything. I mean, I don't know how my parents could have such a perfect daughter like her, then have me. But I'm fine with that. Olivia was all about winning trophies and medals. Well, I was happy with the ice cream and ton of snacks my parents gave me for getting a B on my math exam. Hey, Addie, my baby. Guess who's got some new trendy clothes? Oh, Mom. Dad. I don't like these things. Why are you buying so much? It's such a waste of money. However, Mom's desperate look made me cave. So I reluctantly grabbed a random item and went to try it on. Oh, it's a crop top. I stared at myself in the mirror. Okay, so my parents' dumbfounded expressions made their feelings pretty clear. I looked ridiculous. See, I told you already. I'm way too short to wear tops like this. Right at that moment, Olivia walked by. I immediately ran over to her. I think you should have this top. It'll bring out your nice figure. You'll look so cute in it. Mom shook her head. No, if Olivia wears this, everyone will see her navel. Um, isn't that the point of crop tops? Then Dad chimed in. Anyway, Liv, where are you off to in such a hurry? It's not that nonsense model club again, is it? Speaking of clubs, is the school dance club still recruiting? You should join. You'll get in for sure. My sister rolled her eyes, then left, slamming the door behind her. I loved my sister, but she just seems to find me annoying. She was like the ice queen, always shutting me out. She never allows me to borrow her clothes or to touch her stuff. And if I ever try to go into her room, she freaks out. It's not that she's mean as such, but she tends to act like I don't even exist. <sighs> it's okay. I mean, I'm kind of used to it. I live my own life and she lives hers. So that's why when I got my first cell phone and started to use social networks, I didn't try to search for her profiles, though I knew she was on all those platforms. That evening, my mom asked me to go upstairs to call Olivia for dinner. No answer. So I began pushing the door open. She suddenly appeared from the bathroom and yelled, Hey, what are you doing? You know you're not allowed in my room. I knocked, but you didn't answer. Mom says it's dinner time. She hissed at me and shooed me away. Ugh, 
Why did she have to treat me like I was some pest? The way she was so weird about her room was annoying. Hmm. Maybe she was hiding something in there? Nah, probably I was just overthinking this. Olivia was always like this. Life went on, and my sister, well, she continued to distance herself from me. But then one weekend, I walked downstairs to find her cheerfully humming a song as she danced around the kitchen. When she saw me, she smiled and said, Morning, sis. Come sit here. I made you breakfast. Okay? This was weird. I cautiously sat down and kept looking at her. Um, why are you so happy? And where are mom and dad? Mom and dad just rushed off on some work thing. Then she put the plate in front of me, grinned, then continued. Mom made cookies this morning and told you to take them to grandma's. Tell her I said hi. Oh, you're not coming with me? No, no can do. Sorry, I've got work to do. She continued to look at me and I got the feeling she wanted me to hurry up. Before I'd even finished my toast, she passed me my jacket and bundled me out of the door. Having no choice, I made my way to Granny's while in deep thoughts about how odd this was. Until I realized that I didn't even have the cookie bag with me. I'd left it at home. Gosh! I immediately rushed back. But, hmm, why was there a strange car parked outside my house? I lingered back and watched as a middle-aged man got out of the car. Before he even got to the door, Olivia opened it and smiled at him. I dove behind a bush so I could carry on watching. Huh? Why was he handing her flowers and a gift box? She happily took them from him and even leaned into his ear and said something. Oh my god! So this explains my sister's strange behavior... They're a couple, aren't they? I never thought that my sister would be interested in an old man like this. Shocking. But wait, what if... What if he's deceiving her? As Olivia may look sharp, but she's actually very innocent. If that was the case, I would beat him black and blue. But this was just my speculation. I can't hastily act without knowing the truth so I decided not to let them know that I was there and quietly entered the house through the back door to get the cookie bag. Later that day when I arrived home, my sister was back to her ice queen self. She was cooking in silence, so I told her grandma said hi, and she just grunted and carried on stirring her soup. Hmm, I needed to find out what was actually going on. The perfect opportunity arose a few weeks later, when mom and dad went away on a weekend trip. I told Olivia I was meeting some friends for a picnic, but this was a lie. I actually hid in my faithful hiding spot and watched. As expected, the old man showed up and Olivia let him inside. The door was ajar, so I tiptoed inside and heard them laughing in the living room. I peeked in, and to my astonishment, my sister was sitting on the couch wearing the weirdest outfit ever. It was those kinds of clothes that only catwalk models wear. And most of all, she had this heavy makeup on and looked like a totally different person. The strange man was sitting next to her. Both of them were looking at her phone and laughing happily. Oh gosh, now everything was clear. From her reserved nature 
to her seem-to-be-secret room? It was all so she could continue to hide this age-difference love story. I didn't know how to react now. I just kind of felt bad for her because she had to hide it. I mean, this was her home. And we were her family. We might not have been close, but she was my big sister. And I wanted her to be happy. If this love was real, then I fully supported her. And if this guy turned out to be bad, well, then I'd protect her till the end. My parents returned that evening, so I set up a family movie night. A great idea for family bonding, right? I chose a romantic movie in which the main actress is much younger than her boyfriend. In the middle of the movie, I turned to my parents and asked, Mom, Dad, if you were their parents, would you allow that relationship? They gave me confused looks. Then Dad immediately asked, Hey, Addie, don't tell us that you're in love with an old man, huh? This startled me, but before I could say anything, the doorbell rang. I was about to go open the door, just to avoid answering Dad's question, but Olivia was faster. Not long after that, she turned back and shouted at me, Addie, how dare you touch my phone? What's up, Liv? Who's at the door? Go ask your dear daughter Addison. She gave me a dirty look, then stormed up to her room. My parents immediately bombarded me with loads of questions. What's happening here? Who was the one ringing the bell? Why that manner of Olivia? Okay, the one who rang the bell was Olivia's boyfriend. So, earlier, when Olivia left her phone in the kitchen, I noticed that there was a message from a man named Henry Davis. I immediately searched for him on Facebook and found out that this was the same guy who'd been visiting her. So, I used her phone to text him, telling him to come around at 8pm. I thought it would be better if Olivia could make her relationship public with our parents. But, Hayes, it seems she didn't take it very well. Anyway, now I had no choice but to tell my parents everything. Their faces dropped, and without saying anything, they ran upstairs and banged on Olivia's door. But there was no reply. Instead, all of us heard a rattling sound from the back door, and Olivia had fled. Our parents' faces turned red, while I felt so guilty as I not only wasn't able to help her, but only worsened the situation. The next day, Olivia still hadn't returned. She also didn't show up for school, which caused my parents to freak out. Then I suddenly thought of Henry. Right. Why didn't I think of asking him from the beginning? So I immediately contacted Henry and asked him to help find Olivia. That afternoon, when I just got home from school, I saw Henry driving off. There was a note stuck to the door saying Olivia was fine with an address below. And it also said if we come there at 9am, we'll see Olivia. The next morning, we showed up earlier than scheduled. Huh? It was a studio. And just like Henry said, Olivia was there. She looked so glamorous and was so busy prepping for a photo shoot that she didn't seem to notice us. Henry welcomed us and started explaining everything that made my parents, as well as me, speechless. Turns out, the truth was far from what I thought. He was not her boyfriend. Instead, he's her manager. He saw Olivia's potential and guided her to become a photo model and a TikToker. The flowers and gifts were from the brand she was working with. And the other day, she wore that outfit and makeup for a TikTok video. 
After the shoot was over, we walked over to her. But she took one look at us and ran away. I managed to catch up with her, then said, Sis, why didn't you just tell us the truth? We're your family. We'll always be on your side. On my side? Really? You have no idea what it's like to be an outsider. It doesn't matter how many competitions I win. I'm invisible, while you get praised for just getting an okay grade on a math test. I want to be a model, but they don't want that for me. They want me to be miserable. I'd rather leave that house to do what I love. I was dumbfounded, and so were Mom and Dad, who by this point had caught up with us and heard everything she'd just said. Dad hugged Olivia. Then in an emotional voice said, Olivia, it's not that we forbid you from doing what you want. We were just worried for you. We just know that this industry can be complicated, and we don't want you to get hurt. That's right. And it's not true that we love Addie more than you. You just excel at everything, and we just didn't want Addie to feel insecure. We're really sorry, Olivia. We all love you. Oh, no, Mom. Don't worry. I never felt that way. Actually, I've always admired Olivia, and it made me sad when she ignored me. Olivia burst out crying, and our whole family hugged each other tightly. Sorry to interrupt, but you must have had some idea about Olivia being an internet star already, right? I mean, it's easy to tell from her social networks. I shyly said, I... I don't follow any of her accounts. I thought she just wanted me out of her way. Henry then patted my head and showed us Olivia's social media accounts. And wow, she had millions of views and followers. We all watched some of her TikTok videos together, and she totally rocked it. Seeing how much this meant to her, my parents came round to the idea of her being a model, and they even thanked Henry for helping her. Then Olivia came closer to me. Hey, Addie. I'm sorry for being so cold in the past. Turns out, you love me so much and will support me regardless. At least now, if I really fall in love with an old man, I don't have to worry, right? Then everyone laughed. Oh, even though my plan didn't, well, go exactly as intended, I still call it a success, because it all ended out great in the end. You thought it was all finished, huh? Nope, not yet. There's one more thing I want to show you guys. That night, for the first time, Olivia let me go inside her room. Wow, it was like a mini studio with expensive flashlights, a ring light, and a camera. And her clothes and makeup collection were super impressive. Oh, do you remember what I said at the beginning of the video about being an ordinary girl? Well, that hasn't changed. But now I can confidently say that there is one thing I do have, and that's an awesome big sister who loves me unconditionally. Finally, after an 11-hour flight, I arrived at LAX, Los Angeles International Airport. It's awesome! I can't wait to see my mom. You see, my dad's French and my mom's American. We used to all live together in France, but then they split up and mom moved back here. Of course, I've talked to her on FaceTime and stuff, but this will be the first time I've properly seen her in five years. I haven't visited before because mom's a super successful businesswoman and she works really hard. That meant she wouldn't have the time to provide me with the attention I needed. But now that I'm 16, 
and I can look after myself, I'm finally able to visit. So, thanks to my dad and stepmom for my plane ticket birthday present, I'm now in sunny LA for a whole month. Not only do I get to spend time with mom, but I also get to chill out in her enormous villa. Ah, bliss. But first, let's get all my luggage, then find a taxi to my mom's. Yeah, unfortunately, she couldn't come to pick me up since she had some work to do. But no problem, I can handle this myself. Okay, maybe I spoke too soon. It's been half an hour and my luggage was nowhere to be seen. Then, this handsome guy approached me and said, Hey, looks like your luggage has gone AWOL. Do you need any help? Cute and helpful. Hmm, I could totally get used to US guys. I showed him my ticket, and turns out, I was waiting at the wrong carousel. Oops. After guiding me to the correct one, this guy, whose name I found out was Zach, even pulled my luggage down for me. But one of my cases got stuck and burst open, causing everything to tumble out. Girl, it's not your lucky day, is it? He burst out laughing. Oh well, at least it wasn't all bad. I mean, a cute guy had rescued me, right? He helped me pick up my things, then he offered to drive me to my mom's house. After some 30 minutes, he began to slow down. I looked out the window and, oh my god, this is the chicest villa ever. The pool, the tennis court, the palm trees. It was exactly like a movie star home. I was gawping at the villa when suddenly I heard a car engine sound. Startled, I turned around to see Zach zooming away. My suitcases! I yelled. Ugh, my laptop and iPad were in there too. Oh God, why is this happening to me? And on my very first day in the US? At least I still had my phone and passport with me. Phew. So I called my mom. Needless to say, I was a distraught mess when she arrived. Who'd have thought that such a kind-looking guy would turn out to be a thief? Anyways, my mom could buy me new clothes and things, and I could still have an amazing time in her villa, right? Mom led me to my room and told me to get some rest. After that disaster, I was dead exhausted, so I quickly fell asleep on the comfiest bed ever. When I awoke, it was dark outside. I realized I hadn't eaten anything since the flight, so I went downstairs and checked the fridge and cupboards. Huh? They were all empty. I was still digging around in the kitchen when my mom returned with some burgers. Sweetie, I only got back from my business trip yesterday, so I haven't had time to go to the grocery store. Let's just eat fast food today, okay? I didn't mind, as it was awesome to have dinner with my mom again after such a long time. I took a look around the room. There was barely any furniture here. My mom said that's minimalism, a trendy lifestyle in LA nowadays. Less is more. How cool is that? The next morning we went out, but what's with that old rusty car? Seeing my confused look, she quickly explained that this was only temporary as her car was being serviced. But then mom couldn't get the garage door to open. Turns out, normally she had her own chauffeur. But since I've traveled thousands of miles to visit her, she wanted to drive herself. Huh, how sweet. In the following days, my mom and I enjoyed ourselves in LA. Sunbathing by the pool, spa days, shopping. This is definitely the best vacation of my life. At least until that morning, 
I was awoken by a loud quarrel. Looking down from the stairs, I saw Mum in the living room with a strange woman. She was pointing at the couch. Jeez, that's where I spilled soy sauce yesterday while eating sushi. Then Mum appeared and sounded flustered. She told me to quickly pack my things as we were leaving. Um, Mom, is there something wrong? Oh, nothing, sweetie. It's just that the couch is dirty, so let's just get someone in to clean the entire villa. Wow, Mom would deep clean the whole house just because of a soy sauce stain? How rich is she? So, where will we stay this time? A luxurious five-star hotel? Or a magnificent mansion in Beverly Hills? <sighs> but then the car came to a stop in front of some shabby apartment building. Huh? This couldn't be right. Mom told me this was her friend's spare apartment, so we would stay here a few days for convenience. Elena, it's probably best if you stay away from the people in this area. They don't have the same lifestyle as us. You know what I mean. Ugh. Yeah, this place was the opposite of the villa. Cramped room, hard bed, and the bathroom didn't even have a bathtub. Since moving here, Mom didn't take me out anymore. In the evenings, she dressed up all elegantly and went out to her fancy work meetings. On one such evening, I was sitting alone watching YouTube, munching on french fries for the fifth time this week, when there was a knock on the door. I opened it, and standing there was a scruffy guy, claiming to be Frankie, the landlord's son. I told him there must be a mistake, as we were only here for a few days. Then I went to close the door, but he blocked it with his foot. Miss Anita has rented this apartment for two years. What do you mean a few days? I just saw her take a cab at the front door. Don't lie to me. No, my mom is a successful businesswoman who has a villa in Brentwood Park. Then you must have mistaken your mom for someone else. In short, remind your businesswoman mom to pay the rent. Then he sneered and walked away. How dare he say that? And why did I keep on running into jerks? Ugh! When Mom returned, I told her what had happened. I thought she'd find it funny or something, but nope. Instead, she got really mad. You shouldn't have opened the door to him. I told you not to socialize with the people here. Okay, hearing made-up lies about yourself like that must suck, but did she have to be so furious about it? The next morning, I was drinking tea on the balcony when suddenly I saw a familiar face passing by down the street. My god, it was the jerk from the airport. Zack! That thief! I shouted, rushing down, but when I got there, he disappeared. I was still exasperated when a voice came from behind. What on earth are you doing screaming this early in the morning? I turned around to see Frankie leaning against the wall with his arms folded. None of your business, swindler. Huh? Swindler? What do you mean? Quit lying. I already told my mom all about you trying to con money out of me. Hmm, is that so? So, you think I'm the liar? Before I could answer that provoking question, I heard my mom's voice calling down from the balcony. Hey, rich girl, if you want a reality check, I suggest you come meet me tonight, and we'll go follow your mom. Mom appeared and, frowning, asked me why I was talking to Frankie. I blurted out something about asking for directions, then quickly entered the room and closed the door. 
Frankie was clearly a thieving, lying jerk, right? But then, why were his words lingering in my mind? I had noticed a few strange things, such as when we were at the villa, I asked mom where the cutlery was, but she couldn't remember. But then in this apartment, she immediately got it. Plus, why was there a photo of her in the bedroom when this was her friend's place? That night, when mom was getting ready to go out again, I spotted her necklace. Only, it was actually my necklace. The one that had been stolen along with the rest of my stuff. My dad got that necklace custom made just for me, so it was a one of a kind, but why did mom have it? I complimented her on it and asked her where she'd got it from. Blushing, she excitedly told me that this rich man she'd just started dating had bought it for her. Then she said he was taking her for dinner tonight. I forced a smile, but my head was filled with questions. Who really was mom? I secretly followed my mom down the street. Suddenly, a hand patted my shoulder. Let's go. I turned around and it was Frankie. Without saying anything, I nodded and quickly got into his car, and we followed Mom's taxi. Hold on. Isn't that the villa we stayed in before? After a while, a luxury car arrived, taking my mom to a nearby expensive restaurant. We peered through the glass wall. There she was. My mom was sitting there, smiling and talking with some man in a suit. Was she pretending to live in that villa to trick that man? Was my mom a gold digger? I couldn't watch any more of this, so I pulled on Frankie's arm. But weirdly, he seemed to be as shocked as I was. Um, wasn't this your idea? So why the pale face? He just shook his head and took me home. We waited in the apartment for Mom to return, and oh boy, it was tense. Around midnight, we heard the door open, and Mom walked in and looked at us in alarm. She started shooing Frankie out of there but I interrupted her. Mom, I know everything. You've lived here for two years. You're poor, and you scam rich men. Sweetie, it's not like that. Please calm down and I'll explain everything to you. So it turns out, after divorcing my dad, she was determined to go back to the US and succeed at business. But she failed, and she was so embarrassed she lied to me and dad. Then when she heard that I was coming to visit, she spent the little savings she had on renting a swanky villa for me. But when I accidentally spilled soy sauce on that expensive couch, she couldn't afford to fix it, so we were kicked out. As for the man I was with tonight, I ran into him while walking outside the villa. He's rich and nice. He likes me and I like him too. But what about that necklace? Mom, it's actually mine. It was in my stolen suitcase. My mom gave me a confused look, but before she could say anything, Frankie blurted out, That man's a fraud. Mom and I gaped at Frankie as he turned to me and said, I'm sorry, but I think you guys need to know the truth. Then Frankie told us how that man was none other than Zack's dad. After taking me back to the villa, Zack figured my mom was rich so he persuaded his dad to come and flirt with her. But how did you dig up the dirt on these guys? Because I know Zack. When I saw Lana chasing him, I knew he'd stolen from her. But he's my friend. Great, so you've both been lying to me. Then I rushed into my room, locked the door, and burst into tears. 
The next morning, Mom knocked on my door, but I ignored her. Elena, I get that you're upset with me, but I've left a sandwich here, so please at least eat something. I'm really sorry. Just wanted to be the perfect mother for you. Her words caused me to sob all over again. But I can say, from the bottom of my heart, I feel sorry for her. After that, I opened the door and hugged her tightly, and then we both blubbered into each other's arms. I'm leaving L.A. today. With Mum. She's moving back to France with me, where she can start afresh. While I was dragging my suitcase to the taxi, Frankie appeared and apologized to me. I just shrugged and told him it didn't matter anymore. I mean, at least he came clean in the end and saved my mom from that swindler. Hey, rich girl, good luck. And, um, feel free to keep in touch. So, what now? Well, Mum is settling back into French life. She has a new job and a chic apartment. I go and stay with her each weekend, and it's good to finally spend time with the real her. As for Frankie, well, we send each other lots of Snapchats. So, okay, maybe I kind of like him. I'm planning to visit him in the summer. Hopefully my next trip to the U.S. won't be as crazy as my last one. <laughs> I was so nervous, like the most nervous I'd ever been in my life. I didn't even know it was possible for a press conference to get so crowded. Suddenly the flashes came at me from every direction. It was almost blinding, but the clicking didn't stop, as well as the sound of them calling my name. Hazel, look here! Here, over here, Hazel! Oh my gosh, why was this so chaotic? I started to panic, so I ran away, but I'd only taken a few steps before thump! Oh, these stupid high heels. Oh, hi. I didn't see you there. Well, let's be real. It's kind of hard to see anyone from this angle. Then from every direction, the reporters swarmed in like starving vultures trying to take pictures of me. I was still confused and didn't know what to do when... Gentlemen, please give her some space. Are you okay? Robert, my adoptive dad, came to help me up. Um, excuse us, this is her first time attending such a crowded event. If it's all right with you, we'll help her answer your questions. Phew, I'd finally escaped the chaos. Or so I thought. As soon as he got into the house, Robert shouted, Pamela! Which gave me the fright of my life. Didn't I tell you to teach Hazel some manners? How could you let her embarrass herself in front of the public like that? Pamela looked mortified, and kept bowing down and apologizing, but Robert was still furious. If this happens again, you better pack your bags and get out of here. I felt so guilty. It was all because of me that she had been shouted out like that. But I'd done my best. Clearly, it wasn't good enough, though. I tried to forget about it, but early the next morning, Pamela woke me up. She gave me a timetable and told me that from now on, I wouldn't need to go to school anymore and that a tutor would come to teach me at home instead. What? Why all of a sudden? I asked Pamela in shock. It was because of yesterday's incident. The mayor has decided that you need to spend more time learning the necessary etiquette. Are you serious? He can't just keep me locked up here. No way. Hazel? Listen, you should be grateful that you got adopted into this house. Keep in mind of everything Mr. Cornelius has done for you, and obediently do as I say. Do you understand what I mean? 
looking into Pamela's eyes. I knew I had no choice but to agree. <sighs> the day of the opening ceremony for the town hall had finally arrived, and I got to leave the house for the first time in a month. A whole month. Now was the moment of truth. In the eyes of the public, I had completely transformed into a proper, prestigious lady. When Robert started speaking at the ceremony, he announced a charity fundraiser for my orphanage in the hopes that children like me would be given a chance to live a better life. Hearing this speech, I could barely hold back my tears. I was sitting next to my adoptive mom, Eleanor, so I turned to give her a big hug. Suddenly, all eyes were on me, and it seemed I'd finally done something right. I smiled up at Robert, and we both had tears in our eyes. Maybe Pamela was right. I really was lucky to have been adopted by such kind people. But as soon as we got home, things changed. My parents got all quiet and went off to their room, leaving me alone. Where was my praise? I'd done so well, hadn't I? Why weren't they happy? The following days, they still asked me to join them for their events, so I guess I must have done a good job. And while the media and public were around, they were all touchy-feely and affectionate towards me, constantly praising me. We must have looked like the perfect family. But the minute we got home, they'd ignore me, and if they wanted to tell me something, they'd get Pamela to speak to me. It was so flipping weird. I actually started to feel quite lonely and depressed. And even though I was living in the lap of luxury, I missed the orphanage. One day, Pamela's daughter, aka the only friend I had in this enormous mansion, Paisley saw how upset I was and asked, Hey, so why do you agree to move into this house? You're clearly unhappy here. Paisley got me. She was the same age as me, so we were on the same wavelength. I was nervous to tell her how I felt, but I knew she would understand, so I told her everything. The thing is, I actually have a sister. She's only eight, and she's called Amber. That's why I was missing the orphanage. She was still there. She's got congenital heart disease, so after our parents passed away, the orphanage couldn't afford her hospital bills. When the mayor's family decided to adopt me, I refused because I didn't want to leave Amber alone. But then Robert offered to pay for her medical treatments if I agreed. And well, the rest is history. You see, I can't just leave. If I did, what would happen to Amber? Oh, Hazel, I didn't know. I'm so sorry. But I need to be honest with you. One time I overheard Robert and Eleanor saying that you were the perfect girl to play this role. Huh? What role? That meant, were they using me for something? It didn't make any sense but those words kept lingering on my mind until... One time, Eleanor asked me to join her at a charity event, which she said was going to be broadcast on TV. Our job was to prepare homemade food and give it out to the homeless. I was so excited, but when I walked into our kitchen, I discovered the chefs had already cooked everything before the filming crew arrived. I was so disappointed and asked Eleanor about it. She just laughed and said, Oh! No, sweetie, our job is just to look pretty and graceful in front of the camera. Then before distributing the food, she gave me a pair of gloves and said, Don't touch any of their hands, okay? They are filthy. Oh my gosh, how could she say such things? Oh, then it hit me. I understood what Paisley had said now. The affection and kindness that the Corneliuses were showing me was actually just for show all to win over the audience, a.k.a. the public, while this was their very true face. I had to do something about this. I couldn't let them keep on deceiving the public like this. So when Eleanor went to the bathroom and took off her gloves, I quickly grabbed them and threw them in the trash. When we went back out, a homeless man approached her to express his gratitude and asked for a handshake. Of course, she tried to refuse, 
but at that moment the camera turned to her, so she had no choice but to give in. And you know what? The man didn't just shake her hand. He even pulled Eleanor in for a big hug. I couldn't hold back my laughter at how flustered she looked. Served her right. Afterward, Eleanor grabbed my arm and dragged me to a quiet corner. Then she said, It was you who did this, wasn't it? I pretended to have no idea what she was talking about, and this just infuriated her even more. Then later that evening when we got home, Robert was already waiting and shouted at me. What do you think you're playing at? I was confused. But then Eleanor added, Don't you ever mess with me like that again. Now listen closely. Don't you miss your little sis? Aren't you curious if she's doing okay or not? That's right. You better have behaved yourself from now on, young lady. I was so shaken by what they'd said. I didn't even want to leave my room. What if something happened to my sister? Then suddenly, Paisley climbed through my window into my room. As soon as I saw her, I burst into tears. Paisley, please help me with this. I need you to go to my orphanage and check on Amber and see if she's okay. A few hours later, Paisley came back panting. Your sister? She's not doing good. What? But hadn't she been receiving money for her monthly treatments? Paisley shook her head. The nuns there said they hadn't received a penny since you left. Now Amber is barely surviving. Paisley's words broke my heart. Those two had been fooling me all this time, and now my sister's life was hanging on by a thread. I had to get to the bottom of this. I walked past Robert's office, and that's when I overheard someone talking. Curious, I peeked in and saw a group of middle-aged men sitting around a table. One of them spoke up. Hey, Robert, the election day is coming. Is that little girl still doing a decent job? Oh, don't worry about her. She's just a silly little kid. She believes anything I tell her, especially about her sick sister, Robert smirked. How dare he speak about my sister like that? I had to do something. I couldn't let this vicious man keep on fooling everyone like he'd done to me. So I took out my phone and started filming. Speaking of which, how much charity money have we got so far? One hundred thousand dollars, Robert said. And the room was filled with praise. Gentlemen, by the time of the closing party for the charity this weekend, we should have almost $500,000 for the election campaign. As soon as I win, your business will continue to be tax-reduced for the next four years. I had to cover my mouth to stop myself from gasping. So this whole time, he'd been exploiting me and the orphanage for his corruption? Gosh, I was such an idiot to fall right into his trap. Suddenly, my phone buzzed. Who's there? Robert shouted and rushed to the door. Oh no! Panicked, I ran, but not far enough before I tripped and the phone flew out of my hand. Robert and his men caught up with me, picked up my phone, and deleted all my evidence. They even took the phone away from me. He turned to me and said, I've already warned you, have I not? You're a liar! I yelled. You haven't paid a penny to my sister! Robert growled. Who told you that? But all he had for an answer was my silence and fuming look. Furious, he dragged me back to my room. Maid, bring me the keys to her room. And then he locked me up inside until the day of the closing party of the charity rolled around, where they'd be announcing the amount of money they'd collected. That day, all the staff were out of the mansion. Suddenly, I heard the door being unlocked. Panicked, I hid behind the closet. Hazel, where are you? Oh, it was just Paisley. Ah. She found a way to sneak me out of the mansion and told me to run straight back to the orphanage. 
But no, first I had to expose that sly old fox Robert. Luckily, when I got to the event, Robert was giving his speech. I immediately ran up to the stage, snatched the mic, and told everyone about his evil plan. But I was no match for him. Before I could finish, security was dragging me off the stage, and Robert had already taken control of the situation. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm so sorry for my daughter's behavior. She's... The reason why we decided to adopt her was that she's mentally ill. Since she came to our home, she has become better, but as you can see, there's been a bit of a relapse. What a snake! This jerk would stop at nothing to get what he wanted. Just then, the big screen on stage suddenly showed the video I'd taken, revealing all the schemes of Robert and his accomplices. Now he was well and truly exposed. I watched as he stammered. No, this can't be happening. Right at that moment, the police rushed in to arrest Robert and his accomplices in the stands. You might be wondering how we pulled that off. Well, as I was running through the hallway, I managed to send the video to Paisley. As soon as she received it, she came to find me and saw everything that had happened. So she secretly ran to her mom for help. Pamela then made a plan. While Paisley freed me from the mansion, Pamela set to work on projecting the video on the big screen. Genius, right? A month later, Robert and his accomplices were arrested for embezzlement. And, of course, he got locked up for a long, long time. Both him and Eleanor received such massive backlash from the public, to the point that she had to stay hidden away too. The charity money, luckily, was brought back to the orphanage, and part of it was used to take care of my sister Amber. She's doing much better now. Oh, and Paisley and I are still best of friends. Pamela has found a way better job. And as for me, I went back to stay at the orphanage until I'm old enough to move out. I'm better off being on my own with my sister than being adopted by some messed up family again. Too much studying and not enough sleep was making me feel like a zombie. Chocolate would help, right? So I drowsily walked downstairs. Huh? Why was my whole family there with their suitcases? Um, are you guys going somewhere? Yes, Colorado for a ski trip. <gasps> That's awesome! You're the best, Daddy! Not you, Helen. You have studying to do. And this is a special award for Christine for winning her scholarship. What? So you're just going to leave me out because of some meaningless grades? This is so unfair. Ugh, whatever. I don't even need them to go with me. Shh, come here. And I'm gonna let you in on a secret. I can go to the ski resort by myself and have way more fun. But how, you ask? It's called lucid dreaming. I first heard about it through the biggest Buzz movie, Inception, and realized that I've had experienced the same things before. Since then, I've become an expert at this. So before I go to bed, I just have to write a script saying where I want to go, with whom, what I want to do, and three, two, one. I'm asleep and living my best life. In fact, I could say that those beautiful self-designed dreams are like meditation to me, because... To be honest, my real life is tedious. No matter how hard I tried, I was no match for my younger half-sister, Christine. In my dad and grandma's eyes, a child of a doctor in physics, as well as a grandchild of a history professor, 
should automatically be a walking encyclopedia or something. But unfortunately, I didn't excel at the academic side of life. They treat Christine like this precious gemstone and me like some boring old rock. Every week usually entails her getting excellent grades or winning some reward, and all of my family lavishing her with gifts and praise, while I'm treated like an outsider in my own family. Ugh! Just thinking about it makes me want to scream. So, they want me to stay home and concentrate on tomorrow's test, huh? Nah, you wish. So, instead, I grabbed my pen and started writing tonight's awesome dream script. Let's see. That's right. The obnoxious Roger dared to heartlessly throw the candy I gave him in the trash, even though he'd been flirting with me. What a jerk. I will definitely retaliate against him tonight. Lying in bed, I closed my eyes and repeated this sentence. I'm going to kick him out of my life. And you won't believe it. In the dream, he kept chasing me like crazy, but I totally blanked him. (laughs) Helen, wake up. Time's running out. My best friend Gabby kicked my chair and I jolted awake. Oh no, there were only five minutes left. I frantically ticked on the paper and hurriedly submitted it to the monitor. Hey, did you not get any sleep or something? Well, I stayed up late writing the script for my dream. It was worth it as I got payback on Roger. What if you get a bad grade? Never mind. I'll be fine when I come home tonight with an A-plus dream. (laughs) But things turned out not to be as simple as I thought. That afternoon when I arrived home, I was about to sneak up to my bedroom to write my next amazing script when someone grabbed my bag strap and pulled me back. It was grandma and dad, and both of them seemed to be mad. How long are you going to live like this? Education is important to this family, yet you don't seem to care. Do you realize this week alone your teacher has contacted me three times? But dad, I really don't like those boring subjects. I only like no more drawing or writing your silly stories. You need to focus on your studies, else you'll end up a useless person like... She suddenly stopped, which made me curious. Like who? But neither she nor my dad said anything. They just quietly walked away, leaving me alone. Honestly, I never wanted to disappoint them that much. So this time I was going to try my best to not let them down. Dad! Grandma! Look, look! I got a B plus in my math test. No one cared what I said. My stepmom cuddled Christine and looked at her with sparkling eyes. My wonderful daughter, I know the top student award is just a piece of cake to you, unlike someone else. Then she turned to me and tutted, Helen, please, you're making a show of yourself. That's embarrassing. My face fell and I forced back tears. But I tried so hard to get this grade. A B-plus is nothing to be proud of. I chucked my exam paper in the trash, then stormed up to my room. It didn't matter what I did or how hard I tried, this household would always treat me like a loser. Dream on, Helen. Go back to your happy place. In front of me was the crimson sunset sky. I'd been scripting this moment for so long, lounging lazily on the beach without anyone complaining. But suddenly the sky darkened and the inky clouds seemed intent on swallowing me. Huh? What was going on? This wasn't a part of the script. Terrified, I ran into a forest, but it was so dark and spooky here, and I tripped over a branch and fell. Ouch! As I rubbed my ankle and started crying my eyes out, suddenly a strange woman appeared. She took me into a wooden house at the end of the forest and gently helped bandage me up. This woman 
Well, she didn't scare me at all. Instead, I felt warm around her. Curious, I tried to take a closer look at her face, but then I suddenly woke up and realized tears were rolling down my cheeks. What a strange dream. I immediately drew all the things I'd seen. That forest, that house, but strangely, I couldn't remember that woman's face. Why are you drawing all this nonsense? My dad snatched the sketch from my hand and looked at it frowning. It appeared in my dream and... Get rid of them all. From now on, if I see you wasting your time on these stupid drawings again, there will be consequences. This was too much. I couldn't live without drawing. It was the only thing keeping me sane. I had to get out of here. Live my way. Forget them and their stupid standards. I would create my own world. I planted myself in Gabby's room, and this is where I've been for almost a week. Luckily, Gabby's parents are totally chill with me staying. As for my family, they haven't messaged me once. And yes, dreams do go on. But now I dreaded going to sleep as my lucid dreams were still all messed up. Sometimes beautiful, sometimes bad. And for the most part, it did not turn out the way I wanted it to anymore. Until one day, that creepy forest appeared again. No matter how much I screamed to wake myself up, I still couldn't get out of that nightmare. Panicked, I kept running and running in the hope of finding a safe place till I saw that woman. And once again, she reached out her hand to help me. This time, I wouldn't miss my chance. I looked carefully at her face, remembering every detail, and as soon as I woke up, I drew her. Wow, I didn't know you watched this kind of show. <laughs> Gabby giggled. What show? Look. She's a celebrity. She hosts some TV show that my mom watches sometimes. So, that woman is a real person? If so, I have to find her. I didn't really know what was going on, only that there was something tying me to this woman and I needed to figure this out. Luckily, Gabby has an uncle who works at the studio, and he gave us special passes to meet this host in the flesh. When the cameras stopped filming, she turned and saw me, and her eyes widened in alarm. Helen? Helen, is it really you? Then she rushed over and hugged me. Huh? What did she just say? We didn't know each other, and... The weird thing is, this hug didn't feel strange at all. Instead, I felt the same warmth as when she'd taken care of me in my dream. As she loosened her embrace on me and gave me this beaming smile, I said, Um, and you are? Darling, it's me, your mother. That's when I realized something. Of course she was my mom. Look, we had the same eyes. Needless to say, this was a huge shock. We hugged each other for a long time in tears. Then mom took me backstage, got me a glass of water. Then she told me everything. So after I was born, mom once got caught up in a cheating scandal. Dad was angry about the damage this would do to his career, so he kicked her out of the house and wouldn't let her see me. A long time later, she found out that grandma was behind everything, just because she didn't approve of this marriage, so she came up with that plan. But why didn't you ever try to find me when you've always been living this close? Oh, no, sweetie. I've always kept an eye on you. One time, years ago, I saw you playing in the park. You had your hair and pigtails, and uh, I tried to approach you, but... Your dad threatened me. He is a very powerful man who's actually capable of destroying my life. And I didn't think it was fair to drag you through all of that. But things have changed now. I'll never leave you alone, ever again. 
I strolled into the house like normal, and everyone stopped what they were doing and glared at me with disgust. Oh, you're back. If you're not prepared to study properly, then don't bother staying. I took a deep breath, then said, You can't treat me like this anymore. I try my best, and it's not fair that you punish me for just being me. So I'm leaving, and I'm never coming back. Psst, where will you go? That's when mom walked in. Oh God, you should have seen the looks on their faces. Grandma actually looked like she'd swallowed a swarm of wasps. I stood by and let you manipulate and control me. Well, no more. I'm taking my daughter and we're going to have the life we both deserve. Then, ignoring their angry words, she grabbed my arm and led me out of there. So that's the moment when I left home and moved in with my mom. Now I draw as much as I want. In fact, mom's letting me create a mural on the living room wall. It's going to be epic when it's finished. Oh, and about the lucid dreams? I don't write scripts anymore. Instead, I realized that I'm better off focusing on my reality and making myself the best version of myself I can be. After all, as great as a dream world can be, it's nowhere near as good as experiencing life firsthand. Hey, I'm Connor, and I'm currently taking a well-deserved break from studying to hang out with my friends. I go to college at the Georgia Institute of Tech, and I'm sure to be a top-notch architect one day soon. Now I just have one thing to deal with, then I can properly enjoy my night off. Oh, here she is. Connor, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to hurt you, but sorry. We should stop seeing each other. Ah, well, every ending is a new beginning. <laughs> Cheers. I was the master of getting girlfriends I'm tired of to break up with me. It was great. As this way, no one could ever accuse me of being a bad boy. <sighs> what to do now? I reluctantly had to find a new challenge then. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to turn this in. Um, that's okay. Just trying to find one more paper. Uh, um, what's your name? <laughs> I'm Connor. Hi. Hmm, her sparkling eyes, her shiny hair, her soft hands. But ugh, why was suddenly some nerd dragging me away from the hot girl and into a corner? Before I could ask him what was going on, he started waving a photo of this girl in my face. So it turns out this dude is called Patrick, and the girl in the photo is Paige, his girlfriend. Their parents are both influential sorts and organize their whole engagement. Sounds great, right? I mean, she's pretty cute. But no, he wanted me to find a way to make Paige break up with them. I've heard a lot about you. I, I need your help. I can't do this myself. <laughs> huh? Sure, I get it. A real man will never be the one to break up first. I might be able to help, but first, let's see what kind of person she is. The conversation started to become super serious. From the sound of it, this page girl was a genuine, good-natured girl with a vulnerable side. So this needed to be handled with extra care, so that there wouldn't be any awkward family provocations for my clients. Hmm, perhaps... Nah, this way wouldn't work. Neither would that way. I was about to give up when suddenly Patrick stacked a pack of money, approximately a thousand dollars on the table. Help me, then it's all yours. Whoa, that was a lot of money to me. It would get me the magnificent PS5 of my dreams. <sighs> Besides, with my charm and handsome looks, I could make Paige fall in love with me and leave Patrick in no time. Genius! My debut had to be spectacular. 
So I looked online and hired some people pretending to be thugs to block Paige's path. Then I'd waltz in and rescue her. The plan was all set, so I leisurely walked to the rendezvous spot, but oh no. Who knew those guys were real thugs? They threatened us, asked us to hand over all our belongings, then forced us to go to some abandoned warehouse. Oh my god, the $1,000 was so not worth losing my life for. Yes, I was somewhat afraid, but my flirtatious instinct kicked in, and I turned to Paige and started talking to her. Oh man, she's super sweet. And I noticed that when she talks about something that interests her, she crinkles her nose. She's so cute, but most of all, she's really smart. Why, you ask? Because just an hour later, the cops showed up and arrested the thugs. Turns out, before Paige handed over her belongings, she quickly texted the thug's license plate to a friend and asked her to call the cops. Phew! And, luckily for me, thanks to this destiny meeting, I got a little more information about her and learned that Paige was planning to learn Spanish to major in tourism there. But there's one more important thing. That is, I think, I have a crush on her. She's not like any other girl I've met before. I want to win her heart, truly, not just because of the plan. It will be the best of both worlds. Patrick gets to be free of Paige, as requested, but she won't end up a lovelorn girl because she'll have a new handsome boyfriend by her side. Yep, that'll be me. <laughs> there was just one problem. In all the commotion of the day, I'd forgotten to ask Paige for her number. Oops. I had asked Patrick for it and then texted her, but sadly didn't receive a response. Hmm. I needed to be smart about this, so I decided to pretend to be a Spanish tutor. Yeah, I can't speak Spanish, but with my charm, that's no big deal, right? I created a flashy profile and told Patrick to pretend to surf and accidentally find me. Then show Paige. And so, ding! Hola, yo soy Professor Connor. But wait, sheesh! If only I'd studied Spanish harder in high school. And now the extent of my Spanish were just a few words I'd picked up from binge-watching Money Heist. So I just copied down Spanish lessons off YouTube and taught these to Paige. I don't know if it's because of my teaching skills or my charisma, but Paige seemed to think I was legit. <laughs> However, my flirting tricks weren't going so well. I knew she liked me. I mean, who wouldn't like me? Besides, she gave me these cute looks and laughed at my jokes. Our chemistry was undeniable. So when I reached over and placed my hand on top of hers, I felt sparks fly. But then she gave me this awkward look and moved her hand away. She liked me, right? So why was she acting like this? I never failed at flirting. Feeling frustrated, I was trudging my way up the street when, huh? Was that Patrick happily holding hands with a girl? I recognized the long hair. It was Paige. Ugh, why can't she drop her lousy boyfriend already? And why won't she date me instead? I was about to leave, but the more I thought about it, the more resentful I became. So I bribed a little boy to run up to Paige and say, Why aren't you with Connor, you cheater? Mean, huh? But <laughs> Patrick would be pleased as he now had a legitimate excuse to break up with her anyway. But when the girl turned around, I realized that she wasn't Paige. The poor girl looked completely dumbfounded. Patrick started yelling at her and pulling on her arm so hard she almost fell over. Huh? Where's the nerd Patrick? And that wasn't cool at all. Then he raised his hand to hit her, but I zoomed in front of him. Stop! No reason to hit a woman, bro! Patrick immediately grabbed my collar. You dare play tricks with my Becky, huh? Seeing that, the shocked girl quickly ran away. No, no, I thought it was Paige, so I hired the boy just to give you an excuse to break up with her. Calm down, bro! Patrick reassessed the situation, then he cleared his throat and said, Oh, well, uh, I was bored of Becky anyway, thanks. I was still shocked by this jerky side of Patrick when he immediately said, uh, by the way, you can stop the plan with Paige. 
I decided I like her now. Lately, she'd been so full of life and less clingy. He told me he would still pay me, then he hopped into a taxi. Ugh, that's the version of Paige when she's with me. I gave her that zest of life, you jerk. Whatever. From this day forth, he was no longer my client, and I didn't want his stupid money. <sighs> it was time I told Paige what Patrick was really like, so I arranged to meet her in a cafe and told her everything. But when she got over the initial shock, she snapped at me. I know this is all part of your twisted fabrication. I mean, you lied about speaking Spanish, and now you're just making up stories to break Patrick and me up. Then she threw my textbook back at me and stormed off. Oh man, that Patrick is such a slimeball. But I couldn't blame her for believing him over me. I'd seen firsthand how much of a wolf in sheep's clothing he was. I tried to find proof to show Paige, but that jerk sure covered his tracks. His whole nerdy bookworm facade was flawless. And he was still this sluggish nerd, wobbly clutching the bus handle to go to school every day. Ugh, what a con man. Just you wait, Patrick. It's time the world saw your true face. With such determination, I continued to spy on him around town. Then one time, like every other day, I was on duty when a group stopped me, accompanied by Patrick pointing at me. Here's our sandbag! Uh-oh, looks like I was busted. The whole group gathered around me, fists ready. Yeah, I was pretty terrified. There's no way I could fight off a group this size. I raised my fists and prepared for pain, but then someone shouted, Stop! It was Paige. Suddenly, Patrick immediately changed his attitude and ordered the group to leave. He told Paige that I stole his stuff and his friends were helping him get it back. What? The swine! Connor isn't a thief, I know it for sure. There must be some misunderstanding. Please don't accuse him like that. Patrick's face changed. He grabbed Paige's hand and pulled her away, saying, We're getting engaged at the end of this month. Say no more. Okay, so I may have gate-crashed their engagement party, but I did hide at the back while the speeches were going on. Then to my surprise, as Patrick was talking, they both spotted me. Then Paige turned to him and shook her head. It hurt to see her like this. Perhaps she changed her mind. What do you mean? Is this because of Connor? Paige kept quiet, while Patrick's parents were furious. How dare you cheat on my son? Who do you think you are? Paige, why is this happening? Really, Paige, say something. Feeling the pressure and injustice of it all, poor Paige looked distraught as she desperately tried to hold back her tears. I really couldn't stand seeing her like that, so I jumped out of the crowd to come to her defense. Everyone calm down. Paige is the sweetest, most amazing girl, and she deserves better than this jerk. Don't listen to him. He's a thief and a fiancé stealer. I was done listening to this guy's slander. So I threw a punch straight at his smug face. Yeah, the engagement party had sure turned chaotic. I looked at the wreckage in front of me. The consequences that I had caused. Okay, so maybe coming here wasn't my best idea. Actually, this was all my fault for ever agreeing to help Patrick in the first place. Or I shouldn't have been a jerk in the first place. Feeling deflated, I arrived home and saw that I'd received a message from Paige. My heart thudded as I opened it. Thank you for everything and try to practice your Spanish as it's even worse than mine. Goodbye. And that was the last text she sent me. After that, I spent a month trying to contact her but received no reply. So finally, I plucked up my courage to go to Paige's house and was told that she'd left for Spain earlier than scheduled. Perhaps the shock was so huge that Paige wanted to leave this place as soon as possible. It was all my fault. I was the biggest jerk in this story and now I'd lost the girl. Alas, vengeance is bliss. So I walked inside, went straight to Patrick's table where he was wasted in the arms of a bunch of girls, took a picture and sent it to his family. 
What is done by night appears by day, my friend. A few days later, I heard that after being exposed, Patrick's parents had confiscated all of his bank cards. Even his current girlfriend dumped him. Ha! So that sealed the final breakup deal for my special guest. And now, guess where I'm at? Looking for the girl of my life, duh. And this time, I'm going to make sure I don't screw it up. So, here I am, practicing this tricky pose. I must not fall over. Rosie, straighten your back. Hang in there. You've got this. That's Bradley, my yoga instructor. Can you see that? There are more than a dozen people in this class, yet he only seems to encourage me. Did this mean he liked me? I didn't need to look in a mirror to know my cheeks were lobster red right now. I'm Rosie, by the way, 18 years old. I'm still single. Not to brag, but I know I'm kind of pretty, friendly, and fun to be around. So it's easy to tell that many guys are into me. But why do none of them ever dare to confess their feelings to me? Hmm, what were they so afraid of? Take Bradley, for instance. He clearly liked me, but was too shy to admit it. It was so obvious, as he kept deterring past my mat just so he could check out my position. Even my best friend Joseph noticed that, as every time Bradley approached, Joseph would have this cheeky smirk on and send me signals with his eyes. I already told him not to do that. After class, Joseph kept teasing me about it. He told me Bradley definitely had feelings for me and just needed one more push for leverage. Although I reluctantly told him to stop, he insisted on being the wingman by texting Bradley about me. Bradley, why don't you ask Rosie out? You two look really cute together. Come on, you know that wouldn't work. Huh? <laughs> why not? Because, Joseph, it's you I'm crazy about. I was not okay. What was the problem with all the men around me? Why didn't they like me? I couldn't go on like this. I must have a boyfriend. And I was dead serious about it. So after researching online, I found a dating coach to save me from my tragic single situation. So Martin, my coach, is super handsome, has a six-pack, and his business is a big hit. He's helped hundreds of sad single people find love. Flashy enough to trust, isn't it? Still, I was quite nervous when I met him. You know, the feeling that a therapist would judge you before treating you. But actually, he was reassuring, very open, and didn't ask too many questions. Let's just be open about this, all right? Manipulating someone into dating you is not the foundation to a healthy relationship. But don't worry, as I have the secret. Day one. And according to Martin, I needed to learn how to approach new people. I'm pretty shy, so taking the initiative was hard for me. But Martin taught me a trick. When I see a cute guy, I need to approach him within three seconds. This way my brain wouldn't have time to think, analyze, then talk myself out of it, and end up missing my chance. Okay, a hot guy was there staring at his phone. I must not overthink. One, two, three, go. Hi! Hi? Um, so I just saw you, and I think you're really hot. I'm here to say hi. Thanks for thinking my boyfriend's hot, but he's taken. I panicked, then rushed back to Martin and spluttered out, I, I, I can't. Hey, that was a success. You're just training your mind and body to take action. Go ahead. No way. Should we move to the next step? And this was the next step. I just needed to start a conversation in this place where everyone was in a mood to have a chat. 
It's simple, Rosie. Put yourself in a talkative mood. Go over to them and give them a compliment. But make sure it's genuine, else it won't count, okay? Got it. I spotted a man sitting alone, so I walked over to him. Hey, I like your... ring. Oh, um, gee, was that a wedding ring? <laughs> don't, don't worry. I'm single. And is it that hard to think of something to compliment me on? <laughs> and, um, you are smarter than you look. And yep, he left. Oh, what kind of compliment was that? Martin sat in a corner and watched me go from guy to guy and stutter out a string of terrible compliments. You did great, Rosie. Don't be discouraged. Now, when you actually see someone you like, you'll be more natural. Martin said that body language is a crucial part of keeping the conversation going. So, the plan was to practice this at Joseph's birthday party. This time Martin couldn't be there in person, but we still stayed in touch via my Bluetooth earphones so he could guide me. The mission today was to initiate physical contact with someone and make them feel close to me. Anyone who knows me knows that I am not good with these things. So I kept giving them this weird slap on the back. Hey, I heard an ouch. Are you hitting them? I said just a light tap. I don't think I can do this. I'm too shy. And now guys are giving me weird looks. Martin said this time I should make the boys take the initiative, and then things would come more naturally. Okay. I'll give it one last try. This boy I like, Nathan, is over by the pool, but he's in a group. Nothing to worry about. You'll make him come to you. Now listen and follow. I walked over to the bar and made sure I was in Nathan's eyesight, sat as naturally as possible, made eye contact with him, and smiled. Oh, Martin, this is stupid. He doesn't even know me. Just wait. OMG. He's waving at me. Should I come now? No, no, no. Wave him over. Okay. You should take responsibility for this, Martin. I waved Nathan over. Then, to my surprise, he got up and started walking toward me. OMG, help! What should I do? Give a no-tooth smile. Then say, I just want to say hi. What? That was all? But he was coming closer and I had no choice. I just want to say hi. And I want to have your phone number, cutie. I couldn't believe it. That was a real success. We texted the whole night. We got on so well. He was clearly flirting with me. This is crazy. But then two weeks passed by and I didn't hear from him at all. I kept on looking at my phone expecting Nathan to call, but he never did. So I immediately rang my coach for help. Ready for the bad news? So that means he doesn't like you. A busy man like Napoleon could still write thousands of romantic love letters to his Josephine. If he was into you, he'd always find a way. And I also think he doesn't seem like a good type to date. What? Nathan is such a sweet guy. Maybe he's just super busy? But then Christmas came, and I couldn't wait any longer. I mustered up the courage to ask Nathan out. But guess what? He invited me to his house to enjoy Christmas with his family instead. Oh, wow. He wanted to introduce me to his family. This was massive. It meant he really took our relationship seriously, didn't he? But when we got to Nathan's place, to my surprise, it was just a small apartment and definitely not big enough for a whole family. Seeing my confused look, Nathan said his family must have changed their plans and went out, which was for the better as the two of us would have more time together. 
Suddenly, I saw a shadow of a girl in a red dress in his bedroom. The Nathan immediately pulled me away and said, Uh, um, that's my maid. How annoying. So, do you want to go to the hotel so we can have more time alone? Really? Did he think I was born yesterday? I refused immediately, and Nathan began to change his attitude. <laughs> okay, but I can't drive you home. I have something urgent. But don't worry, I'll take you to the nearby bus stop. I have never felt so stupid. Martin was right. Nathan wasn't serious about me. He just wanted to use me. But what went wrong? I did everything I could, but I kept failing again and again. No one liked me. I called Martin in tears, and he ended up driving there to pick me up right on Christmas Eve. I felt like the most tragic person ever. Martin was so patient. He turned the radio on so loud and didn't say anything until I finished crying and calmed down. Misread the signals again, huh? How could I have known? Well, I'm not saying this to make money off you, but looking at the current situation, I think you need to hire me for longer than you think. My love life may have sucked, but at least I had Martin. Here's my hope. He was the best coach ever, as he didn't mind answering my questions, and he always picked up the phone whether it was office hours or midnight. Then one night I was out with my friends. I drank a few too many wines and phoned Martin up and slurred out a load of drunken nonsense. He immediately came to pick me up and drove me home, saying that he needed to make sure I got home safely. He was such a sweet guy. I felt something, but then reassured myself that he was just being nice. But Joseph insisted that Martin was only acting this way because he liked me. Seeing everything he did, and you still have to wonder about his feelings? Dummy. Believe me, I'm not wrong this time. Mr. Sixpack is crazy about you. Congrats. Hmm. Thinking about it, it did make sense. So I started stalking my coach on social media and daydreaming about him. Then, taking Martin's own advice that I needed to make my feelings known. So, on Valentine's night, I, myself, made this box of chocolates and took them round to his. I took a deep breath, then rang the doorbell. But then, standing at the door was him holding hands with another girl. I awkwardly said, Don't, don't you like me? I mean, you taught me that when a guy likes a girl... He'll always be there for her. You picked me up in the middle of the night, and you always listened and comforted me when I was sad. You even brought me hot tea when my Aunt Flo came to visit. Doesn't everything match up? R Rosie, I was just being nice. Sorry, but you've confused the signs. Again. I was totally dumbfounded. I couldn't face the thought of seeing Martin ever again, so I blocked him from my life. Ugh. In the following days... I was under a variety of emotional states, from extreme stress, heartbreak, embarrassment, then disappointment because of my extra delusion. I struggled with insomnia almost every night and tried to bury my feelings by binge-eating junk food. Just two weeks later, I looked at myself in the mirror. There were dark circles under my eyes, my skin was dry and flaky, and I felt bloated and sluggish most of the time. Seeing myself like that reminded me of something Martin had said. How can you expect someone else to love you if you don't love yourself? I knew I needed to change, so I started eating more healthily, working out, and finding me time. And you know what? It worked. Now I can finally say that I see my own worth, and I'll never allow a man to treat me badly ever again. 
And if that means I stay single for a while, then that's the way it'll be. I guess I kinda owe Martin a lot. I mean, he did teach me loads. And now, even though I'm still single, I'm enjoying it. There are way more important things than having a boyfriend, right? But wait, was this barista winking at me? OMG, there's a post-it with his number on my coffee cup. What should I do? Hey, dating a coffee guy is risky business. Why, coach? Imagine one day your relationship turns bad and you desire a cup of coffee to ease your heart out, but you also have to see him here. Awkward, huh? Indeed a pro. But so why are you making this awkward convo? <laughs> Rosie, I may be a love coach, but even I get it wrong sometimes. When it comes to my heart, all theories are nonsense. Please, you show me how to love naturally. Um, well, as you can see, I'm dating my dating coach. But now, our love doesn't apply to any cliches. Instead, we just do us, and we're both happier than ever. If you're in a dating slump, then don't worry. Just let love happen when it happens, and follow your heart. Hi, I'm Addison, but all my friends call me Addie. I'm just an ordinary girl who doesn't have any particular talents, but there is one thing I do have. That is, oh, why don't we just watch the video to see what it is? This is my older sister, Olivia. She's beautiful, isn't she? She's also an amazing singer and has a talent for art. She can pretty much draw anything. I mean, I don't know how my parents could have such a perfect daughter like her, then have me. But I'm fine with that. Olivia was all about winning trophies and medals. Well, I was happy with the ice cream and ton of snacks my parents gave me for getting a B on my math exam. Hey, Addie, my baby. Guess who's got some new trendy clothes? Oh, Mom. Dad. I don't like these things. Why are you buying so much? It's such a waste of money. However, Mom's desperate look made me cave. So I reluctantly grabbed a random item and went to try it on. Oh. It's a crop top. I stared at myself in the mirror. Okay, so my parents' dumbfounded expressions made their feelings pretty clear. I looked ridiculous. See, I told you already. I'm way too short to wear tops like this. Right at that moment, Olivia walked by. I immediately ran over to her. I think you should have this top. It'll bring out your nice figure. You'll look so cute in it. Mom shook her head. No, if Olivia wears this, everyone will see her navel. Um, isn't that the point of crop tops? Then Dad chimed in. Anyway, Liv, where are you off to in such a hurry? It's not that nonsense model club again, is it? Speaking of clubs, is the school dance club still recruiting? You should join. You'll get in for sure. My sister rolled her eyes, then left, slamming the door behind her. I loved my sister, but she just seems to find me annoying. She was like the ice queen, always shutting me out. She never allows me to borrow her clothes or to touch her stuff. And if I ever try to go into her room, she freaks out. It's not that she's mean as such, but she tends to act like I don't even exist. <sighs> it's okay. I mean, I'm kind of used to it. I live my own life and she lives hers. So that's why when I got my first cell phone, 
and started to use social networks, I didn't try to search for her profiles, though I knew she was on all those platforms. That evening, my mom asked me to go upstairs to call Olivia for dinner. No answer. So I began pushing the door open. She suddenly appeared from the bathroom and yelled, Hey, what are you doing? You know you're not allowed in my room. I knocked, but you didn't answer. Mom says it's dinner time. She hissed at me and shooed me away. Ugh, why did she have to treat me like I was some pest? The way she was so weird about her room was annoying. Hmm, maybe she was hiding something in there? Nah, probably I was just overthinking this. Olivia was always like this. Life went on, and my sister, well, she continued to distance herself from me. But then one weekend, I walked downstairs to find her cheerfully humming a song as she danced around the kitchen. When she saw me, she smiled and said, Morning, sis. Come sit here. I made you breakfast. Okay? This was weird. I cautiously sat down and kept looking at her. Um, why are you so happy? And where are mom and dad? Mom and dad just rushed off on some work thing. Then she put the plate in front of me, grinned, then continued. Mom made cookies this morning and told you to take them to grandma's. Tell her I said hi. Oh, you're not coming with me? No, no can do. Sorry, I've got work to do. She continued to look at me and I got the feeling she wanted me to hurry up. Before I'd even finished my toast, she passed me my jacket and bundled me out of the door. Having no choice, I made my way to Granny's while in deep thoughts about how odd this was. Until I realized that I didn't even have the cookie bag with me. I'd left it at home. Gosh! I immediately rushed back. But, hmm, why was there a strange car parked outside my house? I lingered back and watched as a middle-aged man got out of the car. Before he even got to the door... Olivia opened it and smiled at him. I dove behind a bush so I could carry on watching. Huh? Why was he handing her flowers and a gift box? She happily took them from him and even leaned into his ear and said something. Oh my god. So this explains my sister's strange behavior. They're a couple, aren't they? I never thought that my sister would be interested in an old man like this. Shocking. But wait, what if... What if he's deceiving her? As Olivia may look sharp, but she's actually very innocent. If that was the case, I would beat him black and blue. But this was just my speculation. I can't hastily act without knowing the truth. So I decided not to let them know that I was there, and quietly entered the house through the back door to get the cookie bag. Later that day when I arrived home, my sister was back to her ice queen self. She was cooking in silence, so I told her grandma said hi, and she just grunted and carried on stirring her soup. Hmm, I needed to find out what was actually going on. The perfect opportunity arose a few weeks later, when mom and dad went away on a weekend trip. I told Olivia I was meeting some friends for a picnic, but this was a lie. I actually hid in my faithful hiding spot and watched. As expected, the old man showed up and Olivia let him inside. 
The door was ajar, so I tiptoed inside and heard them laughing in the living room. I peeked in, and to my astonishment, my sister was sitting on the couch wearing the weirdest outfit ever. It was those kinds of clothes that only catwalk models wear. And most of all, she had this heavy makeup on and looked like a totally different person. The strange man was sitting next to her. Both of them were looking at her phone and laughing happily. Oh gosh, now everything was clear. From her reserved nature to her seem-to-be-secret room, it was all so she could continue to hide this age-difference love story. I didn't know how to react now. I just kind of felt bad for her because she had to hide it. I mean, this was her home, and we were her family. We might not have been close, but she was my big sister, and I wanted her to be happy. If this love was real, then I fully supported her. And if this guy turned out to be bad, well, then I'd protect her to the end. My parents returned that evening, so I set up a family movie night. A great idea for family bonding, right? I chose a romantic movie in which the main actress is much younger than her boyfriend. In the middle of the movie, I turned to my parents and asked, Mom, Dad, if you were their parents, would you allow that relationship? They gave me confused looks. Then Dad immediately asked, Hey, Addie, don't tell us that you're in love with an old man, huh? This startled me, but before I could say anything, the doorbell rang. I was about to go open the door, just to avoid answering Dad's question, but Olivia was faster. Not long after that, she turned back and shouted at me. Addie, how dare you touch my phone? What's up, Liv? Who's at the door? Go ask your dear daughter Addison. She gave me a dirty look, then stormed up to her room. My parents immediately bombarded me with loads of questions. What's happening here? Who was the one ringing the bell? Why that manner of Olivia? Okay, the one who rang the bell was Olivia's boyfriend. So, earlier, when Olivia left her phone in the kitchen, I noticed that there was a message from a man named Henry Davis. I immediately searched for him on Facebook and found out that this was the same guy who'd been visiting her. So, I used her phone to text him, telling him to come around at 8pm. I thought it would be better if Olivia could make her relationship public with our parents. But, Hayes... It seems she didn't take it very well. Anyway, now I had no choice but to tell my parents everything. Their faces dropped, and without saying anything, they ran upstairs and banged on Olivia's door. But there was no reply. Instead, all of us heard a rattling sound from the back door, and Olivia had fled. Our parents' faces turned red, while I felt so guilty as I not only wasn't able to help her, but only worsened the situation. The next day, Olivia still hadn't returned. She also didn't show up for school, which caused my parents to freak out. Then I suddenly thought of Henry. Right, why didn't I think of asking him from the beginning? So I immediately contacted Henry and asked him to help find Olivia. That afternoon, when I just got home from school, I saw Henry driving off. There was a note stuck to the door saying Olivia was fine with an address below. And it also said if we come there at 9 a.m., we'll see Olivia. The next morning, we showed up earlier than scheduled. Huh? It was a studio. And just like Henry said, Olivia was there. She looked so glamorous, 
and was so busy prepping for a photo shoot that she didn't seem to notice us. Henry welcomed us and started explaining everything that made my parents, as well as me, speechless. Turns out, the truth was far from what I thought. He was not her boyfriend. Instead, he's her manager. He saw Olivia's potential and guided her to become a photo model and a TikToker. The flowers and gifts were from the brand she was working with. And the other day, she wore that outfit and makeup for a TikTok video. After the shoot was over, we walked over to her. But she took one look at us and ran away. I managed to catch up with her, then said, Sis, why didn't you just tell us the truth? We're your family. We'll always be on your side. On my side? Really? You have no idea what it's like to be an outsider. It doesn't matter how many competitions I win. I'm invisible, while you get praised for just getting an okay grade on a math test. I want to be a model, but they don't want that for me. They want me to be miserable. I'd rather leave that house to do what I love. I was dumbfounded, and so were mom and dad, who by this point had caught up with us and heard everything she'd just said. Dad hugged Olivia, then in an emotional voice said, Olivia, it's not that we forbid you from doing what you want. We were just worried for you. We just know that this industry can be complicated, and we don't want you to get hurt. That's right. And it's not true that we love Addie more than you. You just excel at everything, and we just didn't want Addie to feel insecure. We're really sorry, Olivia. We all love you. Oh, no, Mom. Don't worry. I never felt that way. Actually, I've always admired Olivia, and it made me sad when she ignored me. Olivia burst out crying, and our whole family hugged each other tightly. Sorry to interrupt, but you must have had some idea about Olivia being an internet star already, right? I mean, it's easy to tell from her social networks. I shyly said, I... I don't follow any of her accounts. I thought she just wanted me out of her way. Henry then patted my head and showed us Olivia's social media accounts. And wow, she had millions of views and followers. We all watched some of her TikTok videos together, and she totally rocked it. Seeing how much this meant to her, my parents came round to the idea of her being a model, and they even thanked Henry for helping her. Then Olivia came closer to me. Hey, Addie, I'm sorry for being so cold in the past. Turns out, you love me so much and will support me regardless. At least now, if I really fall in love with an old man, I don't have to worry, right? Then everyone laughed. Oh, even though my plan didn't, well, go exactly as intended, I still call it a success, because it all ended out great in the end. You thought it was all finished, huh? Nope, not yet. There's one more thing I want to show you guys. That night, for the first time, Olivia let me go inside her room. Wow, it was like a mini studio with expensive flashlights, a ring light, and a camera. And her clothes and makeup collection were super impressive. Oh, do you remember what I said at the beginning of the video about being an ordinary girl? Well, that hasn't changed. But now I can confidently say that there is one thing I do have, and that's an awesome big sister who loves me unconditionally. Finally, after an 11-hour flight, I arrived at LAX, 
Los Angeles International Airport. It's awesome. I can't wait to see my mom. You see, my dad's French and my mom's American. We used to all live together in France, but then they split up and mom moved back here. Of course, I've talked to her on FaceTime and stuff, but this will be the first time I've properly seen her in five years. I haven't visited before because mom's a super successful businesswoman and she works really hard. That meant she wouldn't have the time to provide me with the attention I needed. But now that I'm 16 and I can look after myself, I'm finally able to visit. So thanks to my dad and stepmom for my plane ticket birthday present, I'm now in sunny LA for a whole month. Not only do I get to spend time with mom, but I also get to chill out in her enormous villa. Ah, bliss. But first, let's get all my luggage, then find a taxi to my mom's. Yeah, unfortunately, she couldn't come to pick me up since she had some work to do. But no problem, I can handle this myself. Okay, maybe I spoke too soon. It's been half an hour and my luggage was nowhere to be seen. Then, this handsome guy approached me and said, Hey, looks like your luggage has gone AWOL. Do you need any help? Cute and helpful. Hmm, I could totally get used to US guys. I showed him my ticket, and turns out, I was waiting at the wrong carousel. Oops. After guiding me to the correct one, this guy, whose name I found out was Zach, even pulled my luggage down for me. But one of my cases got stuck and burst open, causing everything to tumble out. Girl, it's not your lucky day, is it? He burst out laughing. Oh well, at least it wasn't all bad. I mean, a cute guy had rescued me, right? He helped me pick up my things, then he offered to drive me to my mom's house. After some 30 minutes, he began to slow down. I looked out the window and, oh my god, this is the chicest villa ever. The pool, the tennis court, the palm trees. It was exactly like a movie star home. I was gawping at the villa when suddenly I heard a car engine sound. Startled, I turned around to see Zack zooming away. My suitcases! I yelled. Ugh, my laptop and iPad were in there too. Oh God, why is this happening to me? And on my very first day in the US? At least I still had my phone and passport with me. Phew. So I called my mom. Needless to say, I was a distraught mess when she arrived. Who'd have thought that such a kind-looking guy would turn out to be a thief? Anyways, my mom could buy me new clothes and things, and I could still have an amazing time in her villa, right? Mom led me to my room and told me to get some rest. After that disaster, I was dead exhausted, so I quickly fell asleep on the comfiest bed ever. When I awoke, it was dark outside. I realized I hadn't eaten anything since the flight, so I went downstairs and checked the fridge and cupboards. Huh? They were all empty. I was still digging around in the kitchen when my mom returned with some burgers. Sweetie, I only got back from my business trip yesterday, so I haven't had time to go to the grocery store. Let's just eat fast food today, okay? I didn't mind, as it was awesome to have dinner with my mom again after such a long time. I took a look around the room. There was barely any furniture here. My mom said that's minimalism, a trendy lifestyle in LA nowadays. Less is more. How cool is that? The next morning we went out, but what's with that old rusty car? Seeing my confused look, 
she quickly explained that this was only temporary as her car was being serviced. But then mom couldn't get the garage door to open. Turns out, normally she had her own chauffeur. But since I've traveled thousands of miles to visit her, she wanted to drive herself. Huh, how sweet. In the following days, my mom and I enjoyed ourselves in LA. Sunbathing by the pool, spa days, shopping. This is definitely the best vacation of my life. At least until... That morning, I was awoken by a loud quarrel. Looking down from the stairs, I saw Mum in the living room with a strange woman. She was pointing at the couch. Jeez, that's where I spilled soy sauce yesterday while eating sushi. Then Mum appeared and sounded flustered. She told me to quickly pack my things as we were leaving. Um, Mom, is there something wrong? Oh, nothing, sweetie. It's just that the couch is dirty, so let's just get someone in to clean the entire villa. Wow, Mom would deep clean the whole house just because of a soy sauce stain? How rich is she? So, where will we stay this time? A luxurious five-star hotel? Or a magnificent mansion in Beverly Hills? <sighs> but then the car came to a stop in front of some shabby apartment building. Huh? This couldn't be right. Mom told me this was her friend's spare apartment, so we would stay here a few days for convenience. Elena, it's probably best if you stay away from the people in this area. They don't have the same lifestyle as us. You know what I mean. Ugh. Yeah, this place was the opposite of the villa. Cramped room, hard bed, and the bathroom didn't even have a bathtub. Since moving here, Mom didn't take me out anymore. In the evenings, she dressed up all elegantly and went out to her fancy work meetings. On one such evening, I was sitting alone watching YouTube, munching on french fries for the fifth time this week, when there was a knock on the door. I opened it, and standing there was a scruffy guy, claiming to be Frankie, the landlord's son. I told him there must be a mistake, as we were only here for a few days. Then I went to close the door, but he blocked it with his foot. Miss Anita has rented this apartment for two years. What do you mean a few days? I just saw her take a cab at the front door. Don't lie to me. No, my mom is a successful businesswoman who has a villa in Brentwood Park. Then you must have mistaken your mom for someone else. In short, remind your businesswoman mom to pay the rent. Then he sneered and walked away. How dare he say that? And why did I keep on running into jerks? Ugh! When mom returned, I told her what had happened. I thought she'd find it funny or something, but nope. Instead, she got really mad. You shouldn't have opened the door to him. I told you not to socialize with the people here. Okay, hearing made-up lies about yourself like that must suck, but did she have to be so furious about it? The next morning, I was drinking tea on the balcony when suddenly... I saw a familiar face passing by down the street. My god, it was the jerk from the airport. Zack! That thief! I shouted, rushing down, but when I got there, he disappeared. I was still exasperated when a voice came from behind. What on earth are you doing screaming this early in the morning? I turned around to see Frankie leaning against the wall with his arms folded. None of your business, swindler. Huh? Swindler? What do you mean? Quit lying. I already told my mom all about you trying to con money out of me. Hmm. 
Is that so? So you think I'm the liar? Before I could answer that provoking question, I heard my mom's voice calling down from the balcony. Hey, rich girl, if you want a reality check, I suggest you come meet me tonight and we'll go follow your mom. Mom appeared and frowning, asked me why I was talking to Frankie. I blurted out something about asking for directions, then quickly entered the room and closed the door. Frankie was clearly a thieving, lying jerk, right? But then, why were his words lingering in my mind? I had noticed a few strange things, such as when we were at the villa, I asked Mom where the cutlery was, but she couldn't remember. But then in this apartment, she immediately got it. Plus, why was there a photo of her in the bedroom when this was her friend's place? That night, when Mum was getting ready to go out again, I spotted her necklace. Only, it was actually my necklace. The one that had been stolen along with the rest of my stuff. My dad got that necklace custom-made just for me, so it was a one-of-a-kind, but why did Mum have it? I complimented her on it and asked her where she'd got it from, Blushing, she excitedly told me that this rich man she'd just started dating had bought it for her. Then she said he was taking her for dinner tonight. I forced a smile, but my head was filled with questions. Who really was... Mom? I secretly followed my mom down the street. Suddenly, a hand patted my shoulder. Let's go. I turned around and it was Frankie. Without saying anything, I nodded and quickly got into his car and we followed Mum's taxi. Hold on. Isn't that the villa we stayed in before? After a while, a luxury car arrived, taking my mum to a nearby expensive restaurant. We peered through the glass wall. There she was. My mum was sitting there, smiling and talking with some man in a suit. Was she pretending to live in that villa to trick that man? Was my mum a gold digger? I couldn't watch any more of this, so I pulled on Frankie's arm. But weirdly, he seemed to be as shocked as I was. Um, wasn't this your idea? So why the pale face? He just shook his head and took me home. We waited in the apartment for Mum to return, and oh boy, it was tense. Around midnight, we heard the door open, and Mum walked in and looked at us in alarm. She started shooing Frankie out of there, but I interrupted her. Mum, I know everything. You've lived here for two years. You're poor. And you scam rich men. Sweetie, it's not like that. Please calm down and I'll explain everything to you. So, it turns out, after divorcing my dad, she was determined to go back to the U.S. and succeed at business. But she failed, and she was so embarrassed, she lied to me and dad. Then when she heard that I was coming to visit, she spent the little savings she had on renting a swanky villa for me. But when I accidentally spilled soy sauce on that expensive couch, she couldn't afford to fix it, so we were kicked out. As for the man I was with tonight, I ran into him while walking outside the villa. He's rich and nice. He likes me and I like him too. But what about that necklace? Mom, it's actually mine. It was in my stolen suitcase. My mom gave me a confused look. But before she could say anything, Frankie blurted out, That man's a fraud. Mom and I gaped at Frankie as he turned to me and said, I'm sorry, but I think you guys need to know the truth. Then Frankie told us how that man was none other 
than Zack's dad. After taking me back to the villa, Zack figured my mom was rich, so he persuaded his dad to come and flirt with her. But how did you dig up the dirt on these guys? Because I know Zack. When I saw Lana chasing him, I knew he'd stolen from her. But he's my friend. Great, so you've both been lying to me. Then I rushed into my room, locked the door, and burst into tears. The next morning, Mom knocked on my door, but I ignored her. Elena, I get that you're upset with me, but I've left a sandwich here, so please at least eat something. I'm really sorry. Just wanted to be the perfect mother for you. Her words caused me to sob all over again. But I can say, from the bottom of my heart, I feel sorry for her. After that, I opened the door and hugged her tightly, and then we both blubbered into each other's arms. I'm leaving L.A. today. With Mum. She's moving back to France with me, where she can start afresh. While I was dragging my suitcase to the taxi, Frankie appeared and apologized to me. I just shrugged and told him it didn't matter anymore. I mean, at least he came clean in the end and saved my mom from that swindler. Hey, rich girl, good luck. And, um, feel free to keep in touch. So, what now? Well, Mum is settling back into French life. She has a new job and a chic apartment. I go and stay with her each weekend, and it's good to finally spend time with the real her. As for Frankie, well, we send each other lots of Snapchats. So, okay, maybe I kinda like him. I'm planning to visit him in the summer. Hopefully my next trip to the U.S. won't be as crazy as my last one. <laughs> I was so nervous, like the most nervous I'd ever been in my life. I didn't even know it was possible for a press conference to get so crowded. Suddenly the flashes came at me from every direction. It was almost blinding, but the clicking didn't stop, as well as the sound of them calling my name. Hazel, look here! Here, over here, Hazel! Oh my gosh, why was this so chaotic? I started to panic, so I ran away, but I'd only taken a few steps before thump! Oh, these stupid high heels. Oh, hi. I didn't see you there. Well, let's be real. It's kind of hard to see anyone from this angle. Then from every direction, the reporters swarmed in like starving vultures trying to take pictures of me. I was still confused and didn't know what to do when... Gentlemen, please give her some space. Are you okay? Robert, my adoptive dad, came to help me up. Um, excuse us, this is her first time attending such a crowded event. If it's all right with you, we'll help her answer your questions. Phew, I'd finally escaped the chaos. Or so I thought. As soon as he got into the house, Robert shouted, Pamela! Which gave me the fright of my life. Didn't I tell you to teach Hazel some manners? How could you let her embarrass herself in front of the public like that? Pamela looked mortified, and kept bowing down and apologizing, but Robert was still furious. If this happens again, you better pack your bags and get out of here. I felt so guilty. It was all because of me that she had been shouted out like that. But I'd done my best. Clearly, it wasn't good enough, though. I tried to forget about it, but early the next morning, Pamela woke me up. She gave me a timetable and told me that from now on, I wouldn't need to go to school anymore 
and that a tutor would come to teach me at home instead. What? Why all of a sudden? I asked Pamela in shock. It was because of yesterday's incident. The mayor has decided that you need to spend more time learning the necessary etiquette. Are you serious? He can't just keep me locked up here. No way. Hazel? Listen, you should be grateful that you got adopted into this house. Keep in mind of everything Mr. Cornelius has done for you and obediently do as I say. Do you understand what I mean? Looking into Pamela's eyes, I knew I had no choice but to agree. <sighs> the day of the opening ceremony for the town hall had finally arrived, and I got to leave the house for the first time in a month. A whole month. Now was the moment of truth. In the eyes of the public, I had completely transformed into a proper, prestigious lady. When Robert started speaking at the ceremony, he announced a charity fundraiser for my orphanage in the hopes that children like me would be given a chance to live a better life. Hearing this speech, I could barely hold back my tears. I was sitting next to my adoptive mom, Eleanor, so I turned to give her a big hug. Suddenly, all eyes were on me, and it seemed I'd finally done something right. I smiled up at Robert, and we both had tears in our eyes. Maybe Pamela was right. I really was lucky to have been adopted by such kind people. But as soon as we got home, things changed. My parents got all quiet and went off to their room, leaving me alone. Where was my praise? I'd done so well, hadn't I? Why weren't they happy? The following days, they still asked me to join them for their events, so I guess I must have done a good job. And while the media and public were around... They were all touchy-feely and affectionate towards me, constantly praising me. We must have looked like the perfect family. But the minute we got home, they'd ignore me, and if they wanted to tell me something, they'd get Pamela to speak to me. It was so flipping weird. I actually started to feel quite lonely and depressed. And even though I was living in the lap of luxury, I missed the orphanage. One day Pamela's daughter, aka the only friend I had in this enormous mansion, Paisley saw how upset I was and asked, Hey, so why do you agree to move into this house? You're clearly unhappy here. Paisley got me. She was the same age as me, so we were on the same wavelength. I was nervous to tell her how I felt, but I knew she would understand, so I told her everything. The thing is, I actually have a sister. She's only eight, and she's called Amber. That's why I was missing the orphanage. She was still there. She's got congenital heart disease, so after our parents passed away, the orphanage couldn't afford her hospital bills. When the mayor's family decided to adopt me, I refused because I didn't want to leave Amber alone. But then Robert offered to pay for her medical treatments if I agreed. And well, the rest is history. You see, I can't just leave. If I did, what would happen to Amber? Oh, Hazel, I didn't know. I'm so sorry. But I need to be honest with you. One time I overheard Robert and Eleanor saying that you were the perfect girl to play this role. Huh? What role? That meant... Were they using me for something? It didn't make any sense, but those words kept lingering on my mind until... One time, Eleanor asked me to join her at a charity event, which she said was going to be broadcast on TV. Our job was to prepare homemade food and give it out to the homeless. I was so excited, but when I walked into our kitchen, I discovered the chefs had already cooked everything before the filming crew arrived. I was so disappointed and asked Eleanor about it. She just laughed and said... Oh, no. Sweetie, our job is just to look pretty and graceful in front of the camera. Then before distributing the food, she gave me a pair of gloves and said, Don't touch any of their hands, okay? They are filthy. Oh my gosh, how could she say such things? Oh, then it hit me. I understood what Paisley had said now. 
The affection and kindness that the Corneliuses were showing me was actually just for show, all to win over the audience, a.k.a. the public, while this was their very true face. I had to do something about this. I couldn't let them keep on deceiving the public like this. So when Eleanor went to the bathroom and took off her gloves, I quickly grabbed them and threw them in the trash. When we went back out, a homeless man approached her to express his gratitude and asked for a handshake. Of course, she tried to refuse, but at that moment, the camera turned to her, so she had no choice but to give in. And you know what? The man didn't just shake her hand. He even pulled Eleanor in for a big hug. I couldn't hold back my laughter at how flustered she looked. Served her right. Afterward, Eleanor grabbed my arm and dragged me to a quiet corner. Then she said, It was you who did this, wasn't it? I pretended to have no idea what she was talking about, and this just infuriated her even more. Then later that evening when we got home, Robert was already waiting and shouted at me. What do you think you're playing at? I was confused, but then Eleanor added, Don't you ever mess with me like that again. Now listen closely. Don't you miss your little sis? Aren't you curious if she's doing okay or not? That's right. You better have behaved yourself from now on, young lady. I was so shaken by what they'd said. I didn't even want to leave my room. What if something happened to my sister? Then suddenly, Paisley climbed through my window into my room. As soon as I saw her, I burst into tears. Paisley, please help me with this. I need you to go to my orphanage and check on Amber and see if she's okay. A few hours later, Paisley came back panting. Your sister? She's not doing good. What? But... Hadn't she been receiving money for her monthly treatments? Paisley shook her head. The nuns there said they hadn't received a penny since you left. Now Amber is barely surviving. Paisley's words broke my heart. Those two had been fooling me all this time, and now my sister's life was hanging on by a thread. I had to get to the bottom of this. I walked past Robert's office, and that's when I overheard someone talking. Curious, I peeked in and saw a group of middle-aged men sitting around a table. One of them spoke up. Hey, Robert, the election day is coming. Is that little girl still doing a decent job? Oh, don't worry about her. She's just a silly little kid. She believes anything I tell her, especially about her sick sister. Robert smirked. How dare he speak about my sister like that? I had to do something. I couldn't let this vicious man keep on fooling everyone like he'd done to me. So I took out my phone and started filming. Speaking of which... How much charity money have we got so far? One hundred thousand dollars, Robert said, and the room was filled with praise. Gentlemen, by the time of the closing party for the charity this weekend, we should have almost five hundred thousand dollars for the election campaign. As soon as I win, your business will continue to be tax reduced for the next four years. I had to cover my mouth to stop myself from gasping. So this whole time, he'd been exploiting me and the orphanage for his corruption? Gosh, I was such an idiot to fall right into his trap. Suddenly, my phone buzzed. Who's there? Robert shouted and rushed to the door. Oh no. Panicked, I ran, but not far enough before I tripped and the phone flew out of my hand. Robert and his men caught up with me, picked up my phone, and deleted all my evidence. They even took the phone away from me. He turned to me and said, I've already warned you, have I not? You're a liar, I yelled. You haven't paid a penny to my sister, Robert growled. Who told you that? But all he had for an answer was my silence and fuming look. 
Furious, he dragged me back to my room. Maid, bring me the keys to her room. And then he locked me up inside until the day of the closing party of the charity rolled around, where they'd be announcing the amount of money they'd collected. That day, all the staff were out of the mansion. Suddenly, I heard the door being unlocked. Panicked, I hid behind the closet. Hazel, where are you? Oh, it was just Paisley. Ah. She found a way to sneak me out of the mansion and told me to run straight back to the orphanage. But no, first I had to expose that sly old fox, Robert. Luckily, when I got to the event, Robert was giving his speech. I immediately ran up to the stage, snatched the mic, and told everyone about his evil plan. But I was no match for him. Before I could finish, security was dragging me off the stage, and Robert had already taken control of the situation. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm so sorry for my daughter's behavior. She's... The reason why we decided to adopt her was that she's mentally ill. Since she came to our home, she has become better, but as you can see, there's been a bit of a relapse. What a snake! This jerk would stop at nothing to get what he wanted. Just then, the big screen on stage suddenly showed the video I'd taken, revealing all the schemes of Robert and his accomplices. Now he was well and truly exposed. I watched as he stammered. No, this can't be happening. Right at that moment, the police rushed in to arrest Robert and his accomplices in the stands. You might be wondering how we pulled that off. Well, as I was running through the hallway, I managed to send the video to Paisley. As soon as she received it, she came to find me and saw everything that had happened. So she secretly ran to her mom for help. Pamela then made a plan. While Paisley freed me from the mansion, Pamela set to work on projecting the video on the big screen. Genius, right? A month later, Robert and his accomplices were arrested for embezzlement. And, of course, he got locked up for a long, long time. Both him and Eleanor received such massive backlash from the public, to the point that she had to stay hidden away too. The charity money, luckily, was brought back to the orphanage, and part of it was used to take care of my sister Amber. She's doing much better now. Oh, and Paisley and I are still best of friends. Pamela has found a way better job. And as for me, I went back to stay at the orphanage until I'm old enough to move out. I'm better off being on my own with my sister than being adopted by some messed up family again. Too much studying and not enough sleep was making me feel like a zombie. Chocolate would help, right? So I drowsily walked downstairs. Huh? Why was my whole family there with their suitcases? Um, are you guys going somewhere? Yes, Colorado for a ski trip. <gasps> That's awesome! You're the best, Daddy! Not you, Helen. You have studying to do. And this is a special award for Christine for winning her scholarship. What? So you're just going to leave me out because of some meaningless grades? This is so unfair. Ugh, whatever. I don't even need them to go with me. Shh, come here. And I'm going to let you in on a secret. I can go to the ski resort by myself and have way more fun. But how, you ask? It's called lucid dreaming. I first heard about it through the biggest buzz movie, Inception, and realized that I've had experienced the same things before. Since then, I've become an expert at this. So before I go to bed, 
I just have to write a script saying where I want to go, with whom, what I want to do, and three, two, one. I'm asleep and living my best life. In fact, I could say that those beautiful self-designed dreams are like meditation to me. Because, to be honest, my real life is tedious. No matter how hard I tried, I was no match for my younger half-sister, Christine. In my dad and grandma's eyes, a child of a doctor in physics, as well as a grandchild of a history professor, should automatically be a walking encyclopedia or something. But unfortunately, I didn't excel at the academic side of life. They treat Christine like this precious gemstone, and me like some boring old rock. Every week usually entails her getting excellent grades or winning some reward, and all of my family lavishing her with gifts and praise, while I'm treated like an outsider in my own family. Ugh! Just thinking about it makes me want to scream. So, they want me to stay home and concentrate on tomorrow's test, huh? Nah, you wish. So, instead, I grabbed my pen and started writing tonight's awesome dream script. Let's see. That's right. The obnoxious Roger dared to heartlessly throw the candy I gave him in the trash, even though he'd been flirting with me. What a jerk. I will definitely retaliate against him tonight. Lying in bed, I closed my eyes and repeated this sentence. I'm going to kick him out of my life. And you won't believe it. In the dream, he kept chasing me like crazy, but I totally blanked him. (laughs) Helen, wake up. Time's running out. My best friend Gabby kicked my chair and I jolted awake. Oh no, there were only five minutes left. I frantically ticked on the paper and hurriedly submitted it to the monitor. Hey, did you not get any sleep or something? Well, I stayed up late writing the script for my dream. It was worth it as I got payback on Roger. What if you get a bad grade? Never mind. I'll be fine when I come home tonight with an A-plus dream. (laughs) But things turned out not to be as simple as I thought. That afternoon when I arrived home, I was about to sneak up to my bedroom to write my next amazing script when someone grabbed my bag strap and pulled me back. It was Grandma and Dad, and both of them seemed to be mad. How long are you going to live like this? Education is important to this family, yet you don't seem to care. Do you realize this week alone your teacher has contacted me three times? But Dad, I really don't like those boring subjects. I only like no more drawing or writing your silly stories. You need to focus on your studies, else you'll end up a useless person like... She suddenly stopped, which made me curious. Like who? But neither she nor my dad said anything. They just quietly walked away, leaving me alone. Honestly, I never wanted to disappoint them that much. So this time I was going to try my best to not let them down. Dad! Grandma! Look, look! I got a B plus in my math test. No one cared what I said. My stepmom cuddled Christine and looked at her with sparkling eyes. My wonderful daughter, I know the top student award is just a piece of cake to you, unlike someone else. Then she turned to me and tutted, Helen, please, you're making a show of yourself. That's embarrassing. My face fell and I forced back tears. But I tried so hard to get this grade. A B-plus is nothing to be proud of. I chucked my exam paper in the trash, then stormed up to my room. It didn't matter what I did or how hard I tried, this household would always treat me like a loser. Dream on, Helen. Go back to your happy place. In front of me was the crimson sunset sky. 
I'd been scripting this moment for so long, lounging lazily on the beach without anyone complaining. But suddenly the sky darkened, and the inky clouds seemed intent on swallowing me. Huh? What was going on? This wasn't a part of the script. Terrified, I ran into a forest, but it was so dark and spooky here, and I tripped over a branch and fell. Ouch! As I rubbed my ankle and started crying my eyes out, suddenly a strange woman appeared. She took me into a wooden house at the end of the forest and gently helped bandage me up. This woman, well, she didn't scare me at all. Instead, I felt warm around her. Curious, I tried to take a closer look at her face, but then I suddenly woke up and realized tears were rolling down my cheeks. What a strange dream. I immediately drew all the things I'd seen. That forest, that house, but strangely, I couldn't remember that woman's face. Why are you drawing all this nonsense? My dad snatched the sketch from my hand and looked at it frowning. It appeared in my dream and... Get rid of them all. From now on, if I see you wasting your time on these stupid drawings again, there will be consequences. This was too much. I couldn't live without drawing. It was the only thing keeping me sane. I had to get out of here. Live my way. Forget them and their stupid standards. I would create my own world. I planted myself in Gabby's room, and this is where I've been for almost a week. Luckily, Gabby's parents are totally chill with me staying. As for my family, they haven't messaged me once. And yes, dreams do go on. But now I dreaded going to sleep as my lucid dreams were still all messed up. Sometimes beautiful, sometimes bad. And for the most part, it did not turn out the way I wanted it to anymore. Until one day, that creepy forest appeared again. No matter how much I screamed to wake myself up, I still couldn't get out of that nightmare. Panicked, I kept running and running in the hope of finding a safe place till... I saw that woman, and once again she reached out her hand to help me. This time I wouldn't miss my chance. I looked carefully at her face, remembering every detail, and as soon as I woke up, I drew her. Wow, I didn't know you watched this kind of show. <laughs> Gabby giggled. What show? Look, she's a celebrity. She hosts some TV show that my mom watches sometimes. So, that woman is a real person? If so, I have to find her. I didn't really know what was going on, only that there was something tying me to this woman and I needed to figure this out. Luckily, Gabby has an uncle who works at the studio and he gave us special passes to meet this host in the flesh. When the cameras stopped filming, she turned and saw me and her eyes widened in alarm. Helen? Helen, is it really you? Then she rushed over and hugged me. Huh? What did she just say? We didn't know each other and... The weird thing is, this hug didn't feel strange at all. Instead, I felt the same warmth as when she'd taken care of me in my dream. As she loosened her embrace on me and gave me this beaming smile, I said, Um, and you are? Darling, it's me, your mother. That's when I realized something. Of course she was my mom! Look! We had the same eyes! Needless to say, this was a huge shock— we hugged each other for a long time in tears. Then mom took me backstage, got me a glass of water, then she told me everything. So after I was born, mom once got caught up in a cheating scandal. Dad was angry about the damage this would do to his career, so he kicked her out of the house and wouldn't let her see me. A long time later, she found out that grandma was behind everything, just because she didn't approve of this marriage, so she came up with that plan. But why didn't you ever try to find me when you've 
always been living this close. Oh, no, sweetie. I've always kept an eye on you. One time, years ago, I saw you playing in the park. You had your hair and pigtails and... Uh, I tried to approach you, but your dad threatened me. He is a very powerful man who's actually capable of destroying my life. And I didn't think it was fair to drag you through all of that. But things have changed now. I'll never leave you alone, ever again. I strolled into the house like normal, and everyone stopped what they were doing and glared at me with disgust. Oh, you're back. If you're not prepared to study properly, then don't bother staying. I took a deep breath, then said, You can't treat me like this anymore. I try my best, and it's not fair that you punish me for just being me. So I'm leaving, and I'm never coming back. Where will you go? That's when mom walked in. Oh God, you should have seen the looks on their faces. Grandma actually looked like she'd swallowed a swarm of wasps. I stood by and let you manipulate and control me. Well, no more. I'm taking my daughter and we're going to have the life we both deserve. Then, ignoring their angry words, she grabbed my arm and led me out of there. So that's the moment when I left home and moved in with my mom. Now I draw as much as I want. In fact, mom's letting me create a mural on the living room wall. It's going to be epic when it's finished. Oh, and about the lucid dreams, I don't write scripts anymore. Instead, I realize that I'm better off focusing on my reality and making myself the best version of myself I can be. After all, as great as a dream world can be, it's nowhere near as good as experiencing life firsthand. Hey, I'm Connor, and I'm currently taking a well-deserved break from studying to hang out with my friends. I go to college at the Georgia Institute of Tech, and I'm sure to be a top-notch architect one day soon. Now I just have one thing to deal with, then I can properly enjoy my night off. Oh, here she is. Connor, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to hurt you, but sorry. We should stop seeing each other. Ah, well, every ending is a new beginning. <laughs> Cheers. I was the master of getting girlfriends I'm tired of to break up with me. It was great. As this way, no one could ever accuse me of being a bad boy. <sighs> what to do now? I reluctantly had to find a new challenge then. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to turn this in. Um, that's okay. Just trying to find one more paper. Uh, um, what's your name? <laughs> I'm Connor. Hi. Hmm, her sparkling eyes, her shiny hair, her soft hands. But ugh, why was suddenly some nerd dragging me away from the hot girl and into a corner? Before I could ask him what was going on, he started waving a photo of this girl in my face. So it turns out this dude is called Patrick, and the girl in the photo is Paige, his girlfriend. Their parents are both influential sorts and organize their whole engagement. Sounds great, right? I mean, she's pretty cute. But no, he wanted me to find a way to make Paige break up with them. I've heard a lot about you. I, I need your help. I can't do this myself. <laughs> huh? Sure, I get it. A real man will never be the one to break up first. I might be able to help, but first, let's see what kind of person she is. The conversation started to become super serious. From the sound of it, this page girl was a genuine, good-natured girl with a vulnerable side. So this needed to be handled with extra care, so that there wouldn't be any awkward family provocations for my clients. 
Hmm, perhaps... Nah, this way wouldn't work. Neither would that way. I was about to give up when suddenly Patrick stacked a pack of money, approximately a thousand dollars on the table. Help me, then it's all yours. Whoa, that was a lot of money to me. It would get me the magnificent PS5 of my dreams. <sighs> Besides, with my charm and handsome looks, I could make Paige fall in love with me and leave Patrick in no time. Genius! My debut had to be spectacular, so I looked online and hired some people pretending to be thugs to block Paige's path. Then I'd waltz in and rescue her. The plan was all set, so I leisurely walked to the rendezvous spot, but... Oh, no! Who knew those guys were real thugs? They threatened us. Asked us to hand over all our belongings, then forced us to go to some abandoned warehouse. Oh my god, the $1,000 was so not worth losing my life for. Yes, I was somewhat afraid, but my flirtatious instinct kicked in, and I turned to Paige and started talking to her. Oh man, she's super sweet. And I noticed that when she talks about something that interests her, she crinkles her nose. She's so cute, but most of all, she's really smart. Why, you ask? Because just an hour later, the cops showed up and arrested the thugs. Turns out, before Paige handed over her belongings, she quickly texted the thug's license plate to a friend and asked her to call the cops. Phew! And, luckily for me, thanks to this destiny meeting, I got a little more information about her and learned that Paige was planning to learn Spanish to major in tourism there. But there's one more important thing. That is, I think, I have a crush on her. She's not like any other girl I've met before. I want to win her heart, truly, not just because of the plan. It will be the best of both worlds. Patrick gets to be free of Paige, as requested, but she won't end up a lovelorn girl because she'll have a new handsome boyfriend by her side. Yep, that'll be me. <laughs> there was just one problem. In all the commotion of the day, I'd forgotten to ask Paige for her number. Oops. I had asked Patrick for it and then texted her, but sadly didn't receive a response. Hmm. I needed to be smart about this. So I decided to pretend to be a Spanish tutor. Yeah, I can't speak Spanish, but with my charm, that's no big deal, right? I created a flashy profile and told Patrick to pretend to surf and accidentally find me. Then show Paige. And so, ding! Hola, yo soy Professor Connor. But wait, sheesh! If only I'd studied Spanish harder in high school. And now the extent of my Spanish were just a few words I'd picked up from binge-watching Money Heist. So I just copied down Spanish lessons off YouTube and taught these to Paige. I don't know if it's because of my teaching skills or my charisma, but Paige seemed to think I was legit. <laughs> However, my flirting tricks weren't going so well. I knew she liked me. I mean, who wouldn't like me? Besides, she gave me these cute looks and laughed at my jokes. Our chemistry was undeniable. So when I reached over and placed my hand on top of hers, I felt sparks fly. But then she gave me this awkward look and moved her hand away. She liked me, right? So why was she acting like this? I never failed at flirting. Feeling frustrated, I was trudging my way up the street when, huh? Was that Patrick happily holding hands with a girl? I recognized the long hair. It was Paige. Ugh, why can't she drop her lousy boyfriend already? And why won't she date me instead? I was about to leave, but the more I thought about it, the more resentful I became. So I bribed a little boy to run up to Paige and say, Why aren't you with Connor, you cheater? Mean, huh? But haha, <laughs> Patrick would be pleased as he now had a legitimate excuse to break up with her anyway. But when the girl turned around, I realized that she wasn't Paige. The poor girl looked completely dumbfounded. Patrick started yelling at her and pulling on her arm so hard she almost fell over. Huh? Where's the nerd Patrick? And that wasn't cool at all. Then he raised his hand to hit her, but I zoomed in front of him. 
Stop! No reason to hit a woman, bro. Patrick immediately grabbed my collar. You dare play tricks with my Becky, huh? Seeing that, the shocked girl quickly ran away. No, no, I thought it was Paige, so I hired the boy just to give you an excuse to break up with her. Calm down, bro. Patrick reassessed the situation, then he cleared his throat and said, Oh, well, uh, I was bored of Becky anyway, thanks. I was still shocked by this jerky side of Patrick when he immediately said, uh, By the way, you can stop the plan with Paige. I decided I like her now. Lately, she's been so full of life and less clingy. He told me he would still pay me, then he hopped into a taxi. Ugh, that's the version of Paige when she's with me. I gave her that zest of life, you jerk. Whatever. From this day forth, he was no longer my client, and I didn't want his stupid money. <sighs> it was time I told Paige what Patrick was really like, so I arranged to meet her in a cafe and told her everything. But when she got over the initial shock, she snapped at me. I know this is all part of your twisted fabrication. I mean, you lied about speaking Spanish, and now you're just making up stories to break Patrick and me up. Then she threw my textbook back at me and stormed off. Oh man, that Patrick is such a slimeball. But I couldn't blame her for believing him over me. I'd seen firsthand how much of a wolf in sheep's clothing he was. I tried to find proof to show Paige, but that jerk sure covered his tracks. His whole nerdy bookworm facade was flawless. And he was still this sluggish nerd, wobbly clutching the bus handle to go to school every day. Ugh, what a con man. Just you wait, Patrick. It's time the world saw your true face. With such determination, I continued to spy on him around town. Then one time, like every other day, I was on duty when a group stopped me, accompanied by Patrick pointing at me. Here's our sandbag! Uh-oh, looks like I was busted. The whole group gathered around me, fists ready. Yeah, I was pretty terrified. There's no way I could fight off a group this size. I raised my fists and prepared for pain, but then someone shouted, Stop! It was Paige. Suddenly, Patrick immediately changed his attitude and ordered the group to leave. He told Paige that I stole his stuff and his friends were helping him get it back. What? The swine! Connor isn't a thief, I know it for sure. There must be some misunderstanding. Please don't accuse him like that. Patrick's face changed. He grabbed Paige's hand and pulled her away, saying, We're getting engaged at the end of this month. Say no more. Okay, so I may have gate-crashed their engagement party, but I did hide at the back while the speeches were going on. Then to my surprise, as Patrick was talking, they both spotted me. Then Paige turned to him and shook her head. It hurt to see her like this. Perhaps she changed her mind. What do you mean? Is this because of Connor? Paige kept quiet, while Patrick's parents were furious. How dare you cheat on my son? Who do you think you are? Paige, why is this happening? Really, Paige, say something. Feeling the pressure and injustice of it all, poor Paige looked distraught as she desperately tried to hold back her tears. I really couldn't stand seeing her like that, so I jumped out of the crowd to come to her defense. Everyone calm down. Paige is the sweetest, most amazing girl, and she deserves better than this jerk. Don't listen to him. He's a thief and a fiancé stealer. I was done listening to this guy's slander. So I threw a punch straight at his smug face. Yeah, the engagement party had sure turned chaotic. I looked at the wreckage in front of me. The consequences that I had caused. Okay, so maybe coming here wasn't my best idea. Actually, this was all my fault for ever agreeing to help Patrick in the first place. Or I shouldn't have been a jerk in the first place. Feeling deflated, I arrived home and saw that I'd received a message from Paige. My heart thudded as I opened it. Thank you for everything and try to practice your Spanish as it's even worse than mine. Goodbye. And that was the last text she sent me. 
After that, I spent a month trying to contact her, but received no reply. So finally, I plucked up my courage to go to Paige's house, and was told that she'd left for Spain earlier than scheduled. Perhaps the shock was so huge that Paige wanted to leave this place as soon as possible. It was all my fault. I was the biggest jerk in this story, and now I'd lost the girl. Alas, vengeance is bliss. So I walked inside, went straight to Patrick's table where he was wasted in the arms of a bunch of girls, took a picture, and sent it to his family. What is done by night appears by day, my friends. A few days later, I heard that after being exposed, Patrick's parents had confiscated all of his bank cards. Even his current girlfriend dumped him. Ha! So that sealed the final breakup deal for my special guest. And now, guess where I'm at? Looking for the girl of my life, duh. And this time, I'm going to make sure I don't screw it up. So, here I am, practicing this tricky pose. I must not fall over. Rosie, straighten your back. Hang in there. You've got this. That's Bradley, my yoga instructor. Can you see that? There are more than a dozen people in this class, yet he only seems to encourage me. Did this mean he liked me? I didn't need to look in a mirror to know my cheeks were lobster red right now. I'm Rosie, by the way, 18 years old. I'm still single. Not to brag, but I know I'm kind of pretty, friendly, and fun to be around. So it's easy to tell that many guys are into me. But why do none of them ever dare to confess their feelings to me? Hmm, what were they so afraid of? Take Bradley, for instance. He clearly liked me, but was too shy to admit it. It was so obvious, as he kept deterring past my mat just so he could check out my position. Even my best friend Joseph noticed that, as every time Bradley approached, Joseph would have this cheeky smirk on and send me signals with his eyes. I already told him not to do that. After class, Joseph kept teasing me about it. He told me Bradley definitely had feelings for me, and just needed one more push for leverage. Although I reluctantly told him to stop, he insisted on being the wingman by texting Bradley about me. Bradley, why don't you ask Rosie out? You two look really cute together. Come on, you know that wouldn't work. Huh? (laughs) Why not? Because, Joseph, it's you I'm crazy about. I was not okay. What was the problem with all the men around me? Why didn't they like me? I couldn't go on like this. I must have a boyfriend. And I was dead serious about it. So after researching online, I found a dating coach to save me from my tragic single situation. So Martin, my coach, is super handsome, has a six-pack, and his business is a big hit. He's helped hundreds of sad single people find love. Flashy enough to trust, isn't it? Still, I was quite nervous when I met him. You know, the feeling that a therapist would judge you before treating you. But actually, he was reassuring, very open, and didn't ask too many questions. Let's just be open about this, all right? Manipulating someone into dating you is not the foundation to a healthy relationship. But don't worry, as I have the secret. Day one. And according to Martin, I needed to learn how to approach new people. I'm pretty shy, so taking the initiative was hard for me. But Martin taught me a trick. When I see a cute guy, I need to approach him within three seconds. This way my brain wouldn't have time to think, analyze, then talk myself out of it, and end up missing my chance. Okay, a hot guy was there staring at his phone. I must not overthink. One, two, three, go. Hi! Hi? 
Um, so I just saw you and I think you're really hot. I'm here to say hi. Thanks for thinking my boyfriend's hot, but he's taken. I panicked, then rushed back to Martin and spluttered out, I, I, I can't. Hey, that was a success. You're just training your mind and body to take action. Go ahead. No way. Should we move to the next step? And this was the next step. I just needed to start a conversation in this place where everyone was in a mood to have a chat. It's simple, Rosie. Put yourself in a talkative mood. Go over to them and give them a compliment. But make sure it's genuine, else it won't count, okay? Got it. I spotted a man sitting alone, so I walked over to him. Hey, I like your... ring. O-M-G. Was that a wedding ring? <laughs> don't, don't worry. I'm single. And is it that hard to think of something to compliment me on? <laughs> and, um, you are smarter than you look. And yep, he left. Oh, what kind of compliment was that? Martin sat in a corner and watched me go from guy to guy and stutter out a string of terrible compliments. You did great, Rosie. Don't be discouraged. Now, when you actually see someone you like, you'll be more natural. Martin said that body language is a crucial part of keeping the conversation going. So, the plan was to practice this at Joseph's birthday party. This time Martin couldn't be there in person, but we still stayed in touch via my Bluetooth earphone so he could guide me. The mission today was to initiate physical contact with someone and make them feel close to me. Anyone who knows me knows that I am not good with these things. So I kept giving them this weird slap on the back. Hey, I heard an ouch. Are you hitting them? I said just a light tap. I don't think I can do this. I'm too shy. And now guys are giving me weird looks. Martin said this time I should make the boys take the initiative, and then things would come more naturally. Okay. I'll give it one last try. This boy I like, Nathan, is over by the pool, but he's in a group. Nothing to worry about. You'll make him come to you. Now listen and follow. I walked over to the bar and made sure I was in Nathan's eyesight, sat as naturally as possible, made eye contact with him, and smiled. Oh, Martin, this is stupid. He doesn't even know me. Just wait. OMG. He's waving at me. Should I come now? No, no, no. Wave him over. Okay. You should take responsibility for this, Martin. I waved Nathan over. Then, to my surprise, he got up and started walking toward me. OMG, help! What should I do? Give a no-tooth smile. Then say, I just want to say hi. What? That was all? But he was coming closer and I had no choice. I just want to say hi. And I want to have your phone number, cutie. I couldn't believe it. That was a real success. We texted the whole night. We got on so well. He was clearly flirting with me. This is crazy. But then two weeks passed by and I didn't hear from him at all. I kept on looking at my phone expecting Nathan to call, but he never did. So I immediately rang my coach for help. Ready for the bad news? So that means he doesn't like you. A busy man like Napoleon could still write thousands of romantic love letters to his Josephine. If he was into you, he'd always find a way. And I also think he doesn't seem like a good type to date. What? Nathan is such a sweet guy. Maybe he's just super busy? But then Christmas came, and I couldn't wait any longer. I mustered up the courage to ask Nathan out. But guess what? 
He invited me to his house to enjoy Christmas with his family instead. Oh, wow. He wanted to introduce me to his family. This was massive. It meant he really took our relationship seriously, didn't he? But when we got to Nathan's place, to my surprise, it was just a small apartment and definitely not big enough for a whole family. Seeing my confused look, Nathan said his family must have changed their plans and went out, which was for the better as the two of us would have more time together. Suddenly, I saw a shadow of a girl in a red dress in his bedroom. Then Nathan immediately pulled me away and said, Uh, um, that's my maid. How annoying. So, do you want to go to the hotel so we can have more time alone? Really? Did he think I was born yesterday? I refused immediately, and Nathan began to change his attitude. <laughs> okay, but I can't drive you home. I have something urgent. But don't worry, I'll take you to the nearby bus stop. I have never felt so stupid. Martin was right. Nathan wasn't serious about me. He just wanted to use me. But what went wrong? I did everything I could, but I kept failing again and again. No one liked me. I called Martin in tears, and he ended up driving there to pick me up right on Christmas Eve. I felt like the most tragic person ever. Martin was so patient. He turned the radio on so loud and didn't say anything until I finished crying and calmed down. Misread the signals again, huh? How could I have known? Well, I'm not saying this to make money off you, but looking at the current situation, I think you need to hire me for longer than you think. My love life may have sucked, but at least I had Martin. Here's my hope. He was the best coach ever, as he didn't mind answering my questions, and he always picked up the phone whether it was office hours or midnight. Then one night I was out with my friends. I drank a few too many wines and phoned Martin up and slurred out a load of drunken nonsense. He immediately came to pick me up and drove me home, saying that he needed to make sure I got home safely. He was such a sweet guy. I felt something, but then reassured myself that he was just being nice. But Joseph insisted that Martin was only acting this way because he liked me. Seeing everything he did, and you still have to wonder about his feelings? Dummy. Believe me, I'm not wrong this time. Mr. Sixpack is crazy about you. Congrats. Hmm. Thinking about it, it did make sense. So I started stalking my coach on social media and daydreaming about him. Then, taking Martin's own advice that I needed to make my feelings known. So, on Valentine's night, I, myself, made this box of chocolates and took them round to his. I took a deep breath, then rang the doorbell. But then, standing at the door was him holding hands with another girl. I awkwardly said, Don't, don't you like me? I mean, you taught me that when a guy likes a girl... He'll always be there for her. You picked me up in the middle of the night, and you always listened and comforted me when I was sad. You even brought me hot tea when my Aunt Flo came to visit. Doesn't everything match up? R Rosie, I was just being nice. Sorry, but you've confused the signs. Again. I was totally dumbfounded. I couldn't face the thought of seeing Martin ever again, so I blocked him from my life. Ugh. In the following days... I was under a variety of emotional states, from extreme stress, heartbreak, embarrassment, then disappointment because of my extra delusion. I struggled with insomnia almost every night and tried to bury my feelings by binge-eating junk food. Just two weeks later, I looked at myself in the mirror 
There were dark circles under my eyes, my skin was dry and flaky, and I felt bloated and sluggish most of the time. Seeing myself like that reminded me of something Martin had said. How can you expect someone else to love you if you don't love yourself? I knew I needed to change, so I started eating more healthily, working out, and finding me time. And you know what? It worked. Now I can finally say that I see my own worth, and I'll never allow a man to treat me badly ever again. And if that means I stay single for a while, then that's the way it'll be. I guess I kinda owe Martin a lot. I mean, he did teach me loads. And now, even though I'm still single, I'm enjoying it. There are way more important things than having a boyfriend, right? But wait, was this barista winking at me? OMG, there's a post-it with his number on my coffee cup. What should I do? Hey, dating a coffee guy is risky business. Why, coach? Imagine one day your relationship turns bad and you desire a cup of coffee to ease your heart out, but you also have to see him here. Awkward, huh? Indeed a pro. But so why are you making this awkward convo? Rosie, I may be a love coach, but even I get it wrong sometimes. When it comes to my heart, all theories are nonsense. Please, you show me how to love naturally. Um, well, as you can see, I'm dating my dating coach. But now, our love doesn't apply to any cliches. Instead, we just do us, and we're both happier than ever. If you're in a dating slump, then don't worry. Just let love happen when it happens, and follow your heart. Hi, I'm Addison, but all my friends call me Addie. I'm just an ordinary girl who doesn't have any particular talents, but there is one thing I do have. That is, oh, why don't we just watch the video to see what it is? This is my older sister, Olivia. She's beautiful, isn't she? She's also an amazing singer and has a talent for art. She can pretty much draw anything. I mean, I don't know how my parents could have such a perfect daughter like her, then have me. But I'm fine with that. Olivia was all about winning trophies and medals. Well, I was happy with the ice cream and ton of snacks my parents gave me for getting a B on my math exam. Hey, Addie, my baby. Guess who's got some new trendy clothes? Oh, Mom. Dad. I don't like these things. Why are you buying so much? It's such a waste of money. However, Mom's desperate look made me cave. So I reluctantly grabbed a random item and went to try it on. Oh, it's a crop top. I stared at myself in the mirror. Okay, so my parents' dumbfounded expressions made their feelings pretty clear. I looked ridiculous. See, I told you already. I'm way too short to wear tops like this. Right at that moment, Olivia walked by. I immediately ran over to her. I think you should have this top. It'll bring out your nice figure. You'll look so cute in it. Mom shook her head. No, if Olivia wears this, everyone will see her navel. Um, isn't that the point of crop tops? Then Dad chimed in. Anyway, Liv, where are you off to in such a hurry? It's not that nonsense model club again, is it? Speaking of clubs, is the school dance club still recruiting? You should join. You'll get in for sure. My sister rolled her eyes, then left, slamming the door behind her. I loved my sister, but 
she just seems to find me annoying. She was like the ice queen, always shutting me out. She never allows me to borrow her clothes or to touch her stuff. And if I ever try to go into her room, she freaks out. It's not that she's mean as such, but she tends to act like I don't even exist. <sighs> it's okay. I mean, I'm kind of used to it. I live my own life and she lives hers. So that's why when I got my first cell phone and started to use social networks, I didn't try to search for her profiles, though I knew she was on all those platforms. That evening, my mom asked me to go upstairs to call Olivia for dinner. No answer. So I began pushing the door open. She suddenly appeared from the bathroom and yelled, Hey, what are you doing? You know you're not allowed in my room. I knocked, but you didn't answer. Mom says it's dinner time. She hissed at me and shooed me away. Ugh, why did she have to treat me like I was some pest? The way she was so weird about her room was annoying. Hmm, maybe she was hiding something in there? Nah, probably I was just overthinking this. Olivia was always like this. Life went on, and my sister, well, she continued to distance herself from me. But then one weekend, I walked downstairs to find her cheerfully humming a song as she danced around the kitchen. When she saw me, she smiled and said, Morning, sis. Come sit here. I made you breakfast. Okay? This was weird. I cautiously sat down and kept looking at her. Um, why are you so happy? And where are mom and dad? Mom and dad just rushed off on some work thing. Then she put the plate in front of me, grinned, then continued. Mom made cookies this morning and told you to take them to Grandma's. Tell her I said hi. Oh, you're not coming with me? No, no can do. Sorry, I've got work to do. She continued to look at me and I got the feeling she wanted me to hurry up. Before I'd even finished my toast, she passed me my jacket and bundled me out of the door. Having no choice... I made my way to Granny's while in deep thoughts about how odd this was, until I realized that I didn't even have the cookie bag with me. I'd left it at home. Gosh, I immediately rushed back. But, hmm, why was there a strange car parked outside my house? I lingered back and watched as a middle-aged man got out of the car. Before he even got to the door, Olivia opened it and smiled at him. I dove behind a bush so I could carry on watching. Huh? Why was he handing her flowers and a gift box? She happily took them from him and even leaned into his ear and said something. Oh my god. So this explains my sister's strange behavior. They're a couple, aren't they? I never thought that my sister would be interested in an old man like this. Shocking. But wait, what if... What if he's deceiving her? As Olivia may look sharp, but she's actually very innocent. If that was the case, I would beat him black and blue. But this was just my speculation. I can't hastily act without knowing the truth. So I decided not to let them know that I was there, and quietly entered the house through the back door to get the cookie bag. Later that day when I arrived home, my sister was back to her ice queen self. She was cooking in silence, so I told her grandma said hi, 
and she just grunted, then carried on stirring her soup. Hmm, I needed to find out what was actually going on. The perfect opportunity arose a few weeks later, when mom and dad went away on a weekend trip. I told Olivia I was meeting some friends for a picnic, but this was a lie. I actually hid in my faithful hiding spot and watched. As expected, the old man showed up and Olivia let him inside. The door was ajar, so I tiptoed inside and heard them laughing in the living room. I peeked in, and to my astonishment, my sister was sitting on the couch wearing the weirdest outfit ever. It was those kinds of clothes that only catwalk models wear. And most of all, she had this heavy makeup on and looked like a totally different person. The strange man was sitting next to her. Both of them were looking at her phone and laughing happily. Oh gosh, now everything was clear. From her reserved nature to her seem-to-be-secret room, it was all so she could continue to hide this age-difference love story. I didn't know how to react now. I just kind of felt bad for her because she had to hide it. I mean, this was her home. And we were her family. We might not have been close, but she was my big sister and I wanted her to be happy. If this love was real, then I fully supported her. And if this guy turned out to be bad, well, then I'd protect her to the end. My parents returned that evening, so I set up a family movie night. A great idea for family bonding, right? I chose a romantic movie in which the main actress is much younger than her boyfriend. In the middle of the movie, I turned to my parents and asked, Mom, Dad... If you were their parents, would you allow that relationship? They gave me confused looks. Then dad immediately asked, Hey, Addie, don't tell us that you're in love with an old man, huh? This startled me, but before I could say anything, the doorbell rang. I was about to go open the door, just to avoid answering dad's question, but Olivia was faster. Not long after that, she turned back and shouted at me, Addie? How dare you touch my phone? What's up, Liv? Who's at the door? Go ask your dear daughter, Addison. She gave me a dirty look, then stormed up to her room. My parents immediately bombarded me with loads of questions. What's happening here? Who was the one ringing the bell? Why that manner of Olivia? Okay, the one who rang the bell was Olivia's boyfriend. So, earlier, when Olivia left her phone in the kitchen... I noticed that there was a message from a man named Henry Davis. I immediately searched for him on Facebook and found out that this was the same guy who'd been visiting her. So, I used her phone to text him, telling him to come around at 8pm. I thought it would be better if Olivia could make her relationship public with our parents. But, Hayes, it seems she didn't take it very well. Anyway, now I had no choice but to tell my parents everything. Their faces dropped. And without saying anything, they ran upstairs and banged on Olivia's door. But there was no reply. Instead, all of us heard a rattling sound from the back door, and Olivia had fled. Our parents' faces turned red, while I felt so guilty as I not only wasn't able to help her, but only worsened the situation. The next day, Olivia still hadn't returned. She also didn't show up for school which caused my parents to freak out. Then I suddenly thought of Henry. Right, why didn't I think of asking him from the beginning? So I immediately contacted Henry and asked him to help find Olivia. 
That afternoon, when I just got home from school, I saw Henry driving off. There was a note stuck to the door saying Olivia was fine with an address below. And it also said if we come there at 9 a.m., we'll see Olivia. The next morning, we showed up earlier than scheduled. Huh? It was a studio. And just like Henry said, Olivia was there. She looked so glamorous and was so busy prepping for a photo shoot that she didn't seem to notice us. Henry welcomed us and started explaining everything that made my parents, as well as me, speechless. Turns out, the truth was far from what I thought. He was not her boyfriend. Instead, he's her manager. He saw Olivia's potential and guided her to become a photo model and a TikToker. The flowers and gifts were from the brand she was working with. And the other day, she wore that outfit and makeup for a TikTok video. After the shoot was over, we walked over to her. But she took one look at us and ran away. I managed to catch up with her, then said, Sis, why didn't you just tell us the truth? We're your family. We'll always be on your side. On my side? Really? You have no idea what it's like to be an outsider. It doesn't matter how many competitions I win. I'm invisible, while you get praised for just getting an okay grade on a math test. I want to be a model, but they don't want that for me. They want me to be miserable. I'd rather leave that house to do what I love. I was dumbfounded, and so were mom and dad, who by this point had caught up with us and heard everything she'd just said. Dad hugged Olivia, then in an emotional voice said, Olivia, it's not that we forbid you from doing what you want. We were just worried for you. We just know that this industry can be complicated, and we don't want you to get hurt. That's right. And it's not true that we love Addie more than you. You just excel at everything, and we just didn't want Addie to feel insecure. We're really sorry, Olivia. We all love you. Oh, no, Mom. Don't worry. I never felt that way. Actually, I've always admired Olivia, and it made me sad when she ignored me. Olivia burst out crying, and our whole family hugged each other tightly. Sorry to interrupt, but you must have had some idea about Olivia being an internet star already, right? I mean, it's easy to tell from her social networks. I shyly said, I... I don't follow any of her accounts. I thought she just wanted me out of her way. Henry then patted my head and showed us Olivia's social media accounts. And wow... She had millions of views and followers. We all watched some of her TikTok videos together, and she totally rocked it. Seeing how much this meant to her, my parents came round to the idea of her being a model, and they even thanked Henry for helping her. Then Olivia came closer to me. Hey, Addie. I'm sorry for being so cold in the past. Turns out, you love me so much and will support me regardless. At least now, if I really fall in love with an old man, I don't have to worry, right? Then everyone laughed. Oh, even though my plan didn't, well, go exactly as intended, I still call it a success, because it all ended out great in the end. You thought it was all finished, huh? Nope, not yet. There's one more thing I want to show you guys. That night, for the first time, Olivia let me go inside her room. Wow. It was like a mini studio with expensive flashlights, a ring light, and a camera. 
and her clothes and makeup collection were super impressive. Oh, do you remember what I said at the beginning of the video about being an ordinary girl? Well, that hasn't changed. But now I can confidently say that there is one thing I do have, and that's an awesome big sister who loves me unconditionally. Finally, after an 11-hour flight, I arrived at LAX, Los Angeles International Airport. It's awesome! I can't wait to see my mom. You see, my dad's French and my mom's American. We used to all live together in France, but then they split up and mom moved back here. Of course, I've talked to her on FaceTime and stuff, but this will be the first time I've properly seen her in five years. I haven't visited before because mom's a super successful businesswoman and she works really hard. That meant she wouldn't have the time to provide me with the attention I needed. But now that I'm 16 and I can look after myself, I'm finally able to visit. So thanks to my dad and stepmom for my plane ticket birthday present, I'm now in sunny LA for a whole month. Not only do I get to spend time with mom, but I also get to chill out in her enormous villa. Ah, <sighs> bliss. But first, let's get all my luggage, then find a taxi to my mom's. Yeah, unfortunately, she couldn't come to pick me up since she had some work to do. But no problem, I can handle this myself. Okay, maybe I spoke too soon. It's been half an hour and my luggage was nowhere to be seen. Then, this handsome guy approached me and said, Hey, looks like your luggage has gone AWOL. Do you need any help? Cute and helpful. Hmm... I could totally get used to U.S. guys. I showed him my ticket, and turns out, I was waiting at the wrong carousel. Oops. After guiding me to the correct one, this guy, whose name I found out was Zach, even pulled my luggage down for me. But one of my cases got stuck and burst open, causing everything to tumble out. Girl, it's not your lucky day, is it? He burst out laughing. Oh well, at least it wasn't all bad. I mean, a cute guy had rescued me, right? He helped me pick up my things, then he offered to drive me to my mom's house. After some 30 minutes, he began to slow down. I looked out the window and, oh my god! This is the chicest villa ever! The pool, the tennis court, the palm trees. It was exactly like a movie star home. I was gawping at the villa when suddenly I heard a car engine sound. Startled, I turned around to see Zack zooming away. My suitcases! I yelled. Ugh, my laptop and iPad were in there too. Oh God, why is this happening to me? And on my very first day in the US? At least I still had my phone and passport with me. Phew. So I called my mom. Needless to say, I was a distraught mess when she arrived. Who'd have thought that such a kind-looking guy would turn out to be a thief? Anyways, my mom could buy me new clothes and things, and I could still have an amazing time in her villa, right? Mom led me to my room and told me to get some rest. After that disaster, I was dead exhausted, so I quickly fell asleep on the comfiest bed ever. When I awoke, it was dark outside. I realized I hadn't eaten anything since the flight, so I went downstairs and checked the fridge and cupboards. Huh? They were all empty. I was still digging around in the kitchen when my mom returned with some burgers. Sweetie, I only got back from my business trip yesterday, so I haven't had time to go to the grocery store. 
Let's just eat fast food today, okay? I didn't mind, as it was awesome to have dinner with my mum again after such a long time. I took a look around the room. There was barely any furniture here. My mum said that's minimalism, a trendy lifestyle in LA nowadays. Less is more. How cool is that? The next morning we went out, but what's with that old rusty car? Seeing my confused look, she quickly explained that this was only temporary as her car was being serviced. But then mum couldn't get the garage door to open. Turns out, normally she had her own chauffeur. But since I've traveled thousands of miles to visit her, she wanted to drive herself. Huh, how sweet. In the following days, my mum and I enjoyed ourselves in L.A., sunbathing by the pool, spa days, shopping. This is definitely the best vacation of my life. At least until that morning, I was awoken by a loud quarrel. Looking down from the stairs, I saw mum in the living room with a strange woman. She was pointing at the couch. Jeez, that's where I spilled soy sauce yesterday while eating sushi. Then mum appeared and sounded flustered. She told me to quickly pack my things as we were leaving. Um, mom, is there something wrong? Oh, nothing, sweetie. It's just that the couch is dirty, so let's just get someone in to clean the entire villa. Wow, mom would deep clean the whole house just because of a soy sauce stain? How rich is she? So, where will we stay this time? A luxurious five-star hotel? Or a magnificent mansion in Beverly Hills? <sighs> but then the car came to a stop in front of some shabby apartment building. Huh? This couldn't be right. Mom told me this was her friend's spare apartment, so we would stay here a few days for convenience. Elena, it's probably best if you stay away from the people in this area. They don't have the same lifestyle as us. You know what I mean. Ugh. Yeah, this place was the opposite of the villa. Cramped room, hard bed and the bathroom didn't even have a bathtub. Since moving here, Mom didn't take me out anymore. In the evenings, she dressed up all elegantly and went out to her fancy work meetings. On one such evening, I was sitting alone watching YouTube, munching on french fries for the fifth time this week, when there was a knock on the door. I opened it, and standing there was a scruffy guy, claiming to be Frankie, the landlord's son. I told him there must be a mistake, as we were only here for a few days. Then I went to close the door, but he blocked it with his foot. Miss Anita has rented this apartment for two years. What do you mean a few days? I just saw her take a cab at the front door. Don't lie to me. No, my mom is a successful businesswoman who has a villa in Brentwood Park. Then you must have mistaken your mom for someone else. In short, remind your businesswoman mom to pay the rent. Then he sneered and walked away. Dare he say that? And why did I keep on running into jerks? Ugh! When Mom returned, I told her what had happened. I thought she'd find it funny or something, but nope. Instead, she got really mad. You shouldn't have opened the door to him. I told you not to socialize with the people here. Okay, hearing made-up lies about yourself like that must suck, but did she have to be so furious about it? The next morning, I was drinking tea on the balcony when suddenly I saw a familiar face passing by down the street. My god, it was the jerk from the airport. Zack! That thief!
I shouted, rushing down, but when I got there, he disappeared. I was still exasperated when a voice came from behind. What on earth are you doing screaming this early in the morning? I turned around to see Frankie leaning against the wall with his arms folded. None of your business, swindler. Huh? Swindler? What do you mean? Quit lying. I already told my mom all about you trying to con money out of me. Hmm, is that so? So, you think I'm the liar? Before I could answer that provoking question, I heard my mom's voice calling down from the balcony. Hey, rich girl, if you want a reality check, I suggest you come meet me tonight, and we'll go follow your mom. Mom appeared and, frowning, asked me why I was talking to Frankie. I blurted out something about asking for directions, then quickly entered the room and closed the door. Frankie was clearly a thieving, lying jerk, right? But then, why were his words lingering in my mind? I had noticed a few strange things, such as, when we were at the villa, I asked Mom where the cutlery was, but she couldn't remember. But then in this apartment, she immediately got it. Plus, why was there a photo of her in the bedroom when this was her friend's place? That night, when Mom was getting ready to go out again, I spotted her necklace. Only, it was actually my necklace. The one that had been stolen, along with the rest of my stuff. My dad got that necklace custom-made just for me, so it was a one-of-a-kind, but why did Mom have it? I complimented her on it and asked her where she'd got it from. Blushing, she excitedly told me that this rich man she'd just started dating had bought it for her. Then she said he was taking her for dinner tonight. I forced a smile, but my head was filled with questions. Who really was... Mom? I secretly followed my mom down the street. Suddenly, a hand patted my shoulder. Let's go. I turned around and it was Frankie. Without saying anything, I nodded and quickly got into his car. And we followed mom's taxi. Hold on. Isn't that the villa we stayed in before? After a while, a luxury car arrived, taking my mom to a nearby expensive restaurant. We peered through the glass wall. There she was. My mom was sitting there, smiling and talking with some man in a suit. Was she pretending to live in that villa to trick that man? Was my mom a gold digger? I couldn't watch any more of this, so I pulled on Frankie's arm. But weirdly, he seemed to be as shocked as I was. Um, wasn't this your idea? So why the pale face? He just shook his head and took me home. We waited in the apartment for Mom to return, and oh boy... It was tense. Around midnight, we heard the door open, and Mom walked in and looked at us in alarm. She started shooing Frankie out of there, but I interrupted her. Mom, I know everything. You've lived here for two years. You're poor, and you scam rich men. Sweetie, it's not like that. Please calm down and I'll explain everything to you. So, it turns out, after divorcing my dad, she was determined to go back to the U.S. and succeed at business. But she failed, and she was so embarrassed, she lied to me and Dad. Then when she heard that I was coming to visit, she spent the little savings she had on renting a swanky villa for me. But when I accidentally spilled soy sauce on that expensive couch, she couldn't afford to fix it, so we were kicked out. As for the man I was with tonight, I ran into him while walking outside the villa. He's rich and nice. He 
He likes me, and I like him too. But what about that necklace? Mom, it's actually mine. It was in my stolen suitcase. My mom gave me a confused look. But before she could say anything, Frankie blurted out, That man's a fraud. Mom and I gaped at Frankie as he turned to me and said, I'm sorry, but I think you guys need to know the truth. Then Frankie told us how that man was none other than Zack's dad. After taking me back to the villa, Zack figured my mom was rich, so he persuaded his dad to come and flirt with her. But how did you dig up the dirt on these guys? Because I know Zack. When I saw Lana chasing him, I knew he'd stolen from her. But he's my friend. Great, so you've both been lying to me. Then I rushed into my room, locked the door, and burst into tears. The next morning, Mom knocked on my door, but I ignored her. Lana, I get that you're upset with me, but I've left a sandwich here, so please at least eat something. I'm really sorry. Just wanted to be the perfect mother for you. Her words caused me to sob all over again. But I can say, from the bottom of my heart, I feel sorry for her. After that, I opened the door and hugged her tightly, and then we both blubbered into each other's arms. I'm leaving L.A. today. With Mum. She's moving back to France with me, where she can start afresh. While I was dragging my suitcase to the taxi, Frankie appeared and apologized to me. I just shrugged and told him it didn't matter anymore. I mean, at least he came clean in the end and saved my mom from that swindler. Hey, rich girl, good luck. And, um, feel free to keep in touch. So, what now? Well, mom is settling back into French life. She has a new job and a chic apartment. I go and stay with her each weekend, and it's good to finally spend time with the real her. As for Frankie, well, we send each other lots of Snapchats. So, okay, maybe I kind of like him. I'm planning to visit him in the summer. Hopefully my next trip to the U.S. won't be as crazy as my last one. <laughs> I was so nervous. Like, the most nervous I'd ever been in my life. I didn't even know it was possible for a press conference to get so crowded. Suddenly the flashes came at me from every direction. It was almost blinding, but the clicking didn't stop, as well as the sound of them calling my name. Hazel, look here! Here, over here, Hazel! Oh my gosh, why was this so chaotic? I started to panic, so I ran away. But I'd only taken a few steps before, thump! Oh, these stupid high heels. Oh, hi. I didn't see you there. Well, let's be real, it's kind of hard to see anyone from this angle. Then from every direction, the reporters swarmed in like starving vultures trying to take pictures of me. I was still confused and didn't know what to do when... Gentlemen, please give her some space. Are you okay? Robert, my adoptive dad, came to help me up. Um, excuse us, this is her first time attending such a crowded event. If it's alright with you, we'll help her answer your questions. Phew, I'd finally escaped the chaos. Or so I thought. As soon as he got into the house, Robert shouted, Pamela! Which gave me the fright of my life. Didn't I tell you to teach Hazel some manners? How could you let her embarrass herself in front of the public like that? Pamela looked 
mortified, and kept bowing down and apologizing, but Robert was still furious. If this happens again, you better pack your bags and get out of here. I felt so guilty. It was all because of me that she had been shouted out like that. But I'd done my best. Clearly, it wasn't good enough, though. I tried to forget about it, but early the next morning, Pamela woke me up. She gave me a timetable and told me that from now on, I wouldn't need to go to school anymore and that a tutor would come to teach me at home instead. What? Why all of a sudden? I asked Pamela in shock. It was because of yesterday's incident. The mayor has decided that you need to spend more time learning the necessary etiquette. Are you serious? He can't just keep me locked up here. No way. Hazel? Listen, you should be grateful that you got adopted into this house. Keep in mind of everything Mr. Cornelius has done for you and obediently do as I say. Do you understand what I mean? Looking into Pamela's eyes, I knew I had no choice but to agree. Ugh. The day of the opening ceremony for the town hall had finally arrived, and I got to leave the house for the first time in a month. A whole month. Now was the moment of truth. In the eyes of the public, I had completely transformed into a proper, prestigious lady. When Robert started speaking at the ceremony, he announced a charity fundraiser for my orphanage in the hopes that children like me would be given a chance to live a better life. Hearing this speech, I could barely hold back my tears. I was sitting next to my adoptive mom, Eleanor, so I turned to give her a big hug. Suddenly, all eyes were on me, and it seemed I'd finally done something right. I smiled up at Robert, and we both had tears in our eyes. Maybe Pamela was right. I really was lucky to have been adopted by such kind people. But as soon as we got home, things changed. My parents got all quiet and went off to their room, leaving me alone. Where was my praise? I'd done so well, hadn't I? Why weren't they happy? The following days, they still asked me to join them for their events, so I guess I must have done a good job. And while the media and public were around, they were all touchy-feely and affectionate towards me, constantly praising me. We must have looked like the perfect family. But the minute we got home, they'd ignore me, and if they wanted to tell me something, they'd get Pamela to speak to me. It was so flipping weird. I actually started to feel quite lonely and depressed. And even though I was living in the lap of luxury, I missed the orphanage. One day, Pamela's daughter, aka the only friend I had in this enormous mansion, Paisley saw how upset I was and asked, Hey, so why do you agree to move into this house? You're clearly unhappy here. Paisley got me. She was the same age as me, so we were on the same wavelength. I was nervous to tell her how I felt, but I knew she would understand, so I told her everything. The thing is, I actually have a sister. She's only eight, and she's called Amber. That's why I was missing the orphanage. She was still there. She's got congenital heart disease, so after our parents passed away, the orphanage couldn't afford her hospital bills. When the mayor's family decided to adopt me, I refused because I didn't want to leave Amber alone. But then Robert offered to pay for her medical treatments if I agreed. And well, the rest is history. You see, I can't just leave. If I did, what would happen to Amber? Oh, Hazel, I didn't know. I'm so sorry. But I need to be honest with you. One time I overheard Robert and Eleanor saying that you were the perfect girl to play this role. Huh? What role? That meant, were they using me for something? It didn't make any sense. But those words kept lingering on my mind until... One time, Eleanor asked me to join her at a charity event, which she said was going to be broadcast on TV. Our job was to prepare homemade food and give it out to the homeless. I was so excited, but when I walked into our kitchen, 
I discovered the chefs had already cooked everything before the filming crew arrived. I was so disappointed and asked Eleanor about it. She just laughed and said, Oh, no, sweetie, our job is just to look pretty and graceful in front of the camera. Then before distributing the food, she gave me a pair of gloves and said, Don't touch any of their hands, okay? They are filthy. Oh my gosh, how could she say such things? Oh, then it hit me. I understood what Paisley had said now. The affection and kindness that the Corneliuses were showing me was actually just for show. All to win over the audience, aka the public, while this was their very true face. I had to do something about this. I couldn't let them keep on deceiving the public like this. So when Eleanor went to the bathroom and took off her gloves, I quickly grabbed them and threw them in the trash. When we went back out, a homeless man approached her to express his gratitude and asked for a handshake. Of course, she tried to refuse, but at that moment, the camera turned to her, so she had no choice but to give in. And you know what? The man didn't just shake her hand. He even pulled Eleanor in for a big hug. I couldn't hold back my laughter at how flustered she looked. Served her right. Afterward, Eleanor grabbed my arm and dragged me to a quiet corner. Then she said, It was you who did this, wasn't it? I pretended to have no idea what she was talking about, and this just infuriated her even more. Then later that evening when we got home, Robert was already waiting and shouted at me. What do you think you're playing at? I was confused, but then Eleanor added, Don't you ever mess with me like that again. Now listen closely. Don't you miss your little sis? Aren't you curious if she's doing okay or not? That's right. You better have behaved yourself from now on, young lady. I was so shaken by what they'd said. I didn't even want to leave my room. What if something happened to my sister? Then suddenly, Paisley climbed through my window into my room. As soon as I saw her, I burst into tears. Paisley, please help me with this. I need you to go to my orphanage and check on Amber and see if she's okay. A few hours later, Paisley came back panting. Your sister? She's not doing good. What? But... Hadn't she been receiving money for her monthly treatments? Paisley shook her head. The nuns there said they hadn't received a penny since you left. Now Amber is barely surviving. Paisley's words broke my heart. Those two had been fooling me all this time, and now my sister's life was hanging on by a thread. I had to get to the bottom of this. I walked past Robert's office, and that's when I overheard someone talking. Curious, I peeked in and saw a group of middle-aged men sitting around a table. One of them spoke up. Hey, Robert, the election day is coming. Is that little girl still doing a decent job? Oh, don't worry about her. She's just a silly little kid. She believes anything I tell her, especially about her sick sister. Robert smirked. How dare he speak about my sister like that? I had to do something. I couldn't let this vicious man keep on fooling everyone like he'd done to me. So I took out my phone and started filming. Speaking of which... How much charity money have we got so far? One hundred thousand dollars, Robert said, and the room was filled with praise. Gentlemen, by the time of the closing party for the charity this weekend, we should have almost five hundred thousand dollars for the election campaign. As soon as I win, your business will continue to be tax reduced for the next four years. I had to cover my mouth to stop myself from gasping. So this whole time, he'd been exploiting me and the orphanage for his corruption? Gosh, I was such an idiot to fall right into his trap. Suddenly, my phone buzzed. Who's there? 
Robert shouted and rushed to the door. Oh no! Panicked, I ran, but not far enough before I tripped and the phone flew out of my hand. Robert and his men caught up with me, picked up my phone, and deleted all my evidence. They even took the phone away from me. He turned to me and said, I've already warned you, have I not? You're a liar, I yelled. You haven't paid a penny to my sister, Robert growled. Who told you that? But all he had for an answer was my silence and fuming look. Furious, he dragged me back to my room. Maid, bring me the keys to her room. And then he locked me up inside until the day of the closing party of the charity rolled around, where they'd be announcing the amount of money they'd collected. That day, all the staff were out of the mansion. Suddenly, I heard the door being unlocked. Panicked, I hid behind the closet. Hazel, where are you? Oh, it was just Paisley. Ah. She found a way to sneak me out of the mansion and told me to run straight back to the orphanage. But no, first I had to expose that sly old fox, Robert. Luckily, when I got to the event, Robert was giving his speech. I immediately ran up to the stage, snatched the mic, and told everyone about his evil plan. But I was no match for him. Before I could finish, security was dragging me off the stage, and Robert had already taken control of the situation. Ladies and gentlemen, I am so sorry for my daughter's behavior. She's... The reason why we decided to adopt her was that she's mentally ill. Since she came to our home, she has become better, but as you can see, there's been a bit of a relapse. What a snake! This jerk would stop at nothing to get what he wanted. Just then, the big screen on stage suddenly showed the video I'd taken, revealing all the schemes of Robert and his accomplices. Now he was well and truly exposed. I watched as he stammered. No, this can't be happening. Right at that moment, the police rushed in to arrest Robert and his accomplices in the stands. You might be wondering how we pulled that off. Well, as I was running through the hallway, I managed to send the video to Paisley. As soon as she received it, she came to find me and saw everything that had happened. So she secretly ran to her mom for help. Pamela then made a plan. While Paisley freed me from the mansion, Pamela set to work on projecting the video on the big screen. Genius, right? A month later, Robert and his accomplices were arrested for embezzlement. And, of course, he got locked up for a long, long time. Both him and Eleanor received such massive backlash from the public, to the point that she had to stay hidden away too. The charity money, luckily, was brought back to the orphanage, and part of it was used to take care of my sister Amber. She's doing much better now. Oh, and Paisley and I are still best of friends. Pamela has found a way better job. And as for me, I went back to stay at the orphanage until I'm old enough to move out. I'm better off being on my own with my sister than being adopted by some messed up family again. Too much studying and not enough sleep was making me feel like a zombie. Chocolate would help, right? So I drowsily walked downstairs. Huh? Why was my whole family there with their suitcases? Um, are you guys going somewhere? Yes, Colorado for a ski trip. <gasps> That's awesome! You're the best, Daddy! Not you, Helen. You have studying to do. And this is a special award for Christine for winning her scholarship. What? So you're just going to leave me out because of some meaningless grades? 
This is so unfair. Ugh, whatever. I don't even need them to go with me. Shh, come here. And I'm going to let you in on a secret. I can go to the ski resort by myself and have way more fun. But how, you ask? It's called lucid dreaming. I first heard about it through the biggest buzz movie, Inception, and realized that I've had experienced the same things before. Since then, I've become an expert at this. So before I go to bed, I just have to write a script saying where I want to go, with whom, what I want to do, and three, two, one. I'm asleep and living my best life. In fact, I could say that those beautiful self-designed dreams are like meditation to me. Because, to be honest, my real life is tedious. No matter how hard I tried, I was no match for my younger half-sister, Christine. In my dad and grandma's eyes, a child of a doctor in physics, as well as a grandchild of a history professor, should automatically be a walking encyclopedia or something. But unfortunately, I didn't excel at the academic side of life. They treat Christine like this precious gemstone and me like some boring old rock. Every week usually entails her getting excellent grades or winning some reward, and all of my family lavishing her with gifts and praise, while I'm treated like an outsider in my own family. Ugh! Just thinking about it makes me want to scream. So, they want me to stay home and concentrate on tomorrow's test, huh? Nah, you wish. So, instead, I grabbed my pen and started writing tonight's awesome dream script. Let's see. That's right. The obnoxious Roger dared to heartlessly throw the candy I gave him in the trash, even though he'd been flirting with me. What a jerk. I will definitely retaliate against him tonight. Lying in bed, I closed my eyes and repeated this sentence. I'm going to kick him out of my life. And you won't believe it. In the dream, he kept chasing me like crazy, but I totally blanked him. (laughs) Helen, wake up. Time's running out. My best friend Gabby kicked my chair and I jolted awake. Oh no, there were only five minutes left. I frantically ticked on the paper and hurriedly submitted it to the monitor. Hey, did you not get any sleep or something? Well, I stayed up late writing the script for my dream. It was worth it as I got payback on Roger. What if you get a bad grade? Never mind. I'll be fine when I come home tonight with an A-plus dream. (laughs) But things turned out not to be as simple as I thought. That afternoon when I arrived home, I was about to sneak up to my bedroom to write my next amazing script when someone grabbed my bag strap and pulled me back. It was Grandma and Dad, and both of them seemed to be mad. How long are you going to live like this? Education is important to this family, yet you don't seem to care. Do you realize this week alone your teacher has contacted me three times? But Dad, I really don't like those boring subjects. I only like no more drawing or writing your silly stories. You need to focus on your studies, else you'll end up a useless person like... She suddenly stopped, which made me curious. Like who? But neither she nor my dad said anything. They just quietly walked away, leaving me alone. Honestly, I never wanted to disappoint them that much. So this time I was going to try my best to not let them down. Dad! Grandma! Look, look! I got a B plus in my math test. No one cared what I said. My stepmom cuddled Christine and looked at her with sparkling eyes. My wonderful daughter, I know the top student award is just a piece of cake to you, unlike someone else. Then she turned to me and tutted, Helen, please, you're making a show of yourself. That's embarrassing. 
my face fell and I forced back tears. But I tried so hard to get this grade. A B plus is nothing to be proud of. I chucked my exam paper in the trash, then stormed up to my room. It didn't matter what I did or how hard I tried. This household would always treat me like a loser. Dream on, Helen. Go back to your happy place. In front of me was the crimson sunset sky. I'd been scripting this moment for so long, lounging lazily on the beach without anyone complaining. But suddenly the sky darkened, and the inky clouds seemed intent on swallowing me. Huh? What was going on? This wasn't a part of the script. Terrified, I ran into a forest, but it was so dark and spooky here, and I tripped over a branch and fell. Ouch! As I rubbed my ankle and started crying my eyes out, suddenly a strange woman appeared. She took me into a wooden house at the end of the forest and gently helped bandage me up. This woman, well, she didn't scare me at all. Instead, I felt warm around her. Curious, I tried to take a closer look at her face, but then I suddenly woke up and realized tears were rolling down my cheeks. What a strange dream. I immediately drew all the things I'd seen. That forest, that house, but strangely, I couldn't remember that woman's face. Why are you drawing all this nonsense? My dad snatched the sketch from my hand and looked at it frowning. It appeared in my dream and... Get rid of them all. From now on, if I see you wasting your time on these stupid drawings again, there will be consequences. This was too much. I couldn't live without drawing. It was the only thing keeping me sane. I had to get out of here. Live my way. Forget them and their stupid standards. I would create my own world. I planted myself in Gabby's room, and this is where I've been for almost a week. Luckily, Gabby's parents are totally chill with me staying. As for my family, they haven't messaged me once. And yes, dreams do go on. But now I dreaded going to sleep as my lucid dreams were still all messed up. Sometimes beautiful, sometimes bad. And for the most part, it did not turn out the way I wanted it to anymore. Until one day, that creepy forest appeared again. No matter how much I screamed to wake myself up, I still couldn't get out of that nightmare. Panicked, I kept running and running in the hope of finding a safe place till I saw that woman. And once again, she reached out her hand to help me. This time, I wouldn't miss my chance. I looked carefully at her face, remembering every detail, and as soon as I woke up, I drew her. Wow, I didn't know you watched this kind of show. <laughs> Gabby giggled. What show? Look. She's a celebrity. She hosts some TV show that my mom watches sometimes. So, that woman is a real person? If so, I have to find her. I didn't really know what was going on, only that there was something tying me to this woman and I needed to figure this out. Luckily, Gabby has an uncle who works at the studio and he gave us special passes to meet this host in the flesh. When the cameras stopped filming, she turned and saw me and her eyes widened in alarm. Helen? Helen, is it really you? Then she rushed over and hugged me. Huh? What did she just say? We didn't know each other, and... The weird thing is, this hug didn't feel strange at all. Instead, I felt the same warmth as when she'd taken care of me in my dream. As she loosened her embrace on me and gave me this beaming smile, I said, Um, and you are? Darling, it's me, your mother. That's when I realized something. Of course, she was my mom. Look, we had the same eyes. Needless to say, this was a huge shock. We hugged each other for a long time in tears. 
Then mom took me backstage, got me a glass of water, then she told me everything. So after I was born, mom once got caught up in a cheating scandal. Dad was angry about the damage this would do to his career, so he kicked her out of the house and wouldn't let her see me. A long time later, she found out that grandma was behind everything, just because she didn't approve of this marriage, so she came up with that plan. But why didn't you ever try to find me when you've always been living this close? Oh, no, sweetie. I've always kept an eye on you. One time, years ago, I saw you playing in the park. You had your hair and pigtails, and I tried to approach you, but your dad threatened me. He is a very powerful man who's actually capable of destroying my life, and I didn't think it was fair to drag you through all of that. But things have changed now. I'll never leave you alone, ever again. I strolled into the house like normal, and everyone stopped what they were doing and glared at me with disgust. Oh, you're back. If you're not prepared to study properly, then don't bother staying. I took a deep breath, then said, You can't treat me like this anymore. I try my best, and it's not fair that you punish me for just being me. So I'm leaving, and I'm never coming back. Where will you go? That's when mom walked in. Oh God, you should have seen the looks on their faces. Grandma actually looked like she'd swallowed a swarm of wasps. I stood by and let you manipulate and control me well no more. I'm taking my daughter and we're going to have the life we both deserve. Then, ignoring their angry words, she grabbed my arm and led me out of there. So that's the moment when I left home and moved in with my mom. Now I draw as much as I want. In fact, mom's letting me create a mural on the living room wall. It's going to be epic when it's finished. Oh, and about the lucid dreams, I don't write scripts anymore. Instead, I realize that I'm better off focusing on my reality and making myself the best version of myself I can be. After all, as great as a dream world can be, it's nowhere near as good as experiencing life firsthand. Hey, I'm Connor, and I'm currently taking a well-deserved break from studying to hang out with my friends. I go to college at the Georgia Institute of Tech, and I'm sure to be a top-notch architect one day soon. Now I just have one thing to deal with, then I can properly enjoy my night off. Oh, here she is. Connor, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to hurt you, but sorry. We should stop seeing each other. Ah, well, every ending is a new beginning. (laughs) Cheers. I was the master of getting girlfriends I'm tired of to break up with me. It was great. As this way, no one could ever accuse me of being a bad boy. (sighs) What to do now? I reluctantly had to find a new challenge then. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to turn this in. Um, that's okay. Just trying to find one more paper. Uh, um, what's your name? (laughs) I'm Connor. Hi. Hmm, her sparkling eyes, her shiny hair, her soft hands. But ugh, why was suddenly some nerd dragging me away from the hot girl and into a corner? Before I could ask him what was going on, he started waving a photo of this girl in my face. So it turns out this dude is called Patrick, and the girl in the photo is Paige, his girlfriend. Their parents are both influential sorts and organize their whole engagement. Sounds great, right? I mean, she's pretty cute. But no, he wanted me to find a way to make Paige break up with them. 
I've heard a lot about you. I, I need your help. I can't do this myself. <laughs> huh? Sure, I get it. A real man will never be the one to break up first. I might be able to help, but first, let's see what kind of person she is. The conversation started to become super serious. From the sound of it, this page girl was a genuine, good-natured girl with a vulnerable side. So this needed to be handled with extra care, so that there wouldn't be any awkward family provocations for my clients. Hmm, perhaps, nah, this way wouldn't work. Neither would that way. I was about to give up when suddenly Patrick stacked a pack of money, approximately $1,000, on the table. Help me, then it's all yours. Whoa, that was a lot of money to me. It would get me the magnificent PS5 of my dreams. <sighs> Besides, with my charm and handsome looks, I could make Paige fall in love with me and leave Patrick in no time. Genius! My debut had to be spectacular, so I looked online and hired some people pretending to be thugs to block Paige's path. Then I'd waltz in and rescue her. The plan was all set, so I leisurely walked to the rendezvous spot, but... Oh no! Who knew those guys were real thugs? They threatened us. Asked us to hand over all our belongings, then forced us to go to some abandoned warehouse. Oh my god, the $1,000 was so not worth losing my life for. Yes, I was somewhat afraid, but my flirtatious instinct kicked in, and I turned to Paige and started talking to her. Oh man, she's super sweet. And I noticed that when she talks about something that interests her, she crinkles her nose. She's so cute, but most of all, she's really smart. Why, you ask? Because just an hour later, the cops showed up and arrested the thugs. Turns out, before Paige handed over her belongings, she quickly texted the thug's license plate to a friend and asked her to call the cops. Phew! And, luckily for me, thanks to this destiny meeting, I got a little more information about her and learned that Paige was planning to learn Spanish to major in tourism there. But there's one more important thing. That is, I think, I have a crush on her. She's not like any other girl I've met before. I want to win her heart, truly, not just because of the plan. It will be the best of both worlds. Patrick gets to be free of Paige, as requested, but she won't end up a lovelorn girl because she'll have a new handsome boyfriend by her side. Yep, that'll be me. <laughs> there was just one problem. In all the commotion of the day, I'd forgotten to ask Paige for her number. Oops. I had asked Patrick for it and then texted her, but sadly didn't receive a response. Hmm. I needed to be smart about this. So I decided to pretend to be a Spanish tutor. Yeah, I can't speak Spanish, but with my charm, that's no big deal, right? I created a flashy profile and told Patrick to pretend to surf and accidentally find me. Then show Paige. And so, ding! Hola, yo soy Professor Connor. But wait, sheesh! If only I'd studied Spanish harder in high school. And now the extent of my Spanish were just a few words I'd picked up from binge-watching Money Heist. So I just copied down Spanish lessons off YouTube and taught these to Paige. I don't know if it's because of my teaching skills or my charisma, but Paige seemed to think I was legit. <laughs> However, my flirting tricks weren't going so well. I knew she liked me. I mean, who wouldn't like me? Besides, she gave me these cute looks and laughed at my jokes. Our chemistry was undeniable. So when I reached over and placed my hand on top of hers, I felt sparks fly. But then she gave me this awkward look and moved her hand away. She liked me, right? So why was she acting like this? I never failed at flirting. Feeling frustrated, I was trudging my way up the street when, huh? Was that Patrick happily holding hands with a girl? I recognized the long hair. It was Paige. Ugh, why can't she drop her lousy boyfriend already? And why won't she date me instead? I was about to leave, but the more I thought about it, the more resentful I became. 
so I bribed a little boy to run up to Paige and say, Why aren't you with Connor, you cheater? Mean, huh? But <laughs> Patrick would be pleased as he now had a legitimate excuse to break up with her anyway. But when the girl turned around, I realized that she wasn't Paige. The poor girl looked completely dumbfounded. Patrick started yelling at her and pulling on her arm so hard she almost fell over. Huh? Where's the nerd Patrick? And that wasn't cool at all. Then he raised his hand to hit her, but I zoomed in front of him. Stop! No reason to hit a woman, bro! Patrick immediately grabbed my collar. You dare play tricks with my Becky, huh? Seeing that, the shocked girl quickly ran away. No, no, I thought it was Paige, so I hired the boy just to give you an excuse to break up with her. Calm down, bro. Patrick reassessed the situation, then he cleared his throat and said, Oh, well, uh, I was bored of Becky anyway, thanks. I was still shocked by this jerky side of Patrick when he immediately said, By the way, you can stop the plan with Paige. I decided I like her now. Lately, she's been so full of life and less clingy. He told me he would still pay me, then he hopped into a taxi. Ugh, that's the version of Paige when she's with me. I gave her that zest of life, you jerk. Whatever, from this day forth he was no longer my client and I didn't want his stupid money. <sighs> it was time I told Paige what Patrick was really like, so I arranged to meet her in a cafe and told her everything. But when she got over the initial shock, she snapped at me. I know this is all part of your twisted fabrication. I mean, you lied about speaking Spanish, and now you're just making up stories to break Patrick and me up. Then she threw my textbook back at me and stormed off. Oh man, that Patrick is such a slimeball. But I couldn't blame her for believing him over me. I'd seen firsthand how much of a wolf in sheep's clothing he was. I tried to find proof to show Paige, but that jerk sure covered his tracks. His whole nerdy bookworm facade was flawless. And he was still this sluggish nerd, wobbly clutching the bus handle to go to school every day. Ugh, what a con man. Just you wait, Patrick. It's time the world saw your true face. With such determination, I continued to spy on him around town. Then one time, like every other day, I was on duty when a group stopped me, accompanied by Patrick pointing at me. Here's our sandbag! Uh-oh, looks like I was busted. The whole group gathered around me, fists ready. Yeah, I was pretty terrified. There's no way I could fight off a group this size. I raised my fists and prepared for pain, but then someone shouted, Stop! It was Paige. Suddenly, Patrick immediately changed his attitude and ordered the group to leave. He told Paige that I stole his stuff and his friends were helping him get it back. What? The swine! Connor isn't a thief, I know it for sure. There must be some misunderstanding. Please don't accuse him like that. Patrick's face changed. He grabbed Paige's hand and pulled her away, saying, We're getting engaged at the end of this month. Say no more. Okay, so I may have gate-crashed their engagement party, but I did hide at the back while the speeches were going on. Then to my surprise, as Patrick was talking, they both spotted me. Then Paige turned to him and shook her head. It hurt to see her like this. Perhaps she changed her mind. What do you mean? Is this because of Connor? Paige kept quiet, while Patrick's parents were furious. How dare you cheat on my son? Who do you think you are? Paige, why is this happening? Really, Paige, say something. Feeling the pressure and injustice of it all, poor Paige looked distraught as she desperately tried to hold back her tears. I really couldn't stand seeing her like that, so I jumped out of the crowd to come to her defense. Everyone calm down. Paige is the sweetest, most amazing girl, and she deserves better than this jerk. Don't listen to him. He's a thief and a fiancé stealer. I was done listening to this guy's slander. So I threw a punch straight at his smug face. Yeah, the engagement party had sure turned chaotic. I looked at the wreckage in front of me. The consequences that I had caused. 
Okay, so maybe coming here wasn't my best idea. Actually, this was all my fault for ever agreeing to help Patrick in the first place. Or I shouldn't have been a jerk in the first place. Feeling deflated, I arrived home and saw that I'd received a message from Paige. My heart thudded as I opened it. Thank you for everything and try to practice your Spanish as it's even worse than mine. Goodbye. And that was the last text she sent me. After that, I spent a month trying to contact her but received no reply. So finally, I plucked up my courage to go to Paige's house and was told that she'd left for Spain earlier than scheduled. Perhaps the shock was so huge that Paige wanted to leave this place as soon as possible. It was all my fault. I was the biggest jerk in this story and now I'd lost the girl. Alas, vengeance is bliss. So I walked inside, went straight to Patrick's table where he was wasted in the arms of a bunch of girls, took a picture and sent it to his family. What is done by night appears by day, my friend. A few days later, I heard that after being exposed, Patrick's parents had confiscated all of his bank cards. Even his current girlfriend dumped him. Ha! So that sealed the final breakup deal for my special guest. And now, guess where I'm at? Looking for the girl of my life, duh. And this time, I'm going to make sure I don't screw it up. So, here I am. Practicing this tricky pose, I must not fall over. Rosie, straighten your back. Hang in there. You've got this. That's Bradley, my yoga instructor. Can you see that? There are more than a dozen people in this class, yet he only seems to encourage me. Did this mean he liked me? I didn't need to look in a mirror to know my cheeks were lobster red right now. I'm Rosie, by the way. 18 years old. I'm still single. Not to brag, but... I know I'm kind of pretty, friendly, and fun to be around, so it's easy to tell that many guys are into me. But why do none of them ever dare to confess their feelings to me? Hmm, what were they so afraid of? Take Bradley, for instance. He clearly liked me, but was too shy to admit it. It was so obvious, as he kept deterring past my mat just so he could check out my position. Even my best friend Joseph noticed that, as every time Bradley approached, Joseph would have this cheeky smirk on and send me signals with his eyes. I already told him not to do that. After class, Joseph kept teasing me about it. He told me Bradley definitely had feelings for me and just needed one more push for leverage. Although I reluctantly told him to stop, he insisted on being the wingman by texting Bradley about me. Bradley, why don't you ask Rosie out? You two look really cute together. Come on, you know that wouldn't work. Huh? Why not? Because, Joseph, it's you I'm crazy about. I was not okay. What was the problem with all the men around me? Why didn't they like me? I couldn't go on like this. I must have a boyfriend. And I was dead serious about it. So after researching online, I found a dating coach to save me from my tragic single situation. So Martin, my coach, is super handsome, has a six-pack, and his business is a big hit. He's helped hundreds of sad single people find love. Flashy enough to trust, isn't it? Still, I was quite nervous when I met him. You know, the feeling that a therapist would judge you before treating you. But actually, he was reassuring. Very open and didn't ask too many questions. Let's just be open about this, alright? Manipulating someone into dating you is not the foundation to a healthy relationship. But don't worry, as I have the secret... Day one, and according to Martin, I needed to learn how to approach new people. 
I'm pretty shy, so taking the initiative was hard for me, but Martin taught me a trick. When I see a cute guy, I need to approach him within three seconds. This way my brain wouldn't have time to think, analyze, then talk myself out of it, and end up missing my chance. Okay, a hot guy was there staring at his phone. I must not overthink. One, two, three, go. Hi! Hi? Um, so I just saw you, and I think you're really hot. I'm here to say hi. Thanks for thinking my boyfriend's hot, but he's taken. I panicked, then rushed back to Martin and spluttered out, I, I, I can't. Hey, that was a success. You're just training your mind and body to take action. Go ahead. No way. Should we move to the next step? And this was the next step. I just needed to start a conversation in this place where everyone was in a mood to have a chat. It's simple, Rosie. Put yourself in a talkative mood. Go over to them and give them a compliment. But make sure it's genuine, else it won't count, okay? Got it. I spotted a man sitting alone, so I walked over to him. Hey, I like your... ring. O-M-G. Was that a wedding ring? <laughs> don't, don't worry. I'm single. And is it that hard to think of something to compliment me on? <laughs> and, um... You are smarter than you look. And yep, he left. Oh, what kind of compliment was that? Martin sat in a corner and watched me go from guy to guy and stutter out a string of terrible compliments. You did great, Rosie. Don't be discouraged. Now, when you actually see someone you like, you'll be more natural. Martin said that body language is a crucial part of keeping the conversation going. So, the plan was to practice this at Joseph's birthday party. This time Martin couldn't be there in person, but we still stayed in touch via my Bluetooth earphones so he could guide me. The mission today was to initiate physical contact with someone and make them feel close to me. Anyone who knows me knows that I am not good with these things. So I kept giving them this weird slap on the back. Hey, I heard an ouch. Are you hitting them? I said just a light tap. I don't think I can do this. I'm too shy. And now guys are giving me weird looks. Martin said this time I should make the boys take the initiative, and then things would come more naturally. Okay, I'll give it one last try. This boy I like, Nathan, is over by the pool, but he's in a group. Nothing to worry about. You'll make him come to you. Now listen and follow. I walked over to the bar and made sure I was in Nathan's eyesight, sat as naturally as possible, made eye contact with him, and smiled. Oh, Martin, this is stupid. He doesn't even know me. Just wait. OMG. He's waving at me. Should I come now? No, no, no. Wave him over. Okay. You should take responsibility for this, Martin. I waved Nathan over. Then, to my surprise, he got up and started walking toward me. OMG, help. What should I do? Give a no-tooth smile. Then say, I just want to say hi. What? That was all? but he was coming closer and I had no choice. I just want to say hi. And I want to have your phone number, cutie. I couldn't believe it. That was a real success. We texted the whole night. We got on so well. He was clearly flirting with me. This is crazy. But then two weeks passed by and I didn't hear from him at all. I kept on looking at my phone, expecting Nathan to call, but he never did. So I immediately rang my coach for help. Ready for the bad news? So, that means he doesn't like you. 
A busy man like Napoleon could still write thousands of romantic love letters to his Josephine. If he was into you, he'd always find a way. And I also think he doesn't seem like a good type to date. What? Nathan is such a sweet guy. Maybe he's just super busy? But then Christmas came, and I couldn't wait any longer. I mustered up the courage to ask Nathan out. But guess what? He invited me to his house to enjoy Christmas with his family instead. Oh, wow. He wanted to introduce me to his family. This was massive. It meant he really took our relationship seriously, didn't he? But when we got to Nathan's place, to my surprise, it was just a small apartment and definitely not big enough for a whole family. Seeing my confused look, Nathan said his family must have changed their plans and went out, which was for the better as the two of us would have more time together. Suddenly, I saw a shadow of a girl in a red dress in his bedroom. Then Nathan immediately pulled me away and said, Uh, um, that's my maid. How annoying. So, do you want to go to the hotel so we can have more time alone? Really? Did he think I was born yesterday? I refused immediately, and Nathan began to change his attitude. <laughs> okay, but I can't drive you home. I have something urgent. But don't worry, I'll take you to the nearby bus stop. I have never felt so stupid. Martin was right. Nathan wasn't serious about me. He just wanted to use me. But what went wrong? I did everything I could, but I kept failing again and again. No one liked me. I called Martin in tears, and he ended up driving there to pick me up right on Christmas Eve. I felt like the most tragic person ever. Martin was so patient. He turned the radio on so loud and didn't say anything until I finished crying and calmed down. Misread the signals again, huh? How could I have known? Well, I'm not saying this to make money off you, but looking at the current situation, I think you need to hire me for longer than you think. My love life may have sucked, but at least I had Martin. Here's my hope. He was the best coach ever, as he didn't mind answering my questions, and he always picked up the phone whether it was office hours or midnight. Then one night I was out with my friends. I drank a few too many wines and phoned Martin up and slurred out a load of drunken nonsense. He immediately came to pick me up and drove me home, saying that he needed to make sure I got home safely. He was such a sweet guy. I felt something, but then reassured myself that he was just being nice. But Joseph insisted that Martin was only acting this way because he liked me. Seeing everything he did, and you still have to wonder about his feelings? Dummy. Believe me, I'm not wrong this time. Mr. Sixpack is crazy about you. Congrats. Hmm. Thinking about it, it did make sense. So I started stalking my coach on social media and daydreaming about him. Then, taking Martin's own advice that I needed to make my feelings known. So, on Valentine's night, I, myself, made this box of chocolates and took them round to his. I took a deep breath, then rang the doorbell. But then, standing at the door was him holding hands with another girl. I awkwardly said, Don't, don't you like me? I mean, you taught me that when a guy likes a girl... He'll always be there for her. You picked me up in the middle of the night, and you always listened and comforted me when I was sad. You even brought me hot tea when my Aunt Flo came to visit. Doesn't everything match up? R Rosie, I was just being nice. Sorry, but you've confused the signs. Again. I was totally dumbfounded. I couldn't face the thought of seeing Martin ever again. 
So I blocked him from my life. Ugh. In the following days, I was under a variety of emotional states. From extreme stress, heartbreak, embarrassment, then disappointment because of my extra delusion. I struggled with insomnia almost every night and tried to bury my feelings by binge-eating junk food. Just two weeks later, I looked at myself in the mirror. There were dark circles under my eyes, my skin was dry and flaky, and I felt bloated and sluggish most of the time. Seeing myself like that reminded me of something Martin had said. How can you expect someone else to love you if you don't love yourself? I knew I needed to change, so I started eating more healthily, working out, and finding me time. And you know what? It worked. Now I can finally say that I see my own worth, and I'll never allow a man to treat me badly ever again. And if that means I stay single for a while, then that's the way it'll be. I guess I kinda owe Martin a lot. I mean, he did teach me loads. And now, even though I'm still single, I'm enjoying it. There are way more important things than having a boyfriend, right? But wait, was this barista winking at me? OMG, there's a post-it with his number on my coffee cup. What should I do? Hey, dating a coffee guy is risky business. Why, coach? Imagine one day your relationship turns bad and you desire a cup of coffee to ease your heart out, but you also have to see him here. Awkward, huh? Indeed a pro. But so why are you making this awkward convo? <laughs> Rosie, I may be a love coach, but even I get it wrong sometimes. When it comes to my heart, all theories are nonsense. Please, you show me how to love naturally. Um, well, as you can see, I'm dating my dating coach. But now, our love doesn't apply to any cliches. Instead, we just do us, and we're both happier than ever. If you're in a dating slump, then don't worry. Just let love happen when it happens, and follow your heart. Hi, I'm Addison, but all my friends call me Addie. I'm just an ordinary girl who doesn't have any particular talents, but there is one thing I do have. That is, oh, why don't we just watch the video to see what it is? This is my older sister, Olivia. She's beautiful, isn't she? She's also an amazing singer and has a talent for art. She can pretty much draw anything. I mean, I don't know how my parents could have such a perfect daughter like her, then have me. But I'm fine with that. Olivia was all about winning trophies and medals. Well, I was happy with the ice cream and ton of snacks my parents gave me for getting a B on my math exam. Hey, Addie, my baby. Guess who's got some new trendy clothes? Oh, Mom. Dad. I don't like these things. Why are you buying so much? It's such a waste of money. However, Mom's desperate look made me cave. So I reluctantly grabbed a random item and went to try it on. Oh, it's a crop top. I stared at myself in the mirror. Okay, so my parents' dumbfounded expressions made their feelings pretty clear. I looked ridiculous. See, I told you already. I'm way too short to wear tops like this. Right at that moment, Olivia walked by. I immediately ran over to her. I think you should have this top. It'll bring out your nice figure. You'll look so cute in it. Mom shook her head. No, if Olivia wears this, everyone will see her navel. Um, isn't that the point of crop tops? 
Then Dad chimed in. Anyway, Liv, where are you off to in such a hurry? It's not that nonsense model club again, is it? Speaking of clubs, is the school dance club still recruiting? You should join. You'll get in for sure. My sister rolled her eyes, then left, slamming the door behind her. I loved my sister, but she just seems to find me annoying. She was like the ice queen, always shutting me out. She never allows me to borrow her clothes or to touch her stuff. And if I ever try to go into her room, she freaks out. It's not that she's mean as such, but she tends to act like I don't even exist. <sighs> it's okay. I mean, I'm kind of used to it. I live my own life and she lives hers. So that's why when I got my first cell phone and started to use social networks, I didn't try to search for her profiles, though I knew she was on all those platforms. That evening, my mom asked me to go upstairs to call Olivia for dinner. No answer. So I began pushing the door open. She suddenly appeared from the bathroom and yelled, Hey, what are you doing? You know you're not allowed in my room. I knocked, but you didn't answer. Mom says it's dinner time. She hissed at me and shooed me away. Ugh. Why did she have to treat me like I was some pest? The way she was so weird about her room was annoying. Hmm, maybe she was hiding something in there? Nah, probably I was just overthinking this. Olivia was always like this. Life went on, and my sister, well, she continued to distance herself from me. But then one weekend, I walked downstairs to find her cheerfully humming a song as she danced around the kitchen. When she saw me, she smiled and said, Morning, sis. Come sit here. I made you breakfast. Okay? This was weird. I cautiously sat down and kept looking at her. Um, why are you so happy? And where are mom and dad? Mom and dad just rushed off on some work thing. Then she put the plate in front of me, grinned, then continued. Mom made cookies this morning and told you to take them to Grandma's. Tell her I said hi. Oh, you're not coming with me? No, no can do. Sorry, I've got work to do. She continued to look at me and I got the feeling she wanted me to hurry up. Before I'd even finished my toast, she passed me my jacket and bundled me out of the door. Having no choice, I made my way to Granny's while in deep thoughts about how odd this was. Until... I realized that I didn't even have the cookie bag with me. I'd left it at home. Gosh, I immediately rushed back. But, hmm, why was there a strange car parked outside my house? I lingered back and watched as a middle-aged man got out of the car. Before he even got to the door, Olivia opened it and smiled at him. I dove behind a bush so I could carry on watching. Huh? Why was he handing her flowers and a gift box? She happily took them from him and even leaned into his ear and said something. Oh my god. So this explains my sister's strange behavior. They're a couple, aren't they? I never thought that my sister would be interested in an old man like this. Shocking. But wait, what if... What if he's deceiving her? as Olivia may look sharp, but she's actually very innocent. If that was the case, I would beat him black and blue.
But this was just my speculation. I can't hastily act without knowing the truth. So I decided not to let them know that I was there and quietly entered the house through the back door to get the cookie bag. Later that day when I arrived home, my sister was back to her ice queen self. She was cooking in silence, so I told her grandma said hi, and she just grunted and carried on stirring her soup. Hmm, I needed to find out what was actually going on. The perfect opportunity arose a few weeks later, when mom and dad went away on a weekend trip. I told Olivia I was meeting some friends for a picnic, but this was a lie. I actually hid in my faithful hiding spot and watched. As expected, the old man showed up and Olivia let him inside. The door was ajar, so I tiptoed inside and heard them laughing in the living room. I peeked in, and to my astonishment, my sister was sitting on the couch wearing the weirdest outfit ever. It was those kinds of clothes that only catwalk models wear. And most of all, she had this heavy makeup on and looked like a totally different person. The strange man was sitting next to her. Both of them were looking at her phone and laughing happily. Oh gosh, now everything was clear. From her reserved nature to her seem-to-be-secret room, it was all so she could continue to hide this age-difference love story. I didn't know how to react now. I just kind of felt bad for her because she had to hide it. I mean, this was her home, and we were her family. We might not have been close, but she was my big sister, and I wanted her to be happy. If this love was real, then I fully supported her. And if this guy turned out to be bad, well, then I'd protect her to the end. My parents returned that evening, so I set up a family movie night. A great idea for family bonding, right? I chose a romantic movie in which the main actress is much younger than her boyfriend. In the middle of the movie, I turned to my parents and asked, Mom, Dad, if you were their parents, would you allow that relationship? They gave me confused looks. Then Dad immediately asked, Hey, Addie, don't tell us that you're in love with an old man, huh? This startled me, but before I could say anything the doorbell rang. I was about to go open the door, just to avoid answering dad's question, but Olivia was faster. Not long after that, she turned back and shouted at me. Addie, how dare you touch my phone? What's up, Liv? Who's at the door? Go ask your dear daughter Addison. She gave me a dirty look, then stormed up to her room. My parents immediately bombarded me with loads of questions. What's happening here? Who was the one ringing the bell? Why that manner of Olivia? Okay, the one who rang the bell was Olivia's boyfriend. So earlier, when Olivia left her phone in the kitchen, I noticed that there was a message from a man named Henry Davis. I immediately searched for him on Facebook and found out that this was the same guy who'd been visiting her. So I used her phone to text him, telling him to come around at 8 p.m., I thought it would be better if Olivia could make her relationship public with our parents. But, Hayes, it seems she didn't take it very well. Anyway, now I had no choice but to tell my parents everything. Their faces dropped, and without saying anything, they ran upstairs and banged on Olivia's door. But there was no reply. Instead, all of us heard a rattling sound from the back door, and Olivia had fled. Our parents' faces turned red while I felt so guilty as I not only wasn't able to help her, 
but only worsened the situation. The next day, Olivia still hadn't returned. She also didn't show up for school, which caused my parents to freak out. Then I suddenly thought of Henry. Right, why didn't I think of asking him from the beginning? So I immediately contacted Henry and asked him to help find Olivia. That afternoon, when I just got home from school, I saw Henry driving off. There was a note stuck to the door saying Olivia was fine with an address below. And it also said if we come there at 9 a.m., we'll see Olivia. The next morning, we showed up earlier than scheduled. Huh? It was a studio. And just like Henry said, Olivia was there. She looked so glamorous and was so busy prepping for a photo shoot that she didn't seem to notice us. Henry welcomed us and started explaining everything that made my parents, as well as me, speechless. Turns out, the truth was far from what I thought. He was not her boyfriend. Instead, he's her manager. He saw Olivia's potential and guided her to become a photo model and a TikToker. The flowers and gifts were from the brand she was working with. And the other day, she wore that outfit and makeup for a TikTok video. After the shoot was over, we walked over to her. But she took one look at us and ran away. I managed to catch up with her, then said, Sis, why didn't you just tell us the truth? We're your family. We'll always be on your side. On my side? Really? You have no idea what it's like to be an outsider. It doesn't matter how many competitions I win. I'm invisible, while you get praised for just getting an okay grade on a math test. I want to be a model, but they don't want that for me. They want me to be miserable. I'd rather leave that house to do what I love. I was dumbfounded, and so were mom and dad, who by this point had caught up with us and heard everything she'd just said. Dad hugged Olivia, then in an emotional voice said, Olivia, it's not that we forbid you from doing what you want. We were just worried for you. We just know that this industry can be complicated, and we don't want you to get hurt. That's right. And it's not true that we love Addie more than you. You just excel at everything, and we just didn't want Addie to feel insecure. We're really sorry, Olivia. We all love you. Oh, no, Mom. Don't worry. I never felt that way. Actually, I've always admired Olivia, and it made me sad when she ignored me. Olivia burst out crying, and our whole family hugged each other tightly. Sorry to interrupt, but you must have had some idea about Olivia being an internet star already, right? I mean, it's easy to tell from her social networks. I shyly said, I... I don't follow any of her accounts. I thought she just wanted me out of her way. Henry then patted my head and showed us Olivia's social media accounts. And wow, she had millions of views and followers. We all watched some of her TikTok videos together, and she totally rocked it. Seeing how much this meant to her, my parents came round to the idea of her being a model, and they even thanked Henry for helping her. Then Olivia came closer to me. Hey, Addie, I'm sorry for being so cold in the past. Turns out, you love me so much and will support me regardless. At least now, if I really fall in love with an old man, I don't have to worry, right? Then everyone laughed. Oh, even though my plan didn't, well, go exactly as intended, 
I still call it a success, because it all ended out great in the end. You thought it was all finished, huh? Nope, not yet. There's one more thing I want to show you guys. That night, for the first time, Olivia let me go inside her room. Wow, it was like a mini studio with expensive flashlights, a ring light, and a camera. And her clothes and makeup collection were super impressive. Oh, do you remember what I said at the beginning of the video about being an ordinary girl? Well, that hasn't changed. But now I can confidently say that there is one thing I do have. And that's an awesome big sister who loves me unconditionally. Finally, after an 11-hour flight, I arrived at LAX, Los Angeles International Airport. It's awesome! I can't wait to see my mom. You see, my dad's French and my mom's American. We used to all live together in France, but then they split up and mom moved back here. Of course, I've talked to her on FaceTime and stuff, but this will be the first time I've properly seen her in five years. I haven't visited before because mom's a super successful businesswoman and she works really hard. That meant she wouldn't have the time to provide me with the attention I needed. But now that I'm 16 and I can look after myself, I'm finally able to visit. So thanks to my dad and stepmom for my plane ticket birthday present, I'm now in sunny LA for a whole month. Not only do I get to spend time with mom, but I also get to chill out in her enormous villa. Ah, <sighs> bliss. But first, let's get all my luggage, then find a taxi to my mom's. Yeah, unfortunately, she couldn't come to pick me up since she had some work to do. But no problem, I can handle this myself. Okay, maybe I spoke too soon. It's been half an hour and my luggage was nowhere to be seen. Then, this handsome guy approached me and said, Hey, looks like your luggage has gone AWOL. Do you need any help? Cute and helpful. Hmm... I could totally get used to U.S. guys. I showed him my ticket, and turns out, I was waiting at the wrong carousel. Oops. After guiding me to the correct one, this guy, whose name I found out was Zach, even pulled my luggage down for me. But one of my cases got stuck and burst open, causing everything to tumble out. Girl, it's not your lucky day, is it? He burst out laughing. Oh well, at least it wasn't all bad. I mean, a cute guy had rescued me, right? He helped me pick up my things, then he offered to drive me to my mom's house. After some 30 minutes, he began to slow down. I looked out the window and, oh my god! This is the chicest villa ever! The pool, the tennis court, the palm trees. It was exactly like a movie star home. I was gawping at the villa when suddenly I heard a car engine sound. Startled, I turned around to see Zack zooming away. My suitcases! I yelled. Ugh, my laptop and iPad were in there too. Oh God, why is this happening to me? And on my very first day in the US? At least I still had my phone and passport with me. Phew. So I called my mom. Needless to say, I was a distraught mess when she arrived. Who'd have thought that such a kind-looking guy would turn out to be a thief? Anyways, my mom could buy me new clothes and things, and I could still have an amazing time in her villa, right? Mom led me to my room and told me to get some rest. After that disaster, I was dead exhausted, so I quickly fell asleep on the comfiest bed ever. 
When I awoke, it was dark outside. I realized I hadn't eaten anything since the flight, so I went downstairs and checked the fridge and cupboards. Huh? They were all empty. I was still digging around in the kitchen when my mom returned with some burgers. Sweetie, I only got back from my business trip yesterday, so I haven't had time to go to the grocery store. Let's just eat fast food today, okay? I didn't mind, as it was awesome to have dinner with my mom again after such a long time. I took a look around the room. There was barely any furniture here. My mom said that's minimalism, a trendy lifestyle in LA nowadays. Less is more. How cool is that? The next morning we went out, but what's with that old rusty car? Seeing my confused look, she quickly explained that this was only temporary as her car was being serviced. But then mom couldn't get the garage door to open. Turns out, normally she had her own chauffeur. But since I've traveled thousands of miles to visit her, she wanted to drive herself. Huh, how sweet. In the following days, my mom and I enjoyed ourselves in LA. Sunbathing by the pool, spa days, shopping. This is definitely the best vacation of my life. At least until... That morning, I was awoken by a loud quarrel. Looking down from the stairs, I saw Mom in the living room with a strange woman. She was pointing at the couch. Jeez, that's where I spilled soy sauce yesterday while eating sushi. Then Mom appeared and sounded flustered. She told me to quickly pack my things as we were leaving. Um, Mom, is there something wrong? Oh, nothing, sweetie. It's just that the couch is dirty, so let's just get someone in to clean the entire villa. Wow. Mom would deep clean the whole house just because of a soy sauce stain? How rich is she? So, where will we stay this time? A luxurious five-star hotel? Or a magnificent mansion in Beverly Hills? <sighs> but then the car came to a stop in front of some shabby apartment building. Huh? This couldn't be right. Mom told me this was her friend's spare apartment, so we would stay here a few days for convenience. Elena, it's probably best if you stay away from the people in this area. They don't have the same lifestyle as us. You know what I mean. Ugh. Yeah, this place was the opposite of the villa. Cramped room, hard bed, and the bathroom didn't even have a bathtub. Since moving here, Mom didn't take me out anymore. In the evenings, she dressed up all elegantly and went out to her fancy work meetings. On one such evening... I was sitting alone watching YouTube, munching on french fries for the fifth time this week, when there was a knock on the door. I opened it, and standing there was a scruffy guy, claiming to be Frankie, the landlord's son. I told him there must be a mistake, as we were only here for a few days. Then I went to close the door, but he blocked it with his foot. Miss Anita has rented this apartment for two years. What do you mean a few days? I just saw her take a cab at the front door. Don't lie to me. No, my mom is a successful businesswoman who has a villa in Brentwood Park. Then you must have mistaken your mom for someone else. In short, remind your businesswoman mom to pay the rent. Then he sneered and walked away. How dare he say that? And why did I keep on running into jerks? Ugh! When mom returned, I told her what had happened. I thought she'd find it funny or something, but nope. Instead, she got really mad. You shouldn't have opened the door to him. I told you not to socialize with the people here. 
Okay, hearing made-up lies about yourself like that must suck, but did she have to be so furious about it? The next morning, I was drinking tea on the balcony when suddenly I saw a familiar face passing by down the street. My god, it was the jerk from the airport. Zack! That thief! I shouted, rushing down, but when I got there, he disappeared. I was still exasperated when a voice came from behind. What on earth are you doing screaming this early in the morning? I turned around to see Frankie leaning against the wall with his arms folded. None of your business, swindler. Huh? Swindler? What do you mean? Quit lying. I already told my mom all about you trying to con money out of me. Hmm, is that so? So, you think I'm the liar? Before I could answer that provoking question, I heard my mom's voice calling down from the balcony. Hey, rich girl, if you want a reality check, I suggest you come meet me tonight, and we'll go follow your mom. Mom appeared and, frowning, asked me why I was talking to Frankie. I blurted out something about asking for directions, then quickly entered the room and closed the door. Frankie was clearly a thieving, lying jerk, right? But then, why were his words lingering in my mind? I had noticed a few strange things, such as when we were at the villa, I asked mom where the cutlery was, but she couldn't remember. But then in this apartment, she immediately got it. Plus, why was there a photo of her in the bedroom when this was her friend's place? That night, when mom was getting ready to go out again, I spotted her necklace. Only, it was actually my necklace. The one that had been stolen along with the rest of my stuff. My dad got that necklace custom-made just for me, so it was a one-of-a-kind, but why did mom have it? I complimented her on it and asked her where she'd got it from. Blushing, she excitedly told me that this rich man she'd just started dating had bought it for her. Then she said he was taking her for dinner tonight. I forced a smile, but my head was filled with questions. Who really was mom? I secretly followed my mom down the street. Suddenly, a hand patted my shoulder. Let's go. I turned around and it was Frankie. Without saying anything, I nodded and quickly got into his car. And we followed mom's taxi. Hold on. Isn't that the villa we stayed in before? After a while, a luxury car arrived, taking my mom to a nearby expensive restaurant. We peered through the glass wall. There she was. My mom was sitting there, smiling and talking with some man in a suit. Was she pretending to live in that villa to trick that man? Was my mom a gold digger? I couldn't watch any more of this, so I pulled on Frankie's arm. But weirdly, he seemed to be as shocked as I was. Um, wasn't this your idea? So why the pale face? He just shook his head and took me home. We waited in the apartment for mom to return, and oh boy... It was tense. Around midnight, we heard the door open, and Mom walked in and looked at us in alarm. She started shooing Frankie out of there, but I interrupted her. Mom, I know everything. You've lived here for two years. You're poor, and you scam rich men. Sweetie, it's not like that. Please calm down and I'll explain everything to you. So, it turns out, after divorcing my dad, she was determined to go back to the U.S. and succeed at business. But she failed, and she was so embarrassed she lied to me and Dad. 
Then when she heard that I was coming to visit, she spent the little savings she had on renting a swanky villa for me. But when I accidentally spilled soy sauce on that expensive couch, she couldn't afford to fix it. So we were kicked out. As for the man I was with tonight, I ran into him while walking outside the villa. He's rich and nice. He likes me and I like him too. But what about that necklace? Mom, it's actually mine. It was in my stolen suitcase. My mom gave me a confused look. But before she could say anything, Frankie blurted out, That man's a fraud. Mom and I gaped at Frankie as he turned to me and said, I'm sorry, but I think you guys need to know the truth. Then Frankie told us how that man was none other than Zack's dad. After taking me back to the villa, Zack figured my mom was rich, so he persuaded his dad to come and flirt with her. But how did you dig up the dirt on these guys? Because I know Zack. When I saw Lana chasing him, I knew he'd stolen from her. But he's my friend. Great! So you've both been lying to me! Then I rushed into my room, locked the door, and burst into tears. The next morning, Mom knocked on my door, but I ignored her. Elena, I get that you're upset with me, but I've left a sandwich here, so please at least eat something. I'm really sorry. Just wanted to be the perfect mother for you. Her words caused me to sob all over again. But I can say, from the bottom of my heart, I feel sorry for her. After that, I opened the door and hugged her tightly, and then we both blubbered into each other's arms. I'm leaving L.A. today. With Mum. She's moving back to France with me, where she can start afresh. While I was dragging my suitcase to the taxi, Frankie appeared and apologized to me. I just shrugged and told him it didn't matter anymore. I mean, at least he came clean in the end and saved my mom from that swindler. Hey, rich girl, good luck. And, um, feel free to keep in touch. So, what now? Well, Mum is settling back into French life. She has a new job and a chic apartment. I go and stay with her each weekend, and it's good to finally spend time with the real her. As for Frankie, well, we send each other lots of Snapchats. So, okay, maybe I kind of like him. I'm planning to visit him in the summer. Hopefully my next trip to the U.S. won't be as crazy as my last one. <laughs> I was so nervous, like the most nervous I'd ever been in my life. I didn't even know it was possible for a press conference to get so crowded. Suddenly the flashes came at me from every direction. It was almost blinding, but the clicking didn't stop, as well as the sound of them calling my name. Hazel, look here! Here, over here, Hazel! Oh my gosh, why was this so chaotic? I started to panic, so I ran away, but I'd only taken a few steps before thump! Oh, these stupid high heels. Oh, hi. I didn't see you there. Well, let's be real. It's kind of hard to see anyone from this angle. Then from every direction, the reporters swarmed in like starving vultures trying to take pictures of me. I was still confused and didn't know what to do when... Gentlemen, please give her some space. Are you okay? Robert, my adoptive dad, came to help me up. Um, excuse us, this is her first time attending such a crowded event. If it's all right with you, 
will help her answer your questions. Phew, I'd finally escaped the chaos. Or so I thought. As soon as he got into the house, Robert shouted, Pamela! Which gave me the fright of my life. Didn't I tell you to teach Hazel some manners? How could you let her embarrass herself in front of the public like that? Pamela looked mortified and kept bowing down and apologizing, but Robert was still furious. If this happens again, you better pack your bags and get out of here. I felt so guilty. It was all because of me that she had been shouted at like that. But I'd done my best. Clearly, it wasn't good enough, though. I tried to forget about it, but early the next morning, Pamela woke me up. She gave me a timetable and told me that from now on, I wouldn't need to go to school anymore and that a tutor would come to teach me at home instead. What? Why all of a sudden? I asked Pamela in shock. It was because of yesterday's incident. The mayor has decided that you need to spend more time learning the necessary etiquette. Are you serious? He can't just keep me locked up here. No way. Hazel? Listen, you should be grateful that you got adopted into this house. Keep in mind of everything Mr. Cornelius has done for you and obediently do as I say. Do you understand what I mean? Looking into Pamela's eyes, I knew I had no choice but to agree. <sighs> the day of the opening ceremony for the town hall had finally arrived, and I got to leave the house for the first time in a month. A whole month. Now was the moment of truth. In the eyes of the public, I had completely transformed into a proper, prestigious lady. When Robert started speaking at the ceremony, he announced a charity fundraiser for my orphanage in the hopes that children like me would be given a chance to live a better life. Hearing this speech, I could barely hold back my tears. I was sitting next to my adoptive mom, Eleanor, so I turned to give her a big hug. Suddenly, all eyes were on me, and it seemed I'd finally done something right. I smiled up at Robert, and we both had tears in our eyes. Maybe Pamela was right. I really was lucky to have been adopted by such kind people. But as soon as we got home, things changed. My parents got all quiet and went off to their room, leaving me alone. Where was my praise? I'd done so well, hadn't I? Why weren't they happy? The following days, they still asked me to join them for their events, so I guess I must have done a good job. And while the media and public were around, they were all touchy-feely and affectionate towards me, constantly praising me. We must have looked like the perfect family. But the minute we got home, they'd ignore me, and if they wanted to tell me something, they'd get Pamela to speak to me. It was so flipping weird. I actually started to feel quite lonely and depressed. And even though I was living in the lap of luxury, I missed the orphanage. One day, Pamela's daughter, aka the only friend I had in this enormous mansion, Paisley saw how upset I was and asked, Hey, so why do you agree to move into this house? You're clearly unhappy here. Paisley got me. She was the same age as me, so we were on the same wavelength. I was nervous to tell her how I felt, but I knew she would understand, so I told her everything. The thing is, I actually have a sister. She's only eight, and she's called Amber. That's why I was missing the orphanage. She was still there. She's got congenital heart disease, so after our parents passed away, the orphanage couldn't afford her hospital bills. When the mayor's family decided to adopt me, I refused because I didn't want to leave Amber alone. But then Robert offered to pay for her medical treatments if I agreed. And well, the rest is history. You see, I can't just leave. If I did, what would happen to Amber? Oh, Hazel, I didn't know. I'm so sorry. But I need to be honest with you. One time I overheard Robert and Eleanor saying that you were the perfect girl to play this role. Huh? What role? That meant, were they using me for something? 
It didn't make any sense, but those words kept lingering on my mind until... One time, Eleanor asked me to join her at a charity event, which she said was going to be broadcast on TV. Our job was to prepare homemade food and give it out to the homeless. I was so excited, but when I walked into our kitchen, I discovered the chefs had already cooked everything before the filming crew arrived. I was so disappointed and asked Eleanor about it. She just laughed and said, Oh, no, sweetie, our job is just to look pretty and graceful in front of the camera. Then before distributing the food, she gave me a pair of gloves and said, Don't touch any of their hands, okay? They are filthy. Oh my gosh, how could she say such things? Oh, then it hit me. I understood what Paisley had said now. The affection and kindness that the Corneliuses were showing me was actually just for show. All to win over the audience, aka the public, while this was their very true face. I had to do something about this. I couldn't let them keep on deceiving the public like this. So when Eleanor went to the bathroom and took off her gloves, I quickly grabbed them and threw them in the trash. When we went back out, a homeless man approached her to express his gratitude and asked for a handshake. Of course, she tried to refuse, but at that moment, the camera turned to her, so she had no choice but to give in. And you know what? The man didn't just shake her hand. He even pulled Eleanor in for a big hug. I couldn't hold back my laughter at how flustered she looked. Served her right. Afterward, Eleanor grabbed my arm and dragged me to a quiet corner. Then she said, It was you who did this, wasn't it? I pretended to have no idea what she was talking about, and this just infuriated her even more. Then later that evening when we got home, Robert was already waiting and shouted at me. What do you think you're playing at? I was confused. But then Eleanor added, Don't you ever mess with me like that again. Now listen closely. Don't you miss your little sis? Aren't you curious if she's doing okay or not? That's right. You better have behaved yourself from now on, young lady. I was so shaken by what they'd said. I didn't even want to leave my room. What if something happened to my sister? Then suddenly, Paisley climbed through my window into my room. As soon as I saw her, I burst into tears. Paisley, please help me with this. I need you to go to my orphanage and check on Amber and see if she's okay. A few hours later, Paisley came back panting. Your sister? She's not doing good. What? But hadn't she been receiving money for her monthly treatments? Paisley shook her head. The nuns there said they hadn't received a penny since you left. Now Amber is barely surviving. Paisley's words broke my heart. Those two had been fooling me all this time, and now my sister's life was hanging on by a thread. I had to get to the bottom of this. I walked past Robert's office, and that's when I overheard someone talking. Curious, I peeked in and saw a group of middle-aged men sitting around a table. One of them spoke up. Hey, Robert, the election day is coming. Is that little girl still doing a decent job? Oh, don't worry about her. She's just a silly little kid. She believes anything I tell her, especially about her sick sister, Robert smirked. How dare he speak about my sister like that? I had to do something. I couldn't let this vicious man keep on fooling everyone like he'd done to me. So I took out my phone and started filming. Speaking of which, how much charity money have we got so far? One hundred thousand dollars, Robert said. And the room was filled with praise. Gentlemen, by the time of the closing party for the charity this weekend, we should have almost $500,000 for the election campaign. 
As soon as I win, your business will continue to be tax-reduced for the next four years. I had to cover my mouth to stop myself from gasping. So this whole time, he'd been exploiting me and the orphanage for his corruption? Gosh, I was such an idiot to fall right into his trap. Suddenly, my phone buzzed. Who's there? Robert shouted and rushed to the door. Oh no! Panicked, I ran, but not far enough before I tripped and the phone flew out of my hand. Robert and his men caught up with me, picked up my phone, and deleted all my evidence. They even took the phone away from me. He turned to me and said, I've already warned you, have I not? You're a liar, I yelled. You haven't paid a penny to my sister, Robert growled. Who told you that? But all he had for an answer was my silence and fuming look. Furious, he dragged me back to my room. Maid, bring me the keys to her room. And then he locked me up inside until the day of the closing party of the charity rolled around, where they'd be announcing the amount of money they'd collected. That day, all the staff were out of the mansion. Suddenly, I heard the door being unlocked. Panicked, I hid behind the closet. Hazel, where are you? Oh, it was just Paisley. Ah. She found a way to sneak me out of the mansion and told me to run straight back to the orphanage. But no, first I had to expose that sly old fox Robert. Luckily, when I got to the event, Robert was giving his speech. I immediately ran up to the stage, snatched the mic, and told everyone about his evil plan. But I was no match for him. Before I could finish, security was dragging me off the stage, and Robert had already taken control of the situation. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm so sorry for my daughter's behavior. She's... The reason why we decided to adopt her was that she's mentally ill. Since she came to our home, she has become better, but as you can see, there's been a bit of a relapse. What a snake! This jerk would stop at nothing to get what he wanted. Just then, the big screen on stage suddenly showed the video I'd taken, revealing all the schemes of Robert and his accomplices. Now he was well and truly exposed. I watched as he stammered. No, this can't be happening. Right at that moment, the police rushed in to arrest Robert and his accomplices in the stands. You might be wondering how we pulled that off. Well, as I was running through the hallway, I managed to send the video to Paisley. As soon as she received it, she came to find me and saw everything that had happened. So she secretly ran to her mom for help. Pamela then made a plan. While Paisley freed me from the mansion, Pamela set to work on projecting the video on the big screen. Genius, right? A month later, Robert and his accomplices were arrested for embezzlement. And, of course, he got locked up for a long, long time. Both him and Eleanor received such massive backlash from the public, to the point that she had to stay hidden away too. The charity money, luckily, was brought back to the orphanage, and part of it was used to take care of my sister Amber. She's doing much better now. Oh, and Paisley and I are still best of friends. Pamela has found a way better job. And as for me... I went back to stay at the orphanage until I'm old enough to move out. I'm better off being on my own with my sister than being adopted by some messed up family again. <sighs> Too much studying and not enough sleep was making me feel like a zombie. Chocolate would help, right? So I drowsily walked downstairs. Huh? Why was my whole family there with their suitcases? Um, 
Are you guys going somewhere? Yes, Colorado for a ski trip. <gasps> That's awesome! You're the best, Daddy! Not you, Helen. You have studying to do. And this is a special award for Christine for winning her scholarship. What? So you're just going to leave me out because of some meaningless grades? This is so unfair. Ugh! Whatever. I don't even need them to go with me. Shh. Come here. And I'm going to let you in on a secret. I can go to the ski resort by myself and have way more fun. But how, you ask? It's called lucid dreaming. I first heard about it through the biggest buzz movie, Inception, and realized that I've had experienced the same things before. Since then, I've become an expert at this. So before I go to bed, I just have to write a script saying where I want to go, with whom, what I want to do, and three, two, one. I'm asleep and living my best life. In fact, I could say that those beautiful self-designed dreams are like meditation to me. Because, to be honest, my real life is tedious. No matter how hard I tried, I was no match for my younger half-sister, Christine. In my dad and grandma's eyes, a child of a doctor in physics, as well as a grandchild of a history professor, should automatically be a walking encyclopedia or something. But unfortunately, I didn't excel at the academic side of life. <sighs> they treat Christine like this precious gemstone and me like some boring old rock. Every week usually entails her getting excellent grades or winning some reward, and all of my family lavishing her with gifts and praise, while I'm treated like an outsider in my own family. Ugh! Just thinking about it makes me want to scream. So, they want me to stay home and concentrate on tomorrow's test, huh? Nah, you wish. So, instead, I grabbed my pen and started writing tonight's awesome dream script. Let's see. That's right. The obnoxious Roger dared to heartlessly throw the candy I gave him in the trash, even though he'd been flirting with me. What a jerk. I will definitely retaliate against him tonight. Lying in bed, I closed my eyes and repeated this sentence. I'm going to kick him out of my life. And you won't believe it. In the dream, he kept chasing me like crazy, but I totally blanked him. <laughs> Helen, wake up. Time's running out. My best friend Gabby kicked my chair and I jolted awake. Oh no, there were only five minutes left. I frantically ticked on the paper and hurriedly submitted it to the monitor. Hey, did you not get any sleep or something? Well, I stayed up late writing the script for my dream. It was worth it as I got payback on Roger. What if you get a bad grade? Never mind. I'll be fine when I come home tonight with an A-plus dream. <laughs> but things turned out not to be as simple as I thought. That afternoon when I arrived home, I was about to sneak up to my bedroom to write my next amazing script when someone grabbed my bag strap and pulled me back. It was Grandma and Dad, and both of them seemed to be mad. How long are you going to live like this? Education is important to this family, yet you don't seem to care. Do you realize this week alone your teacher has contacted me three times? But dad, I really don't like those boring subjects. I only like no more drawing or writing your silly stories. You need to focus on your studies, else you'll end up a useless person like... She suddenly stopped, which made me curious. Like who? But neither she nor my dad said anything. They just quietly walked away, leaving me alone. Honestly, I never wanted to disappoint them that much. So this time I was going to try my best to not let them down. Dad! Grandma! Look, look! I got a B plus in my math test. 
No one cared what I said. My stepmom cuddled Christine and looked at her with sparkling eyes. My wonderful daughter, I know the top student award is just a piece of cake to you, unlike someone else. Then she turned to me and tutted, Helen, please, you're making a show of yourself. That's embarrassing. My face fell and I forced back tears. But I tried so hard to get this grade. A B plus is nothing to be proud of. I chucked my exam paper in the trash, then stormed up to my room. It didn't matter what I did or how hard I tried. This household would always treat me like a loser. Dream on, Helen. Go back to your happy place. In front of me was the crimson sunset sky. I'd been scripting this moment for so long, lounging lazily on the beach without anyone complaining. But suddenly the sky darkened and the inky clouds seemed intent on swallowing me. Huh? What was going on? This wasn't a part of the script. Terrified, I ran into a forest, but it was so dark and spooky here, and I tripped over a branch and fell. Ouch! As I rubbed my ankle and started crying my eyes out, suddenly a strange woman appeared. She took me into a wooden house at the end of the forest and gently helped bandage me up. This woman, well, she didn't scare me at all. Instead, I felt warm around her. Curious, I tried to take a closer look at her face, but then I suddenly woke up and realized tears were rolling down my cheeks. What a strange dream. I immediately drew all the things I'd seen. That forest, that house, but strangely, I couldn't remember that woman's face. Why are you drawing all this nonsense? My dad snatched the sketch from my hand and looked at it, frowning. It appeared in my dream and... Get rid of them all. From now on, if I see you wasting your time on these stupid drawings again, there will be consequences. This was too much. I couldn't live without drawing. It was the only thing keeping me sane. I had to get out of here. Live my way. Forget them and their stupid standards. I would create my own world. I planted myself in Gabby's room, and this is where I've been for almost a week. Luckily, Gabby's parents are totally chill with me staying. As for my family, pfft. They haven't messaged me once. And yes, dreams do go on. But now I dreaded going to sleep as my lucid dreams were still all messed up. Sometimes beautiful, sometimes bad. And for the most part, it did not turn out the way I wanted it to anymore. Until one day, that creepy forest appeared again. No matter how much I screamed to wake myself up, I still couldn't get out of that nightmare. Panicked, I kept running and running in the hope of finding a safe place till I saw that woman. And once again, she reached out her hand to help me. This time, I wouldn't miss my chance. I looked carefully at her face, remembering every detail, and as soon as I woke up, I drew her. Wow, I didn't know you watched this kind of show. <laughs> Gabby giggled. What show? Look, she's a celebrity. She hosts some TV show that my mom watches sometimes. So, that woman is a real person? If so, I have to find her. I didn't really know what was going on, only that there was something tying me to this woman and I needed to figure this out. Luckily, Gabby has an uncle who works at the studio and he gave us special passes to meet this host in the flesh. When the cameras stopped filming, she turned and saw me and her eyes widened in alarm. Helen? Helen, is it really you? Then she rushed over and hugged me. Huh? What did she just say? We didn't know each other and... The weird thing is, this hug didn't feel strange at all. Instead, I felt the same warmth as when she'd taken care of me in my dream. 
As she loosened her embrace on me and gave me this beaming smile, I said, Um, and you are? Darling, it's me, your mother. That's when I realized something. Of course she was my mom! Look, we had the same eyes! Needless to say, this was a huge shock. We hugged each other for a long time in tears. Then mom took me backstage, got me a glass of water, then she told me everything. So after I was born, mom once got caught up in a cheating scandal. Dad was angry about the damage this would do to his career, so he kicked her out of the house and wouldn't let her see me. A long time later, she found out that grandma was behind everything, just because she didn't approve of this marriage, so she came up with that plan. But why didn't you ever try to find me when you've always been living this close? Oh, no, sweetie. I've always kept an eye on you. One time, years ago, I saw you playing in the park. You had your hair and pigtails, and uh, I tried to approach you, but your dad threatened me. He is a very powerful man who's actually capable of destroying my life, and I didn't think it was fair to drag you through all of that. But things have changed now. I'll never leave you alone, ever again. I strolled into the house like normal, and everyone stopped what they were doing and glared at me with disgust. Oh, you're back. If you're not prepared to study properly, then don't bother staying. I took a deep breath, then said, You can't treat me like this anymore. I try my best, and it's not fair that you punish me for just being me. So I'm leaving, and I'm never coming back. Psst, where will you go? That's when Mom walked in. Oh God, you should have seen the looks on their faces. Grandma actually looked like she'd swallowed a swarm of wasps. I stood by and let you manipulate and control me well no more. I'm taking my daughter and we're going to have the life we both deserve. Then, ignoring their angry words, she grabbed my arm and led me out of there. So that's the moment when I left home and moved in with my mom. Now I draw as much as I want. In fact, mom's letting me create a mural on the living room wall. It's going to be epic when it's finished. Oh, and about the lucid dreams, I don't write scripts anymore. Instead, I realize that I'm better off focusing on my reality and making myself the best version of myself I can be. After all, as great as a dream world can be, it's nowhere near as good as experiencing life firsthand. Hey, I'm Connor, and I'm currently taking a well-deserved break from studying to hang out with my friends. I go to college at the Georgia Institute of Tech, and I'm sure to be a top-notch architect one day soon. Now I just have one thing to deal with, then I can properly enjoy my night off. Oh, here she is. Connor, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to hurt you, but sorry. We should stop seeing each other. Ah, well, every ending is a new beginning. <laughs> Cheers. I was the master of getting girlfriends I'm tired of to break up with me. It was great. As this way, no one could ever accuse me of being a bad boy. <sighs> what to do now? I reluctantly had to find a new challenge then. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to turn this in. Um, that's okay. Just trying to find one more paper. Uh, um, what's your name? <laughs> I'm Connor. Hi. Hmm, her sparkling eyes, her shiny hair, her soft hands. But ugh, 
Why was suddenly some nerd dragging me away from the hot girl and into a corner? Before I could ask him what was going on, he started waving a photo of this girl in my face. So it turns out this dude is called Patrick, and the girl in the photo is Paige, his girlfriend. Their parents are both influential sorts and organize their whole engagement. Sounds great, right? I mean, she's pretty cute. But no, he wanted me to find a way to make Paige break up with them. I've heard a lot about you. I need your help. I can't do this myself. <laughs> huh? Sure, I get it. A real man will never be the one to break up first. I might be able to help, but first, let's see what kind of person she is. The conversation started to become super serious. From the sound of it, this page girl was a genuine, good-natured girl with a vulnerable side. So this needed to be handled with extra care, so that there wouldn't be any awkward family provocations for my clients. Hmm, perhaps... Nah, this way wouldn't work. Neither would that way. I was about to give up when suddenly Patrick stacked a pack of money, approximately $1,000, on the table. Help me, then it's all yours. Whoa, that was a lot of money to me. It would get me the magnificent PS5 of my dreams. <sighs> Besides, with my charm and handsome looks, I could make Paige fall in love with me and leave Patrick in no time. Genius! My debut had to be spectacular, so I looked online and hired some people pretending to be thugs to block Paige's path. Then I'd waltz in and rescue her. The plan was all set, so I leisurely walked to the rendezvous spot, but... Oh, no. Who knew those guys were real thugs? They threatened us, asked us to hand over all our belongings, then forced us to go to some abandoned warehouse. Oh, my God. The $1,000 was so not worth losing my life for. Yes, I was somewhat afraid, but my flirtatious instinct kicked in, and I turned to Paige and started talking to her. Oh, man, she's super sweet. And I notice that when she talks about something that interests her, she crinkles her nose. She's so cute, but most of all, she's really smart. Why, you ask? Because just an hour later, the cops showed up and arrested the thugs. Turns out, before Paige handed over her belongings, she quickly texted the thug's license plate to a friend and asked her to call the cops. Phew! And, luckily for me, thanks to this destiny meeting, I got a little more information about her and learned that Paige was planning to learn Spanish to major in tourism there. But there's one more important thing. That is, I think, I have a crush on her. She's not like any other girl I've met before. I want to win her heart, truly, not just because of the plan. It will be the best of both worlds. Patrick gets to be free of Paige, as requested. But she won't end up a lovelorn girl because she'll have a new handsome boyfriend by her side. Yep, that'll be me. <laughs> there was just one problem. In all the commotion of the day, I'd forgotten to ask Paige for her number. Oops. I had asked Patrick for it and then texted her, but sadly didn't receive a response. Hmm, I needed to be smart about this, so I decided to pretend to be a Spanish tutor. Yeah, I can't speak Spanish, but with my charm, that's no big deal, right? I created a flashy profile and told Patrick to pretend to surf and accidentally find me. Then show Paige. And so, ding! Hola, yo soy Professor Connor. But wait, sheesh! If only I'd studied Spanish harder in high school. And now the extent of my Spanish were just a few words I'd picked up from binge-watching Money Heist. So I just copied down Spanish lessons off YouTube and taught these to Paige. I don't know if it's because of my teaching skills or my charisma, but Paige seemed to think I was legit. <laughs> However, my flirting tricks weren't going so well. I knew she liked me. I mean, who wouldn't like me? Besides, she gave me these cute looks and laughed at my jokes. Our chemistry was undeniable. So when I reached over and placed my hand on top of hers, I felt sparks fly but then she gave me this awkward look and moved her hand away. She liked me, right? 
So why was she acting like this? I never failed at flirting. Feeling frustrated, I was trudging my way up the street when, huh? Was that Patrick happily holding hands with a girl? I recognized the long hair. It was Paige. Ugh, why can't she drop her lousy boyfriend already? And why won't she date me instead? I was about to leave, but the more I thought about it, the more resentful I became. So I bribed a little boy to run up to Paige and say, Why aren't you with Connor, you cheater? Mean, huh? But <laughs> Patrick would be pleased as he now had a legitimate excuse to break up with her anyway. But when the girl turned around, I realized that she wasn't Paige. The poor girl looked completely dumbfounded. Patrick started yelling at her and pulling on her arm so hard she almost fell over. Huh? Where's the nerd Patrick? And that wasn't cool at all. Then he raised his hand to hit her, but I zoomed in front of him. Stop! No reason to hit a woman, bro! Patrick immediately grabbed my collar. You dare play tricks with my Becky, huh? Seeing that, the shocked girl quickly ran away. No, no, I thought it was Paige, so I hired the boy just to give you an excuse to break up with her. Calm down, bro. Patrick reassessed the situation, then he cleared his throat and said, Oh, well, uh, I was bored of Becky anyway, thanks. I was still shocked by this jerky side of Patrick when he immediately said, uh, By the way, you can stop the plan with Paige. I decided I like her now. Lately, she's been so full of life and less clingy. He told me he would still pay me, then he hopped into a taxi. Ugh, that's the version of Paige when she's with me. I gave her that zest of life, you jerk. Whatever. From this day forth, he was no longer my client, and I didn't want his stupid money. <sighs> it was time I told Paige what Patrick was really like, so I arranged to meet her in a cafe and told her everything. But when she got over the initial shock, she snapped at me. I know this is all part of your twisted fabrication. I mean, you lied about speaking Spanish, and now you're just making up stories to break Patrick and me up. Then she threw my textbook back at me and stormed off. Oh man, that Patrick is such a slimeball. But I couldn't blame her for believing him over me. I'd seen firsthand how much of a wolf in sheep's clothing he was. I tried to find proof to show Paige, but that jerk sure covered his tracks. His whole nerdy bookworm facade was flawless. And he was still this sluggish nerd, wobbly clutching the bus handle to go to school every day. Ugh, what a con man. Just you wait, Patrick. It's time the world saw your true face. With such determination, I continued to spy on him around town. Then one time, like every other day, I was on duty when a group stopped me, accompanied by Patrick pointing at me. Here's our sandbag! Uh-oh, looks like I was busted. The whole group gathered around me, fists ready. Yeah, I was pretty terrified. There's no way I could fight off a group this size. I raised my fists and prepared for pain, but then someone shouted, Stop! It was Paige. Suddenly, Patrick immediately changed his attitude and ordered the group to leave. He told Paige that I stole his stuff, and his friends were helping him get it back. What? The swine! Connor isn't a thief, I know it for sure. There must be some misunderstanding. Please don't accuse him like that. Patrick's face changed. He grabbed Paige's hand and pulled her away, saying, We're getting engaged at the end of this month. Say no more. Okay, so I may have gate-crashed their engagement party, but I did hide at the back while the speeches were going on. Then to my surprise, as Patrick was talking, they both spotted me. Then Paige turned to him and shook her head. It hurt to see her like this. Perhaps she changed her mind. What do you mean? Is this because of Connor? Paige kept quiet, while Patrick's parents were furious. How dare you cheat on my son? Who do you think you are? Paige, why is this happening? Really, Paige, say something. Feeling the pressure and injustice of it all, poor Paige looked distraught as she desperately tried to hold back her tears. 
I really couldn't stand seeing her like that, so I jumped out of the crowd to come to her defense. Everyone calm down. Paige is the sweetest, most amazing girl, and she deserves better than this jerk. Don't listen to him. He's a thief and a fiancé stealer. I was done listening to this guy's slander. So I threw a punch straight at his smug face. Yeah, the engagement party had sure turned chaotic. I looked at the wreckage in front of me. The consequences that I had caused. Okay, so maybe coming here wasn't my best idea. Actually, this was all my fault for ever agreeing to help Patrick in the first place. Or I shouldn't have been a jerk in the first place. Feeling deflated, I arrived home and saw that I'd received a message from Paige. My heart thudded as I opened it. Thank you for everything and try to practice your Spanish as it's even worse than mine. Goodbye. And that was the last text she sent me. After that, I spent a month trying to contact her but received no reply. So finally, I plucked up my courage to go to Paige's house and was told that she'd left for Spain earlier than scheduled. Perhaps the shock was so huge that Paige wanted to leave this place as soon as possible. It was all my fault. I was the biggest jerk in this story and now I'd lost the girl. Alas, vengeance is bliss. So I walked inside, went straight to Patrick's table where he was wasted in the arms of a bunch of girls, took a picture and sent it to his family. What is done by night appears by day, my friend. A few days later, I heard that after being exposed, Patrick's parents had confiscated all of his bank cards. Even his current girlfriend dumped him. Ha! So that sealed the final breakup deal for my special guest. And now, guess where I'm at? Looking for the girl of my life, duh. And this time, I'm going to make sure I don't screw it up. So, here I am. Practicing this tricky pose, I must not fall over. Rosie, straighten your back. Hang in there. You've got this. That's Bradley, my yoga instructor. Can you see that? There are more than a dozen people in this class, yet he only seems to encourage me. Did this mean he liked me? I didn't need to look in a mirror to know my cheeks were lobster red right now. I'm Rosie, by the way. 18 years old. I'm still single. Not to brag, but... I know I'm kind of pretty, friendly, and fun to be around, so it's easy to tell that many guys are into me. But why do none of them ever dare to confess their feelings to me? Hmm, what were they so afraid of? Take Bradley, for instance. He clearly liked me, but was too shy to admit it. It was so obvious, as he kept deterring past my mat just so he could check out my position. Even my best friend Joseph noticed that, as every time Bradley approached, Joseph would have this cheeky smirk on and send me signals with his eyes. I already told him not to do that. After class, Joseph kept teasing me about it. He told me Bradley definitely had feelings for me and just needed one more push for leverage. Although I reluctantly told him to stop, he insisted on being the wingman by texting Bradley about me. Bradley, why don't you ask Rosie out? You two look really cute together. Come on, you know that wouldn't work. Huh? Why not? Because, Joseph, it's you I'm crazy about. I was not okay. What was the problem with all the men around me? Why didn't they like me? I couldn't go on like this. I must have a boyfriend. And I was dead serious about it. So after researching online, I found a dating coach to save me from my tragic single situation. So Martin, my coach, is super handsome, has a six-pack, and his business is a big hit. He's helped hundreds of sad single people find love. Flashy enough to trust, isn't it? Still, 
I was quite nervous when I met him. You know, the feeling that a therapist would judge you before treating you. But actually, he was reassuring, very open, and didn't ask too many questions. Let's just be open about this, all right? Manipulating someone into dating you is not the foundation to a healthy relationship. But don't worry, as I have the secret. Day one. And according to Martin, I needed to learn how to approach new people. I'm pretty shy, so taking the initiative was hard for me. But Martin taught me a trick. When I see a cute guy, I need to approach him within three seconds. This way my brain wouldn't have time to think, analyze, then talk myself out of it, and end up missing my chance. Okay, a hot guy was there staring at his phone. I must not overthink. One, two, three, go. Hi! Hi? Um, so I just saw you, and I think you're really hot. I'm here to say hi. Thanks for thinking my boyfriend's hot, but he's taken. I panicked, then rushed back to Martin and spluttered out, I, I, I can't. Hey, that was a success. You're just training your mind and body to take action. Go ahead. No way. Should we move to the next step? And this was the next step. I just needed to start a conversation in this place where everyone was in a mood to have a chat. It's simple, Rosie. Put yourself in a talkative mood. Go over to them and give them a compliment. But make sure it's genuine, else it won't count, okay? Got it. I spotted a man sitting alone, so I walked over to him. Hey, I like your... ring. O-M-G. Was that a wedding ring? <laughs> don't, don't worry. I'm single. And is it that hard to think of something to compliment me on? <laughs> and, um, you are smarter than you look. And yep, he left. Oh, what kind of compliment was that? Martin sat in a corner and watched me go from guy to guy and stutter out a string of terrible compliments. You did great, Rosie. Don't be discouraged. Now, when you actually see someone you like, you'll be more natural. Martin said, that body language is a crucial part of keeping the conversation going. So, the plan was to practice this at Joseph's birthday party. This time Martin couldn't be there in person, but we still stayed in touch via my Bluetooth earphones so he could guide me. The mission today was to initiate physical contact with someone and make them feel close to me. Anyone who knows me knows that I am not good with these things. So I kept giving them this weird slap on the back. Hey, I heard an ouch. Are you hitting them? I said just a light tap. I don't think I can do this. I'm too shy. And now guys are giving me weird looks. Martin said this time I should make the boys take the initiative, and then things would come more naturally. Okay, I'll give it one last try. This boy I like, Nathan, is over by the pool. But he's in a group. Nothing to worry about. You'll make him come to you. Now listen and follow. I walked over to the bar and made sure I was in Nathan's eyesight sat as naturally as possible, made eye contact with him, and smiled. Oh, Martin, this is stupid. He doesn't even know me. Just wait. OMG. He's waving at me. Should I come now? No, no, no. Wave him over. Okay. You should take responsibility for this, Martin. I waved Nathan over. Then, to my surprise, he got up and started walking toward me. OMG, help. What should I do? Give a no-tooth smile. Then say, I just want to say hi. What? That was all? But he was coming closer and I had no choice. I just want to say hi. And I want to have your phone number, cutie. I couldn't believe it. 
that was a real success. We texted the whole night. We got on so well. He was clearly flirting with me. This is crazy. But then two weeks passed by and I didn't hear from him at all. I kept on looking at my phone, expecting Nathan to call, but he never did. So I immediately rang my coach for help. Ready for the bad news? So, that means he doesn't like you. A busy man like Napoleon could still write thousands of romantic love letters to his Josephine. If he was into you, he'd always find a way. And I also think he doesn't seem like a good type to date. What? Nathan is such a sweet guy. Maybe he's just super busy? But then Christmas came, and I couldn't wait any longer. I mustered up the courage to ask Nathan out. But guess what? He invited me to his house to enjoy Christmas with his family instead. Oh, wow. He wanted to introduce me to his family. This was massive. It meant he really took our relationship seriously, didn't he? But when we got to Nathan's place, to my surprise, it was just a small apartment and definitely not big enough for a whole family. Seeing my confused look, Nathan said his family must have changed their plans and went out, which was for the better as the two of us would have more time together. Suddenly, I saw a shadow of a girl in a red dress in his bedroom. Then Nathan immediately pulled me away and said, Uh, um, that's my maid. How annoying. So, do you want to go to the hotel so we can have more time alone? Really? Did he think I was born yesterday? I refused immediately, and Nathan began to change his attitude. <laughs> okay, but I can't drive you home. I have something urgent. But don't worry, I'll take you to the nearby bus stop. I have never felt so stupid. Martin was right. Nathan wasn't serious about me. He just wanted to use me. But what went wrong? I did everything I could, but I kept failing again and again. No one liked me. I called Martin in tears, and he ended up driving there to pick me up right on Christmas Eve. I felt like the most tragic person ever. Martin was so patient. He turned the radio on so loud and didn't say anything until I finished crying and calmed down. Misread the signals again, huh? How could I have known? Well, I'm not saying this to make money off you, but looking at the current situation, I think you need to hire me for longer than you think. My love life may have sucked, but at least I had Martin. Here's my hope. He was the best coach ever, as he didn't mind answering my questions, and he always picked up the phone whether it was office hours or midnight. Then one night I was out with my friends. I drank a few too many wines and phoned Martin up and slurred out a load of drunken nonsense. He immediately came to pick me up and drove me home, saying that he needed to make sure I got home safely. He was such a sweet guy. I felt something, but then reassured myself that he was just being nice. But Joseph insisted that Martin was only acting this way because he liked me. Seeing everything he did, and you still have to wonder about his feelings? Dummy. Believe me, I'm not wrong this time. Mr. Sixpack is crazy about you. Congrats. Hmm. Thinking about it, it did make sense. So I started stalking my coach on social media and daydreaming about him. Then, taking Martin's own advice that I needed to make my feelings known. So, on Valentine's night, I, myself, made this box of chocolates and took them round to his. I took a deep breath, then rang the doorbell. But then, standing at the door was him holding hands with another girl. I awkwardly said, don't, don't you like me? I mean, 
you taught me that when a guy likes a girl, he'll always be there for her. You picked me up in the middle of the night, and you always listened and comforted me when I was sad. You even brought me hot tea when my Aunt Flo came to visit. Doesn't everything match up? Rosie, I was just being nice. Sorry, but you've confused the signs. Again. I was totally dumbfounded. I couldn't face the thought of seeing Martin ever again, so I blocked him from my life. Ugh. In the following days, I was under a variety of emotional states, from extreme stress, heartbreak, embarrassment, then disappointment because of my extra delusion. I struggled with insomnia almost every night and tried to bury my feelings by binge-eating junk food. Just two weeks later, I looked at myself in the mirror. There were dark circles under my eyes, my skin was dry and flaky, and I felt bloated and sluggish most of the time. Seeing myself like that reminded me of something Martin had said. How can you expect someone else to love you if you don't love yourself? I knew I needed to change, so I started eating more healthily, working out, and finding me time. And you know what? It worked. Now I can finally say that I see my own worth, and I'll never allow a man to treat me badly ever again. And if that means I stay single for a while, then that's the way it'll be. I guess I kinda owe Martin a lot. I mean, he did teach me loads. And now, even though I'm still single, I'm enjoying it. There are way more important things than having a boyfriend, right? But wait, was this barista winking at me? OMG! There's a post-it with his number on my coffee cup. What should I do? Hey, dating a coffee guy is risky business. Why, coach? Imagine one day, your relationship turns bad, and you desire a cup of coffee to ease your heart out, but you also have to see him here. Awkward, huh? Indeed a pro. But so, why are you making this awkward convo? <laughs> Rosie, I may be a love coach, but even I get it wrong sometimes. When it comes to my heart, all theories are nonsense. Please, you show me how to love naturally. Um, well, as you can see, I'm dating my dating coach. But now, our love doesn't apply to any cliches. Instead, we just do us, and we're both happier than ever. If you're in a dating slump, then don't worry. Just let love happen when it happens, and follow your heart. Hi. I'm Addison, but all my friends call me Addie. I'm just an ordinary girl who doesn't have any particular talents, but there is one thing I do have. That is, oh, why don't we just watch the video to see what it is? This is my older sister, Olivia. She's beautiful, isn't she? She's also an amazing singer and has a talent for art. She can pretty much draw anything. I mean, I don't know how my parents could have such a perfect daughter like her, then have me. But I'm fine with that. Olivia was all about winning trophies and medals. Well, I was happy with the ice cream and ton of snacks my parents gave me for getting a B on my math exam. Hey, Addie, my baby. Guess who's got some new trendy clothes? Oh, Mom. Dad. I don't like these things. Why are you buying so much? It's such a waste of money. However, Mom's desperate look made me cave. So I reluctantly grabbed a random item and went to try it on. Oh, it's a crop top. I stared at myself in the mirror. Okay, so my parents' dumbfounded expressions made their feelings pretty clear. 
I looked ridiculous. See, I told you already. I'm way too short to wear tops like this. Right at that moment, Olivia walked by. I immediately ran over to her. I think you should have this top. It'll bring out your nice figure. You'll look so cute in it. Mom shook her head. No, if Olivia wears this, everyone will see her navel. Um, isn't that the point of crop tops? Then Dad chimed in. Anyway, Liv, where are you off to in such a hurry? It's not that nonsense model club again, is it? Speaking of clubs, is the school dance club still recruiting? You should join. You'll get in for sure. My sister rolled her eyes, then left, slamming the door behind her. I loved my sister, but she just seems to find me annoying. She was like the ice queen, always shutting me out. She never allows me to borrow her clothes or to touch her stuff. And if I ever try to go into her room, she freaks out. It's not that she's mean as such, but she tends to act like I don't even exist. <sighs> it's okay. I mean, I'm kind of used to it. I live my own life and she lives hers. So that's why when I got my first cell phone and started to use social networks, I didn't try to search for her profiles, though I knew she was on all those platforms. That evening, my mom asked me to go upstairs to call Olivia for dinner. No answer. So I began pushing the door open. She suddenly appeared from the bathroom and yelled, Hey, what are you doing? You know you're not allowed in my room. I knocked, but you didn't answer. Mom says it's dinner time. She hissed at me and shooed me away. Ugh, why did she have to treat me like I was some pest? The way she was so weird about her room was annoying. Hmm, maybe she was hiding something in there? Nah, probably I was just overthinking this. Olivia was always like this. Life went on, and my sister, well, she continued to distance herself from me. But then one weekend, I walked downstairs to find her cheerfully humming a song as she danced around the kitchen. When she saw me, she smiled and said, Morning, sis. Come sit here. I made you breakfast. Okay? This was weird. I cautiously sat down and kept looking at her. Um, why are you so happy? And where are mom and dad? Mom and dad just rushed off on some work thing. Then she put the plate in front of me, grinned, then continued. Mom made cookies this morning and told you to take them to Grandma's. Tell her I said hi. Oh, you're not coming with me? No, no can do. Sorry, I've got work to do. She continued to look at me and I got the feeling she wanted me to hurry up. Before I'd even finished my toast, she passed me my jacket and bundled me out of the door. Having no choice... I made my way to Granny's while in deep thoughts about how odd this was, until I realized that I didn't even have the cookie bag with me. I'd left it at home. Gosh, I immediately rushed back. But, hmm, why was there a strange car parked outside my house? I lingered back and watched as a middle-aged man got out of the car. Before he even got to the door, Olivia opened it and smiled at him. I dove behind a bush so I could carry on watching. Huh? Why was he handing her flowers and a gift box? She happily took them from him 
and even leaned into his ear and said something. Oh my god! So this explains my sister's strange behavior. They're a couple, aren't they? I never thought that my sister would be interested in an old man like this. Shocking! But wait, what if... What if he's deceiving her? As Olivia may look sharp, but she's actually very innocent. If that was the case, I would beat him black and blue. But this was just my speculation. I can't hastily act without knowing the truth. So I decided not to let them know that I was there, and quietly entered the house through the back door to get the cookie bag. Later that day when I arrived home, my sister was back to her ice queen self. She was cooking in silence, so I told her grandma said hi, and she just grunted and carried on stirring her soup. Hmm, I needed to find out what was actually going on. The perfect opportunity arose a few weeks later, when mom and dad went away on a weekend trip. I told Olivia I was meeting some friends for a picnic, but this was a lie. I actually hid in my faithful hiding spot and watched. As expected, the old man showed up and Olivia let him inside. The door was ajar, so I tiptoed inside and heard them laughing in the living room. I peeked in, and to my astonishment, my sister was sitting on the couch wearing the weirdest outfit ever. It was those kinds of clothes that only catwalk models wear. And most of all, she had this heavy makeup on and looked like a totally different person. The strange man was sitting next to her. Both of them were looking at her phone and laughing happily. Oh gosh, now everything was clear. From her reserved nature to her seem-to-be-secret room, it was all so she could continue to hide this age-difference love story. I didn't know how to react now. I just kind of felt bad for her because she had to hide it. I mean, this was her home. And we were her family. We might not have been close, but she was my big sister and I wanted her to be happy. If this love was real, then I fully supported her. And if this guy turned out to be bad, well, then I'd protect her to the end. My parents returned that evening, so I set up a family movie night. A great idea for family bonding, right? I chose a romantic movie in which the main actress is much younger than her boyfriend. In the middle of the movie, I turned to my parents and asked, Mom, Dad, if you were their parents, would you allow that relationship? They gave me confused looks. Then Dad immediately asked, Hey, Addie, don't tell us that you're in love with an old man, huh? This startled me, but before I could say anything, the doorbell rang. I was about to go open the door, just to avoid answering Dad's question, but Olivia was faster. Not long after that, she turned back and shouted at me, Addie, how dare you touch my phone? What's up, Liv? Who's at the door? Go ask your dear daughter Addison. She gave me a dirty look, then stormed up to her room. My parents immediately bombarded me with loads of questions. What's happening here? Who was the one ringing the bell? Why that manner of Olivia? Okay, the one who rang the bell was Olivia's boyfriend. So... Earlier, when Olivia left her phone in the kitchen, I noticed that there was a message from a man named Henry Davis. I immediately searched for him on Facebook and found out that this was the same guy who'd been visiting her. So, I used her phone to text him, telling him to come around at 8pm. 
I thought it would be better if Olivia could make her relationship public with our parents. But, Hayes, it seems she didn't take it very well. Anyway, now I had no choice but to tell my parents everything. Their faces dropped, and without saying anything, they ran upstairs and banged on Olivia's door. But there was no reply. Instead, all of us heard a rattling sound from the back door, and Olivia had fled. Our parents' faces turned red, while I felt so guilty as I not only wasn't able to help her, but only worsened the situation. The next day, Olivia still hadn't returned. She also didn't show up for school, which caused my parents to freak out. Then I suddenly thought of Henry. Right. Why didn't I think of asking him from the beginning? So I immediately contacted Henry and asked him to help find Olivia. That afternoon, when I just got home from school, I saw Henry driving off. There was a note stuck to the door saying Olivia was fine with an address below. And it also said if we come there at 9 a.m., we'll see Olivia. The next morning, we showed up earlier than scheduled. Huh? It was a studio. And just like Henry said, Olivia was there. She looked so glamorous and was so busy prepping for a photo shoot that she didn't seem to notice us. Henry welcomed us and started explaining everything that made my parents, as well as me, speechless. Turns out, the truth was far from what I thought. He was not her boyfriend. Instead, he's her manager. He saw Olivia's potential and guided her to become a photo model and a TikToker. The flowers and gifts were from the brand she was working with. And the other day, she wore that outfit and makeup for a TikTok video. After the shoot was over, we walked over to her. But she took one look at us and ran away. I managed to catch up with her, then said, Sis, why didn't you just tell us the truth? We're your family. We'll always be on your side. On my side? Really? You have no idea what it's like to be an outsider. It doesn't matter how many competitions I win. I'm invisible, while you get praised for just getting an okay grade on a math test. I want to be a model, but they don't want that for me. They want me to be miserable. I'd rather leave that house to do what I love. I was dumbfounded, and so were mom and dad, who by this point had caught up with us and heard everything she'd just said. Dad hugged Olivia, then in an emotional voice said, Olivia, it's not that we forbid you from doing what you want. We were just worried for you. We just know that this industry can be complicated, and we don't want you to get hurt. That's right. And it's not true that we love Addie more than you. You just excel at everything, and we just didn't want Addie to feel insecure. We're really sorry, Olivia. We all love you. Oh, no, Mom. Don't worry. I never felt that way. Actually, I've always admired Olivia, and it made me sad when she ignored me. Olivia burst out crying, and our whole family hugged each other tightly. Sorry to interrupt, but you must have had some idea about Olivia being an internet star already, right? I mean, it's easy to tell from her social networks. I shyly said, I... I don't follow any of her accounts. I thought she just wanted me out of her way. Henry then patted my head and showed us Olivia's social media accounts. And wow, she had millions of views and followers. We all watched some of her TikTok videos together, and she totally rocked it. 
Seeing how much this meant to her, my parents came round to the idea of her being a model, and they even thanked Henry for helping her. Then Olivia came closer to me. Hey, Addie, I'm sorry for being so cold in the past. Turns out, you love me so much and will support me regardless. At least now, if I really fall in love with an old man, I don't have to worry, right? Then everyone laughed. Oh, even though my plan didn't, well, go exactly as intended, I still call it a success, because it all ended out great in the end. You thought it was all finished, huh? Nope, not yet. There's one more thing I want to show you guys. That night, for the first time, Olivia let me go inside her room. Wow, it was like a mini studio with expensive flashlights, a ring light, and a camera. And her clothes and makeup collection were super impressive. Oh, do you remember what I said at the beginning of the video about being an ordinary girl? Well, that hasn't changed. But now I can confidently say that there is one thing I do have. And that's an awesome big sister who loves me unconditionally. Finally, after an 11-hour flight, I arrived at LAX, Los Angeles International Airport. It's awesome! I can't wait to see my mom. You see, my dad's French and my mom's American. We used to all live together in France, but then they split up and mom moved back here. Of course, I've talked to her on FaceTime and stuff, but this will be the first time I've properly seen her in five years. I haven't visited before because mom's a super successful businesswoman and she works really hard. That meant she wouldn't have the time to provide me with the attention I needed. But now that I'm 16 and I can look after myself, I'm finally able to visit. So thanks to my dad and stepmom for my plane ticket birthday present, I'm now in sunny LA for a whole month. Not only do I get to spend time with mom, but I also get to chill out in her enormous villa. Ah, <sighs> bliss. But first, let's get all my luggage, then find a taxi to my mom's. Yeah, unfortunately, she couldn't come to pick me up since she had some work to do. But no problem, I can handle this myself. Okay, maybe I spoke too soon. It's been half an hour and my luggage was nowhere to be seen. Then, this handsome guy approached me and said, Hey, looks like your luggage has gone AWOL. Do you need any help? Cute and helpful. Hmm... I could totally get used to U.S. guys. I showed him my ticket, and turns out, I was waiting at the wrong carousel. Oops. After guiding me to the correct one, this guy, whose name I found out was Zach, even pulled my luggage down for me. But one of my cases got stuck and burst open, causing everything to tumble out. Girl, it's not your lucky day, is it? He burst out laughing. Oh well, at least it wasn't all bad. I mean, a cute guy had rescued me, right? He helped me pick up my things, then he offered to drive me to my mom's house. After some 30 minutes, he began to slow down. I looked out the window and, oh my god! This is the chicest villa ever! The pool, the tennis court, the palm trees. It was exactly like a movie star home. I was gawping at the villa when suddenly I heard a car engine sound. Startled, I turned around to see Zack zooming away. My suitcases! I yelled. Ugh, my laptop and iPad were in there too. Oh God, why is this happening to me? 
and on my very first day in the U.S.? At least I still had my phone and passport with me. Phew. So I called my mom. Needless to say, I was a distraught mess when she arrived. Who'd have thought that such a kind-looking guy would turn out to be a thief? Anyways, my mom could buy me new clothes and things, and I could still have an amazing time in her villa, right? Mom led me to my room and told me to get some rest. After that disaster, I was dead exhausted, so I quickly fell asleep on the comfiest bed ever. When I awoke, it was dark outside. I realized I hadn't eaten anything since the flight, so I went downstairs and checked the fridge and cupboards. Huh? They were all empty. I was still digging around in the kitchen when my mom returned with some burgers. Sweetie, I only got back from my business trip yesterday, so I haven't had time to go to the grocery store. Let's just eat fast food today, okay? I didn't mind, as it was awesome to have dinner with my mom again after such a long time. I took a look around the room. There was barely any furniture here. My mom said that's minimalism a trendy lifestyle in LA nowadays. Less is more. How cool is that? The next morning we went out, but what's with that old rusty car? Seeing my confused look, she quickly explained that this was only temporary as her car was being serviced. But then mom couldn't get the garage door to open. Turns out, normally she had her own chauffeur. But since I've traveled thousands of miles to visit her, she wanted to drive herself. Huh? How sweet. In the following days, my mom and I enjoyed ourselves in LA. Sunbathing by the pool, spa days, shopping. This is definitely the best vacation of my life. At least until that morning, I was awoken by a loud quarrel. Looking down from the stairs, I saw mom in the living room with a strange woman. She was pointing at the couch. Jeez, that's where I spilled soy sauce yesterday while eating sushi. Then mom appeared and sounded flustered. She told me to quickly pack my things as we were leaving. Um, mom, is there something wrong? Oh, nothing, sweetie. It's just that the couch is dirty, so let's just get someone in to clean the entire villa. Wow, mom would deep clean the whole house just because of a soy sauce stain? How rich is she? So where will we stay this time? A luxurious five-star hotel? Or a magnificent mansion in Beverly Hills? <sighs> but then the car came to a stop in front of some shabby apartment building. Huh? This couldn't be right. Mom told me this was her friend's spare apartment, so we would stay here a few days for convenience. Elena, it's probably best if you stay away from the people in this area. They don't have the same lifestyle as us. You know what I mean. Ugh. Yeah. This place was the opposite of the villa. Cramped room, hard bed, and the bathroom didn't even have a bathtub. Since moving here, mom didn't take me out anymore. In the evenings, she dressed up all elegantly and went out to her fancy work meetings. On one such evening, I was sitting alone watching YouTube, munching on french fries for the fifth time this week, when there was a knock on the door. I opened it, and standing there was a scruffy guy, claiming to be Frankie, the landlord's son. I told him there must be a mistake, as we were only here for a few days. Then I went to close the door, but he blocked it with his foot. Miss Anita has rented this apartment for two years. What do you mean a few days? I just saw her take a cab at the front door. Don't lie to me. No, my mom is a successful businesswoman who has a villa in Brentwood Park. 
then you must have mistaken your mom for someone else. In short, remind your businesswoman mom to pay the rent. Then he sneered and walked away. How dare he say that? And why did I keep on running into jerks? Ugh! When mom returned, I told her what had happened. I thought she'd find it funny or something, but nope. Instead, she got really mad. You shouldn't have opened the door to him. I told you not to socialize with the people here. Okay, hearing made-up lies about yourself like that must suck, but did she have to be so furious about it? The next morning, I was drinking tea on the balcony when suddenly I saw a familiar face passing by down the street. My god, it was the jerk from the airport. Zack! That thief! I shouted, rushing down, but when I got there, he disappeared. I was still exasperated when a voice came from behind. What on earth are you doing screaming this early in the morning? I turned around to see Frankie leaning against the wall with his arms folded. None of your business, swindler. Huh? Swindler? What do you mean? Quit lying. I already told my mom all about you trying to con money out of me. Hmm, is that so? So, you think I'm the liar? Before I could answer that provoking question, I heard my mom's voice calling down from the balcony. Hey, rich girl, if you want a reality check, I suggest you come meet me tonight, and we'll go follow your mom. Mom appeared and, frowning, asked me why I was talking to Frankie. I blurted out something about asking for directions, then quickly entered the room and closed the door. Frankie was clearly a thieving, lying jerk, right? But then, why were his words lingering in my mind? I had noticed a few strange things, such as when we were at the villa, I asked Mom where the cutlery was, but she couldn't remember. But then in this apartment, she immediately got it. Plus, why was there a photo of her in the bedroom when this was her friend's place? That night, when Mom was getting ready to go out again, I spotted her necklace. Only, it was actually my necklace. The one that had been stolen, along with the rest of my stuff. My dad got that necklace custom-made just for me, so it was a one-of-a-kind, but why did Mom have it? I complimented her on it and asked her where she got it from. Blushing, she excitedly told me that this rich man she'd just started dating had bought it for her. Then she said he was taking her for dinner tonight. I forced a smile, but... My head was filled with questions. Who really was... Mom? I secretly followed my mom down the street. Suddenly, a hand patted my shoulder. Let's go. I turned around and it was Frankie. Without saying anything, I nodded and quickly got into his car. And we followed mom's taxi. Hold on. Isn't that the villa we stayed in before? After a while, a luxury car arrived, taking my mom to a nearby expensive restaurant. We peered through the glass wall. There she was. My mom was sitting there, smiling and talking with some man in a suit. Was she pretending to live in that villa to trick that man? Was my mom a gold digger? I couldn't watch any more of this, so I pulled on Frankie's arm. But weirdly, he seemed to be as shocked as I was. Um, wasn't this your idea? So why the pale face? He just shook his head and took me home. We waited in the apartment for Mom to return, and oh boy, it was tense. Around midnight, we heard the door open. 
and Mum walked in and looked at us in alarm. She started shooing Frankie out of there, but I interrupted her. Mum, I know everything. You've lived here for two years. You're poor, and you scam rich men. Sweetie, it's not like that. Please calm down and I'll explain everything to you. So, it turns out, after divorcing my dad, she was determined to go back to the U.S. and succeed at business. But she failed, and she was so embarrassed, she lied to me and dad. Then when she heard that I was coming to visit, she spent the little savings she had on renting a swanky villa for me. But when I accidentally spilled soy sauce on that expensive couch, she couldn't afford to fix it. So we were kicked out. As for the man I was with tonight, I ran into him while walking outside the villa. He's rich and nice. He likes me and I like him too. But what about that necklace? Mom, it's actually mine. It was in my stolen suitcase. My mom gave me a confused look. But before she could say anything, Frankie blurted out, That man's a fraud. Mom and I gaped at Frankie as he turned to me and said, I'm sorry, but I think you guys need to know the truth. Then Frankie told us how that man was none other than Zach's dad. After taking me back to the villa, Zach figured my mom was rich, so he persuaded his dad to come and flirt with her. But how did you dig up the dirt on these guys? Because I know Zach. When I saw Lana chasing him, I knew he'd stolen from her. But he's my friend. Great! So you've both been lying to me! Then I rushed into my room locked the door and burst into tears. The next morning, Mom knocked on my door, but I ignored her. Elena, I get that you're upset with me, but I've left a sandwich here, so please at least eat something. I'm really sorry. Just wanted to be the perfect mother for you. Her words caused me to sob all over again. But I can say, from the bottom of my heart, I feel sorry for her. After that... I opened the door and hugged her tightly, and then we both blubbered into each other's arms. I'm leaving L.A. today, with Mum. She's moving back to France with me, where she can start afresh. While I was dragging my suitcase to the taxi, Frankie appeared and apologized to me. I just shrugged and told him it didn't matter anymore. I mean, at least he came clean in the end and saved my mum from that swindler. Hey, rich girl, good luck. And, um, feel free to keep in touch. So, what now? Well, Mum is settling back into French life. She has a new job and a chic apartment. I go and stay with her each weekend, and it's good to finally spend time with the real her. As for Frankie, well, we send each other lots of Snapchats. So, okay, maybe I kind of like him. I'm planning to visit him in the summer. Hopefully my next trip to the U.S. won't be as crazy as my last one. <laughs> I was so nervous. Like, the most nervous I'd ever been in my life. I didn't even know it was possible for a press conference to get so crowded. Suddenly the flashes came at me from every direction. It was almost blinding. But the clicking didn't stop, as well as the sound of them calling my name. Hazel, look here! Here, over here, Hazel! Oh my gosh, why was this so chaotic? I started to panic, so I ran away. But I'd only taken a few steps before, thump! 
Oh, these stupid high heels. Oh, hi. I didn't see you there. Well, let's be real. It's kind of hard to see anyone from this angle. Then from every direction, the reporters swarmed in like starving vultures trying to take pictures of me. I was still confused and didn't know what to do when... Gentlemen, please give her some space. Are you okay? Robert, my adoptive dad, came to help me up. Um, excuse us. This is her first time attending such a crowded event. If it's all right with you, we'll help her answer your questions. Phew, I'd finally escaped the chaos. Or so I thought. As soon as he got into the house, Robert shouted, Pamela! Which gave me the fright of my life. Didn't I tell you to teach Hazel some manners? How could you let her embarrass herself in front of the public like that? Pamela looked mortified and kept bowing down and apologizing, but Robert was still furious. If this happens again, you better pack your bags and get out of here. I felt so guilty. It was all because of me that she had been shouted at like that. But I'd done my best. Clearly, it wasn't good enough, though. I tried to forget about it, but early the next morning, Pamela woke me up. She gave me a timetable and told me that from now on, I wouldn't need to go to school anymore and that a tutor would come to teach me at home instead. What? Why all of a sudden? I asked Pamela in shock. It was because of yesterday's incident. The mayor has decided that you need to spend more time learning the necessary etiquette. Are you serious? He can't just keep me locked up here. No way. Hazel? Listen, you should be grateful that you got adopted into this house. Keep in mind of everything Mr. Cornelius has done for you and obediently do as I say. Do you understand what I mean? Looking into Pamela's eyes, I knew I had no choice but to agree. <sighs> the day of the opening ceremony for the town hall had finally arrived, and I got to leave the house for the first time in a month. A whole month. Now was the moment of truth. In the eyes of the public, I had completely transformed into a proper, prestigious lady. When Robert started speaking at the ceremony, he announced a charity fundraiser for my orphanage in the hopes that children like me would be given a chance to live a better life. Hearing this speech, I could barely hold back my tears. I was sitting next to my adoptive mom, Eleanor, so I turned to give her a big hug. Suddenly, all eyes were on me, and it seemed I'd finally done something right. I smiled up at Robert, and we both had tears in our eyes. Maybe Pamela was right. I really was lucky to have been adopted by such kind people. But as soon as we got home, things changed. My parents got all quiet and went off to their room, leaving me alone. Where was my praise? I'd done so well, hadn't I? Why weren't they happy? The following days, they still asked me to join them for their events, so I guess I must have done a good job. And while the media and public were around, they were all touchy-feely and affectionate towards me, constantly praising me. We must have looked like the perfect family. But the minute we got home, they'd ignore me, and if they wanted to tell me something, they'd get Pamela to speak to me. It was so flipping weird. I actually started to feel quite lonely and depressed. And even though I was living in the lap of luxury, I missed the orphanage. One day, Pamela's daughter, aka the only friend I had in this enormous mansion, Paisley saw how upset I was and asked, Hey, so why do you agree to move into this house? You're clearly unhappy here. Paisley got me. She was the same age as me, so we were on the same wavelength. I was nervous to tell her how I felt, but I knew she would understand, so I told her everything. The thing is, I actually have a sister. She's only eight, and she's called Amber. That's why I was missing the orphanage. She was still there. 
She's got congenital heart disease, so after our parents passed away, the orphanage couldn't afford her hospital bills. When the mayor's family decided to adopt me, I refused because I didn't want to leave Amber alone. But then Robert offered to pay for her medical treatments if I agreed. And well, the rest is history. You see, I can't just leave. If I did, what would happen to Amber? Oh, Hazel, I didn't know. I'm so sorry. But I need to be honest with you. One time I overheard Robert and Eleanor saying that you were the perfect girl to play this role. Huh? What role? That meant, were they using me for something? It didn't make any sense, but those words kept lingering on my mind until... One time Eleanor asked me to join her at a charity event, which she said was going to be broadcast on TV. Our job was to prepare homemade food and give it out to the homeless. I was so excited, but when I walked into our kitchen... I discovered the chefs had already cooked everything before the filming crew arrived. I was so disappointed and asked Eleanor about it. She just laughed and said, Oh, no, sweetie, our job is just to look pretty and graceful in front of the camera. Then before distributing the food, she gave me a pair of gloves and said, Don't touch any of their hands, okay? They are filthy. Oh my gosh, how could she say such things? Oh, then it hit me. I understood what Paisley had said now. The affection and kindness that the Corneliuses were showing me was actually just for show. All to win over the audience, aka the public, while this was their very true face. I had to do something about this. I couldn't let them keep on deceiving the public like this. So when Eleanor went to the bathroom and took off her gloves, I quickly grabbed them and threw them in the trash. When we went back out, a homeless man approached her to express his gratitude and asked for a handshake. Of course, she tried to refuse, but at that moment, the camera turned to her, so she had no choice but to give in. And you know what? The man didn't just shake her hand. He even pulled Eleanor in for a big hug. I couldn't hold back my laughter at how flustered she looked. Served her right. Afterward, Eleanor grabbed my arm and dragged me to a quiet corner. Then she said, It was you who did this, wasn't it? I pretended to have no idea what she was talking about, and this just infuriated her even more. Then later that evening when we got home, Robert was already waiting and shouted at me. What do you think you're playing at? I was confused, but then Eleanor added, Don't you ever mess with me like that again. Now listen closely. Don't you miss your little sis? Aren't you curious if she's doing okay or not? That's right. You better have behaved yourself from now on, young lady. I was so shaken by what they'd said. I didn't even want to leave my room. What if something happened to my sister? Then suddenly, Paisley climbed through my window into my room. As soon as I saw her, I burst into tears. Paisley, please help me with this. I need you to go to my orphanage and check on Amber and see if she's okay. A few hours later, Paisley came back panting. Your sister? She's not doing good. What? But... Hadn't she been receiving money for her monthly treatments? Paisley shook her head. The nuns there said they hadn't received a penny since you left. Now Amber is barely surviving. Paisley's words broke my heart. Those two had been fooling me all this time, and now my sister's life was hanging on by a thread. I had to get to the bottom of this. I walked past Robert's office, and that's when I overheard someone talking. Curious, I peeked in and saw a group of middle-aged men sitting around a table. One of them spoke up. Hey, Robert, the election day is coming. Is that little girl still doing a decent job? Oh, don't worry about her. She's just a silly little kid. 
She believes anything I tell her, especially about her sick sister, Robert smirked. How dare he speak about my sister like that? I had to do something. I couldn't let this vicious man keep on fooling everyone like he'd done to me. So I took out my phone and started filming. Speaking of which, how much charity money have we got so far? One hundred thousand dollars, Robert said. And the room was filled with praise. Gentlemen, by the time of the closing party for the charity this weekend, we should have almost $500,000 for the election campaign. As soon as I win, your business will continue to be tax-reduced for the next four years. I had to cover my mouth to stop myself from gasping. So this whole time, he'd been exploiting me and the orphanage for his corruption? Gosh, I was such an idiot to fall right into his trap. Suddenly, my phone buzzed. Who's there? Robert shouted and rushed to the door. Oh no! Panicked, I ran, but not far enough before I tripped and the phone flew out of my hand. Robert and his men caught up with me, picked up my phone, and deleted all my evidence. They even took the phone away from me. He turned to me and said, I've already warned you, have I not? You're a liar! I yelled. You haven't paid a penny to my sister! Robert growled. Who told you that? But all he had for an answer was my silence and fuming look. Furious, he dragged me back to my room. Maid, bring me the keys to her room. And then he locked me up inside until the day of the closing party of the charity rolled around, where they'd be announcing the amount of money they'd collected. That day, all the staff were out of the mansion. Suddenly, I heard the door being unlocked. Panicked, I hid behind the closet. Hazel, where are you? Oh, it was just Paisley. Ah. She found a way to sneak me out of the mansion and told me to run straight back to the orphanage. But no, first I had to expose that sly old fox Robert. Luckily, when I got to the event, Robert was giving his speech. I immediately ran up to the stage, snatched the mic, and told everyone about his evil plan. But I was no match for him. Before I could finish, security was dragging me off the stage, and Robert had already taken control of the situation. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm so sorry for my daughter's behavior. She's... The reason why we decided to adopt her was that she's mentally ill. Since she came to our home, she has become better, but as you can see, there's been a bit of a relapse. What a snake! This jerk would stop at nothing to get what he wanted. Just then, the big screen on stage suddenly showed the video I'd taken, revealing all the schemes of Robert and his accomplices. Now he was well and truly exposed. I watched as he stammered. N n no th this can't be happening. Right at that moment, the police rushed in to arrest Robert and his accomplices in the stands. You might be wondering how we pulled that off. Well, as I was running through the hallway, I managed to send the video to Paisley. As soon as she received it, she came to find me and saw everything that had happened. So she secretly ran to her mom for help. Pamela then made a plan. While Paisley freed me from the mansion, Pamela set to work on projecting the video on the big screen. Genius, right? A month later, Robert and his accomplices were arrested for embezzlement. And, of course, he got locked up for a long, long time. Both him and Eleanor received such massive backlash from the public, to the point that she had to stay hidden away too. The charity money, luckily, was brought back to the orphanage, and part of it was used to take care of my sister Amber. She's doing much better now. Oh, and Paisley and I are still best of friends. Pamela has found a way better job. And as for me, I went back to stay at the orphanage until I'm old enough to move out. 
I'm better off being on my own with my sister than being adopted by some messed up family again. Too much studying and not enough sleep was making me feel like a zombie. Chocolate would help, right? So I drowsily walked downstairs. Huh? Why was my whole family there with their suitcases? Um, are you guys going somewhere? Yes, Colorado for a ski trip. <gasps> That's awesome! You're the best, Daddy! Not you, Helen. You have studying to do. And this is a special award for Christine for winning her scholarship. What? So you're just going to leave me out because of some meaningless grades? This is so unfair. Ugh, whatever. I don't even need them to go with me. Shh, come here. And I'm going to let you in on a secret. I can go to the ski resort by myself and have way more fun. But how, you ask? It's called lucid dreaming. I first heard about it through the biggest buzz movie, Inception, and realized that I've had experienced the same things before. Since then, I've become an expert at this. So before I go to bed, I just have to write a script saying where I want to go, with whom, what I want to do, and three, two, one. I'm asleep and living my best life. In fact, I could say that those beautiful self-designed dreams are like meditation to me. Because... To be honest, my real life is tedious. No matter how hard I tried, I was no match for my younger half-sister, Christine. In my dad and grandma's eyes, a child of a doctor in physics, as well as a grandchild of a history professor, should automatically be a walking encyclopedia or something. But unfortunately, I didn't excel at the academic side of life. They treat Christine like this precious gemstone and me like some boring old rock. Every week usually entails her getting excellent grades or winning some reward, and all of my family lavishing her with gifts and praise, while I'm treated like an outsider in my own family. Ugh! Just thinking about it makes me want to scream. So, they want me to stay home and concentrate on tomorrow's test, huh? Nah, you wish. So, instead, I grabbed my pen and started writing tonight's awesome dream script. Let's see. That's right. The obnoxious Roger dared to heartlessly throw the candy I gave him in the trash, even though he'd been flirting with me. What a jerk. I will definitely retaliate against him tonight. Lying in bed, I closed my eyes and repeated this sentence. I'm going to kick him out of my life. And you won't believe it. In the dream, he kept chasing me like crazy, but I totally blanked him. (laughs) Helen, wake up. Time's running out. My best friend Gabby kicked my chair and I jolted awake. Oh no, there were only five minutes left. I frantically ticked on the paper and hurriedly submitted it to the monitor. Hey, did you not get any sleep or something? Well, I stayed up late writing the script for my dream. It was worth it as I got payback on Roger. What if you get a bad grade? Never mind. I'll be fine when I come home tonight with an A-plus dream. (laughs) But things turned out not to be as simple as I thought. That afternoon when I arrived home... I was about to sneak up to my bedroom to write my next amazing script when someone grabbed my bag strap and pulled me back. It was grandma and dad, and both of them seemed to be mad. How long are you going to live like this? 
Education is important to this family, yet you don't seem to care. Do you realize this week alone your teacher has contacted me three times? But dad, I really don't like those boring subjects. I only like no more drawing or writing your silly stories. You need to focus on your studies, else you'll end up a useless person like... She suddenly stopped, which made me curious. Like who? But neither she nor my dad said anything. They just quietly walked away, leaving me alone. Honestly, I never wanted to disappoint them that much. So this time I was going to try my best to not let them down. Dad! Grandma! Look, look! I got a B plus in my math test. No one cared what I said. My stepmom cuddled Christine and looked at her with sparkling eyes. My wonderful daughter. I know the top student award is just a piece of cake to you, unlike someone else. Then she turned to me and tutted, Helen, please, you're making a show of yourself. That's embarrassing. My face fell and I forced back tears. But I tried so hard to get this grade. A B plus is nothing to be proud of. I chucked my exam paper in the trash, then stormed up to my room. It didn't matter what I did or how hard I tried. This household would always treat me like a loser. Dream on, Helen. Go back to your happy place. In front of me was the crimson sunset sky. I'd been scripting this moment for so long, lounging lazily on the beach without anyone complaining. But suddenly the sky darkened and the inky clouds seemed intent on swallowing me. Huh? What was going on? This wasn't a part of the script. Terrified, I ran into a forest, but it was so dark and spooky here, and I tripped over a branch and fell. Ouch! As I rubbed my ankle and started crying my eyes out, suddenly a strange woman appeared. She took me into a wooden house at the end of the forest and gently helped bandage me up. This woman, well, she didn't scare me at all. Instead, I felt warm around her. Curious, I tried to take a closer look at her face, but then I suddenly woke up and realized tears were rolling down my cheeks. What a strange dream. I immediately drew all the things I'd seen. That forest, that house, but strangely, I couldn't remember that woman's face. Why are you drawing all this nonsense? My dad snatched the sketch from my hand and looked at it, frowning. It appeared in my dream and... Get rid of them all. From now on, if I see you wasting your time on these stupid drawings again, there will be consequences. This was too much. I couldn't live without drawing. It was the only thing keeping me sane. I had to get out of here. Live my way. Forget them and their stupid standards. I would create my own world. I planted myself in Gabby's room, and this is where I've been for almost a week. Luckily, Gabby's parents are totally chill with me staying. As for my family, pfft. They haven't messaged me once. And yes, dreams do go on. But now I dreaded going to sleep as my lucid dreams were still all messed up. Sometimes beautiful, sometimes bad. And for the most part, it did not turn out the way I wanted it to anymore. Until one day, that creepy forest appeared again. No matter how much I screamed to wake myself up, I still couldn't get out of that nightmare. Panicked, I kept running and running in the hope of finding a safe place till I saw that woman. And once again, she reached out her hand to help me. This time, I wouldn't miss my chance. I looked carefully at her face, remembering every detail, and as soon as I woke up, I drew her. Wow, I didn't know you watched this kind of show. <laughs> Gabby giggled. What show? Look, she's a celebrity. She hosts some TV show that my mom watches sometimes.
So that woman is a real person? If so, I have to find her. I didn't really know what was going on, only that there was something tying me to this woman and I needed to figure this out. Luckily, Gabby has an uncle who works at the studio and he gave us special passes to meet this host in the flesh. When the cameras stopped filming, she turned and saw me and her eyes widened in alarm. Helen? Helen, is it really you? Then she rushed over and hugged me. Huh? What did she just say? We didn't know each other and... The weird thing is, this hug didn't feel strange at all. Instead, I felt the same warmth as when she'd taken care of me in my dream. As she loosened her embrace on me and gave me this beaming smile, I said, Um, and you are? Darling, it's me, your mother. That's when I realized something. Of course, she was my mom. Look, we had the same eyes. Needless to say, this was a huge shock. We hugged each other for a long time in tears. Then mom took me backstage, got me a glass of water, then she told me everything. So after I was born, mom once got caught up in a cheating scandal. Dad was angry about the damage this would do to his career, so he kicked her out of the house and wouldn't let her see me. A long time later, she found out that grandma was behind everything, just because she didn't approve of this marriage, so she came up with that plan. But why didn't you ever try to find me when you've always been living this close? Oh, no, sweetie. I've always kept an eye on you. One time, years ago, I saw you playing in the park. You had your hair and pigtails, and uh, I tried to approach you, but your dad threatened me. He is a very powerful man who's actually capable of destroying my life, and I didn't think it was fair to drag you through all of that. But things have changed now. I'll never leave you alone, ever again. I strolled into the house like normal, and everyone stopped what they were doing and glared at me with disgust. Oh, you're back. If you're not prepared to study properly, then don't bother staying. I took a deep breath, then said, You can't treat me like this anymore. I try my best, and it's not fair that you punish me for just being me. So I'm leaving, and I'm never coming back. Where will you go? That's when mom walked in. Oh God, you should have seen the looks on their faces. Grandma actually looked like she'd swallowed a swarm of wasps. I stood by and let you manipulate and control me well no more. I'm taking my daughter and we're going to have the life we both deserve. Then, ignoring their angry words, she grabbed my arm and led me out of there. So that's the moment when I left home and moved in with my mom. Now I draw as much as I want. In fact, mom's letting me create a mural on the living room wall. It's going to be epic when it's finished. Oh, and about the lucid dreams, I don't write scripts anymore. Instead, I realize that I'm better off focusing on my reality and making myself the best version of myself I can be. After all, as great as a dream world can be, it's nowhere near as good as experiencing life firsthand. Hey, I'm Connor, and I'm currently taking a well-deserved break from studying to hang out with my friends. I go to college at the Georgia Institute of Tech, and I'm sure to be a top-notch architect one day soon. Now I just have one thing to deal with, then I can properly enjoy my night off. Oh, here she is. Connor, I can't do this anymore. 
I don't want to hurt you, but sorry, we should stop seeing each other. Ah, well, every ending is a new beginning. <laughs> Cheers. I was the master of getting girlfriends I'm tired of to break up with me. It was great. As this way, no one could ever accuse me of being a bad boy. <sighs> what to do now? I reluctantly had to find a new challenge then. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to turn this in. Um, that's okay. Just trying to find one more paper. Uh, um, what's your name? <laughs> I'm Connor. Hi. Hmm, her sparkling eyes, her shiny hair, her soft hands. But ugh, why was suddenly some nerd dragging me away from the hot girl and into a corner? Before I could ask him what was going on, he started waving a photo of this girl in my face. So it turns out this dude is called Patrick, and the girl in the photo is Paige, his girlfriend. Their parents are both influential sorts and organize their whole engagement. Sounds great, right? I mean, she's pretty cute. But no, he wanted me to find a way to make Paige break up with them. I've heard a lot about you. I need your help. I can't do this myself. <laughs> huh? Sure, I get it. A real man will never be the one to break up first. I might be able to help, but first, let's see what kind of person she is. The conversation started to become super serious. From the sound of it, this page girl was a genuine, good-natured girl with a vulnerable side. So this needed to be handled with extra care, so that there wouldn't be any awkward family provocations for my clients. Hmm, perhaps... Nah, this way wouldn't work. Neither would that way. I was about to give up when suddenly Patrick stacked a pack of money, approximately a thousand dollars on the table. Help me, then it's all yours. Whoa, that was a lot of money to me. It would get me the magnificent PS5 of my dreams. <sighs> Besides, with my charm and handsome looks, I could make Paige fall in love with me and leave Patrick in no time. Genius! My debut had to be spectacular. So I looked online and hired some people pretending to be thugs to block Paige's path. Then I'd waltz in and rescue her. The plan was all set, so I leisurely walked to the rendezvous spot, but... Oh no! Who knew those guys were real thugs? They threatened us, asked us to hand over all our belongings, then forced us to go to some abandoned warehouse. Oh my god! The $1,000 was so not worth losing my life for. Yes, I was somewhat afraid, but my flirtatious instinct kicked in and I turned to Paige and started talking to her. Oh man, she's super sweet. And I noticed that when she talks about something that interests her, she crinkles her nose. She's so cute, but most of all, she's really smart. Why, you ask? Because just an hour later, the cops showed up and arrested the thugs. Turns out, before Paige handed over her belongings, she quickly texted the thug's license plate to a friend and asked her to call the cops. Phew! And, luckily for me, thanks to this destiny meeting, I got a little more information about her and learned that Paige was planning to learn Spanish to major in tourism there. But there's one more important thing. That is, I think, I have a crush on her. She's not like any other girl I've met before. I want to win her heart, truly, not just because of the plan. It will be the best of both worlds. Patrick gets to be free of Paige, as requested. But she won't end up a lovelorn girl because she'll have a new handsome boyfriend by her side. Yep, that'll be me. <laughs> There was just one problem. In all the commotion of the day, I'd forgotten to ask Paige for her number. Oops. I had asked Patrick for it and then texted her, but sadly didn't receive a response. Hmm. I needed to be smart about this, so I decided to pretend to be a Spanish tutor. Yeah, I can't speak Spanish, but with my charm, that's no big deal, right? I created a flashy profile and told Patrick to pretend to surf and accidentally find me. Then show Paige. And so, ding! 
Hola, yo soy Professor Connor. But wait, sheesh. If only I'd studied Spanish harder in high school. And now the extent of my Spanish were just a few words I'd picked up from binge-watching Money Heist. So I just copied down Spanish lessons off YouTube and taught these to Paige. I don't know if it's because of my teaching skills or my charisma, but Paige seemed to think I was legit. <laughs> However, my flirting tricks weren't going so well. I knew she liked me. I mean, who wouldn't like me? Besides, she gave me these cute looks and laughed at my jokes. Our chemistry was undeniable. So when I reached over and placed my hand on top of hers, I felt sparks fly. But then she gave me this awkward look and moved her hand away. She liked me, right? So why was she acting like this? I never failed at flirting. Feeling frustrated, I was trudging my way up the street when, huh? Was that Patrick happily holding hands with a girl? I recognized the long hair. It was Paige. Ugh, why can't she drop her lousy boyfriend already? And why won't she date me instead? I was about to leave, but the more I thought about it, the more resentful I became. So I bribed a little boy to run up to Paige and say, Why aren't you with Connor, you cheater? Mean, huh? But <laughs> Patrick would be pleased as he now had a legitimate excuse to break up with her anyway. But when the girl turned around, I realized that she wasn't Paige. The poor girl looked completely dumbfounded. Patrick started yelling at her and pulling on her arm so hard she almost fell over. Huh? Where's the nerd Patrick? And that wasn't cool at all. Then he raised his hand to hit her, but I zoomed in front of him. Stop! No reason to hit a woman, bro! Patrick immediately grabbed my collar. You dare play tricks with my Becky, huh? Seeing that, the shocked girl quickly ran away. No, no, I thought it was Paige, so I hired the boy just to give you an excuse to break up with her. Calm down, bro. Patrick reassessed the situation, then he cleared his throat and said, Oh, well, uh, I was bored of Becky anyway, thanks. I was still shocked by this jerky side of Patrick when he immediately said, uh, By the way, you can stop the plan with Paige. I decided I like her now. Lately, she's been so full of life and less clingy. He told me he would still pay me, then he hopped into a taxi. Ugh, that's the version of Paige when she's with me. I gave her that zest of life, you jerk. Whatever. From this day forth, he was no longer my client, and I didn't want his stupid money. <sighs> it was time I told Paige what Patrick was really like. So I arranged to meet her in a cafe and told her everything. But when she got over the initial shock, she snapped at me. I know this is all part of your twisted fabrication. I mean, you lied about speaking Spanish, and now you're just making up stories to break Patrick and me up. Then she threw my textbook back at me and stormed off. Oh man, that Patrick is such a slimeball. But I couldn't blame her for believing him over me. I'd seen firsthand how much of a wolf in sheep's clothing he was. I tried to find proof to show Paige, but that jerk sure covered his tracks. His whole nerdy bookworm facade was flawless. And he was still this sluggish nerd, wobbly clutching the bus handle to go to school every day. Ugh, what a con man. Just you wait, Patrick. It's time the world saw your true face. With such determination, I continued to spy on him around town. Then one time, like every other day, I was on duty when a group stopped me, accompanied by Patrick pointing at me. Here's our sandbag! Uh-oh, looks like I was busted. The whole group gathered around me, fists ready. Yeah, I was pretty terrified. There's no way I could fight off a group this size. I raised my fists and prepared for pain, but then someone shouted, Stop! It was Paige. Suddenly, Patrick immediately changed his attitude and ordered the group to leave. He told Paige that I stole his stuff, and his friends were helping him get it back. What? The swine! Connor isn't a thief, I know it for sure. There must be some misunderstanding. Please don't accuse him like that. Patrick's face changed. 
He grabbed Paige's hand and pulled her away, saying, We're getting engaged at the end of this month. Say no more. Okay, so I may have gate-crashed their engagement party, but I did hide at the back while the speeches were going on. Then to my surprise, as Patrick was talking, they both spotted me. Then Paige turned to him and shook her head. It hurt to see her like this. Perhaps she changed her mind. What do you mean? Is this because of Connor? Paige kept quiet, while Patrick's parents were furious. How dare you cheat on my son? Who do you think you are? Paige, why is this happening? Really, Paige, say something. Feeling the pressure and injustice of it all, poor Paige looked distraught as she desperately tried to hold back her tears. I really couldn't stand seeing her like that, so I jumped out of the crowd to come to her defense. Everyone calm down. Paige is the sweetest, most amazing girl, and she deserves better than this jerk. Don't listen to him. He's a thief and a fiancé stealer. I was done listening to this guy's slander. So I threw a punch straight at his smug face. Yeah, the engagement party had sure turned chaotic. I looked at the wreckage in front of me. The consequences that I had caused. Okay, so maybe coming here wasn't my best idea. Actually, this was all my fault for ever agreeing to help Patrick in the first place. Or I shouldn't have been a jerk in the first place. Feeling deflated, I arrived home and saw that I'd received a message from Paige. My heart thudded as I opened it. Thank you for everything and try to practice your Spanish, as it's even worse than mine. Goodbye. And that was the last text she sent me. After that, I spent a month trying to contact her, but received no reply. So finally, I plucked up my courage to go to Paige's house, and was told that she'd left for Spain earlier than scheduled. Perhaps the shock was so huge that Paige wanted to leave this place as soon as possible. It was all my fault. I was the biggest jerk in this story, and now I'd lost the girl. Alas, vengeance is bliss. So I walked inside, went straight to Patrick's table, where he was wasted in the arms of a bunch of girls took a picture, and sent it to his family. What is done by night appears by day, my friend. A few days later, I heard that after being exposed, Patrick's parents had confiscated all of his bank cards. Even his current girlfriend dumped him. Ha! So that sealed the final breakup deal for my special guest. And now, guess where I'm at? Looking for the girl of my life, duh. And this time, I'm going to make sure I don't screw it up. So, here I am, practicing this tricky pose. I must not fall over. Rosie, straighten your back. Hang in there. You've got this. That's Bradley, my yoga instructor. Can you see that? There are more than a dozen people in this class, yet he only seems to encourage me. Did this mean he liked me? I didn't need to look in a mirror to know my cheeks were lobster red right now. I'm Rosie, by the way, 18 years old. I'm still single. Not to brag, but I know I'm kind of pretty, friendly, and fun to be around, so it's easy to tell that many guys are into me. But why do none of them ever dare to confess their feelings to me? Hmm, what were they so afraid of? Take Bradley, for instance. He clearly liked me, but was too shy to admit it. It was so obvious, as he kept deterring past my mat just so he could check out my position. Even my best friend Joseph noticed that. As every time Bradley approached, Joseph would have this cheeky smirk on and send me signals with his eyes. I already told him not to do that. After class, Joseph kept teasing me about it. He told me Bradley definitely had feelings for me and just needed one more push for leverage. Although I reluctantly told him to stop, he insisted on being the wingman by texting Bradley about me. 
Bradley, why don't you ask Rosie out? You two look really cute together. Come on, you know that wouldn't work. Huh? <laughs> why not? Because, Joseph, it's you I'm crazy about. I was not okay. What was the problem with all the men around me? Why didn't they like me? I couldn't go on like this. I must have a boyfriend. And I was dead serious about it. So after researching online, I found a dating coach to save me from my tragic single situation. So Martin, my coach, is super handsome, has a six-pack, and his business is a big hit. He's helped hundreds of sad single people find love. Flashy enough to trust, isn't it? Still, I was quite nervous when I met him. You know, the feeling that a therapist would judge you before treating you. But actually, he was reassuring, very open, and didn't ask too many questions. Let's just be open about this, all right? Manipulating someone into dating you is not the foundation to a healthy relationship. But don't worry, as I have the secret. Day one. And according to Martin, I needed to learn how to approach new people. I'm pretty shy, so taking the initiative was hard for me. But Martin taught me a trick. When I see a cute guy, I need to approach him within three seconds. This way my brain wouldn't have time to think, analyze, then talk myself out of it, and end up missing my chance. Okay, a hot guy was there staring at his phone. I must not overthink. One, two, three, go. Hi! Hi? Um, so I just saw you, and I think you're really hot. I'm here to say hi. Thanks for thinking my boyfriend's hot, but he's taken. I panicked, then rushed back to Martin and spluttered out, I, I, I can't. Hey, that was a success. You're just training your mind and body to take action. Go ahead. No way. Should we move to the next step? And this was the next step. I just needed to start a conversation in this place where everyone was in a mood to have a chat. It's simple, Rosie. Put yourself in a talkative mood. Go over to them and give them a compliment. But make sure it's genuine, else it won't count, okay? Got it. I spotted a man sitting alone, so I walked over to him. Hey, I like your... ring. O-M-G. Was that a wedding ring? <laughs> don't, don't worry. I'm single. And is it that hard to think of something to compliment me on? <laughs> and, um, you are smarter than you look. And yep, he left. Oh, what kind of compliment was that? Martin sat in a corner and watched me go from guy to guy and stutter out a string of terrible compliments. You did great, Rosie. Don't be discouraged. Now, when you actually see someone you like, you'll be more natural. Martin said that body language is a crucial part of keeping the conversation going. So, the plan was to practice this at Joseph's birthday party. This time Martin couldn't be there in person, but we still stayed in touch via my Bluetooth earphone so he could guide me. The mission today was to initiate physical contact with someone and make them feel close to me. Anyone who knows me knows that I am not good with these things. So I kept giving them this weird slap on the back. Hey, I heard an ouch. Are you hitting them? I said just a light tap. I don't think I can do this. I'm too shy. And now guys are giving me weird looks. Martin said this time I should make the boys take the initiative, and then things would come more naturally. Okay, I'll give it one last try. This boy I like, Nathan, is over by the pool. But he's in a group. Nothing to worry about. You'll make him come to you. Now listen and follow. I walked over to the bar and made sure I was in Nathan's eyesight. Sat as naturally as possible, made eye contact with him, 
and smiled. Oh, Martin, this is stupid. He doesn't even know me. Just wait. OMG, he's waving at me. Should I come now? No, no, no. Wave him over. Okay, you should take responsibility for this, Martin. I waved Nathan over. Then, to my surprise, he got up and started walking toward me. OMG, help, what should I do? Give a no-tooth smile. Then say, I just want to say hi. What? That was all? But he was coming closer and I had no choice. I just want to say hi. And I want to have your phone number, cutie. I couldn't believe it. That was a real success. We texted the whole night. We got on so well. He was clearly flirting with me. This is crazy. But then two weeks passed by and I didn't hear from him at all. I kept on looking at my phone, expecting Nathan to call, but he never did. So I immediately rang my coach for help. Ready for the bad news? So, that means he doesn't like you. A busy man like Napoleon could still write thousands of romantic love letters to his Josephine. If he was into you, he'd always find a way. And I also think he doesn't seem like a good type to date. What? Nathan is such a sweet guy. Maybe he's just super busy? But then Christmas came, and I couldn't wait any longer. I mustered up the courage to ask Nathan out. But guess what? He invited me to his house to enjoy Christmas with his family instead. Oh, wow. He wanted to introduce me to his family. This was massive. It meant he really took our relationship seriously, didn't he? But when we got to Nathan's place, to my surprise, it was just a small apartment and definitely not big enough for a whole family. Seeing my confused look, Nathan said his family must have changed their plans and went out, which was for the better as the two of us would have more time together. Suddenly, I saw a shadow of a girl in a red dress in his bedroom. Then Nathan immediately pulled me away and said, Uh, um, that's my maid. How annoying. So, do you want to go to the hotel so we can have more time alone? Really? Did he think I was born yesterday? I refused immediately, and Nathan began to change his attitude. <laughs> okay, but I can't drive you home. I have something urgent. But don't worry, I'll take you to the nearby bus stop. I have never felt so stupid. Martin was right. Nathan wasn't serious about me. He just wanted to use me. But what went wrong? I did everything I could, but I kept failing again and again. No one liked me. I called Martin in tears, and he ended up driving there to pick me up right on Christmas Eve. I felt like the most tragic person ever. Martin was so patient. He turned the radio on so loud and didn't say anything until I finished crying and calmed down. Misread the signals again, huh? How could I have known? Well, I'm not saying this to make money off you, but looking at the current situation, I think you need to hire me for longer than you think. My love life may have sucked, but at least I had Martin. Here's my hope. He was the best coach ever, as he didn't mind answering my questions, and he always picked up the phone whether it was office hours or midnight. Then one night I was out with my friends. I drank a few too many wines and phoned Martin up and slurred out a load of drunken nonsense. He immediately came to pick me up and drove me home, saying that he needed to make sure I got home safely. He was such a sweet guy. I felt something, but then reassured myself that he was just being nice. But Joseph insisted that Martin was only acting this way because he liked me. Seeing everything he did, and you still have to wonder about his feelings? Dummy. Believe me, I'm not wrong this time. 
Mr. Sixpack is crazy about you. Congrats. Hmm. Thinking about it, it did make sense. So I started stalking my coach on social media and daydreaming about him. Then taking Martin's own advice that I needed to make my feelings known. So on Valentine's night, I myself made this box of chocolates and took them round to his. I took a deep breath, then rang the doorbell. But then standing at the door was him holding hands with another girl. I awkwardly said, don't, don't you like me? I mean, you taught me that when a guy likes a girl, he'll always be there for her. You picked me up in the middle of the night and you always listened and comforted me when I was sad. You even brought me hot tea when my Aunt Flo came to visit. Doesn't everything match up? R Rosie, I was just being nice. Sorry, but you've confused the signs. Again. I was totally dumbfounded. I couldn't face the thought of seeing Martin ever again. So I blocked him from my life. Ugh. In the following days, I was under a variety of emotional states. From extreme stress, heartbreak, embarrassment, then disappointment because of my extra delusion. I struggled with insomnia almost every night and tried to bury my feelings by binge-eating junk food. Just two weeks later, I looked at myself in the mirror. There were dark circles under my eyes, my skin was dry and flaky, and I felt bloated and sluggish most of the time. Seeing myself like that reminded me of something Martin had said. How can you expect someone else to love you if you don't love yourself? I knew I needed to change, so I started eating more healthily, working out, and finding me time. And you know what? It worked. Now I can finally say that I see my own worth, and I'll never allow a man to treat me badly ever again. And if that means I stay single for a while, then that's the way it'll be. I guess I kinda owe Martin a lot. I mean, he did teach me loads. And now, even though I'm still single, I'm enjoying it. There are way more important things than having a boyfriend, right? But wait, was this barista winking at me? OMG! There's a post-it with his number on my coffee cup. What should I do? Hey, dating a coffee guy is risky business. Why, coach? Imagine one day, your relationship turns bad, and you desire a cup of coffee to ease your heart out, but you also have to see him here. Awkward, huh? Indeed a pro. But, so, why are you making this awkward convo? <laughs> Rosie, I may be a love coach, but even I get it wrong sometimes. When it comes to my heart, all theories are nonsense. Please, you show me how to love naturally. Um, well, as you can see, I'm dating my dating coach. But now, our love doesn't apply to any cliches. Instead, we just do us, and we're both happier than ever. If you're in a dating slump, then don't worry. Just let love happen when it happens, and follow your heart. Hi. I'm Addison, but all my friends call me Addie. I'm just an ordinary girl who doesn't have any particular talents. But there is one thing I do have. That is... Oh, why don't we just watch the video to see what it is? This is my older sister, Olivia. She's beautiful, isn't she? She's also an amazing singer and has a talent for art. She can pretty much draw anything. I mean... I don't know how my parents could have such a perfect daughter like her, then have me. But I'm fine with that. 
Olivia was all about winning trophies and medals. Well, I was happy with the ice cream and ton of snacks my parents gave me for getting a B on my math exam. Hey, Addie, my baby. Guess who's got some new trendy clothes? Oh, Mom. Dad. I don't like these things. Why are you buying so much? It's such a waste of money. However, Mom's desperate look made me cave. So I reluctantly grabbed a random item and went to try it on. Oh, it's a crop top. I stared at myself in the mirror. Okay, so my parents' dumbfounded expressions made their feelings pretty clear. I looked ridiculous. See, I told you already. I'm way too short to wear tops like this. Right at that moment, Olivia walked by. I immediately ran over to her. I think you should have this top. It'll bring out your nice figure. You'll look so cute in it. Mom shook her head. No, if Olivia wears this, everyone will see her navel. Um, isn't that the point of crop tops? Then Dad chimed in. Anyway, Liv, where are you off to in such a hurry? It's not that nonsense model club again, is it? Speaking of clubs, is the school dance club still recruiting? You should join. You'll get in for sure. My sister rolled her eyes, then left, slamming the door behind her. I loved my sister, but she just seems to find me annoying. She was like the ice queen, always shutting me out. She never allows me to borrow her clothes or to touch her stuff. And if I ever try to go into her room, she freaks out. It's not that she's mean as such, but she tends to act like I don't even exist. <sighs> it's okay. I mean, I'm kind of used to it. I live my own life and she lives hers. So that's why when I got my first cell phone and started to use social networks, I didn't try to search for her profiles, though I knew she was on all those platforms. That evening, my mom asked me to go upstairs to call Olivia for dinner. No answer. So I began pushing the door open. She suddenly appeared from the bathroom and yelled, Hey, what are you doing? You know you're not allowed in my room. I knocked, but you didn't answer. Mom says it's dinner time. She hissed at me and shooed me away. Ugh, why did she have to treat me like I was some pest? The way she was so weird about her room was annoying. Hmm, maybe she was hiding something in there? Nah, probably I was just overthinking this. Olivia was always like this. Life went on, and my sister, well, she continued to distance herself from me. But then one weekend, I walked downstairs to find her cheerfully humming a song as she danced around the kitchen. When she saw me, she smiled and said, Morning, sis. Come sit here. I made you breakfast. Okay? This was weird. I cautiously sat down and kept looking at her. Um, why are you so happy? And where are mom and dad? Mom and dad just rushed off on some work thing. Then she put the plate in front of me, grinned, then continued. Mom made cookies this morning and told you to take them to grandma's. Tell her I said hi. Oh, you're not coming with me? No, no can do. Sorry, I've got work to do. She continued to look at me, and I got the feeling she wanted me to hurry up. Before I'd even finished my toast, she passed me my jacket and bundled me out of the door. Having no choice, 
I made my way to Granny's while in deep thoughts about how odd this was. Until I realized that I didn't even have the cookie bag with me. I'd left it at home. Gosh, I immediately rushed back. But, hmm, why was there a strange car parked outside my house? I lingered back and watched as a middle-aged man got out of the car. Before he even got to the door, Olivia opened it and smiled at him. I dove behind a bush so I could carry on watching. Huh? Why was he handing her flowers and a gift box? She happily took them from him and even leaned into his ear and said something. Oh my god! So this explains my sister's strange behavior. They're a couple, aren't they? I never thought that my sister would be interested in an old man like this. Shocking! But wait, what if... What if he's deceiving her? As Olivia may look sharp, but she's actually very innocent. If that was the case, I would beat him black and blue. But this was just my speculation. I can't hastily act without knowing the truth. So I decided not to let them know that I was there, and quietly entered the house through the back door to get the cookie bag. Later that day when I arrived home, my sister was back to her ice queen self. She was cooking in silence, so I told her grandma said hi, and she just grunted and carried on stirring her soup. Hmm, I needed to find out what was actually going on. The perfect opportunity arose a few weeks later, when mom and dad went away on a weekend trip. I told Olivia I was meeting some friends for a picnic, but this was a lie. I actually hid in my faithful hiding spot and watched. As expected, the old man showed up and Olivia let him inside. The door was ajar, so I tiptoed inside and heard them laughing in the living room. I peeked in, and to my astonishment, my sister was sitting on the couch wearing the weirdest outfit ever. It was those kinds of clothes that only catwalk models wear. And most of all, she had this heavy makeup on and looked like a totally different person. The strange man was sitting next to her. Both of them were looking at her phone and laughing happily. Oh gosh. Now everything was clear. From her reserved nature to her seem-to-be-secret room, it was all so she could continue to hide this age-difference love story. I didn't know how to react now. I just kind of felt bad for her because she had to hide it. I mean, this was her home. And we were her family. We might not have been close, but she was my big sister. And I wanted her to be happy. If this love was real then I fully supported her. And if this guy turned out to be bad, well, then I'd protect her to the end. My parents returned that evening, so I set up a family movie night. A great idea for family bonding, right? I chose a romantic movie in which the main actress is much younger than her boyfriend. In the middle of the movie, I turned to my parents and asked, Mom, Dad, if you were their parents, would you allow that relationship? They gave me confused looks. Then Dad immediately asked, Hey, Addie, don't tell us that you're in love with an old man, huh? This startled me, but before I could say anything, the doorbell rang. I was about to go open the door, just to avoid answering Dad's question, but Olivia was faster. Not long after that, she turned back and shouted at me, Addie, how dare you touch my phone? What's up, Liv? 
Who's at the door? Go ask your dear daughter Addison. She gave me a dirty look, then stormed up to her room. My parents immediately bombarded me with loads of questions. What's happening here? Who was the one ringing the bell? Why that manner of Olivia? Okay, the one who rang the bell was Olivia's boyfriend. So, earlier, when Olivia left her phone in the kitchen, I noticed that there was a message from a man named Henry Davis. I immediately searched for him on Facebook and found out that this was the same guy who'd been visiting her. So, I used her phone to text him, telling him to come around at 8 p.m. I thought it would be better if Olivia could make her relationship public with our parents. But, Hayes, it seems she didn't take it very well. Anyway, now I had no choice but to tell my parents everything. Their faces dropped, and without saying anything, they ran upstairs and banged on Olivia's door. But there was no reply. Instead, all of us heard a rattling sound from the back door, and Olivia had fled. Our parents' faces turned red, while I felt so guilty as I not only wasn't able to help her, but only worsened the situation. The next day, Olivia still hadn't returned. She also didn't show up for school, which caused my parents to freak out. Then I suddenly thought of Henry. Right. Why didn't I think of asking him from the beginning? So I immediately contacted Henry and asked him to help find Olivia. That afternoon, when I just got home from school, I saw Henry driving off. There was a note stuck to the door saying Olivia was fine with an address below. And it also said if we come there at 9am, we'll see Olivia. The next morning, we showed up earlier than scheduled. Huh? It was a studio. And just like Henry said, Olivia was there. She looked so glamorous and was so busy prepping for a photo shoot that she didn't seem to notice us. Henry welcomed us and started explaining everything that made my parents, as well as me, speechless. Turns out, the truth was far from what I thought. He was not her boyfriend. Instead, he's her manager. He saw Olivia's potential and guided her to become a photo model and a TikToker. The flowers and gifts were from the brand she was working with. And the other day, she wore that outfit and makeup for a TikTok video. After the shoot was over, we walked over to her. But she took one look at us and ran away. I managed to catch up with her, then said, Sis, why didn't you just tell us the truth? We're your family. We'll always be on your side. On my side? Really? You have no idea what it's like to be an outsider. It doesn't matter how many competitions I win. I'm invisible, while you get praised for just getting an okay grade on a math test. I want to be a model, but they don't want that for me. They want me to be miserable. I'd rather leave that house to do what I love. I was dumbfounded, and so were Mom and Dad, who by this point had caught up with us and heard everything she'd just said. Dad hugged Olivia then in an emotional voice said, Olivia, it's not that we forbid you from doing what you want. We were just worried for you. We just know that this industry can be complicated, and we don't want you to get hurt. That's right. And it's not true that we love Addie more than you. You just excel at everything, and we just didn't want Addie to feel insecure. We're really sorry, Olivia. We all love you. Oh, no, Mom. Don't worry, I never felt that way. Actually, I've always admired Olivia, 
and it made me sad when she ignored me. Olivia burst out crying, and our whole family hugged each other tightly. Sorry to interrupt, but you must have had some idea about Olivia being an internet star already, right? I mean, it's easy to tell from her social networks. I shyly said, I... I don't follow any of her accounts. I thought she just wanted me out of her way. Henry then patted my head and showed us Olivia's social media accounts. And wow, she had millions of views and followers. We all watched some of her TikTok videos together, and she totally rocked it. Seeing how much this meant to her, my parents came round to the idea of her being a model, and they even thanked Henry for helping her. Then Olivia came closer to me. Hey, Addie. I'm sorry for being so cold in the past. Turns out, you love me so much and will support me regardless. At least now, if I really fall in love with an old man, I don't have to worry. Right? Then everyone laughed. Oh, even though my plan didn't, well, go exactly as intended, I still call it a success, because it all ended out great in the end. You thought it was all finished, huh? Nope. Not yet. There's one more thing I want to show you guys. That night, for the first time, Olivia let me go inside her room. Wow, it was like a mini studio with expensive flashlights, a ring light, and a camera. And her clothes and makeup collection were super impressive. Oh, do you remember what I said at the beginning of the video about being an ordinary girl? Well, that hasn't changed but now I can confidently say that there is one thing I do have, and that's an awesome big sister who loves me unconditionally. Finally, after an 11-hour flight, I arrived at LAX, Los Angeles International Airport. It's awesome! I can't wait to see my mom. You see, my dad's French and my mom's American. We used to all live together in France, but then they split up and mom moved back here. Of course, I've talked to her on FaceTime and stuff, but this will be the first time I've properly seen her in five years. I haven't visited before because mom's a super successful businesswoman and she works really hard. That meant she wouldn't have the time to provide me with the attention I needed. But now that I'm 16 and I can look after myself, I'm finally able to visit. So thanks to my dad and stepmom for my plane ticket birthday present, I'm now in sunny LA for a whole month. Not only do I get to spend time with mom, but I also get to chill out in her enormous villa. Ah, <sighs> bliss. But first, let's get all my luggage, then find a taxi to my mom's. Yeah, unfortunately, she couldn't come to pick me up since she had some work to do. But no problem, I can handle this myself. Okay, maybe I spoke too soon. It's been half an hour and my luggage was nowhere to be seen. Then, this handsome guy approached me and said, Hey, looks like your luggage has gone AWOL. Do you need any help? Cute and helpful. Hmm, I could totally get used to US guys. I showed him my ticket, and turns out, I was waiting at the wrong carousel. Oops. After guiding me to the correct one, this guy, whose name I found out was Zach, even pulled my luggage down for me. But one of my cases got stuck and burst open, causing everything to tumble out. Girl, it's not your lucky day, is it? He burst out laughing. Oh well, at least it wasn't all bad. I mean, a cute guy had rescued me, right? 
He helped me pick up my things, then he offered to drive me to my mom's house. After some 30 minutes, he began to slow down. I looked out the window and, oh my god, this is the chicest villa ever. The pool, the tennis court, the palm trees. It was exactly like a movie star home. I was gawping at the villa when suddenly I heard a car engine sound. Startled, I turned around to see Zack zooming away. My suitcases! I yelled. Ugh, my laptop and iPad were in there too. Oh God, why is this happening to me? And on my very first day in the US? At least I still had my phone and passport with me. Phew. So I called my mom. Needless to say, I was a distraught mess when she arrived. Who'd have thought that such a kind-looking guy would turn out to be a thief? Anyways, my mom could buy me new clothes and things, and I could still have an amazing time in her villa, right? Mom led me to my room and told me to get some rest. After that disaster, I was dead exhausted, so I quickly fell asleep on the comfiest bed ever. When I awoke, it was dark outside. I realized I hadn't eaten anything since the flight, so I went downstairs and checked the fridge and cupboards. Huh? They were all empty. I was still digging around in the kitchen when my mom returned with some burgers. Sweetie, I only got back from my business trip yesterday, so I haven't had time to go to the grocery store. Let's just eat fast food today, okay? I didn't mind, as it was awesome to have dinner with my mom again after such a long time. I took a look around the room. There was barely any furniture here. My mom said that's minimalism, a trendy lifestyle in LA nowadays. Less is more. How cool is that? The next morning we went out, but what's with that old rusty car? Seeing my confused look, she quickly explained that this was only temporary as her car was being serviced. But then mom couldn't get the garage door to open. Turns out, normally she had her own chauffeur. But since I've traveled thousands of miles to visit her, she wanted to drive herself. Huh, how sweet. In the following days, my mom and I enjoyed ourselves in LA. Sunbathing by the pool, spa days, shopping. This is definitely the best vacation of my life. At least until that morning, I was awoken by a loud quarrel. Looking down from the stairs, I saw mom in the living room with a strange woman. She was pointing at the couch. Jeez, that's where I spilled soy sauce yesterday while eating sushi. Then mom appeared and sounded flustered. She told me to quickly pack my things as we were leaving. Um, mom, is there something wrong? Oh, nothing, sweetie. It's just that the couch is dirty, so let's just get someone in to clean the entire villa. Wow, mom would deep clean the whole house just because of a soy sauce stain? How rich is she? So... Where will we stay this time? A luxurious five-star hotel? Or a magnificent mansion in Beverly Hills? (sighs) But then the car came to a stop in front of some shabby apartment building. Huh? This couldn't be right. Mom told me this was her friend's spare apartment, so we would stay here a few days for convenience. Elena, it's probably best if you stay away from the people in this area. They don't have the same lifestyle as us. You know what I mean. Ugh. Yeah, this place was the opposite of the villa. Cramped room, hard bed, and the bathroom didn't even have a bathtub. Since moving here, Mom didn't take me out anymore. 
In the evenings, she dressed up all elegantly and went out to her fancy work meetings. On one such evening, I was sitting alone watching YouTube, munching on french fries for the fifth time this week, when there was a knock on the door. I opened it, and standing there was a scruffy guy, claiming to be Frankie, the landlord's son. I told him there must be a mistake, as we were only here for a few days. Then I went to close the door, but he blocked it with his foot. Miss Anita has rented this apartment for two years. What do you mean a few days? I just saw her take a cab at the front door. Don't lie to me. No, my mom is a successful businesswoman who has a villa in Brentwood Park. Then you must have mistaken your mom for someone else. In short, remind your businesswoman mom to pay the rent. Then he sneered and walked away. How dare he say that? And why did I keep on running into jerks? Ugh! When mom returned, I told her what had happened. I thought she'd find it funny or something, but nope. Instead, she got really mad. You shouldn't have opened the door to him. I told you not to socialize with the people here. Okay, hearing made-up lies about yourself like that must suck, but did she have to be so furious about it? The next morning, I was drinking tea on the balcony when suddenly I saw a familiar face passing by down the street. My god, it was the jerk from the airport. Zack! That thief! I shouted, rushing down, but when I got there, he disappeared. I was still exasperated when a voice came from behind. What on earth are you doing screaming this early in the morning? I turned around to see Frankie leaning against the wall with his arms folded. None of your business, swindler. Huh? Swindler? What do you mean? Quit lying. I already told my mom all about you trying to con money out of me. Hmm, is that so? So, you think I'm the liar? Before I could answer that provoking question, I heard my mom's voice calling down from the balcony. Hey, rich girl, if you want a reality check, I suggest you come meet me tonight, and we'll go follow your mom. Mom appeared and, frowning, asked me why I was talking to Frankie. I blurted out something about asking for directions, then quickly entered the room and closed the door. Frankie was clearly a thieving, lying jerk, right? But then, why were his words lingering in my mind? I had noticed a few strange things, such as when we were at the villa, I asked Mom where the cutlery was, but she couldn't remember. But then in this apartment, she immediately got it. Plus, why was there a photo of her in the bedroom when this was her friend's place? That night, when Mom was getting ready to go out again, I spotted her necklace. Only, it was actually my necklace. The one that had been stolen along with the rest of my stuff. My dad got that necklace custom made just for me, so it was a one of a kind, but why did Mom have it? I complimented her on it and asked her where she'd got it from. Blushing, she excitedly told me that this rich man she'd just started dating had bought it for her. Then she said he was taking her for dinner tonight. I forced a smile, but my head was filled with questions. Who really was... Mom? I secretly followed my mom down the street. Suddenly, a hand patted my shoulder. Let's go. I turned around and it was Frankie. Without saying anything, I nodded and quickly got into his car and we followed Mom's taxi. Hold on. Isn't that the villa we stayed in before? After a while, a luxury car arrived. 
taking my mum to a nearby expensive restaurant. We peered through the glass wall. There she was. My mum was sitting there, smiling and talking with some man in a suit. Was she pretending to live in that villa to trick that man? Was my mum a gold digger? I couldn't watch any more of this, so I pulled on Frankie's arm. But weirdly, he seemed to be as shocked as I was. Um, wasn't this your idea? So why the pale face? He just shook his head and took me home. We waited in the apartment for Mum to return, and oh boy, it was tense. Around midnight, we heard the door open, and Mum walked in and looked at us in alarm. She started shooing Frankie out of there, but I interrupted her. Mum, I know everything. You've lived here for two years. You're poor, and you scam rich men. Sweetie, it's not like that. Please calm down and I'll explain everything to you. So, it turns out, after divorcing my dad, she was determined to go back to the U.S. and succeed at business. But she failed, and she was so embarrassed, she lied to me and dad. Then when she heard that I was coming to visit, she spent the little savings she had on renting a swanky villa for me. But when I accidentally spilled soy sauce on that expensive couch, she couldn't afford to fix it. So we were kicked out. As for the man I was with tonight, I ran into him while walking outside the villa. He's rich and nice. He likes me and I like him too. But what about that necklace? Mom, it's actually mine. It was in my stolen suitcase. My mom gave me a confused look. But before she could say anything, Frankie blurted out, That man's a fraud. Mom and I gaped at Frankie as he turned to me and said, I'm sorry, but I think you guys need to know the truth. Then Frankie told us how that man was none other than Zack's dad. After taking me back to the villa, Zack figured my mom was rich, so he persuaded his dad to come and flirt with her. But how did you dig up the dirt on these guys? Because I know Zack. When I saw Lana chasing him, I knew he'd stolen from her. But he's my friend. Great! So you've both been lying to me. Then I rushed into my room, locked the door, and burst into tears. The next morning, Mom knocked on my door, but I ignored her. Elena, I get that you're upset with me, but I've left a sandwich here, so please at least eat something. I'm really sorry. Just wanted to be the perfect mother for you. Her words caused me to sob all over again. But I can say... From the bottom of my heart, I feel sorry for her. After that, I opened the door and hugged her tightly, and then we both blubbered into each other's arms. I'm leaving L.A. today, with Mum. She's moving back to France with me, where she can start afresh. While I was dragging my suitcase to the taxi, Frankie appeared and apologized to me. I just shrugged and told him it didn't matter anymore. I mean, at least he came clean in the end and saved my mom from that swindler. Hey, rich girl, good luck. And, um, feel free to keep in touch. So, what now? Well, mom is settling back into French life. She has a new job and a chic apartment. I go and stay with her each weekend, and it's good to finally spend time with the real her. As for Frankie, well, we send each other lots of Snapchats. So... Okay, maybe I kind of like him. I'm planning to visit him in the summer. 
Hopefully my next trip to the U.S. won't be as crazy as my last one. <laughs> I was so nervous, like the most nervous I'd ever been in my life. I didn't even know it was possible for a press conference to get so crowded. Suddenly the flashes came at me from every direction. It was almost blinding, but the clicking didn't stop, as well as the sound of them calling my name. Hazel, look here! Here, over here, Hazel! Oh my gosh, why was this so chaotic? I started to panic, so I ran away, but I'd only taken a few steps before thump! Oh, these stupid high heels. Oh, hi. I didn't see you there. Well, let's be real. It's kind of hard to see anyone from this angle. Then from every direction, the reporters swarmed in like starving vultures trying to take pictures of me. I was still confused and didn't know what to do when... Gentlemen, please give her some space. Are you okay? Robert, my adoptive dad, came to help me up. Um, excuse us, this is her first time attending such a crowded event. If it's all right with you, we'll help her answer your questions. Phew, I'd finally escaped the chaos. Or so I thought. As soon as he got into the house, Robert shouted, Pamela! Which gave me the fright of my life. Didn't I tell you to teach Hazel some manners? How could you let her embarrass herself in front of the public like that? Pamela looked mortified and kept bowing down and apologizing, but Robert was still furious. If this happens again, you better pack your bags and get out of here. I felt so guilty. It was all because of me that she had been shouted out like that. But I'd done my best. Clearly, it wasn't good enough, though. I tried to forget about it, but early the next morning, Pamela woke me up. She gave me a timetable and told me that from now on, I wouldn't need to go to school anymore and that a tutor would come to teach me at home instead. What? Why all of a sudden? I asked Pamela in shock. It was because of yesterday's incident. The mayor has decided that you need to spend more time learning the necessary etiquette. Are you serious? He can't just keep me locked up here. No way. Hazel? Listen, you should be grateful that you got adopted into this house. Keep in mind of everything Mr. Cornelius has done for you and obediently do as I say. Do you understand what I mean? Looking into Pamela's eyes, I knew I had no choice but to agree. Ugh. The day of the opening ceremony for the town hall had finally arrived, and I got to leave the house for the first time in a month. A whole month. Now was the moment of truth. In the eyes of the public, I had completely transformed into a proper, prestigious lady. When Robert started speaking at the ceremony, he announced a charity fundraiser for my orphanage in the hopes that children like me would be given a chance to live a better life. Hearing this speech, I could barely hold back my tears. I was sitting next to my adoptive mom, Eleanor, so I turned to give her a big hug. Suddenly, all eyes were on me, and it seemed I'd finally done something right. I smiled up at Robert, and we both had tears in our eyes. Maybe Pamela was right. I really was lucky to have been adopted by such kind people. But as soon as we got home, things changed. My parents got all quiet and went off to their room, leaving me alone. Where was my praise? I'd done so well, hadn't I? Why weren't they happy? The following days, they still asked me to join them for their events, so I guess I must have done a good job. And while the media and public were around, they were all touchy-feely and affectionate towards me, constantly praising me. 
We must have looked like the perfect family. But the minute we got home, they'd ignore me, and if they wanted to tell me something, they'd get Pamela to speak to me. It was so flipping weird. I actually started to feel quite lonely and depressed. And even though I was living in the lap of luxury, I missed the orphanage. One day, Pamela's daughter, aka the only friend I had in this enormous mansion, Paisley saw how upset I was and asked, Hey, so why do you agree to move into this house? You're clearly unhappy here. Paisley got me. She was the same age as me, so we were on the same wavelength. I was nervous to tell her how I felt, but I knew she would understand, so I told her everything. The thing is, I actually have a sister. She's only eight, and she's called Amber. That's why I was missing the orphanage. She was still there. She's got congenital heart disease, so after our parents passed away, the orphanage couldn't afford her hospital bills. When the mayor's family decided to adopt me, I refused because I didn't want to leave Amber alone. But then Robert offered to pay for her medical treatments if I agreed. And well, the rest is history. You see, I can't just leave. If I did, what would happen to Amber? Oh, Hazel, I didn't know. I'm so sorry. But I need to be honest with you. One time I overheard Robert and Eleanor saying that you were the perfect girl to play this role. Huh? What role? That meant... Were they using me for something? It didn't make any sense, but those words kept lingering on my mind until... One time, Eleanor asked me to join her at a charity event, which she said was going to be broadcast on TV. Our job was to prepare homemade food and give it out to the homeless. I was so excited, but when I walked into our kitchen, I discovered the chefs had already cooked everything before the filming crew arrived. I was so disappointed and asked Eleanor about it. She just laughed and said... Oh, no. Sweetie, our job is just to look pretty and graceful in front of the camera. Then before distributing the food, she gave me a pair of gloves and said, Don't touch any of their hands, okay? They are filthy. Oh my gosh, how could she say such things? Oh, then it hit me. I understood what Paisley had said now. The affection and kindness that the Corneliuses were showing me was actually just for show all to win over the audience, a.k.a. the public, while this was their very true face. I had to do something about this. I couldn't let them keep on deceiving the public like this. So when Eleanor went to the bathroom and took off her gloves, I quickly grabbed them and threw them in the trash. When we went back out, a homeless man approached her to express his gratitude and asked for a handshake. Of course, she tried to refuse, but at that moment the camera turned to her, so she had no choice but to give in. And you know what? The man didn't just shake her hand. He even pulled Eleanor in for a big hug. I couldn't hold back my laughter at how flustered she looked. Served her right. Afterward, Eleanor grabbed my arm and dragged me to a quiet corner. Then she said, It was you who did this, wasn't it? I pretended to have no idea what she was talking about, and this just infuriated her even more. Then later that evening when we got home, Robert was already waiting and shouted at me. What do you think you're playing at? I was confused. But then Eleanor added, Don't you ever mess with me like that again. Now listen closely. Don't you miss your little sis? Aren't you curious if she's doing okay or not? That's right. You better have behaved yourself from now on, young lady. I was so shaken by what they'd said. I didn't even want to leave my room. What if something happened to my sister? Then suddenly, Paisley climbed through my window into my room. As soon as I saw her, I burst into tears. 
Paisley, please help me with this. I need you to go to my orphanage and check on Amber and see if she's okay. A few hours later, Paisley came back panting. Your sister? She's not doing good. What? But hadn't she been receiving money for her monthly treatments? Paisley shook her head. The nuns there said they hadn't received a penny since you left. Now Amber is barely surviving. Paisley's words broke my heart. Those two had been fooling me all this time, and now my sister's life was hanging on by a thread. I had to get to the bottom of this. I walked past Robert's office, and that's when I overheard someone talking. Curious, I peeked in and saw a group of middle-aged men sitting around a table. One of them spoke up. Hey, Robert. The election day is coming. Is that little girl still doing a decent job? Oh, don't worry about her. She's just a silly little kid. She believes anything I tell her, especially about her sick sister, Robert smirked. How dare he speak about my sister like that? I had to do something. I couldn't let this vicious man keep on fooling everyone like he'd done to me. So I took out my phone and started filming. Speaking of which, how much charity money have we got so far? One hundred thousand dollars, Robert said, and the room was filled with praise. Gentlemen, by the time of the closing party for the charity this weekend, we should have almost $500,000 for the election campaign. As soon as I win, your business will continue to be tax-reduced for the next four years. I had to cover my mouth to stop myself from gasping. So this whole time, he'd been exploiting me and the orphanage for his corruption? Gosh, I was such an idiot to fall right into his trap. Suddenly, my phone buzzed. Who's there? Robert shouted and rushed to the door. Oh no! Panicked, I ran, but not far enough before I tripped and the phone flew out of my hand. Robert and his men caught up with me, picked up my phone, and deleted all my evidence. They even took the phone away from me. He turned to me and said, I've already warned you, have I not? You're a liar! I yelled. You haven't paid a penny to my sister! Robert growled. Who told you that? But all he had for an answer was my silence and fuming look. Furious, he dragged me back to my room. Maid, bring me the keys to her room. And then he locked me up inside until the day of the closing party of the charity rolled around, where they'd be announcing the amount of money they'd collected. That day, all the staff were out of the mansion. Suddenly, I heard the door being unlocked. Panicked, I hid behind the closet. Hazel, where are you? Oh, it was just Paisley. Ah. She found a way to sneak me out of the mansion and told me to run straight back to the orphanage. But no, first I had to expose that sly old fox, Robert. Luckily, when I got to the event, Robert was giving his speech. I immediately ran up to the stage, snatched the mic, and told everyone about his evil plan. But I was no match for him. Before I could finish, security was dragging me off the stage, and Robert had already taken control of the situation. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm so sorry for my daughter's behavior. She's... The reason why we decided to adopt her was that she's mentally ill. Since she came to our home, she has become better, but as you can see, there's been a bit of a relapse. What a snake! This jerk would stop at nothing to get what he wanted. Just then, the big screen on stage suddenly showed the video I'd taken, revealing all the schemes of Robert and his accomplices. Now he was well and truly exposed. I watched as he stammered. No, this can't be happening. Right at that moment, the police rushed in to arrest Robert and his accomplices in the stands. You might be wondering how we pulled that off. Well, 
As I was running through the hallway, I managed to send the video to Paisley. As soon as she received it, she came to find me and saw everything that had happened. So she secretly ran to her mom for help. Pamela then made a plan. While Paisley freed me from the mansion, Pamela set to work on projecting the video on the big screen. Genius, right? A month later, Robert and his accomplices were arrested for embezzlement. And of course, he got locked up for a long, long time. Both him and Eleanor received such massive backlash from the public, to the point that she had to stay hidden away too. The charity money, luckily, was brought back to the orphanage, and part of it was used to take care of my sister Amber. She's doing much better now. Oh, and Paisley and I are still best of friends. Pamela has found a way better job. And as for me, I went back to stay at the orphanage until I'm old enough to move out. I'm better off being on my own with my sister than being adopted by some messed up family again. Too much studying and not enough sleep was making me feel like a zombie. Chocolate would help, right? So I drowsily walked downstairs. Huh? Why was my whole family there with their suitcases? Um, are you guys going somewhere? Yes, Colorado for a ski trip. (gasps) That's awesome! You're the best, Daddy! Not you, Helen. You have studying to do. And this is a special award for Christine for winning her scholarship. What? So you're just going to leave me out because of some meaningless grades? This is so unfair. Ugh, whatever. I don't even need them to go with me. Shh, come here. And I'm going to let you in on a secret. I can go to the ski resort by myself and have way more fun. But how, you ask? It's called lucid dreaming. I first heard about it through the biggest buzz movie, Inception, and realized that I've had experienced the same things before. Since then, I've become an expert at this. So before I go to bed, I just have to write a script saying where I want to go, with whom, what I want to do, and three, two, one. I'm asleep and living my best life. In fact, I could say that those beautiful self-designed dreams are like meditation to me, because... To be honest, my real life is tedious. No matter how hard I tried, I was no match for my younger half-sister, Christine. In my dad and grandma's eyes, a child of a doctor in physics, as well as a grandchild of a history professor, should automatically be a walking encyclopedia or something. But unfortunately, I didn't excel at the academic side of life. They treat Christine like this precious gemstone and me like some boring old rock. Every week usually entails her getting excellent grades or winning some reward, and all of my family lavishing her with gifts and praise, while I'm treated like an outsider in my own family. Ugh! Just thinking about it makes me want to scream. So, they want me to stay home and concentrate on tomorrow's test, huh? Nah, you wish. So, instead, I grabbed my pen and started writing tonight's awesome dream script. Let's see. That's right. The obnoxious Roger dared to heartlessly throw the candy I gave him in the trash, even though he'd been flirting with me. What a jerk. I will definitely retaliate against him tonight. Lying in bed, I closed my eyes and repeated this sentence. I'm going to kick him out of my life. And you won't believe it. In the dream, he kept chasing me like crazy, but I totally blanked him. (laughs) 
Helen, wake up. Time's running out. My best friend Gabby kicked my chair and I jolted awake. Oh no, there were only five minutes left. I frantically ticked on the paper and hurriedly submitted it to the monitor. Hey, did you not get any sleep or something? Well, I stayed up late writing the script for my dream. It was worth it as I got payback on Roger. What if you get a bad grade? Never mind. I'll be fine when I come home tonight with an A-plus dream. <laughs> but things turned out not to be as simple as I thought. That afternoon when I arrived home, I was about to sneak up to my bedroom to write my next amazing script when someone grabbed my bag strap and pulled me back. It was Grandma and Dad, and both of them seemed to be mad. How long are you going to live like this? Education is important to this family, yet you don't seem to care. Do you realize this week alone your teacher has contacted me three times? But Dad, I really don't like those boring subjects. I only like no more drawing or writing your silly stories. You need to focus on your studies, else you'll end up a useless person like... She suddenly stopped, which made me curious. Like who? But neither she nor my dad said anything. They just quietly walked away, leaving me alone. Honestly, I never wanted to disappoint them that much. So this time I was going to try my best to not let them down. Dad! Grandma! Look, look! I got a B plus in my math test. No one cared what I said. My stepmom cuddled Christine and looked at her with sparkling eyes. My wonderful daughter, I know the top student award is just a piece of cake to you, unlike someone else. Then she turned to me and tutted, Helen, please, you're making a show of yourself. That's embarrassing. My face fell and I forced back tears. But I tried so hard to get this grade. A B-plus is nothing to be proud of. I chucked my exam paper in the trash, then stormed up to my room. It didn't matter what I did or how hard I tried, this household would always treat me like a loser. Dream on, Helen. Go back to your happy place. In front of me was the crimson sunset sky. I'd been scripting this moment for so long, lounging lazily on the beach without anyone complaining. But suddenly the sky darkened and the inky clouds seemed intent on swallowing me. Huh? What was going on? This wasn't a part of the script. Terrified, I ran into a forest, but it was so dark and spooky here, and I tripped over a branch and fell. Ouch! As I rubbed my ankle and started crying my eyes out, suddenly a strange woman appeared. She took me into a wooden house at the end of the forest and gently helped bandage me up. This woman, well, she didn't scare me at all. Instead, I felt warm around her. Curious, I tried to take a closer look at her face, but then I suddenly woke up and realized tears were rolling down my cheeks. What a strange dream. I immediately drew all the things I'd seen. That forest, that house, but strangely, I couldn't remember that woman's face. Why are you drawing all this nonsense? My dad snatched the sketch from my hand and looked at it frowning. It appeared in my dream and... Get rid of them all. From now on, if I see you wasting your time on these stupid drawings again, there will be consequences. This was too much. I couldn't live without drawing. It was the only thing keeping me sane. I had to get out of here. Live my way. Forget them and their stupid standards. I would create my own world. I planted myself in Gabby's room, and this is where I've been for almost a week. Luckily, Gabby's parents are totally chill with me staying. As for my family, pfft. They haven't messaged me once. And yes, dreams do go on. 
but now I dreaded going to sleep as my lucid dreams were still all messed up. Sometimes beautiful, sometimes bad, and for the most part, it did not turn out the way I wanted it to anymore. Until one day, that creepy forest appeared again. No matter how much I screamed to wake myself up, I still couldn't get out of that nightmare. Panicked, I kept running and running in the hope of finding a safe place till I saw that woman. And once again, she reached out her hand to help me. This time, I wouldn't miss my chance. I looked carefully at her face, remembering every detail, and as soon as I woke up, I drew her. Wow, I didn't know you watched this kind of show. <laughs> Gabby giggled. What show? Look, she's a celebrity. She hosts some TV show that my mom watches sometimes. So, that woman is a real person? If so, I have to find her. I didn't really know what was going on, only that there was something tying me to this woman and I needed to figure this out. Luckily, Gabby has an uncle who works at the studio and he gave us special passes to meet this host in the flesh. When the cameras stopped filming, she turned and saw me and her eyes widened in alarm. Helen? Helen, is it really you? Then she rushed over and hugged me. Huh? What did she just say? We didn't know each other and... The weird thing is, this hug didn't feel strange at all. Instead, I felt the same warmth as when she'd taken care of me in my dream. As she loosened her embrace on me and gave me this beaming smile, I said, Um, and you are? Darling, it's me, your mother. That's when I realized something. Of course, she was my mom. Look, we had the same eyes. Needless to say, this was a huge shock. We hugged each other for a long time in tears. Then mom took me backstage, got me a glass of water, then she told me everything. So after I was born, mom once got caught up in a cheating scandal. Dad was angry about the damage this would do to his career, so he kicked her out of the house and wouldn't let her see me. A long time later, she found out that grandma was behind everything, just because she didn't approve of this marriage, so she came up with that plan. But why didn't you ever try to find me when you've always been living this close. Oh, no, sweetie. I've always kept an eye on you. One time, years ago, I saw you playing in the park. You had your hair and pigtails, and uh, I tried to approach you, but your dad threatened me. He is a very powerful man who's actually capable of destroying my life, and I didn't think it was fair to drag you through all of that. But things have changed now. I'll never leave you alone, ever again. I strolled into the house like normal, and everyone stopped what they were doing and glared at me with disgust. Oh, you're back. If you're not prepared to study properly, then don't bother staying. I took a deep breath, then said, You can't treat me like this anymore. I try my best, and it's not fair that you punish me for just being me. So I'm leaving, and I'm never coming back. Where will you go? That's when mom walked in. Oh God, you should have seen the looks on their faces. Grandma actually looked like she'd swallowed a swarm of wasps. I stood by and let you manipulate and control me well no more. I'm taking my daughter and we're going to have the life we both deserve. Then, ignoring their angry words, she grabbed my arm and led me out of there. So that's the moment when I left home and moved in with my mom. Now I draw as much as I want. In fact, mom's letting me create a mural on the living room wall. It's going to be epic when it's finished. Oh, and about the lucid dreams? 
I don't write scripts anymore. Instead, I realize that I'm better off focusing on my reality and making myself the best version of myself I can be. After all, as great as a dream world can be, it's nowhere near as good as experiencing life firsthand. Hey, I'm Connor, and I'm currently taking a well-deserved break from studying to hang out with my friends. I go to college at the Georgia Institute of Tech, and I'm sure to be a top-notch architect one day soon. Now I just have one thing to deal with, then I can properly enjoy my night off. Oh, here she is. Connor, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to hurt you, but sorry, we should stop seeing each other. Ah, well, every ending is a new beginning. <laughs> Cheers. I was the master of getting girlfriends I'm tired of to break up with me. It was great. As this way, no one could ever accuse me of being a bad boy. <sighs> what to do now? I reluctantly had to find a new challenge then. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to turn this in. Um, that's okay. Just trying to find one more paper. Uh, um, what's your name? <laughs> I'm Connor. Hi. Mmm, her sparkling eyes, her shiny hair, her soft hands. But ugh, why was suddenly some nerd dragging me away from the hot girl and into a corner? Before I could ask him what was going on, he started waving a photo of this girl in my face. So it turns out this dude is called Patrick, and the girl in the photo is Paige, his girlfriend. Their parents are both influential sorts and organize their whole engagement. Sounds great, right? I mean, she's pretty cute. But no, he wanted me to find a way to make Paige break up with them. I've heard a lot about you. I need your help. I can't do this myself. <laughs> huh? Sure, I get it. A real man will never be the one to break up first. I might be able to help, but first, let's see what kind of person she is. The conversation started to become super serious. From the sound of it, this page girl was a genuine, good-natured girl with a vulnerable side. So this needed to be handled with extra care, so that there wouldn't be any awkward family provocations for my clients. Hmm, perhaps... Nah, this way wouldn't work. Neither would that way. I was about to give up when suddenly Patrick stacked a pack of money, approximately a thousand dollars on the table. Help me, then it's all yours. Whoa, that was a lot of money to me. It would get me the magnificent PS5 of my dreams. <sighs> Besides, with my charm and handsome looks, I could make Paige fall in love with me and leave Patrick in no time. Genius! My debut had to be spectacular. So I looked online and hired some people pretending to be thugs to block Paige's path. Then I'd waltz in and rescue her. The plan was all set, so I leisurely walked to the rendezvous spot, but... Oh no! Who knew those guys were real thugs? They threatened us, asked us to hand over all our belongings, then forced us to go to some abandoned warehouse. Oh my god! The $1,000 was so not worth losing my life for. Yes, I was somewhat afraid, but my flirtatious instinct kicked in and I turned to Paige and started talking to her. Oh man, she's super sweet. And I noticed that when she talks about something that interests her, she crinkles her nose. She's so cute, but most of all, she's really smart. Why, you ask? Because just an hour later, the cops showed up and arrested the thugs. Turns out, before Paige handed over her belongings, she quickly texted the thug's license plate to a friend and asked her to call the cops. Phew! And, luckily for me, thanks to this destiny meeting, I got a little more information about her and learned that Paige was planning to learn Spanish to major in tourism there. But there's one more important thing. That is, I think, I have a crush on her. 
She's not like any other girl I've met before. I want to win her heart, truly, not just because of the plan. It will be the best of both worlds. Patrick gets to be free of Paige, as requested. But she won't end up a lovelorn girl because she'll have a new handsome boyfriend by her side. Yep, that'll be me. <laughs> there was just one problem. In all the commotion of the day, I'd forgotten to ask Paige for her number. Oops. I had asked Patrick for it and then texted her, but sadly didn't receive a response. Hmm. I needed to be smart about this. So I decided to pretend to be a Spanish tutor. Yeah, I can't speak Spanish, but with my charm, that's no big deal, right? I created a flashy profile and told Patrick to pretend to surf and accidentally find me. Then show Paige. And so, ding! Hola, yo soy Professor Connor. But wait, sheesh! If only I'd studied Spanish harder in high school. And now the extent of my Spanish were just a few words I'd picked up from binge-watching Money Heist. So I just copied down Spanish lessons off YouTube and taught these to Paige. I don't know if it's because of my teaching skills or my charisma, but Paige seemed to think I was legit. <laughs> However, my flirting tricks weren't going so well. I knew she liked me. I mean, who wouldn't like me? Besides, she gave me these cute looks and laughed at my jokes. Our chemistry was undeniable. So when I reached over and placed my hand on top of hers, I felt sparks fly. But then she gave me this awkward look and moved her hand away. She liked me, right? So why was she acting like this? I never failed at flirting. Feeling frustrated, I was trudging my way up the street when, huh? Was that Patrick happily holding hands with a girl? I recognized the long hair. It was Paige. Ugh, why can't she drop her lousy boyfriend already? And why won't she date me instead? I was about to leave, but the more I thought about it, the more resentful I became. So I bribed a little boy to run up to Paige and say, Why aren't you with Connor, you cheater? Mean, huh? But haha, <laughs> Patrick would be pleased as he now had a legitimate excuse to break up with her anyway. But when the girl turned around, I realized that she wasn't Paige. The poor girl looked completely dumbfounded. Patrick started yelling at her and pulling on her arm so hard she almost fell over. Huh? Where's the nerd Patrick? And that wasn't cool at all. Then he raised his hand to hit her, but I zoomed in front of him. Stop! No reason to hit a woman, bro! Patrick immediately grabbed my collar. You dare play tricks with my Becky, huh? Seeing that, the shocked girl quickly ran away. No, no, I thought it was Paige, so I hired the boy just to give you an excuse to break up with her. Calm down, bro. Patrick reassessed the situation, then he cleared his throat and said, Oh, well, uh, I was bored of Becky anyway, thanks. I was still shocked by this jerky side of Patrick when he immediately said, uh, By the way, you can stop the plan with Paige. I decided I like her now. Lately, she's been so full of life and less clingy. He told me he would still pay me, then he hopped into a taxi. Ugh, that's the version of Paige when she's with me. I gave her that zest of life, you jerk. Whatever. From this day forth, he was no longer my client, and I didn't want his stupid money. <sighs> it was time I told Paige what Patrick was really like, so I arranged to meet her in a cafe and told her everything. But when she got over the initial shock, she snapped at me. I know this is all part of your twisted fabrication, I mean, you lied about speaking Spanish, and now you're just making up stories to break Patrick and me up. Then she threw my textbook back at me and stormed off. Oh man, that Patrick is such a slimeball. But I couldn't blame her for believing him over me. I'd seen firsthand how much of a wolf in sheep's clothing he was. I tried to find proof to show Paige, but that jerk sure covered his tracks. His whole nerdy bookworm facade was flawless. And he was still this sluggish nerd, wobbly clutching the bus handle to go to school every day. Ugh, what a con man. Just you wait, Patrick. It's time the world saw your true face. 
With such determination, I continued to spy on him around town. Then one time, like every other day, I was on duty when a group stopped me, accompanied by Patrick pointing at me. Here's our sandbag! Uh-oh, looks like I was busted. The whole group gathered around me, fists ready. Yeah, I was pretty terrified. There's no way I could fight off a group this size. I raised my fists and prepared for pain, but then someone shouted, Stop! It was Paige. Suddenly, Patrick immediately changed his attitude and ordered the group to leave. He told Paige that I stole his stuff and his friends were helping him get it back. What? The swine! Connor isn't a thief. I know it for sure. There must be some misunderstanding. Please don't accuse him like that. Patrick's face changed. He grabbed Paige's hand and pulled her away, saying, We're getting engaged at the end of this month. Say no more. Okay, so I may have gate-crashed their engagement party, but I did hide at the back while the speeches were going on. Then to my surprise, as Patrick was talking, they both spotted me. Then Paige turned to him and shook her head. It hurt to see her like this. Perhaps she changed her mind. What do you mean? Is this because of Connor? Paige kept quiet, while Patrick's parents were furious. How dare you cheat on my son? Who do you think you are? Paige, why is this happening? Really, Paige, say something. Feeling the pressure and injustice of it all, poor Paige looked distraught as she desperately tried to hold back her tears. I really couldn't stand seeing her like that, so I jumped out of the crowd to come to her defense. Everyone calm down. Paige is the sweetest, most amazing girl, and she deserves better than this jerk. Don't listen to him. He's a thief and a fiancé stealer. I was done listening to this guy's slander. So I threw a punch straight at his smug face. Yeah, the engagement party had sure turned chaotic. I looked at the wreckage in front of me. The consequences that I had caused. Okay, so maybe coming here wasn't my best idea. Actually, this was all my fault for ever agreeing to help Patrick in the first place. Or I shouldn't have been a jerk in the first place. Feeling deflated, I arrived home and saw that I'd received a message from Paige. My heart thudded as I opened it. Thank you for everything and try to practice your Spanish, as it's even worse than mine. Goodbye. And that was the last text she sent me. After that, I spent a month trying to contact her, but received no reply. So finally, I plucked up my courage to go to Paige's house and was told that she'd left for Spain earlier than scheduled. Perhaps the shock was so huge that Paige wanted to leave this place as soon as possible. It was all my fault. I was the biggest jerk in this story, and now I'd lost the girl. Alas, vengeance is bliss. So I walked inside, went straight to Patrick's table where he was wasted in the arms of a bunch of girls, took a picture, and sent it to his family. What is done by night appears by day, my friend. A few days later, I heard that after being exposed, Patrick's parents had confiscated all of his bank cards. Even his current girlfriend dumped him. Ha! So that sealed the final breakup deal for my special guest. And now, guess where I'm at? Looking for the girl of my life, duh. And this time, I'm going to make sure I don't screw it up. So, here I am, practicing this tricky pose. I must not fall over. Rosie, straighten your back. Hang in there. You've got this. That's Bradley, my yoga instructor. Can you see that? There are more than a dozen people in this class, yet he only seems to encourage me. Did this mean he liked me? I didn't need to look in a mirror to know my cheeks were lobster red right now. I'm Rosie, by the way. 18 years old. I'm still single. Not to brag, but I know I'm kind of pretty, friendly, and fun to be around. So it's easy to tell that many guys are into me. 
But why do none of them ever dare to confess their feelings to me? Hmm, what were they so afraid of? Take Bradley, for instance. He clearly liked me, but was too shy to admit it. It was so obvious, as he kept deterring past my mat just so he could check out my position. Even my best friend Joseph noticed that, as every time Bradley approached, Joseph would have this cheeky smirk on and send me signals with his eyes. I already told him not to do that. After class, Joseph kept teasing me about it. He told me Bradley definitely had feelings for me and just needed one more push for leverage. Although I reluctantly told him to stop, he insisted on being the wingman by texting Bradley about me. Bradley, why don't you ask Rosie out? You two look really cute together. Come on, you know that wouldn't work. Huh? <laughs> why not? Because, Joseph, it's you I'm crazy about. I was not okay. What was the problem with all the men around me? Why didn't they like me? I couldn't go on like this. I must have a boyfriend. And I was dead serious about it. So after researching online, I found a dating coach to save me from my tragic single situation. So Martin, my coach, is super handsome, has a six-pack, and his business is a big hit. He's helped hundreds of sad single people find love. Flashy enough to trust, isn't it? Still, I was quite nervous when I met him. You know, the feeling that a therapist would judge you before treating you. But actually, he was reassuring. Very open and didn't ask too many questions. Let's just be open about this, alright? Manipulating someone into dating you is not the foundation to a healthy relationship. But don't worry, as I have the secret. Day one. And according to Martin, I needed to learn how to approach new people. I'm pretty shy, so taking the initiative was hard for me. But Martin taught me a trick. When I see a cute guy, I need to approach him within three seconds. This way my brain wouldn't have time to think, analyze, then talk myself out of it, and end up missing my chance. Okay, a hot guy was there staring at his phone. I must not overthink. One, two, three, go. Hi! Hi? Um, so I just saw you and I think you're really hot. I'm here to say hi. Thanks for thinking my boyfriend's hot, but he's taken. I panicked, then rushed back to Martin and spluttered out, I, I, I can't. Hey, that was a success. You're just training your mind and body to take action. Go ahead. No way. Should we move to the next step? And this was the next step. I just needed to start a conversation in this place where everyone was in a mood to have a chat. It's simple, Rosie. Put yourself in a talkative mood. Go over to them and give them a compliment. But make sure it's genuine, else it won't count, okay? Got it. I spotted a man sitting alone, so I walked over to him. Hey, I like your... ring. O-M-G. Was that a wedding ring? <laughs> don't, don't worry. I'm single. And is it that hard to think of something to compliment me on? <laughs> and, um, you are smarter than you look. And yep... He left. Oh, what kind of compliment was that? Martin sat in a corner and watched me go from guy to guy and stutter out a string of terrible compliments. You did great, Rosie. Don't be discouraged. Now, when you actually see someone you like, you'll be more natural. Martin said that body language is a crucial part of keeping the conversation going. So, the plan was to practice this at Joseph's birthday party. This time, Martin couldn't be there in person, but we still stayed in touch via my Bluetooth earphone so he could guide me. The mission today was to initiate physical contact with someone 
and make them feel close to me. Anyone who knows me knows that I am not good with these things. So I kept giving them this weird slap on the back. Hey, I heard an ouch. Are you hitting them? I said just a light tap. I don't think I can do this. I'm too shy. And now guys are giving me weird looks. Martin said this time I should make the boys take the initiative, and then things would come more naturally. Okay, I'll give it one last try. This boy I like, Nathan, is over by the pool, but he's in a group. Nothing to worry about. You'll make him come to you. Now listen and follow. I walked over to the bar and made sure I was in Nathan's eyesight, sat as naturally as possible, made eye contact with him, and smiled. Oh, Martin, this is stupid. He doesn't even know me. Just wait. OMG. He's waving at me. Should I come now? No, no, no. Wave him over. Okay. You should take responsibility for this, Martin. I waved Nathan over. Then, to my surprise, he got up and started walking toward me. OMG, help. What should I do? Give a no-tooth smile. Then say, I just want to say hi. What? That was all? but he was coming closer and I had no choice. I just want to say hi. And I want to have your phone number, cutie. I couldn't believe it. That was a real success. We texted the whole night. We got on so well. He was clearly flirting with me. This is crazy. But then two weeks passed by and I didn't hear from him at all. I kept on looking at my phone, expecting Nathan to call, but he never did. So I immediately rang my coach for help. Ready for the bad news? So, that means he doesn't like you. A busy man like Napoleon could still write thousands of romantic love letters to his Josephine. If he was into you, he'd always find a way. And I also think he doesn't seem like a good type to date. What? Nathan is such a sweet guy. Maybe he's just super busy? But then Christmas came, and I couldn't wait any longer. I mustered up the courage to ask Nathan out. But guess what? He invited me to his house to enjoy Christmas with his family instead. Oh, wow. He wanted to introduce me to his family. This was massive. It meant he really took our relationship seriously, didn't he? But when we got to Nathan's place, to my surprise, it was just a small apartment and definitely not big enough for a whole family. Seeing my confused look, Nathan said his family must have changed their plans and went out, which was for the better as the two of us would have more time together. Suddenly, I saw a shadow of a girl in a red dress in his bedroom. The Nathan immediately pulled me away and said, Uh, um, that's my maid. How annoying. So, do you want to go to the hotel so we can have more time alone? Really? Did he think I was born yesterday? I refused immediately, and Nathan began to change his attitude. <laughs> okay, but I can't drive you home. I have something urgent. But don't worry, I'll take you to the nearby bus stop. I have never felt so stupid. Martin was right. Nathan wasn't serious about me. He just wanted to use me. But what went wrong? I did everything I could, but I kept failing again and again. No one liked me. I called Martin in tears, and he ended up driving there to pick me up right on Christmas Eve. I felt like the most tragic person ever. Martin was so patient. He turned the radio on so loud and didn't say anything until I finished crying and calmed down. Misread the signals again, huh? How could I have known? Well, I'm not saying this to make money off you, but looking at the current situation, I think you need to hire me for longer than you think. My love life may have sucked, 
but at least I had Martin. Here's my hope. He was the best coach ever, as he didn't mind answering my questions, and he always picked up the phone whether it was office hours or midnight. Then one night I was out with my friends. I drank a few too many wines and phoned Martin up and slurred out a load of drunken nonsense. He immediately came to pick me up and drove me home, saying that he needed to make sure I got home safely. He was such a sweet guy. I felt something, but then reassured myself that he was just being nice. But Joseph insisted that Martin was only acting this way because he liked me. Seeing everything he did, and you still have to wonder about his feelings? Dummy. Believe me, I'm not wrong this time. Mr. Sixpack is crazy about you. Congrats. Hmm. Thinking about it, it did make sense. So I started stalking my coach on social media and daydreaming about him. Then, taking Martin's own advice that I needed to make my feelings known. So, on Valentine's night, I, myself, made this box of chocolates and took them round to his. I took a deep breath, then rang the doorbell. But then, standing at the door was him holding hands with another girl. I awkwardly said, Don't, don't you like me? I mean, you taught me that when a guy likes a girl... He'll always be there for her. You picked me up in the middle of the night, and you always listened and comforted me when I was sad. You even brought me hot tea when my Aunt Flo came to visit. Doesn't everything match up? R Rosie, I was just being nice. Sorry, but you've confused the signs. Again. I was totally dumbfounded. I couldn't face the thought of seeing Martin ever again, so I blocked him from my life. Ugh. In the following days... I was under a variety of emotional states, from extreme stress, heartbreak, embarrassment, then disappointment because of my extra delusion. I struggled with insomnia almost every night and tried to bury my feelings by binge-eating junk food. Just two weeks later, I looked at myself in the mirror. There were dark circles under my eyes, my skin was dry and flaky, and I felt bloated and sluggish most of the time. Seeing myself like that reminded me of something Martin had said. How can you expect someone else to love you if you don't love yourself? I knew I needed to change, so I started eating more healthily, working out, and finding me time. And you know what? It worked. Now I can finally say that I see my own worth, and I'll never allow a man to treat me badly ever again. And if that means I stay single for a while, then that's the way it'll be. I guess I kinda owe Martin a lot. I mean, he did teach me loads. And now, even though I'm still single... I'm enjoying it. There are way more important things than having a boyfriend, right? But wait, was this barista winking at me? OMG, there's a post-it with his number on my coffee cup. What should I do? Hey, dating a coffee guy is risky business. Why, coach? Imagine one day your relationship turns bad and you desire a cup of coffee to ease your heart out, but you also have to see him here. Awkward, huh? Indeed a pro. But so why are you making this awkward convo? <laughs> Rosie, I may be a love coach, but even I get it wrong sometimes. When it comes to my heart, all theories are nonsense. Please, you show me how to love naturally. Um, well, as you can see, I'm dating my dating coach. But now, our love doesn't apply to any cliches. Instead, we just do us, and we're both happier than ever. If you're in a dating slump then don't worry. Just let love happen when it happens, 
and follow your heart. Hi, I'm Addison, but all my friends call me Addie. I'm just an ordinary girl who doesn't have any particular talents, but there is one thing I do have. That is, oh, why don't we just watch the video to see what it is? This is my older sister, Olivia. She's beautiful, isn't she? She's also an amazing singer and has a talent for art. She can pretty much draw anything. I mean, I don't know how my parents could have such a perfect daughter like her, then have me. But I'm fine with that. Olivia was all about winning trophies and medals. Well, I was happy with the ice cream and ton of snacks my parents gave me for getting a B on my math exam. Hey, Addie, my baby. Guess who's got some new trendy clothes? Oh, Mom. Dad. I don't like these things. Why are you buying so much? It's such a waste of money. However, Mom's desperate look made me cave. So I reluctantly grabbed a random item and went to try it on. Oh, it's a crop top. I stared at myself in the mirror. Okay, so my parents' dumbfounded expressions made their feelings pretty clear. I looked ridiculous. See, I told you already. I'm way too short to wear tops like this. Right at that moment, Olivia walked by. I immediately ran over to her. I think you should have this top. It'll bring out your nice figure. You'll look so cute in it. Mom shook her head. No, if Olivia wears this, everyone will see her navel. Um, isn't that the point of crop tops? Then Dad chimed in. Anyway, Liv, where are you off to in such a hurry? It's not that nonsense model club again, is it? Speaking of clubs, is the school dance club still recruiting? You should join. You'll get in for sure. My sister rolled her eyes, then left, slamming the door behind her. I loved my sister, but she just seems to find me annoying. She was like the ice queen, always shutting me out. She never allows me to borrow her clothes or to touch her stuff. And if I ever try to go into her room, she freaks out. It's not that she's mean as such, but she tends to act like I don't even exist. <sighs> it's okay. I mean, I'm kind of used to it. I live my own life and she lives hers. So that's why when I got my first cell phone and started to use social networks, I didn't try to search for her profiles, though I knew she was on all those platforms. That evening, my mom asked me to go upstairs to call Olivia for dinner. No answer. So I began pushing the door open. She suddenly appeared from the bathroom and yelled, Hey, what are you doing? You know you're not allowed in my room. I knocked, but you didn't answer. Mom says it's dinner time. She hissed at me and shooed me away. Ugh, why did she have to treat me like I was some pest? The way she was so weird about her room was annoying. Hmm, maybe she was hiding something in there? Nah, probably I was just overthinking this. Olivia was always like this. Life went on, and my sister, well, she continued to distance herself from me. But then one weekend, I walked downstairs to find her cheerfully humming a song as she danced around the kitchen. When she saw me, she smiled and said, Morning, sis. Come sit here. I made you breakfast. Okay. This was weird. 
I cautiously sat down and kept looking at her. Um, why are you so happy? And where are mom and dad? Mom and dad just rushed off on some work thing. Then she put the plate in front of me, grinned, then continued. Mom made cookies this morning and told you to take them to grandma's. Tell her I said hi. Oh, you're not coming with me? No, no can do. Sorry, I've got work to do. She continued to look at me and I got the feeling she wanted me to hurry up. Before I'd even finished my toast, she passed me my jacket and bundled me out of the door. Having no choice, I made my way to Granny's while in deep thoughts about how odd this was. Until I realized that I didn't even have the cookie bag with me. I'd left it at home. Gosh! I immediately rushed back. But, hmm, why was there a strange car parked outside my house? I lingered back and watched as a middle-aged man got out of the car. Before he even got to the door, Olivia opened it and smiled at him. I dove behind a bush so I could carry on watching. Huh? Why was he handing her flowers and a gift box? She happily took them from him and even leaned into his ear and said something. Oh my god! So this explains my sister's strange behavior. They're a couple, aren't they? I never thought that my sister would be interested in an old man like this. Shocking! But wait, what if... What if he's deceiving her? As Olivia may look sharp, but she's actually very innocent. If that was the case, I would beat him black and blue. But this was just my speculation. I can't hastily act without knowing the truth. So I decided not to let them know that I was there, and quietly entered the house through the back door to get the cookie bag. Later that day when I arrived home, my sister was back to her ice queen self. She was cooking in silence, so I told her grandma said hi, and she just grunted and carried on stirring her soup. Hmm, I needed to find out what was actually going on. The perfect opportunity arose a few weeks later, when mom and dad went away on a weekend trip. I told Olivia I was meeting some friends for a picnic, but this was a lie. I actually hid in my faithful hiding spot and watched. As expected, the old man showed up and Olivia let him inside. The door was ajar, so I tiptoed inside and heard them laughing in the living room. I peeked in, and to my astonishment, my sister was sitting on the couch wearing the weirdest outfit ever. It was those kinds of clothes that only catwalk models wear. And most of all, she had this heavy makeup on and looked like a totally different person. The strange man was sitting next to her. Both of them were looking at her phone and laughing happily. Oh gosh. Now everything was clear. From her reserved nature to her seem-to-be-secret room, it was all so she could continue to hide this age-difference love story. I didn't know how to react now. I just kind of felt bad for her because she had to hide it. I mean, this was her home. And we were her family. We might not have been close, but she was my big sister. And I wanted her to be happy. If this love was real then I fully supported her. And if this guy turned out to be bad, well, then I'd protect her to the end. My parents returned that evening, so I set up a family movie night. A great idea for family bonding, right? 
I chose a romantic movie in which the main actress is much younger than her boyfriend. In the middle of the movie, I turned to my parents and asked, Mom, Dad, if you were their parents, would you allow that relationship? They gave me confused looks. Then Dad immediately asked, Hey, Addie, don't tell us that you're in love with an old man, huh? This startled me, but before I could say anything, the doorbell rang. I was about to go open the door, just to avoid answering Dad's question, but Olivia was faster. Not long after that, she turned back and shouted at me, Addie, how dare you touch my phone? What's up, Liv? Who's at the door? Go ask your dear daughter Addison. She gave me a dirty look, then stormed up to her room. My parents immediately bombarded me with loads of questions. What's happening here? Who was the one ringing the bell? Why that manner of Olivia? Okay, the one who rang the bell was Olivia's boyfriend. So, earlier, when Olivia left her phone in the kitchen, I noticed that there was a message from a man named Henry Davis. I immediately searched for him on Facebook and found out that this was the same guy who'd been visiting her. So, I used her phone to text him, telling him to come around at 8pm. I thought it would be better if Olivia could make her relationship public with our parents. But, Hayes, it seems she didn't take it very well. Anyway, now I had no choice but to tell my parents everything. Their faces dropped, and without saying anything, they ran upstairs and banged on Olivia's door. But there was no reply. Instead, all of us heard a rattling sound from the back door, and Olivia had fled. Our parents' faces turned red, while I felt so guilty as I not only wasn't able to help her, but only worsened the situation. The next day, Olivia still hadn't returned. She also didn't show up for school, which caused my parents to freak out. Then I suddenly thought of Henry. Right. Why didn't I think of asking him from the beginning? So I immediately contacted Henry and asked him to help find Olivia. That afternoon, when I just got home from school, I saw Henry driving off. There was a note stuck to the door saying Olivia was fine with an address below. And it also said if we come there at 9am, we'll see Olivia. The next morning, we showed up earlier than scheduled. Huh? It was a studio. And just like Henry said, Olivia was there. She looked so glamorous and was so busy prepping for a photo shoot that she didn't seem to notice us. Henry welcomed us and started explaining everything that made my parents, as well as me, speechless. Turns out, the truth was far from what I thought. He was not her boyfriend. Instead, he's her manager. He saw Olivia's potential and guided her to become a photo model and a TikToker. The flowers and gifts were from the brand she was working with. And the other day, she wore that outfit and makeup for a TikTok video. After the shoot was over, we walked over to her. But she took one look at us and ran away. I managed to catch up with her, then said, Sis, why didn't you just tell us the truth? We're your family. We'll always be on your side. On my side? Really? You have no idea what it's like to be an outsider. It doesn't matter how many competitions I win. I'm invisible, while you get praised for just getting an okay grade on a math test. I want to be a model, but they don't want that for me. They want me to be miserable. I'd rather leave that house to do what I love. I was dumbfounded, 
And so were Mom and Dad, who by this point had caught up with us and heard everything she'd just said. Dad hugged Olivia, then in an emotional voice said, Olivia, it's not that we forbid you from doing what you want. We were just worried for you. We just know that this industry can be complicated, and we don't want you to get hurt. That's right. And it's not true that we love Addie more than you. You just excel at everything, and we just didn't want Addie to feel insecure. We're really sorry, Olivia. We all love you. Oh, no, Mom. Don't worry. I never felt that way. Actually, I've always admired Olivia, and it made me sad when she ignored me. Olivia burst out crying, and our whole family hugged each other tightly. Sorry to interrupt, but you must have had some idea about Olivia being an internet star already, right? I mean, it's easy to tell from her social networks. I shyly said, I... I don't follow any of her accounts. I thought she just wanted me out of her way. Henry then patted my head and showed us Olivia's social media accounts. And wow, she had millions of views and followers. We all watched some of her TikTok videos together, and she totally rocked it. Seeing how much this meant to her, my parents came round to the idea of her being a model, and they even thanked Henry for helping her. Then Olivia came closer to me. Hey, Addie. I'm sorry for being so cold in the past. Turns out, you love me so much and will support me regardless. At least now, if I really fall in love with an old man, I don't have to worry, right? Then everyone laughed. Oh, even though my plan didn't, well, go exactly as intended, I still call it a success, because it all ended out great in the end. You thought it was all finished, huh? Nope, not yet. There's one more thing I want to show you guys. That night, for the first time, Olivia let me go inside her room. Wow, it was like a mini studio with expensive flashlights, a ring light, and a camera. And her clothes and makeup collection were super impressive. Oh, do you remember what I said at the beginning of the video about being an ordinary girl? Well, that hasn't changed. But now I can confidently say that there is one thing I do have, and that's an awesome big sister who loves me unconditionally. Finally, after an 11-hour flight, I arrived at LAX, Los Angeles International Airport. It's awesome! I can't wait to see my mom. You see, my dad's French and my mom's American. We used to all live together in France, but then they split up and mom moved back here. Of course, I've talked to her on FaceTime and stuff, but this will be the first time I've properly seen her in five years. I haven't visited before because mom's a super successful businesswoman and she works really hard. That meant she wouldn't have the time to provide me with the attention I needed. But now that I'm 16 and I can look after myself, I'm finally able to visit. So thanks to my dad and stepmom for my plane ticket birthday present, I'm now in sunny LA for a whole month. Not only do I get to spend time with mom, but I also get to chill out in her enormous villa. Ah, <sighs> bliss. But first, let's get all my luggage, then find a taxi to my mom's. Yeah, unfortunately, she couldn't come to pick me up since she had some work to do. But no problem, I can handle this myself. Okay, maybe I spoke too soon. It's been half an hour and my luggage was nowhere to be seen. Then, this handsome guy approached me and said, 
Hey, looks like your luggage has gone AWOL. Do you need any help? Cute and helpful. Hmm, I could totally get used to US guys. I showed him my ticket, and turns out, I was waiting at the wrong carousel. Oops. After guiding me to the correct one, this guy, whose name I found out was Zach, even pulled my luggage down for me. But one of my cases got stuck and burst open, causing everything to tumble out. Girl, it's not your lucky day, is it? He burst out laughing. Oh well, at least it wasn't all bad. I mean, a cute guy had rescued me, right? He helped me pick up my things, then he offered to drive me to my mom's house. After some 30 minutes, he began to slow down. I looked out the window and, oh my god, this is the chicest villa ever. The pool, the tennis court, the palm trees. It was exactly like a movie star home. I was gawping at the villa when suddenly I heard a car engine sound. Startled, I turned around to see Zack zooming away. My suitcases! I yelled. Ugh, my laptop and iPad were in there too. Oh God, why is this happening to me? And on my very first day in the US? At least I still had my phone and passport with me. Phew. So I called my mom. Needless to say, I was a distraught mess when she arrived. Who'd have thought that such a kind-looking guy would turn out to be a thief? Anyways, my mom could buy me new clothes and things, and I could still have an amazing time in her villa, right? Mom led me to my room and told me to get some rest. After that disaster, I was dead exhausted, so I quickly fell asleep on the comfiest bed ever. When I awoke, it was dark outside. I realized I hadn't eaten anything since the flight, so I went downstairs and checked the fridge and cupboards. Huh? They were all empty. I was still digging around in the kitchen when my mom returned with some burgers. Sweetie, I only got back from my business trip yesterday, so I haven't had time to go to the grocery store. Let's just eat fast food today, okay? I didn't mind, as it was awesome to have dinner with my mom again after such a long time. I took a look around the room. There was barely any furniture here. My mom said that's minimalism, a trendy lifestyle in LA nowadays. Less is more. How cool is that? The next morning we went out, but what's with that old rusty car? Seeing my confused look, she quickly explained that this was only temporary as her car was being serviced. But then mom couldn't get the garage door to open. Turns out, normally she had her own chauffeur. But since I've traveled thousands of miles to visit her, she wanted to drive herself. Huh, how sweet. In the following days, my mom and I enjoyed ourselves in LA. Sunbathing by the pool, spa days, shopping. This is definitely the best vacation of my life. At least until that morning, I was awoken by a loud quarrel. Looking down from the stairs, I saw mom in the living room with a strange woman. She was pointing at the couch. Jeez, that's where I spilled soy sauce yesterday while eating sushi. Then mom appeared and sounded flustered. She told me to quickly pack my things as we were leaving. Um, mom, is there something wrong? Oh, nothing, sweetie. It's just that the couch is dirty, so let's just get someone in to clean the entire villa. Wow, mom would deep clean the whole house just because of a soy sauce stain? How rich is she? So... Where will we stay this time? 
a luxurious five-star hotel? Or a magnificent mansion in Beverly Hills? <sighs> but then the car came to a stop in front of some shabby apartment building. Huh? This couldn't be right. Mom told me this was her friend's spare apartment, so we would stay here a few days for convenience. Elena, it's probably best if you stay away from the people in this area. They don't have the same lifestyle as us. You know what I mean. Ugh. Yeah, this place was the opposite of the villa. Cramped room, hard bed, and the bathroom didn't even have a bathtub. Since moving here, Mom didn't take me out anymore. In the evenings, she dressed up all elegantly and went out to her fancy work meetings. On one such evening, I was sitting alone watching YouTube, munching on french fries for the fifth time this week, when there was a knock on the door. I opened it, and standing there was a scruffy guy, claiming to be Frankie, the landlord's son. I told him there must be a mistake, as we were only here for a few days. Then I went to close the door, but he blocked it with his foot. Miss Anita has rented this apartment for two years. What do you mean a few days? I just saw her take a cab at the front door. Don't lie to me. No, my mom is a successful businesswoman who has a villa in Brentwood Park. Then you must have mistaken your mom for someone else. In short, remind your businesswoman mom to pay the rent. Then he sneered and walked away. How dare he say that? And why did I keep on running into jerks? Ugh! When mom returned, I told her what had happened. I thought she'd find it funny or something, but nope. Instead, she got really mad. You shouldn't have opened the door to him. I told you not to socialize with the people here. Okay, hearing made-up lies about yourself like that must suck, but did she have to be so furious about it? The next morning, I was drinking tea on the balcony when suddenly I saw a familiar face passing by down the street. My god, it was the jerk from the airport. Zack! That thief! I shouted, rushing down, but when I got there, he disappeared. I was still exasperated when a voice came from behind. What on earth are you doing screaming this early in the morning? I turned around to see Frankie leaning against the wall with his arms folded. None of your business, swindler. Huh? Swindler? What do you mean? Quit lying. I already told my mom all about you trying to con money out of me. Hmm. Is that so? So, you think I'm the liar? Before I could answer that provoking question, I heard my mom's voice calling down from the balcony. Hey, rich girl, if you want a reality check, I suggest you come meet me tonight, and we'll go follow your mom. Mom appeared and, frowning, asked me why I was talking to Frankie. I blurted out something about asking for directions, then quickly entered the room and closed the door. Frankie was clearly a thieving, lying jerk, right? But then, why were his words lingering in my mind? I had noticed a few strange things, such as when we were at the villa, I asked mom where the cutlery was, but she couldn't remember. But then in this apartment, she immediately got it. Plus, why was there a photo of her in the bedroom when this was her friend's place? That night, when mom was getting ready to go out again, I spotted her necklace. Only, it was actually my necklace. The one that had been stolen along with the rest of my stuff. My dad got that necklace custom made just for me, so it was a one of a kind, but why did mom have it? 
I complimented her on it and asked her where she got it from. Blushing, she excitedly told me that this rich man she'd just started dating had bought it for her. Then she said he was taking her for dinner tonight. I forced a smile, but my head was filled with questions. Who really was... Mom? I secretly followed my mom down the street. Suddenly, a hand patted my shoulder. Let's go. I turned around and it was Frankie. Without saying anything, I nodded and quickly got into his car. And we followed mom's taxi. Hold on. Isn't that the villa we stayed in before? After a while, a luxury car arrived, taking my mom to a nearby expensive restaurant. We peered through the glass wall. There she was. My mom was sitting there, smiling and talking with some man in a suit. Was she pretending to live in that villa to trick that man? Was my mom a gold digger? I couldn't watch any more of this, so I pulled on Frankie's arm. But weirdly, he seemed to be as shocked as I was. Um, wasn't this your idea? So why the pale face? He just shook his head and took me home. We waited in the apartment for Mum to return, and oh boy, it was tense. Around midnight, we heard the door open, and Mum walked in and looked at us in alarm. She started shooing Frankie out of there, but I interrupted her. Mum, I know everything. You've lived here for two years. You're poor, and you scam rich men. Sweetie, it's not like that. Please calm down and I'll explain everything to you. So, it turns out, after divorcing my dad, she was determined to go back to the U.S. and succeed at business. But she failed, and she was so embarrassed, she lied to me and dad. Then when she heard that I was coming to visit, she spent the little savings she had on renting a swanky villa for me. But when I accidentally spilled soy sauce on that expensive couch, she couldn't afford to fix it. So we were kicked out. As for the man I was with tonight, I ran into him while walking outside the villa. He's rich and nice. He likes me and I like him too. But what about that necklace? Mom, it's actually mine. It was in my stolen suitcase. My mom gave me a confused look. But before she could say anything, Frankie blurted out, That man's a fraud. Mom and I gaped at Frankie as he turned to me and said, I'm sorry, but I think you guys need to know the truth. Then Frankie told us how that man was none other than Zach's dad. After taking me back to the villa, Zach figured my mom was rich, so he persuaded his dad to come and flirt with her. But how did you dig up the dirt on these guys? Because I know Zach. When I saw Lana chasing him, I knew he'd stolen from her. But he's my friend. Great! So you've both been lying to me! Then I rushed into my room, locked the door, and burst into tears. The next morning, Mom knocked on my door, but I ignored her. Lana, I get that you're upset with me, but I've left a sandwich here, so please at least eat something. I'm really sorry. Just wanted to be the perfect mother for you. Her words caused me to sob all over again. But I can say, from the bottom of my heart, I feel sorry for her. After that, I opened the door and hugged her tightly. And then we both blubbered into each other's arms. I'm leaving LA today. With Mum. She's moving back to France with me. Where she can start afresh. While I was dragging my suitcase to the taxi... Frankie appeared and apologized to me. 
I just shrugged and told him it didn't matter anymore. I mean, at least he came clean in the end and saved my mom from that swindler. Hey, rich girl, good luck. And, um, feel free to keep in touch. So, what now? Well, mom is settling back into French life. She has a new job and a chic apartment. I go and stay with her each weekend, and it's good to finally spend time with the real her. As for Frankie, well, we send each other lots of Snapchats. So, okay, maybe I kind of like him. I'm planning to visit him in the summer. Hopefully my next trip to the U.S. won't be as crazy as my last one. <laughs> I was so nervous. Like, the most nervous I'd ever been in my life. I didn't even know it was possible for a press conference to get so crowded. Suddenly the flashes came at me from every direction. It was almost blinding, but the clicking didn't stop, as well as the sound of them calling my name. Hazel, look here! Here, over here, Hazel! Oh my gosh, why was this so chaotic? I started to panic, so I ran away. But I'd only taken a few steps before, thump! Oh, these stupid high heels. Oh, hi. I didn't see you there. Well, let's be real. It's kind of hard to see anyone from this angle. Then from every direction, the reporters swarmed in like starving vultures trying to take pictures of me. I was still confused and didn't know what to do when... Gentlemen, please give her some space. Are you okay? Robert, my adoptive dad, came to help me up. Um, excuse us, this is her first time attending such a crowded event. If it's all right with you, we'll help her answer your questions. Phew, I'd finally escaped the chaos. Or so I thought. As soon as he got into the house, Robert shouted, Pamela! Which gave me the fright of my life. Didn't I tell you to teach Hazel some manners? How could you let her embarrass herself in front of the public like that? Pamela looked mortified, and kept bowing down and apologizing, but Robert was still furious. If this happens again, you better pack your bags and get out of here. I felt so guilty. It was all because of me that she had been shouted at like that. But I'd done my best. Clearly, it wasn't good enough, though. I tried to forget about it, but early the next morning, Pamela woke me up. She gave me a timetable and told me that from now on, I wouldn't need to go to school anymore and that a tutor would come to teach me at home instead. What? Why all of a sudden? I asked Pamela in shock. It was because of yesterday's incident. The mayor has decided that you need to spend more time learning the necessary etiquette. Are you serious? He can't just keep me locked up here. No way. Hazel? Listen, you should be grateful that you got adopted into this house. Keep in mind of everything Mr. Cornelius has done for you, and obediently do as I say. Do you understand what I mean? Looking into Pamela's eyes, I knew I had no choice but to agree. Ugh. The day of the opening ceremony for the town hall had finally arrived, and I got to leave the house for the first time in a month. A whole month. Now was the moment of truth. In the eyes of the public, I had completely transformed into a proper, prestigious lady. When Robert started speaking at the ceremony, he announced a charity fundraiser for my orphanage in the hopes that children like me would be given a chance to live a better life. Hearing this speech, I could barely hold back my tears. I was sitting next to my adoptive mom, Eleanor, so I turned to give her a big hug. Suddenly, all eyes were on me, and it seemed I'd finally done something right. 
I smiled up at Robert and we both had tears in our eyes. Maybe Pamela was right. I really was lucky to have been adopted by such kind people. But as soon as we got home, things changed. My parents got all quiet and went off to their room, leaving me alone. Where was my praise? I'd done so well, hadn't I? Why weren't they happy? The following days, they still asked me to join them for their events, so I guess I must have done a good job. And while the media and public were around, they were all touchy-feely and affectionate towards me, constantly praising me. We must have looked like the perfect family. But the minute we got home, they'd ignore me, and if they wanted to tell me something, they'd get Pamela to speak to me. It was so flipping weird. I actually started to feel quite lonely and depressed. And even though I was living in the lap of luxury, I missed the orphanage. One day Pamela's daughter, aka the only friend I had in this enormous mansion, Paisley saw how upset I was and asked, Hey, so why do you agree to move into this house? You're clearly unhappy here. Paisley got me. She was the same age as me, so we were on the same wavelength. I was nervous to tell her how I felt, but I knew she would understand, so I told her everything. The thing is, I actually have a sister. She's only eight, and she's called Amber. That's why I was missing the orphanage. She was still there. She's got congenital heart disease, so after our parents passed away, the orphanage couldn't afford her hospital bills. When the mayor's family decided to adopt me, I refused because I didn't want to leave Amber alone. But then Robert offered to pay for her medical treatments if I agreed. And well, the rest is history. You see, I can't just leave. If I did, what would happen to Amber? Oh, Hazel, I didn't know. I'm so sorry. But I need to be honest with you. One time I overheard Robert and Eleanor saying that you were the perfect girl to play this role. Huh? What role? That meant, were they using me for something? It didn't make any sense. But those words kept lingering on my mind until... One time, Eleanor asked me to join her at a charity event, which she said was going to be broadcast on TV. Our job was to prepare homemade food and give it out to the homeless. I was so excited, but when I walked into our kitchen, I discovered the chefs had already cooked everything before the filming crew arrived. I was so disappointed and asked Eleanor about it. She just laughed and said, Oh! No, sweetie, our job is just to look pretty and graceful in front of the camera. Then before distributing the food, she gave me a pair of gloves and said, Don't touch any of their hands, okay? They are filthy. Oh my gosh, how could she say such things? Oh, then it hit me. I understood what Paisley had said now. The affection and kindness that the Corneliuses were showing me was actually just for show all to win over the audience, a.k.a. the public, while this was their very true face. I had to do something about this. I couldn't let them keep on deceiving the public like this. So when Eleanor went to the bathroom and took off her gloves, I quickly grabbed them and threw them in the trash. When we went back out, a homeless man approached her to express his gratitude and asked for a handshake. Of course, she tried to refuse, but at that moment the camera turned to her, so she had no choice but to give in. And you know what? The man didn't just shake her hand. He even pulled Eleanor in for a big hug. I couldn't hold back my laughter at how flustered she looked. Served her right. Afterward, Eleanor grabbed my arm and dragged me to a quiet corner. Then she said, It was you who did this, wasn't it? I pretended to have no idea what she was talking about, and this just infuriated her even more. Then later that evening when we got home, Robert was already waiting and shouted at me. What do you think you're playing at? I was confused, but then Eleanor added, Don't you ever mess with me like that again.
Now listen closely. Don't you miss your little sis? Aren't you curious if she's doing okay or not? That's right. You better have behaved yourself from now on, young lady. I was so shaken by what they'd said. I didn't even want to leave my room. What if something happened to my sister? Then suddenly, Paisley climbed through my window into my room. As soon as I saw her, I burst into tears. Paisley, please help me with this. I need you to go to my orphanage and check on Amber and see if she's okay. A few hours later, Paisley came back panting. Your sister? She's not doing good. What? But hadn't she been receiving money for her monthly treatments? Paisley shook her head. The nuns there said they hadn't received a penny since you left. Now Amber is barely surviving. Paisley's words broke my heart. Those two had been fooling me all this time, and now my sister's life was hanging on by a thread. I had to get to the bottom of this. I walked past Robert's office, and that's when I overheard someone talking. Curious, I peeked in and saw a group of middle-aged men sitting around a table. One of them spoke up. Hey, Robert. The election day is coming. Is that little girl still doing a decent job? Oh, don't worry about her. She's just a silly little kid. She believes anything I tell her, especially about her sick sister, Robert smirked. How dare he speak about my sister like that? I had to do something. I couldn't let this vicious man keep on fooling everyone like he'd done to me. So I took out my phone and started filming. Speaking of which, how much charity money have we got so far? One hundred thousand dollars, Robert said, and the room was filled with praise. Gentlemen, by the time of the closing party for the charity this weekend, we should have almost $500,000 for the election campaign. As soon as I win, your business will continue to be tax-reduced for the next four years. I had to cover my mouth to stop myself from gasping. So this whole time, he'd been exploiting me and the orphanage for his corruption? Gosh, I was such an idiot to fall right into his trap. Suddenly, my phone buzzed. Who's there? Robert shouted and rushed to the door. Oh no! Panicked, I ran, but not far enough before I tripped and the phone flew out of my hand. Robert and his men caught up with me, picked up my phone, and deleted all my evidence. They even took the phone away from me. He turned to me and said, I've already warned you, have I not? You're a liar! I yelled. You haven't paid a penny to my sister! Robert growled. Who told you that? But all he had for an answer was my silence and fuming look. Furious, he dragged me back to my room. Maid, bring me the keys to her room. And then he locked me up inside until the day of the closing party of the charity rolled around, where they'd be announcing the amount of money they'd collected. That day, all the staff were out of the mansion. Suddenly, I heard the door being unlocked. Panicked, I hid behind the closet. Hazel, where are you? Oh, it was just Paisley. Ah. She found a way to sneak me out of the mansion and told me to run straight back to the orphanage. But no, first I had to expose that sly old fox Robert. Luckily, when I got to the event, Robert was giving his speech. I immediately ran up to the stage, snatched the mic, and told everyone about his evil plan. But I was no match for him. Before I could finish, security was dragging me off the stage, and Robert had already taken control of the situation. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm so sorry for my daughter's behavior. She's... The reason why we decided to adopt her was that she's mentally ill. Since she came to our home, she has become better, but as you can see, there's been a bit of a relapse. 
What a snake! This jerk would stop at nothing to get what he wanted. Just then, the big screen on stage suddenly showed the video I'd taken, revealing all the schemes of Robert and his accomplices. Now he was well and truly exposed. I watched as he stammered. No, this can't be happening. Right at that moment, the police rushed in to arrest Robert and his accomplices in the stands. You might be wondering how we pulled that off. Well, as I was running through the hallway, I managed to send the video to Paisley. As soon as she received it, she came to find me and saw everything that had happened. So she secretly ran to her mom for help. Pamela then made a plan. While Paisley freed me from the mansion, Pamela set to work on projecting the video on the big screen. Genius, right? A month later, Robert and his accomplices were arrested for embezzlement. And, of course, he got locked up for a long, long time. Both him and Eleanor received such massive backlash from the public, to the point that she had to stay hidden away too. The charity money, luckily, was brought back to the orphanage, and part of it was used to take care of my sister Amber. She's doing much better now. Oh, and Paisley and I are still best of friends. Pamela has found a way better job. And as for me, I went back to stay at the orphanage until I'm old enough to move out. I'm better off being on my own with my sister than being adopted by some messed up family again. Too much studying and not enough sleep was making me feel like a zombie. Chocolate would help, right? So I drowsily walked downstairs. Huh? Why was my whole family there with their suitcases? Um, are you guys going somewhere? Yes, Colorado for a ski trip. <gasps> That's awesome! You're the best, Daddy! Not you, Helen. You have studying to do. And this is a special award for Christine for winning her scholarship. What? So you're just going to leave me out because of some meaningless grades? This is so unfair. Ugh, whatever. I don't even need them to go with me. Shh, come here. And I'm going to let you in on a secret. I can go to the ski resort by myself and have way more fun. But how, you ask? It's called lucid dreaming. I first heard about it through the biggest buzz movie, Inception, and realized that I've had experienced the same things before. Since then, I've become an expert at this. So before I go to bed, I just have to write a script saying where I want to go, with whom, what I want to do, and three, two, one. I'm asleep and living my best life. In fact, I could say that those beautiful self-designed dreams are like meditation to me, because... To be honest, my real life is tedious. No matter how hard I tried, I was no match for my younger half-sister, Christine. In my dad and grandma's eyes, a child of a doctor in physics, as well as a grandchild of a history professor, should automatically be a walking encyclopedia or something. But unfortunately, I didn't excel at the academic side of life. Ugh. They treat Christine like this precious gemstone and me like some boring old rock. Every week usually entails her getting excellent grades or winning some reward, and all of my family lavishing her with gifts and praise, while I'm treated like an outsider in my own family. Ugh! Just thinking about it makes me want to scream. So, they want me to stay home and concentrate on tomorrow's test, huh? Nah, you wish. So, instead, I grabbed my pen and started writing tonight's awesome dream script.
Let's see. That's right. The obnoxious Roger dared to heartlessly throw the candy I gave him in the trash, even though he'd been flirting with me. What a jerk. I will definitely retaliate against him tonight. Lying in bed, I closed my eyes and repeated this sentence. I'm going to kick him out of my life. And you won't believe it. In the dream, he kept chasing me like crazy, but I totally blanked him. (laughs) Helen, wake up. Time's running out. My best friend Gabby kicked my chair and I jolted awake. Oh no, there were only five minutes left. I frantically ticked on the paper and hurriedly submitted it to the monitor. Hey, did you not get any sleep or something? Well, I stayed up late writing the script for my dream. It was worth it as I got payback on Roger. What if you get a bad grade? Never mind. I'll be fine when I come home tonight with an A-plus dream. (laughs) But things turned out not to be as simple as I thought. That afternoon when I arrived home, I was about to sneak up to my bedroom to write my next amazing script when someone grabbed my bag strap and pulled me back. It was grandma and dad, and both of them seemed to be mad. How long are you going to live like this? Education is important to this family, yet you don't seem to care. Do you realize this week alone your teacher has contacted me three times? But dad, I really don't like those boring subjects. I only like no more drawing or writing your silly stories. You need to focus on your studies, else you'll end up a useless person like... She suddenly stopped, which made me curious. Like who? But neither she nor my dad said anything. They just quietly walked away, leaving me alone. Honestly, I never wanted to disappoint them that much. So this time I was going to try my best to not let them down. Dad! Grandma! Look, look! I got a B plus in my math test. No one cared what I said. My stepmom cuddled Christine and looked at her with sparkling eyes. My wonderful daughter, I know the top student award is just a piece of cake to you, unlike someone else. Then she turned to me and tutted, Helen, please, you're making a show of yourself. That's embarrassing. My face fell and I forced back tears. But I tried so hard to get this grade. A B-plus is nothing to be proud of. I chucked my exam paper in the trash, then stormed up to my room. It didn't matter what I did or how hard I tried, this household would always treat me like a loser. Dream on, Helen. Go back to your happy place. In front of me was the crimson sunset sky. I'd been scripting this moment for so long, lounging lazily on the beach without anyone complaining. But suddenly the sky darkened and the inky clouds seemed intent on swallowing me. Huh? What was going on? This wasn't a part of the script. Terrified, I ran into a forest, but it was so dark and spooky here, and I tripped over a branch and fell. Ouch! As I rubbed my ankle and started crying my eyes out, suddenly a strange woman appeared. She took me into a wooden house at the end of the forest and gently helped bandage me up. This woman, well, she didn't scare me at all. Instead, I felt warm around her. Curious, I tried to take a closer look at her face, but then I suddenly woke up and realized tears were rolling down my cheeks. What a strange dream. I immediately drew all the things I'd seen. That forest, that house, but strangely, I couldn't remember that woman's face. Why are you drawing all this nonsense? My dad snatched the sketch from my hand and looked at it frowning. It appeared in my dream and... Get rid of them all. From now on, if I see you wasting your time on these stupid drawings again, there will be consequences. This was too much. 
I couldn't live without drawing. It was the only thing keeping me sane. I had to get out of here. Live my way. Forget them and their stupid standards. I would create my own world. I planted myself in Gabby's room, and this is where I've been for almost a week. Luckily, Gabby's parents are totally chill with me staying. As for my family, they haven't messaged me once. And yes, dreams do go on. But now I dreaded going to sleep as my lucid dreams were still all messed up. Sometimes beautiful, sometimes bad. And for the most part, it did not turn out the way I wanted it to anymore. Until one day, that creepy forest appeared again. No matter how much I screamed to wake myself up, I still couldn't get out of that nightmare. Panicked, I kept running and running in the hope of finding a safe place till I saw that woman. And once again, she reached out her hand to help me. This time, I wouldn't miss my chance. I looked carefully at her face, remembering every detail, and as soon as I woke up, I drew her. Wow, I didn't know you watched this kind of show. (laughs) Gabby giggled. What show? Look, she's a celebrity. She hosts some TV show that my mom watches sometimes. So, that woman is a real person? If so, I have to find her. I didn't really know what was going on, only that there was something tying me to this woman and I needed to figure this out. Luckily, Gabby has an uncle who works at the studio and he gave us special passes to meet this host in the flesh. When the cameras stopped filming, she turned and saw me and her eyes widened in alarm. Helen? Helen, is it really you? Then she rushed over and hugged me. Huh? What did she just say? We didn't know each other and... The weird thing is, this hug didn't feel strange at all. Instead, I felt the same warmth as when she'd taken care of me in my dream. As she loosened her embrace on me and gave me this beaming smile, I said, Um, and you are? Darling, it's me, your mother. That's when I realized something. Of course, she was my mom. Look, we had the same eyes. Needless to say, this was a huge shock. We hugged each other for a long time in tears. Then mom took me backstage, got me a glass of water, then she told me everything. So after I was born, mom once got caught up in a cheating scandal. Dad was angry about the damage this would do to his career, so he kicked her out of the house and wouldn't let her see me. A long time later, she found out that grandma was behind everything, just because she didn't approve of this marriage, so she came up with that plan. But why didn't you ever try to find me when you've always been living this close. Oh, no, sweetie. I've always kept an eye on you. One time, years ago, I saw you playing in the park. You had your hair and pigtails, and uh, I tried to approach you, but your dad threatened me. He is a very powerful man who's actually capable of destroying my life, and I didn't think it was fair to drag you through all of that. But things have changed now. I'll never leave you alone, ever again. I strolled into the house like normal, and everyone stopped what they were doing and glared at me with disgust. Oh, you're back. If you're not prepared to study properly, then don't bother staying. I took a deep breath, then said, You can't treat me like this anymore. I try my best, and it's not fair that you punish me for just being me. So I'm leaving, and I'm never coming back. Where will you go? That's when mom walked in. Oh God, you should have seen the looks on their faces. Grandma actually looked like she'd swallowed a swarm of wasps. I stood by, 
and let you manipulate and control me, well, no more. I'm taking my daughter, and we're going to have the life we both deserve. Then, ignoring their angry words, she grabbed my arm and led me out of there. So that's the moment when I left home and moved in with my mom. Now I draw as much as I want. In fact, mom's letting me create a mural on the living room wall. It's going to be epic when it's finished. Oh, and about the lucid dreams? I don't write scripts anymore. Instead, I realize that I'm better off focusing on my reality and making myself the best version of myself I can be. After all, as great as a dream world can be, it's nowhere near as good as experiencing life firsthand. Hey, I'm Connor, and I'm currently taking a well-deserved break from studying to hang out with my friends. I go to college at the Georgia Institute of Tech, and I'm sure to be a top-notch architect one day soon. Now I just have one thing to deal with, then I can properly enjoy my night off. Oh, here she is. Connor, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to hurt you, but sorry. We should stop seeing each other. Ah, well, every ending is a new beginning. <laughs> Cheers. I was the master of getting girlfriends I'm tired of to break up with me. It was great. As this way, no one could ever accuse me of being a bad boy. <sighs> what to do now? I reluctantly had to find a new challenge then. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to turn this in. Um, that's okay. Just trying to find one more paper. Uh, um, what's your name? <laughs> I'm Connor. Hi. Hmm, her sparkling eyes, her shiny hair, her soft hands. But ugh, why was suddenly some nerd dragging me away from the hot girl and into a corner? Before I could ask him what was going on, he started waving a photo of this girl in my face. So it turns out this dude is called Patrick, and the girl in the photo is Paige, his girlfriend. Their parents are both influential sorts and organize their whole engagement. Sounds great, right? I mean, she's pretty cute. But no, he wanted me to find a way to make Paige break up with them. I've heard a lot about you. I need your help. I can't do this myself. <laughs> huh? Sure, I get it. A real man will never be the one to break up first. I might be able to help, but first, let's see what kind of person she is. The conversation started to become super serious. From the sound of it, this page girl was a genuine, good-natured girl with a vulnerable side. So this needed to be handled with extra care, so that there wouldn't be any awkward family provocations for my clients. Hmm, perhaps... Nah, this way wouldn't work. Neither would that way. I was about to give up when suddenly Patrick stacked a pack of money, approximately a thousand dollars on the table. Help me, then it's all yours. Whoa, that was a lot of money to me. It would get me the magnificent PS5 of my dreams. <sighs> Besides, with my charm and handsome looks, I could make Paige fall in love with me and leave Patrick in no time. Genius! My debut had to be spectacular. So I looked online and hired some people pretending to be thugs to block Paige's path. Then I'd waltz in and rescue her. The plan was all set, so I leisurely walked to the rendezvous spot, but... Oh no! Who knew those guys were real thugs? They threatened us, asked us to hand over all our belongings, then forced us to go to some abandoned warehouse. Oh my god! The $1,000 was so not worth losing my life for. Yes, I was somewhat afraid, but my flirtatious instinct kicked in and I turned to Paige and started talking to her. Oh man, she's super sweet. And I noticed that when she talks about something that interests her, she crinkles her nose. She's so cute, but most of all, 
She's really smart. Why, you ask? Because just an hour later, the cops showed up and arrested the thugs. Turns out, before Paige handed over her belongings, she quickly texted the thug's license plate to a friend and asked her to call the cops. Phew! And, luckily for me, thanks to this destiny meeting, I got a little more information about her and learned that Paige was planning to learn Spanish to major in tourism there. But there's one more important thing. That is, I think, I have a crush on her. She's not like any other girl I've met before. I want to win her heart, truly, not just because of the plan. It will be the best of both worlds. Patrick gets to be free of Paige, as requested, but she won't end up a lovelorn girl because she'll have a new handsome boyfriend by her side. Yep, that'll be me. <laughs> there was just one problem. In all the commotion of the day, I'd forgotten to ask Paige for her number. Oops. I had asked Patrick for it and then texted her, but sadly didn't receive a response. Hmm. I needed to be smart about this, so I decided to pretend to be a Spanish tutor. Yeah, I can't speak Spanish, but with my charm, that's no big deal, right? I created a flashy profile and told Patrick to pretend to surf and accidentally find me. Then show Paige. And so, ding! Hola, yo soy Professor Connor. But wait, sheesh! If only I'd studied Spanish harder in high school. And now the extent of my Spanish were just a few words I'd picked up from binge-watching Money Heist. So I just copied down Spanish lessons off YouTube and taught these to Paige. I don't know if it's because of my teaching skills or my charisma, but Paige seemed to think I was legit. <laughs> However, my flirting tricks weren't going so well. I knew she liked me. I mean, who wouldn't like me? Besides, she gave me these cute looks and laughed at my jokes. Our chemistry was undeniable. So when I reached over and placed my hand on top of hers, I felt sparks fly. But then she gave me this awkward look and moved her hand away. She liked me, right? So why was she acting like this? I never failed at flirting. Feeling frustrated, I was trudging my way up the street when, huh? Was that Patrick happily holding hands with a girl? I recognized the long hair. It was Paige. Ugh, why can't she drop her lousy boyfriend already? And why won't she date me instead? I was about to leave, but the more I thought about it, the more resentful I became. So I bribed a little boy to run up to Paige and say, Why aren't you with Connor, you cheater? Mean, huh? But haha, <laughs> Patrick would be pleased as he now had a legitimate excuse to break up with her anyway. But when the girl turned around, I realized that she wasn't Paige. The poor girl looked completely dumbfounded. Patrick started yelling at her and pulling on her arm so hard she almost fell over. Huh? Where's the nerd Patrick? And that wasn't cool at all. Then he raised his hand to hit her, but I zoomed in front of him. Stop! No reason to hit a woman, bro! Patrick immediately grabbed my collar. You dare play tricks with my Becky, huh? Seeing that, the shocked girl quickly ran away. No, no, I thought it was Paige, so I hired the boy just to give you an excuse to break up with her. Calm down, bro. Patrick reassessed the situation, then he cleared his throat and said, Oh, well, uh, I was bored of Becky anyway, thanks. I was still shocked by this jerky side of Patrick when he immediately said, uh, By the way, you can stop the plan with Paige. I decided I like her now. Lately, she's been so full of life and less clingy. He told me he would still pay me, then he hopped into a taxi. Ugh, that's the version of Paige when she's with me. I gave her that zest of life, you jerk. Whatever. From this day forth, he was no longer my client, and I didn't want his stupid money. <sighs> it was time I told Paige what Patrick was really like, so I arranged to meet her in a cafe and told her everything. But when she got over the initial shock, she snapped at me. I know this is all part of your twisted fabrication. I mean, you lied about speaking Spanish, and now you're just making up stories to break Patrick and me up. Then she threw my textbook back at me and stormed off. 
Oh man, that Patrick is such a slimeball. But I couldn't blame her for believing him over me. I'd seen firsthand how much of a wolf in sheep's clothing he was. I tried to find proof to show Paige, but that jerk sure covered his tracks. His whole nerdy bookworm facade was flawless. And he was still this sluggish nerd, wobbly clutching the bus handle to go to school every day. Ugh, what a con man. Just you wait, Patrick. It's time the world saw your true face. With such determination, I continued to spy on him around town. Then one time, like every other day, I was on duty when a group stopped me, accompanied by Patrick pointing at me. Here's our sandbag! Uh-oh, looks like I was busted. The whole group gathered around me, fists ready. Yeah, I was pretty terrified. There's no way I could fight off a group this size. I raised my fists and prepared for pain, but then someone shouted, Stop! It was Paige. Suddenly, Patrick immediately changed his attitude and ordered the group to leave. He told Paige that I stole his stuff and his friends were helping him get it back. What? The swine! Connor isn't a thief, I know it for sure. There must be some misunderstanding. Please don't accuse him like that. Patrick's face changed. He grabbed Paige's hand and pulled her away, saying, We're getting engaged at the end of this month. Say no more. Okay, so I may have gate-crashed their engagement party, but I did hide at the back while the speeches were going on. Then to my surprise, as Patrick was talking, they both spotted me. Then Paige turned to him and shook her head. It hurt to see her like this. Perhaps she changed her mind. What do you mean? Is this because of Connor? Paige kept quiet, while Patrick's parents were furious. How dare you cheat on my son? Who do you think you are? Paige, why is this happening? Really, Paige, say something. Feeling the pressure and injustice of it all, poor Paige looked distraught as she desperately tried to hold back her tears. I really couldn't stand seeing her like that, so I jumped out of the crowd to come to her defense. Everyone calm down. Paige is the sweetest, most amazing girl, and she deserves better than this jerk. Don't listen to him. He's a thief and a fiancé stealer. I was done listening to this guy's slander. So I threw a punch straight at his smug face. Yeah, the engagement party had sure turned chaotic. I looked at the wreckage in front of me. The consequences that I had caused. Okay, so maybe coming here wasn't my best idea. Actually, this was all my fault for ever agreeing to help Patrick in the first place. Or I shouldn't have been a jerk in the first place. Feeling deflated, I arrived home and saw that I'd received a message from Paige. My heart thudded as I opened it. Thank you for everything and try to practice your Spanish, as it's even worse than mine. Goodbye. And that was the last text she sent me. After that, I spent a month trying to contact her, but received no reply. So finally, I plucked up my courage to go to Paige's house and was told that she'd left for Spain earlier than scheduled. Perhaps the shock was so huge that Paige wanted to leave this place as soon as possible. It was all my fault. I was the biggest jerk in this story, and now I'd lost the girl. Alas, vengeance is bliss. So I walked inside, went straight to Patrick's table where he was wasted in the arms of a bunch of girls, took a picture, and sent it to his family. What is done by night appears by day, my friend. A few days later, I heard that after being exposed, Patrick's parents had confiscated all of his bank cards. Even his current girlfriend dumped him. Ha! So that sealed the final breakup deal for my special guest. And now, guess where I'm at? Looking for the girl of my life, duh. And this time, I'm going to make sure I don't screw it up. So, here I am, practicing this tricky pose. I must not fall over. Rosie, straighten your back. Hang in there. You've got this. That's Bradley. 
my yoga instructor. Can you see that? There are more than a dozen people in this class, yet he only seems to encourage me. Did this mean he liked me? I didn't need to look in a mirror to know my cheeks were lobster red right now. I'm Rosie, by the way, 18 years old. I'm still single. Not to brag, but I know I'm kind of pretty, friendly, and fun to be around. So it's easy to tell that many guys are into me. But why do none of them ever dare to confess their feelings to me? Hmm, what were they so afraid of? Take Bradley, for instance. He clearly liked me, but was too shy to admit it. It was so obvious as he kept deterring past my mat just so he could check out my position. Even my best friend Joseph noticed that, as every time Bradley approached, Joseph would have this cheeky smirk on and send me signals with his eyes. I already told him not to do that. After class, Joseph kept teasing me about it. He told me Bradley definitely had feelings for me and just needed one more push for leverage. Although I reluctantly told him to stop, he insisted on being the wingman by texting Bradley about me. Bradley, why don't you ask Rosie out? You two look really cute together. Come on, you know that wouldn't work. Huh? <laughs> why not? Because, Joseph, it's you I'm crazy about. I was not okay. What was the problem with all the men around me? Why didn't they like me? I couldn't go on like this. I must have a boyfriend. And I was dead serious about it. So after researching online, I found a dating coach to save me from my tragic single situation. So Martin, my coach, is super handsome, has a six-pack, and his business is a big hit. He's helped hundreds of sad single people find love. Flashy enough to trust, isn't it? Still, I was quite nervous when I met him. You know, the feeling that a therapist would judge you before treating you. But actually, he was reassuring, very open, and didn't ask too many questions. Let's just be open about this, all right? Manipulating someone into dating you is not the foundation to a healthy relationship. But don't worry, as I have the secret. Day one. And according to Martin, I needed to learn how to approach new people. I'm pretty shy, so taking the initiative was hard for me. But Martin taught me a trick. When I see a cute guy, I need to approach him within three seconds. This way my brain wouldn't have time to think, analyze, then talk myself out of it, and end up missing my chance. Okay, a hot guy was there staring at his phone. I must not overthink. One, two, three, go. Hi! Hi? Um, so I just saw you, and I think you're really hot. I'm here to say hi. Thanks for thinking my boyfriend's hot, but he's taken. I panicked then rushed back to Martin and spluttered out, I, I, I can't. Hey, that was a success. You're just training your mind and body to take action. Go ahead. No way. Should we move to the next step? And this was the next step. I just needed to start a conversation in this place where everyone was in a mood to have a chat. It's simple, Rosie. Put yourself in a talkative mood. Go over to them and give them a compliment. But make sure it's genuine, else it won't count, okay? Got it. I spotted a man sitting alone, so I walked over to him. Hey, I like your... ring. O-M-G. Was that a wedding ring? <laughs> don't, don't worry. I'm single. And is it that hard to think of something to compliment me on? <laughs> and, um, you are smarter than you look. And yep... He left. Oh, what kind of compliment was that? 
Martin sat in a corner and watched me go from guy to guy and stutter out a string of terrible compliments. You did great, Rosie. Don't be discouraged. Now, when you actually see someone you like, you'll be more natural. Martin said that body language is a crucial part of keeping the conversation going. So, the plan was to practice this at Joseph's birthday party. This time Martin couldn't be there in person, but we still stayed in touch via my Bluetooth earphone so he could guide me. The mission today was to initiate physical contact with someone and make them feel close to me. Anyone who knows me knows that I am not good with these things. So I kept giving them this weird slap on the back. Hey, I heard an ouch. Are you hitting them? I said just a light tap. I don't think I can do this. I'm too shy. And now guys are giving me weird looks. Martin said this time I should make the boys take the initiative, and then things would come more naturally. Okay, I'll give it one last try. This boy I like, Nathan, is over by the pool, but he's in a group. Nothing to worry about. You'll make him come to you. Now listen and follow. I walked over to the bar and made sure I was in Nathan's eyesight, sat as naturally as possible, made eye contact with him, and smiled. Oh, Martin, this is stupid. He doesn't even know me. Just wait. OMG. He's waving at me. Should I come now? No, no, no. Wave him over. Okay. You should take responsibility for this, Martin. I waved Nathan over. Then, to my surprise, he got up and started walking toward me. OMG, help. What should I do? Give a no-tooth smile. Then say, I just want to say hi. What? That was all? But he was coming closer and I had no choice. I just want to say hi. And I want to have your phone number, cutie. I couldn't believe it. That was a real success. We texted the whole night. We got on so well. He was clearly flirting with me. This is crazy. But then two weeks passed by and I didn't hear from him at all. I kept on looking at my phone expecting Nathan to call. But he never did. So I immediately rang my coach for help. Ready for the bad news? So, that means he doesn't like you. A busy man like Napoleon could still write thousands of romantic love letters to his Josephine. If he was into you, he'd always find a way. And I also think he doesn't seem like a good type to date. What? Nathan is such a sweet guy. Maybe he's just super busy? But then Christmas came, and I couldn't wait any longer. I mustered up the courage to ask Nathan out. But guess what? He invited me to his house to enjoy Christmas with his family instead. Oh, wow. He wanted to introduce me to his family. This was massive. It meant he really took our relationship seriously, didn't he? But when we got to Nathan's place, to my surprise, it was just a small apartment and definitely not big enough for a whole family. Seeing my confused look, Nathan said his family must have changed their plans and went out, which was for the better as the two of us would have more time together. Suddenly, I saw a shadow of a girl in a red dress in his bedroom. The Nathan immediately pulled me away and said, Uh, um, that's my maid. How annoying. So, do you want to go to the hotel so we can have more time alone? Really? Did he think I was born yesterday? I refused immediately, and Nathan began to change his attitude. <laughs> okay, but I can't drive you home. I have something urgent. But don't worry, I'll take you to the nearby bus stop. I have never felt so stupid. Martin was right. Nathan wasn't serious about me. He just wanted to use me. But what went wrong? I did everything I could, but I kept failing again and again. No one liked me. 
I called Martin in tears, and he ended up driving there to pick me up right on Christmas Eve. I felt like the most tragic person ever. Martin was so patient. He turned the radio on so loud and didn't say anything until I finished crying and calmed down. Misread the signals again, huh? How could I have known? Well, I'm not saying this to make money off you, but looking at the current situation, I think you need to hire me for longer than you think. My love life may have sucked, but at least I had Martin. Here's my hope. He was the best coach ever, as he didn't mind answering my questions, and he always picked up the phone whether it was office hours or midnight. Then one night I was out with my friends. I drank a few too many wines and phoned Martin up and slurred out a load of drunken nonsense. He immediately came to pick me up and drove me home, saying that he needed to make sure I got home safely. He was such a sweet guy. I felt something, but then reassured myself that he was just being nice. But Joseph insisted that Martin was only acting this way because he liked me. Seeing everything he did, and you still have to wonder about his feelings? Dummy. Believe me, I'm not wrong this time. Mr. Sixpack is crazy about you. Congrats. Hmm. Thinking about it, it did make sense. So I started stalking my coach on social media and daydreaming about him. Then, taking Martin's own advice that I needed to make my feelings known. So, on Valentine's night, I, myself, made this box of chocolates and took them round to his. I took a deep breath, then rang the doorbell. But then, standing at the door was him holding hands with another girl. I awkwardly said, Don't, don't you like me? I mean, you taught me that when a guy likes a girl... He'll always be there for her. You picked me up in the middle of the night, and you always listened and comforted me when I was sad. You even brought me hot tea when my Aunt Flo came to visit. Doesn't everything match up? R Rosie, I was just being nice. Sorry, but you've confused the signs. Again. I was totally dumbfounded. I couldn't face the thought of seeing Martin ever again, so I blocked him from my life. Ugh. In the following days... I was under a variety of emotional states, from extreme stress, heartbreak, embarrassment, then disappointment because of my extra delusion. I struggled with insomnia almost every night and tried to bury my feelings by binge-eating junk food. Just two weeks later, I looked at myself in the mirror. There were dark circles under my eyes, my skin was dry and flaky, and I felt bloated and sluggish most of the time. Seeing myself like that reminded me of something Martin had said. How can you expect someone else to love you if you don't love yourself? I knew I needed to change, so I started eating more healthily, working out, and finding me time. And you know what? It worked. Now I can finally say that I see my own worth, and I'll never allow a man to treat me badly ever again. And if that means I stay single for a while, then that's the way it'll be. I guess I kinda owe Martin a lot. I mean, he did teach me loads. And now, even though I'm still single... I'm enjoying it. There are way more important things than having a boyfriend, right? But wait, was this barista winking at me? OMG, there's a post-it with his number on my coffee cup. What should I do? Hey, dating a coffee guy is risky business. Why, coach? Imagine one day your relationship turns bad and you desire a cup of coffee to ease your heart out, but you also have to see him here. Awkward, huh? Indeed a pro. But so 
why are you making this awkward convo? <laughs> Rosie, I may be a love coach, but even I get it wrong sometimes. When it comes to my heart, all theories are nonsense. Please, you show me how to love naturally. Um, well, as you can see, I'm dating my dating coach. But now, our love doesn't apply to any cliches. Instead, we just do us, and we're both happier than ever. If you're in a dating slump, then don't worry. Just let love happen when it happens, and follow your heart. Hi, I'm Addison, but all my friends call me Addie. I'm just an ordinary girl who doesn't have any particular talents, but there is one thing I do have. That is, oh, why don't we just watch the video to see what it is? This is my older sister, Olivia. She's beautiful, isn't she? She's also an amazing singer and has a talent for art. She can pretty much draw anything. I mean, I don't know how my parents could have such a perfect daughter like her, then have me. But I'm fine with that. Olivia was all about winning trophies and medals. Well, I was happy with the ice cream and ton of snacks my parents gave me for getting a B on my math exam. Hey, Addie, my baby. Guess who's got some new trendy clothes? Oh, Mom. Dad. I don't like these things. Why are you buying so much? It's such a waste of money. However, Mom's desperate look made me cave. So I reluctantly grabbed a random item and went to try it on. Oh, it's a crop top. I stared at myself in the mirror. Okay, so my parents' dumbfounded expressions made their feelings pretty clear. I looked ridiculous. See, I told you already. I'm way too short to wear tops like this. Right at that moment, Olivia walked by. I immediately ran over to her. I think you should have this top. It'll bring out your nice figure. You'll look so cute in it. Mom shook her head. No, if Olivia wears this, everyone will see her navel. Um, isn't that the point of crop tops? Then Dad chimed in. Anyway, Liv, where are you off to in such a hurry? It's not that nonsense model club again, is it? Speaking of clubs, is the school dance club still recruiting? You should join. You'll get in for sure. My sister rolled her eyes, then left, slamming the door behind her. I loved my sister, but she just seems to find me annoying. She was like the ice queen, always shutting me out. She never allows me to borrow her clothes or to touch her stuff. And if I ever try to go into her room, she freaks out. It's not that she's mean as such, but she tends to act like I don't even exist. <sighs> it's okay. I mean, I'm kind of used to it. I live my own life and she lives hers. So that's why when I got my first cell phone and started to use social networks, I didn't try to search for her profiles, though I knew she was on all those platforms. That evening, my mom asked me to go upstairs to call Olivia for dinner. No answer. So I began pushing the door open. She suddenly appeared from the bathroom and yelled, Hey, what are you doing? You know you're not allowed in my room. I knocked, but you didn't answer. Mom says it's dinner time. She hissed at me and shooed me away. Ugh, why did she have to treat me like I was some pest? The way she was so weird about her room was annoying. Hmm, maybe she was hiding something in there? 
Nah, probably I was just overthinking this. Olivia was always like this. Life went on, and my sister, well, she continued to distance herself from me. But then one weekend, I walked downstairs to find her cheerfully humming a song as she danced around the kitchen. When she saw me, she smiled and said, Morning, sis. Come sit here. I made you breakfast. Okay? This was weird. I cautiously sat down and kept looking at her. Um, why are you so happy? And where are mom and dad? Mom and dad just rushed off on some work thing. Then she put the plate in front of me, grinned, then continued. Mom made cookies this morning and told you to take them to grandma's. Tell her I said hi. Oh, you're not coming with me? No, no can do. Sorry, I've got work to do. She continued to look at me and I got the feeling she wanted me to hurry up. Before I'd even finished my toast, she passed me my jacket and bundled me out of the door. Having no choice, I made my way to Granny's while in deep thoughts about how odd this was. Until I realized that I didn't even have the cookie bag with me. I'd left it at home. Gosh! I immediately rushed back. But, hmm, why was there a strange car parked outside my house? I lingered back and watched as a middle-aged man got out of the car. Before he even got to the door, Olivia opened it and smiled at him. I dove behind a bush so I could carry on watching. Huh? Why was he handing her flowers and a gift box? She happily took them from him and even leaned into his ear and said something. Oh my god! So this explains my sister's strange behavior. They're a couple, aren't they? I never thought that my sister would be interested in an old man like this. Shocking! But wait, what if... What if he's deceiving her? As Olivia may look sharp, but she's actually very innocent. If that was the case, I would beat him black and blue. But this was just my speculation. I can't hastily act without knowing the truth. So I decided not to let them know that I was there, and quietly entered the house through the back door to get the cookie bag. Later that day when I arrived home, my sister was back to her ice queen self. She was cooking in silence, so I told her grandma said hi, and she just grunted and carried on stirring her soup. Hmm... I needed to find out what was actually going on. The perfect opportunity arose a few weeks later, when mom and dad went away on a weekend trip. I told Olivia I was meeting some friends for a picnic, but this was a lie. I actually hid in my faithful hiding spot and watched. As expected, the old man showed up and Olivia let him inside. The door was ajar, so I tiptoed inside and heard them laughing in the living room. I peeked in, and to my astonishment, my sister was sitting on the couch wearing the weirdest outfit ever. It was those kinds of clothes that only catwalk models wear. And most of all, she had this heavy makeup on and looked like a totally different person. The strange man was sitting next to her. Both of them were looking at her phone and laughing happily. Oh gosh, now everything was clear. From her reserved nature to her seem-to-be-secret room... It was all so she could continue to hide this age difference love story. I didn't know how to react now. I just kind of felt bad for her because 
she had to hide it. I mean, this was her home, and we were her family. We might not have been close, but she was my big sister, and I wanted her to be happy. If this love was real, then I fully supported her. And if this guy turned out to be bad, well, then I'd protect her till the end. My parents returned that evening, so I set up a family movie night. A great idea for family bonding, right? I chose a romantic movie in which the main actress is much younger than her boyfriend. In the middle of the movie, I turned to my parents and asked, Mom, Dad, if you were their parents, would you allow that relationship? They gave me confused looks. Then Dad immediately asked, Hey, Addie, don't tell us that you're in love with an old man, huh? This startled me, but before I could say anything, the doorbell rang. I was about to go open the door, just to avoid answering Dad's question, but Olivia was faster. Not long after that, she turned back and shouted at me, Addie, how dare you touch my phone? What's up, Liv? Who's at the door? Go ask your dear daughter Addison. She gave me a dirty look, then stormed up to her room. My parents immediately bombarded me with loads of questions. What's happening here? Who was the one ringing the bell? Why that manner of Olivia? Okay, the one who rang the bell was Olivia's boyfriend. So, earlier, when Olivia left her phone in the kitchen, I noticed that there was a message from a man named Henry Davis. I immediately searched for him on Facebook and found out that this was the same guy who'd been visiting her. So, I used her phone to text him, telling him to come around at 8pm. I thought it would be better if Olivia could make her relationship public with our parents. But, Hayes... It seems she didn't take it very well. Anyway, now I had no choice but to tell my parents everything. Their faces dropped, and without saying anything, they ran upstairs and banged on Olivia's door. But there was no reply. Instead, all of us heard a rattling sound from the back door, and Olivia had fled. Our parents' faces turned red, while I felt so guilty as I not only wasn't able to help her, but only worsened the situation. The next day, Olivia still hadn't returned. She also didn't show up for school, which caused my parents to freak out. Then I suddenly thought of Henry. Right, why didn't I think of asking him from the beginning? So I immediately contacted Henry and asked him to help find Olivia. That afternoon, when I just got home from school, I saw Henry driving off. There was a note stuck to the door saying Olivia was fine, with an address below. And it also said if we come there at 9am, we'll see Olivia. The next morning, we showed up earlier than scheduled. Huh? It was a studio. And just like Henry said, Olivia was there. She looked so glamorous, and was so busy prepping for a photo shoot that she didn't seem to notice us. Henry welcomed us, and started explaining everything that made my parents as well as me, speechless. Turns out, the truth was far from what I thought. He was not her boyfriend. Instead, he's her manager. He saw Olivia's potential and guided her to become a photo model and a TikToker. The flowers and gifts were from the brand she was working with. And the other day, she wore that outfit and makeup for a TikTok video. After the shoot was over, we walked over to her but she took one look at us and ran away. I managed to catch up with her, then said, Sis, why didn't you just tell us the truth? 
We're your family. We'll always be on your side. On my side? Really? You have no idea what it's like to be an outsider. It doesn't matter how many competitions I win. I'm invisible, while you get praised for just getting an okay grade on a math test. I want to be a model, but they don't want that for me. They want me to be miserable. I'd rather leave that house to do what I love. I was dumbfounded, and so were Mom and Dad, who by this point had caught up with us and heard everything she'd just said. Dad hugged Olivia. Then in an emotional voice said, Olivia, it's not that we forbid you from doing what you want. We were just worried for you. We just know that this industry can be complicated, and we don't want you to get hurt. That's right. And it's not true that we love Addie more than you. You just excel at everything, and we just didn't want Addie to feel insecure. We're really sorry, Olivia. We all love you. Oh, no, Mom. Don't worry. I never felt that way. Actually, I've always admired Olivia, and it made me sad when she ignored me. Olivia burst out crying, and our whole family hugged each other tightly. Sorry to interrupt, but you must have had some idea about Olivia being an internet star already, right? I mean, it's easy to tell from her social networks. I shyly said, I... I don't follow any of her accounts. I thought she just wanted me out of her way. Henry then patted my head and showed us Olivia's social media accounts. And wow, she had millions of views and followers. We all watched some of her TikTok videos together, and she totally rocked it. Seeing how much this meant to her, my parents came round to the idea of her being a model, and they even thanked Henry for helping her. Then Olivia came closer to me. Hey, Addie. I'm sorry for being so cold in the past. Turns out, you love me so much and will support me regardless. At least now, if I really fall in love with an old man, I don't have to worry, right? Then everyone laughed. Oh, even though my plan didn't, well, go exactly as intended, I still call it a success, because it all ended out great in the end. You thought it was all finished, huh? Nope, not yet. There's one more thing I want to show you guys. That night, for the first time, Olivia let me go inside her room. Wow, it was like a mini studio with expensive flashlights, a ring light, and a camera. And her clothes and makeup collection were super impressive. Oh, do you remember what I said at the beginning of the video about being an ordinary girl? Well, that hasn't changed. But now I can confidently say that there is one thing I do have, and that's an awesome big sister who loves me unconditionally. Finally, after an 11-hour flight, I arrived at LAX, Los Angeles International Airport. It's awesome! I can't wait to see my mom. You see, my dad's French and my mom's American. We used to all live together in France, but then they split up and mom moved back here. Of course, I've talked to her on FaceTime and stuff, but this will be the first time I've properly seen her in five years. I haven't visited before because Mom's a super successful businesswoman and she works really hard. That meant she wouldn't have the time to provide me with the attention I needed. But now that I'm 16 and I can look after myself, I'm finally able to visit. So thanks to my dad and stepmom for my plane ticket birthday present, I'm now in sunny LA for a whole month. 
Not only do I get to spend time with mom, but I also get to chill out in her enormous villa. Ah, <sighs> bliss. But first, let's get all my luggage, then find a taxi to my mom's. Yeah, unfortunately, she couldn't come to pick me up since she had some work to do. But no problem, I can handle this myself. Okay, maybe I spoke too soon. It's been half an hour and my luggage was nowhere to be seen. Then, this handsome guy approached me and said, Hey, looks like your luggage has gone AWOL. Do you need any help? Cute and helpful. Hmm, I could totally get used to US guys. I showed him my ticket and turns out I was waiting at the wrong carousel. Oops. After guiding me to the correct one, this guy, whose name I found out was Zach, even pulled my luggage down for me. But one of my cases got stuck and burst open, causing everything to tumble out. Girl, it's not your lucky day, is it? He burst out laughing. Oh well, at least it wasn't all bad. I mean, a cute guy had rescued me, right? He helped me pick up my things, then he offered to drive me to my mom's house. After some 30 minutes, he began to slow down. I looked out the window and, oh my god, this is the chicest villa ever. The pool, the tennis court, the palm trees. It was exactly like a movie star home. I was gawping at the villa when suddenly I heard a car engine sound. Startled, I turned around to see Zack zooming away. My suitcases! I yelled. Ugh, my laptop and iPad were in there too. Oh God, why is this happening to me? And on my very first day in the US? At least I still had my phone and passport with me. Phew. So I called my mom. Needless to say, I was a distraught mess when she arrived. Who'd have thought that such a kind-looking guy would turn out to be a thief? Anyways, my mom could buy me new clothes and things, and I could still have an amazing time in her villa, right? Mom led me to my room and told me to get some rest. After that disaster, I was dead exhausted, so I quickly fell asleep on the comfiest bed ever. When I awoke, it was dark outside. I realized I hadn't eaten anything since the flight, so I went downstairs and checked the fridge and cupboards. Huh? They were all empty. I was still digging around in the kitchen when my mom returned with some burgers. Sweetie, I only got back from my business trip yesterday, so I haven't had time to go to the grocery store. Let's just eat fast food today, okay? I didn't mind, as it was awesome to have dinner with my mom again after such a long time. I took a look around the room. There was barely any furniture here. My mom said that's minimalism, a trendy lifestyle in LA nowadays. Less is more. How cool is that? The next morning we went out, but what's with that old rusty car? Seeing my confused look, she quickly explained that this was only temporary as her car was being serviced. But then mom couldn't get the garage door to open. Turns out, normally she had her own chauffeur. But since I've traveled thousands of miles to visit her, she wanted to drive herself. Huh, how sweet. In the following days, my mom and I enjoyed ourselves in LA. Sunbathing by the pool, spa days, shopping. This is definitely the best vacation of my life. At least until that morning, I was awoken by a loud quarrel. Looking down from the stairs, I saw mom in the living room with a strange woman. She was pointing at the couch. Geez, 
That's where I spilled soy sauce yesterday while eating sushi. Then Mom appeared and sounded flustered. She told me to quickly pack my things as we were leaving. Um, Mom, is there something wrong? Oh, nothing, sweetie. It's just that the couch is dirty, so let's just get someone in to clean the entire villa. Wow, Mom would deep clean the whole house just because of a soy sauce stain? How rich is she? So, where will we stay this time? A luxurious five-star hotel? Or a magnificent mansion in Beverly Hills? <sighs> but then the car came to a stop in front of some shabby apartment building. Huh? This couldn't be right. Mom told me this was her friend's spare apartment, so we would stay here a few days for convenience. Elena, it's probably best if you stay away from the people in this area. They don't have the same lifestyle as us. You know what I mean. Ugh. Yeah, this place was the opposite of the villa. Cramped room, hard bed, and the bathroom didn't even have a bathtub. Since moving here, Mom didn't take me out anymore. In the evenings, she dressed up all elegantly and went out to her fancy work meetings. On one such evening, I was sitting alone watching YouTube, munching on french fries for the fifth time this week, when there was a knock on the door. I opened it, and standing there was a scruffy guy, claiming to be Frankie, the landlord's son. I told him there must be a mistake, as we were only here for a few days. Then I went to close the door, but he blocked it with his foot. Miss Anita has rented this apartment for two years. What do you mean a few days? I just saw her take a cab at the front door. Don't lie to me. No, my mom is a successful businesswoman who has a villa in Brentwood Park. Then you must have mistaken your mom for someone else. In short, remind your businesswoman mom to pay the rent. Then he sneered and walked away. How dare he say that? And why did I keep on running into jerks? Ugh! When mom returned, I told her what had happened. I thought she'd find it funny or something, but nope. Instead, she got really mad. You shouldn't have opened the door to him. I told you not to socialize with the people here. Okay, hearing made-up lies about yourself like that must suck, but did she have to be so furious about it? The next morning, I was drinking tea on the balcony when suddenly I saw a familiar face passing by down the street. My god, it was the jerk from the airport. Zack! That thief! I shouted, rushing down, but when I got there, he disappeared. I was still exasperated when a voice came from behind. What on earth are you doing screaming this early in the morning? I turned around to see Frankie leaning against the wall with his arms folded. None of your business, swindler. Huh? Swindler? What do you mean? Quit lying. I already told my mom all about you trying to con money out of me. Hmm, is that so? So, you think I'm the liar? Before I could answer that provoking question, I heard my mom's voice calling down from the balcony. Hey, rich girl, if you want a reality check, I suggest you come meet me tonight, and we'll go follow your mom. Mom appeared and, frowning, asked me why I was talking to Frankie. I blurted out something about asking for directions, then quickly entered the room and closed the door. Frankie was clearly a thieving, lying jerk, right? But then, why were his words lingering in my mind? I had noticed a few strange things, such as when we were at the villa, 
I asked mom where the cutlery was, but she couldn't remember. But then in this apartment, she immediately got it. Plus, why was there a photo of her in the bedroom when this was her friend's place? That night, when mom was getting ready to go out again, I spotted her necklace. Only, it was actually my necklace. The one that had been stolen along with the rest of my stuff. My dad got that necklace custom made just for me, so it was a one of a kind, but why did mom have it? I complimented her on it and asked her where she got it from. Blushing, she excitedly told me that this rich man she'd just started dating had bought it for her. Then she said he was taking her for dinner tonight. I forced a smile, but my head was filled with questions. Who really was mom? I secretly followed my mom down the street. Suddenly, a hand patted my shoulder. Let's go. I turned around and it was Frankie. Without saying anything, I nodded and quickly got into his car. And we followed mom's taxi. Hold on. Isn't that the villa we stayed in before? After a while, a luxury car arrived, taking my mom to a nearby expensive restaurant. We peered through the glass wall. There she was. My mom was sitting there, smiling and talking with some man in a suit. Was she pretending to live in that villa to trick that man? Was my mom a gold digger? I couldn't watch any more of this, so I pulled on Frankie's arm. But weirdly, he seemed to be as shocked as I was. Um, wasn't this your idea? So why the pale face? He just shook his head and took me home. We waited in the apartment for Mum to return, and oh boy, it was tense. Around midnight, we heard the door open, and Mum walked in and looked at us in alarm. She started shooing Frankie out of there, but I interrupted her. Mum, I know everything. You've lived here for two years. You're poor, and you scam rich men. Sweetie, it's not like that. Please calm down and I'll explain everything to you. So, it turns out, after divorcing my dad, she was determined to go back to the U.S. and succeed at business. But she failed, and she was so embarrassed, she lied to me and dad. Then when she heard that I was coming to visit, she spent the little savings she had on renting a swanky villa for me. But when I accidentally spilled soy sauce on that expensive couch, she couldn't afford to fix it. So we were kicked out. As for the man I was with tonight, I ran into him while walking outside the villa. He's rich and nice. He likes me and I like him too. But what about that necklace? Mom, it's actually mine. It was in my stolen suitcase. My mom gave me a confused look. But before she could say anything, Frankie blurted out, That man's a fraud. Mom and I gaped at Frankie as he turned to me and said, I'm sorry, but I think you guys need to know the truth. Then Frankie told us how that man was none other than Zach's dad. After taking me back to the villa, Zach figured my mom was rich, so he persuaded his dad to come and flirt with her. But how did you dig up the dirt on these guys? Because I know Zach. When I saw Lana chasing him, I knew he'd stolen from her. But he's my friend. Great! So you've both been lying to me. Then I rushed into my room, locked the door, and burst into tears. The next morning, Mom knocked on my door, but I ignored her. Elena, I get that you're upset with me, but I've left a sandwich here, so please at least eat something. I'm really sorry. 
just wanted to be the perfect mother for you. Her words caused me to sob all over again. But I can say, from the bottom of my heart, I feel sorry for her. After that, I opened the door and hugged her tightly, and then we both blubbered into each other's arms. I'm leaving L.A. today, with Mum. She's moving back to France with me, where she can start afresh. While I was dragging my suitcase to the taxi, Frankie appeared and apologized to me. I just shrugged and told him it didn't matter anymore. I mean, at least he came clean in the end and saved my mom from that swindler. Hey, rich girl, good luck. And, um, feel free to keep in touch. So, what now? Well, mom is settling back into French life. She has a new job and a chic apartment. I go and stay with her each weekend, and it's good to finally spend time with the real her. As for Frankie, well, we send each other lots of Snapchats. So, okay, maybe I kind of like him. I'm planning to visit him in the summer. Hopefully my next trip to the U.S. won't be as crazy as my last one. <laughs> I was so nervous. Like, the most nervous I'd ever been in my life. I didn't even know it was possible for a press conference to get so crowded. Suddenly the flashes came at me from every direction. It was almost blinding, but the clicking didn't stop, as well as the sound of them calling my name. Hazel, look here! Here, over here, Hazel! Oh my gosh, why was this so chaotic? I started to panic, so I ran away. But I'd only taken a few steps before, thump! Oh, these stupid high heels. Oh, hi. I didn't see you there. Well, let's be real, it's kind of hard to see anyone from this angle. Then from every direction, the reporters swarmed in like starving vultures trying to take pictures of me. I was still confused and didn't know what to do when... Gentlemen, please give her some space. Are you okay? Robert, my adoptive dad, came to help me up. Um, excuse us, this is her first time attending such a crowded event. If it's alright with you, we'll help her answer your questions. Phew, I'd finally escaped the chaos. Or so I thought. As soon as he got into the house, Robert shouted, Pamela! Which gave me the fright of my life. Didn't I tell you to teach Hazel some manners? How could you let her embarrass herself in front of the public like that? Pamela looked mortified and kept bowing down and apologizing, but Robert was still furious. If this happens again, you better pack your bags and get out of here. I felt so guilty. It was all because of me that she had been shouted out like that. But I'd done my best. Clearly, it wasn't good enough, though. I tried to forget about it, but early the next morning, Pamela woke me up. She gave me a timetable and told me that from now on, I wouldn't need to go to school anymore and that a tutor would come to teach me at home instead. What? Why all of a sudden? I asked Pamela in shock. It was because of yesterday's incident. The mayor has decided that you need to spend more time learning the necessary etiquette. Are you serious? He can't just keep me locked up here. No way. Hazel? Listen, you should be grateful that you got adopted into this house. Keep in mind of everything Mr. Cornelius has done for you and obediently do as I say. Do you understand what I mean? Looking into Pamela's eyes, I knew I had no choice but to agree. Ugh. The day of the opening ceremony for the town hall had finally arrived, and I got to leave the house for the first time in a month. 
a whole month. Now was the moment of truth. In the eyes of the public, I had completely transformed into a proper, prestigious lady. When Robert started speaking at the ceremony, he announced a charity fundraiser for my orphanage in the hopes that children like me would be given a chance to live a better life. Hearing this speech, I could barely hold back my tears. I was sitting next to my adoptive mom, Eleanor, so I turned to give her a big hug. Suddenly, all eyes were on me, and it seemed I'd finally done something right. I smiled up at Robert, and we both had tears in our eyes. Maybe Pamela was right. I really was lucky to have been adopted by such kind people. But as soon as we got home, things changed. My parents got all quiet and went off to their room, leaving me alone. Where was my praise? I'd done so well, hadn't I? Why weren't they happy? The following days, they still asked me to join them for their events, so I guess I must have done a good job. And while the media and public were around, they were all touchy-feely and affectionate towards me, constantly praising me. We must have looked like the perfect family. But the minute we got home, they'd ignore me, and if they wanted to tell me something, they'd get Pamela to speak to me. It was so flipping weird. I actually started to feel quite lonely and depressed. And even though I was living in the lap of luxury, I missed the orphanage. One day Pamela's daughter, aka the only friend I had in this enormous mansion, Paisley saw how upset I was and asked, Hey, so why do you agree to move into this house? You're clearly unhappy here. Paisley got me. She was the same age as me, so we were on the same wavelength. I was nervous to tell her how I felt, but I knew she would understand, so I told her everything. The thing is, I actually have a sister. She's only eight, and she's called Amber. That's why I was missing the orphanage. She was still there. She's got congenital heart disease, so after our parents passed away, the orphanage couldn't afford her hospital bills. When the mayor's family decided to adopt me, I refused because I didn't want to leave Amber alone. But then Robert offered to pay for her medical treatments if I agreed. And well, the rest is history. You see, I can't just leave. If I did, what would happen to Amber? Oh, Hazel, I didn't know. I'm so sorry. But I need to be honest with you. One time I overheard Robert and Eleanor saying that you were the perfect girl to play this role. Huh? What role? That meant, were they using me for something? It didn't make any sense. But those words kept lingering on my mind until... One time, Eleanor asked me to join her at a charity event, which she said was going to be broadcast on TV. Our job was to prepare homemade food and give it out to the homeless. I was so excited, but when I walked into our kitchen, I discovered the chefs had already cooked everything before the filming crew arrived. I was so disappointed and asked Eleanor about it. She just laughed and said, Oh! No, sweetie, our job is just to look pretty and graceful in front of the camera. Then before distributing the food, she gave me a pair of gloves and said, Don't touch any of their hands, okay? They are filthy. Oh my gosh, how could she say such things? Oh, then it hit me. I understood what Paisley had said now. The affection and kindness that the Corneliuses were showing me was actually just for show all to win over the audience, a.k.a. the public, while this was their very true face. I had to do something about this. I couldn't let them keep on deceiving the public like this. So when Eleanor went to the bathroom and took off her gloves, I quickly grabbed them and threw them in the trash. When we went back out, a homeless man approached her to express his gratitude and asked for a handshake. Of course, she tried to refuse, but at that moment the camera turned to her, so she had no choice but to give in. And you know what? The man didn't just shake her hand. He even pulled Eleanor in for a big hug. 
I couldn't hold back my laughter at how flustered she looked. Served her right. Afterward, Eleanor grabbed my arm and dragged me to a quiet corner. Then she said, it was you who did this, wasn't it? I pretended to have no idea what she was talking about, and this just infuriated her even more. Then later that evening when we got home, Robert was already waiting and shouted at me. What do you think you're playing at? I was confused. But then Eleanor added, Don't you ever mess with me like that again. Now listen closely. Don't you miss your little sis? Aren't you curious if she's doing okay or not? That's right. You better have behaved yourself from now on, young lady. I was so shaken by what they'd said. I didn't even want to leave my room. What if something happened to my sister? Then suddenly, Paisley climbed through my window into my room. As soon as I saw her, I burst into tears. Paisley, please help me with this. I need you to go to my orphanage and check on Amber and see if she's okay. A few hours later, Paisley came back panting. Your sister? She's not doing good. What? But hadn't she been receiving money for her monthly treatments? Paisley shook her head. The nuns there said they hadn't received a penny since you left. Now Amber is barely surviving. Paisley's words broke my heart. Those two had been fooling me all this time, and now my sister's life was hanging on by a thread. I had to get to the bottom of this. I walked past Robert's office, and that's when I overheard someone talking. Curious, I peeked in and saw a group of middle-aged men sitting around a table. One of them spoke up. Hey, Robert, the election day is coming. Is that little girl still doing a decent job? Oh, don't worry about her. She's just a silly little kid. She believes anything I tell her, especially about her sick sister, Robert smirked. How dare he speak about my sister like that? I had to do something. I couldn't let this vicious man keep on fooling everyone like he'd done to me. So I took out my phone and started filming. Speaking of which, how much charity money have we got so far? One hundred thousand dollars, Robert said. And the room was filled with praise. Gentlemen, by the time of the closing party for the charity this weekend, we should have almost $500,000 for the election campaign. As soon as I win, your business will continue to be tax-reduced for the next four years. I had to cover my mouth to stop myself from gasping. So this whole time, he'd been exploiting me and the orphanage for his corruption? Gosh, I was such an idiot to fall right into his trap. Suddenly, my phone buzzed. Who's there? Robert shouted and rushed to the door. Oh no! Panicked, I ran, but not far enough before I tripped and the phone flew out of my hand. Robert and his men caught up with me, picked up my phone, and deleted all my evidence. They even took the phone away from me. He turned to me and said, I've already warned you, have I not? You're a liar! I yelled. You haven't paid a penny to my sister! Robert growled. Who told you that? But all he had for an answer was my silence and fuming look. Furious, he dragged me back to my room. Maid, bring me the keys to her room. And then he locked me up inside until the day of the closing party of the charity rolled around, where they'd be announcing the amount of money they'd collected. That day, all the staff were out of the mansion. Suddenly, I heard the door being unlocked. Panicked, I hid behind the closet. Hazel, where are you? Oh, it was just Paisley. Ah. She found a way to sneak me out of the mansion and told me to run straight back to the orphanage. But no, first I had to expose that sly old fox Robert. Luckily, when I got to the event, Robert was giving his speech. 
I immediately ran up to the stage, snatched the mic, and told everyone about his evil plan. But I was no match for him. Before I could finish, security was dragging me off the stage, and Robert had already taken control of the situation. Ladies and gentlemen, I am so sorry for my daughter's behavior. She's... The reason why we decided to adopt her was that she's mentally ill. Since she came to our home, she has become better, but as you can see, there's been a bit of a relapse. What a snake! This jerk would stop at nothing to get what he wanted. Just then, the big screen on stage suddenly showed the video I'd taken, revealing all the schemes of Robert and his accomplices. Now he was well and truly exposed. I watched as he stammered. No, this can't be happening. Right at that moment, the police rushed in to arrest Robert and his accomplices in the stands. You might be wondering how we pulled that off. Well, as I was running through the hallway, I managed to send the video to Paisley. As soon as she received it, she came to find me and saw everything that had happened. So she secretly ran to her mom for help. Pamela then made a plan. While Paisley freed me from the mansion, Pamela set to work on projecting the video on the big screen. Genius, right? A month later, Robert and his accomplices were arrested for embezzlement. And, of course, he got locked up for a long, long time. Both him and Eleanor received such massive backlash from the public, to the point that she had to stay hidden away too. The charity money, luckily, was brought back to the orphanage, and part of it was used to take care of my sister Amber. She's doing much better now. Oh, and Paisley and I are still best of friends. Pamela has found a way better job. And as for me, I went back to stay at the orphanage until I'm old enough to move out. I'm better off being on my own with my sister than being adopted by some messed up family again. Too much studying and not enough sleep was making me feel like a zombie. Chocolate would help, right? So I drowsily walked downstairs. Huh? Why was my whole family there with their suitcases? Um, are you guys going somewhere? Yes, Colorado for a ski trip. <gasps> That's awesome! You're the best, Daddy! Not you, Helen. You have studying to do. And this is a special award for Christine for winning her scholarship. What? So you're just going to leave me out because of some meaningless grades? This is so unfair. Ugh, whatever. I don't even need them to go with me. Shh, come here. And I'm going to let you in on a secret. I can go to the ski resort by myself and have way more fun. But how, you ask? It's called lucid dreaming. I first heard about it through the biggest buzz movie, Inception, and realized that I've had experienced the same things before. Since then, I've become an expert at this. So before I go to bed, I just have to write a script saying where I want to go, with whom, what I want to do, and three, two, one. I'm asleep and living my best life. In fact, I could say that those beautiful self-designed dreams are like meditation to me, because... To be honest, my real life is tedious. No matter how hard I tried, I was no match for my younger half-sister, Christine. In my dad and grandma's eyes, a child of a doctor in physics, as well as a grandchild of a history professor, should automatically be a walking encyclopedia or something. But unfortunately, I didn't excel at the academic side of life. Ugh. 
They treat Christine like this precious gemstone and me like some boring old rock. Every week usually entails her getting excellent grades or winning some reward, and all of my family lavishing her with gifts and praise, while I'm treated like an outsider in my own family. Ugh! Just thinking about it makes me want to scream. So, they want me to stay home and concentrate on tomorrow's test, huh? Nah, you wish. So, instead, I grabbed my pen and started writing tonight's awesome dream script. Let's see. That's right. The obnoxious Roger dared to heartlessly throw the candy I gave him in the trash, even though he'd been flirting with me. What a jerk. I will definitely retaliate against him tonight. Lying in bed, I closed my eyes and repeated this sentence. I'm going to kick him out of my life. And you won't believe it. In the dream, he kept chasing me like crazy, but I totally blanked him. (laughs) Helen, wake up. Time's running out. My best friend Gabby kicked my chair and I jolted awake. Oh no, there were only five minutes left. I frantically ticked on the paper and hurriedly submitted it to the monitor. Hey, did you not get any sleep or something? Well, I stayed up late writing the script for my dream. It was worth it as I got payback on Roger. What if you get a bad grade? Never mind. I'll be fine when I come home tonight with an A-plus dream. (laughs) But things turned out not to be as simple as I thought. That afternoon when I arrived home, I was about to sneak up to my bedroom to write my next amazing script when someone grabbed my bag strap and pulled me back. It was grandma and dad, and both of them seemed to be mad. How long are you going to live like this? Education is important to this family, yet you don't seem to care. Do you realize this week alone your teacher has contacted me three times? But dad, I really don't like those boring subjects. I only like no more drawing or writing your silly stories. You need to focus on your studies, else you'll end up a useless person like... She suddenly stopped, which made me curious. Like who? But neither she nor my dad said anything. They just quietly walked away, leaving me alone. Honestly, I never wanted to disappoint them that much. So this time I was going to try my best to not let them down. Dad! Grandma! Look, look! I got a B plus in my math test. No one cared what I said. My stepmom cuddled Christine and looked at her with sparkling eyes. My wonderful daughter, I know the top student award is just a piece of cake to you, unlike someone else. Then she turned to me and tutted, Helen, please, you're making a show of yourself. That's embarrassing. My face fell and I forced back tears. But I tried so hard to get this grade. A B plus is nothing to be proud of. I chucked my exam paper in the trash, then stormed up to my room. It didn't matter what I did or how hard I tried. This household would always treat me like a loser. Dream on, Helen. Go back to your happy place. In front of me was the crimson sunset sky. I'd been scripting this moment for so long, lounging lazily on the beach without anyone complaining. But suddenly the sky darkened, and the inky clouds seemed intent on swallowing me. Huh? What was going on? This wasn't a part of the script. Terrified, I ran into a forest, but it was so dark and spooky here, and I tripped over a branch and fell Ouch! As I rubbed my ankle and started crying my eyes out, suddenly a strange woman appeared. She took me into a wooden house at the end of the forest and gently helped bandage me up. This woman, well, she didn't scare me at all. Instead, I felt warm around her. Curious, 
I tried to take a closer look at her face, but then I suddenly woke up and realized tears were rolling down my cheeks. What a strange dream. I immediately drew all the things I'd seen. That forest, that house, but strangely, I couldn't remember that woman's face. Why are you drawing all this nonsense? My dad snatched the sketch from my hand and looked at it frowning. It appeared in my dream and... Get rid of them all. From now on, if I see you wasting your time on these stupid drawings again, there will be consequences. This was too much. I couldn't live without drawing. It was the only thing keeping me sane. I had to get out of here. Live my way. Forget them and their stupid standards. I would create my own world. I planted myself in Gabby's room, and this is where I've been for almost a week. Luckily, Gabby's parents are totally chill with me staying. As for my family, they haven't messaged me once. And yes, dreams do go on. But now I dreaded going to sleep as my lucid dreams were still all messed up. Sometimes beautiful, sometimes bad. And for the most part, it did not turn out the way I wanted it to anymore. Until one day, that creepy forest appeared again. No matter how much I screamed to wake myself up, I still couldn't get out of that nightmare. Panicked, I kept running and running in the hope of finding a safe place till... I saw that woman, and once again she reached out her hand to help me. This time I wouldn't miss my chance. I looked carefully at her face, remembering every detail, and as soon as I woke up, I drew her. Wow, I didn't know you watched this kind of show. (laughs) Gabby giggled. What show? Look, she's a celebrity. She hosts some TV show that my mom watches sometimes. So, that woman is a real person? If so, I have to find her. I didn't really know what was going on, only that there was something tying me to this woman and I needed to figure this out. Luckily, Gabby has an uncle who works at the studio and he gave us special passes to meet this host in the flesh. When the cameras stopped filming, she turned and saw me and her eyes widened in alarm. Helen? Helen, is it really you? Then she rushed over and hugged me. Huh? What did she just say? We didn't know each other and... The weird thing is, this hug didn't feel strange at all. Instead, I felt the same warmth as when she'd taken care of me in my dream. As she loosened her embrace on me and gave me this beaming smile, I said, Um, and you are? Darling, it's me, your mother. That's when I realized something. Of course she was my mom! Look! We had the same eyes! Needless to say, this was a huge shock— We hugged each other for a long time in tears. Then mom took me backstage, got me a glass of water. Then she told me everything. So after I was born, mom once got caught up in a cheating scandal. Dad was angry about the damage this would do to his career, so he kicked her out of the house and wouldn't let her see me. A long time later, she found out that grandma was behind everything, just because she didn't approve of this marriage. So she came up with that plan. But why didn't you ever try to find me when you've always been living this close. Oh, no, sweetie. I've always kept an eye on you. One time, years ago, I saw you playing in the park. You had your hair and pigtails, and uh, I tried to approach you, but your dad threatened me. He is a very powerful man who's actually capable of destroying my life, and I didn't think it was fair to drag you through all of that. But things have changed now. I'll never leave you alone, ever again. I strolled into the house like normal, and everyone stopped what they were doing and glared at me with disgust. Oh, 
you're back. If you're not prepared to study properly, then don't bother staying. I took a deep breath, then said, You can't treat me like this anymore. I try my best, and it's not fair that you punish me for just being me. So I'm leaving, and I'm never coming back. where will you go? That's when mom walked in. Oh God, you should have seen the looks on their faces. Grandma actually looked like she'd swallowed a swarm of wasps. I stood by and let you manipulate and control me. Well, no more. I'm taking my daughter and we're going to have the life we both deserve. Then, ignoring their angry words, she grabbed my arm and led me out of there. So that's the moment when I left home and moved in with my mom. Now I draw as much as I want. In fact, mom's letting me create a mural on the living room wall. It's going to be epic when it's finished. Oh, and about the lucid dreams, I don't write scripts anymore. Instead, I realize that I'm better off focusing on my reality and making myself the best version of myself I can be. After all, as great as a dream world can be, it's nowhere near as good as experiencing life firsthand. Hey, I'm Connor, and I'm currently taking a well-deserved break from studying to hang out with my friends. I go to college at the Georgia Institute of Tech, and I'm sure to be a top-notch architect one day soon. Now I just have one thing to deal with, then I can properly enjoy my night off. Oh, here she is. Connor, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to hurt you, but sorry. We should stop seeing each other. Ah, well, every ending is a new beginning. (laughs) Cheers. I was the master of getting girlfriends I'm tired of to break up with me. It was great. As this way, no one could ever accuse me of being a bad boy. (sighs) What to do now? I reluctantly had to find a new challenge then. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to turn this in. Um, that's okay. Just trying to find one more paper. Uh, um, what's your name? (laughs) I'm Connor. Hi. Mmm, her sparkling eyes, her shiny hair, her soft hands. But ugh, why was suddenly some nerd dragging me away from the hot girl and into a corner? Before I could ask him what was going on, he started waving a photo of this girl in my face. So it turns out this dude is called Patrick, and the girl in the photo is Paige, his girlfriend. Their parents are both influential sorts and organize their whole engagement. Sounds great, right? I mean, she's pretty cute. But no, he wanted me to find a way to make Paige break up with them. I've heard a lot about you. I I need your help. I can't do this myself. (laughs) Huh? Sure, I get it. A real man will never be the one to break up first. I might be able to help, but first, let's see what kind of person she is. The conversation started to become super serious. From the sound of it, this page girl was a genuine, good-natured girl with a vulnerable side. So this needed to be handled with extra care, so that there wouldn't be any awkward family provocations from my clients. Hmm, perhaps... Nah, this way wouldn't work. Neither would that way. I was about to give up when suddenly Patrick stacked a pack of money, approximately a thousand dollars on the table. Help me, then it's all yours. Whoa, that was a lot of money to me. It would get me the magnificent PS5 of my dreams. (sighs) Besides, with my charm and handsome looks, I could make Paige fall in love with me and leave Patrick in no time. Genius! My debut had to be spectacular. So I looked online and hired some people pretending to be thugs to block Paige's path. Then I'd waltz in and rescue her. 
The plan was all set, so I leisurely walked to the rendezvous spot, but oh no. Who knew those guys were real thugs? They threatened us, asked us to hand over all our belongings, then forced us to go to some abandoned warehouse. Oh my god, the $1,000 was so not worth losing my life for. Yes, I was somewhat afraid, but my flirtatious instinct kicked in, and I turned to Paige and started talking to her. Oh man, she's super sweet. And I noticed that when she talks about something that interests her, she crinkles her nose. She's so cute, but most of all, she's really smart. Why, you ask? Because just an hour later, the cops showed up and arrested the thugs. Turns out, before Paige handed over her belongings, she quickly texted the thug's license plate to a friend and asked her to call the cops. Phew! And, luckily for me, thanks to this destiny meeting, I got a little more information about her and learned that Paige was planning to learn Spanish to major in tourism there. But there's one more important thing. That is, I think, I have a crush on her. She's not like any other girl I've met before. I want to win her heart, truly, not just because of the plan. It will be the best of both worlds. Patrick gets to be free of Paige, as requested, but she won't end up a lovelorn girl because she'll have a new handsome boyfriend by her side. Yep, that'll be me. <laughs> there was just one problem. In all the commotion of the day, I'd forgotten to ask Paige for her number. Oops. I had asked Patrick for it and then texted her, but sadly didn't receive a response. Hmm. I needed to be smart about this, so I decided to pretend to be a Spanish tutor. Yeah, I can't speak Spanish, but with my charm, that's no big deal, right? I created a flashy profile and told Patrick to pretend to surf and accidentally find me. Then show Paige. And so, ding! Hola, yo soy Professor Connor. But wait, sheesh. If only I'd studied Spanish harder in high school. And now the extent of my Spanish were just a few words I'd picked up from binge-watching Money Heist. So I just copied down Spanish lessons off YouTube and taught these to Paige. I don't know if it's because of my teaching skills or my charisma, but Paige seemed to think I was legit. <laughs> However, my flirting tricks weren't going so well. I knew she liked me. I mean, who wouldn't like me? Besides, she gave me these cute looks and laughed at my jokes. Our chemistry was undeniable. So when I reached over and placed my hand on top of hers, I felt sparks fly. But then she gave me this awkward look and moved her hand away. She liked me, right? So why was she acting like this? I never failed at flirting. Feeling frustrated, I was trudging my way up the street when, huh? Was that Patrick happily holding hands with a girl? I recognized the long hair. It was Paige. Ugh. Why can't she drop her lousy boyfriend already? And why won't she date me instead? I was about to leave, but the more I thought about it, the more resentful I became. So I bribed a little boy to run up to Paige and say, Why aren't you with Connor, you cheater? Mean, huh? But <laughs> Patrick would be pleased as he now had a legitimate excuse to break up with her anyway. But when the girl turned around, I realized that she wasn't Paige. The poor girl looked completely dumbfounded. Patrick started yelling at her and pulling on her arm so hard she almost fell over. Huh? Where's the nerd Patrick? And that wasn't cool at all. Then he raised his hand to hit her, but I zoomed in front of him. Stop! No reason to hit a woman, bro! Patrick immediately grabbed my collar. You dare play tricks with my Becky, huh? Seeing that, the shocked girl quickly ran away. No, no, I thought it was Paige, so I hired the boy just to give you an excuse to break up with her. Calm down, bro! Patrick reassessed the situation, then he cleared his throat and said... <coughs> Oh, well, uh, I was bored of Becky anyway, thanks. I was still shocked by this jerky side of Patrick when he immediately said, uh, By the way, you can stop the plan with Paige. I decided I like her now. Lately, she's been so full of life and less clingy. 
He told me he would still pay me, then he hopped into a taxi. Ugh, that's the version of Paige when she's with me. I gave her that zest of life, you jerk. Whatever. From this day forth, he was no longer my client, and I didn't want his stupid money. <sighs> it was time I told Paige what Patrick was really like, so I arranged to meet her in a cafe and told her everything. But when she got over the initial shock, she snapped at me. I know this is all part of your twisted fabrication. I mean, you lied about speaking Spanish, and now you're just making up stories to break Patrick and me up. Then she threw my textbook back at me and stormed off. Oh man, that Patrick is such a slimeball. But I couldn't blame her for believing him over me. I'd seen firsthand how much of a wolf in sheep's clothing he was. I tried to find proof to show Paige, but that jerk sure covered his tracks. His whole nerdy bookworm facade was flawless. And he was still this sluggish nerd, wobbly clutching the bus handle to go to school every day. Ugh, what a con man. Just you wait, Patrick. It's time the world saw your true face. With such determination, I continued to spy on him around town. Then one time, like every other day, I was on duty when a group stopped me, accompanied by Patrick pointing at me. Here's our sandbag! Uh-oh, looks like I was busted. The whole group gathered around me, fists ready. Yeah, I was pretty terrified. There's no way I could fight off a group this size. I raised my fists and prepared for pain, but then someone shouted, Stop! It was Paige. Suddenly, Patrick immediately changed his attitude and ordered the group to leave. He told Paige that I stole his stuff and his friends were helping him get it back. What? The swine! Connor isn't a thief, I know it for sure. There must be some misunderstanding. Please don't accuse him like that. Patrick's face changed. He grabbed Paige's hand and pulled her away, saying, We're getting engaged at the end of this month. Say no more. Okay, so I may have gate-crashed their engagement party, but I did hide at the back while the speeches were going on. Then to my surprise, as Patrick was talking, they both spotted me. Then Paige turned to him and shook her head. It hurt to see her like this. Perhaps she changed her mind. What do you mean? Is this because of Connor? Paige kept quiet, while Patrick's parents were furious. How dare you cheat on my son? Who do you think you are? Paige, why is this happening? Really, Paige, say something. Feeling the pressure and injustice of it all, poor Paige looked distraught as she desperately tried to hold back her tears. I really couldn't stand seeing her like that, so I jumped out of the crowd to come to her defense. Everyone calm down. Paige is the sweetest, most amazing girl, and she deserves better than this jerk. Don't listen to him. He's a thief and a fiancé stealer. I was done listening to this guy's slander. So I threw a punch straight at his smug face. Yeah, the engagement party had sure turned chaotic. I looked at the wreckage in front of me. The consequences that I had caused. Okay, so maybe coming here wasn't my best idea. Actually, this was all my fault for ever agreeing to help Patrick in the first place. Or I shouldn't have been a jerk in the first place. Feeling deflated, I arrived home and saw that I'd received a message from Paige. My heart thudded as I opened it. Thank you for everything and try to practice your Spanish as it's even worse than mine. Goodbye. And that was the last text she sent me. After that, I spent a month trying to contact her but received no reply. So finally, I plucked up my courage to go to Paige's house and was told that she'd left for Spain earlier than scheduled. Perhaps the shock was so huge that Paige wanted to leave this place as soon as possible. It was all my fault. I was the biggest jerk in this story and now I'd lost the girl. Alas, vengeance is bliss. So I walked inside, went straight to Patrick's table where he was wasted in the arms of a bunch of girls, took a picture, and sent it to his family. What is done by night appears by day, my friend. A few days later, I heard that after being exposed, 
Patrick's parents had confiscated all of his bank cards. Even his current girlfriend dumped him. Ha! So that sealed the final breakup deal for my special guest. And now, guess where I'm at? Looking for the girl of my life, duh. And this time, I'm going to make sure I don't screw it up. <laughs>